It's about to get weird in here with the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this installment of this shit show is episode number 123. Yes, 123. Hello and welcome one and all to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Award-winning, Eric. Award-winning. Sound like you're in pain. The week of May 13th, 2017. I'm in pain. Every week in pain. Your face hurt? It, yeah, it does. Man. And it's not killing you because you can't see it, you son of a bitch. I see if you enough. saw it now, you'd be kissing it. You'd be kissing my cheeks and my lips. Trying Over to here. get your tongue in there all freaking sexy. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Eric, you know what else we are a member of? What's that? To get fresh crow. There we go. Yeah, I love it. That picks me up. Now, we are starting a little late, the main part of this podcast, because we had issues of all this stuff this week. But just knowing that I'm a member of the Get Fresh crew always brings that smile back to my face. And it should and be. what I am leading also into is normally I go through all the places you can find us on the Internet right now, but I'm going to put that aside everywhere for tonight. To, yeah, everywhere. That's all you do. Just type cool. in Weird Science DC, DC, and there we are, right up in your ass, as you say. Uh, I but I do want to mention and do a little deal. We are recording right now live on Mixler. And Mixler, we have what we call the Weird Science Get Fresh Radio that Bobby actually is pretty much in charge of. I Man. do not have time, Eric. My time is of the essence. I, <laughs> my time is money, Eric. And I don't have enough. I got five kids, for Christ's sakes, and a podcast that records, but what, seven, eight hundred hours a goddamn week. So I don't have time. But Bobby does a great job and does do our Mixler channel, and it's not just when we record live. We don't record live a ton of times. We are right now, as I said, but we also have the Weird Science Get Fresh Radio uh, on Mixler, which is at Mixler. It's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Weird Science DC. And I do want to point out, you don't have to get an app for this. This is something you can listen to on a you know a computer, but you can yeah. get the app as well. So it's not you don't really even have to sign up. You can just go there. We would hope that you'd sign up and subscribe to cool. the channel. But then you'd to. get you would get updates then when we go on live or when everybody goes on live. But you could just go and kind of go anonymously and listen. Listen, and we love music. Me and you are big music fans. And what the Weird Science Get Fresh crew, the you know the whole thing is. Every day of the week, there is usually something going on on the channel, and it, it is a lot of music and a little different things. But I do want to tell you the schedule, Eric, because I know that you were asking me the I schedule was. for the radio station. And it is every weekday, Monday through Friday, they're from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Now, all these are Eastern Standard Time, or which I like to call the correct time, Eric, because well. that's our time. But 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, weekdays, you can listen to the Evening Zoo with our man Toby Hagen. Uh, at 7 o'clock, then the regular shows start. And these are on Mondays, you have Brandon, who uh, you know everybody knows Brandon that listens oh, yeah, to the podcast. And you can hear his juice and jams on Mondays at 7 
on Tuesdays. You got Trevitt again, Brandon's man at arms. Trevitt, he has the two fresh Tuesdays on Tuesday <laughs> at 7. Then you have Ryan, which Ryan is from the Columbus Corner uh, podcast and uh, the Columbus Comics Corner. I don't want to screw people's podcasts yeah. up, but he also reviews stuff on the weekend for us. But on Wednesdays, he has the new Comic Book Day celebration, again, 7 uh, Eastern time. Then on Thursdays, I don't know, some guy named Reggie used to have a rap attack, but now it's Something Smells with okay, Reggie. I have no idea what the new show is. Every Something time I Smells, talk about it, it's, it's usually still. you, Eric. You're the one who smells. But every Shut Thursday, up, he has he has his show. And then on Fridays, it's either Brandon or F and Stefan. On Fridays, they have Slaves to the Pavement, which is cool. more of a punk show. And then on the weekdays, on Saturday at 1030 to 1230, weekends. or the weekends. I, I'm telling you, I'm not the biggest uh, you know, pitch man. For these sort of things. I'm the worst. Uh, but on the weekends, on Saturdays, you have from 10.30 to 12.30, the Saturday morning Funtime Sunshine Show with Captain Happy and Sluggo. Eric. And the, the thing is, I love that show. I just... That is the worst timing for me because I'm me always well. shopping. I'm I, We go food shopping Saturdays and leave at 10.30. So, I'm still but asleep. I'll get back to this later because I this is why I know I like the show because later on you'll hear. But also on Saturday nights we often go live. Uh, we do it occasionally. There's no set time. But then on Sundays, 11 to 1 p.m., you have back to the 80s show, Eric. And then at nice. 7 to 9, some fuck ass called The Cellar Dweller and a Cellar Dweller's pop horror music show i i don't know it, can we open up the curtain and say who the cellar dweller is eric yes yeah, is the that cellar possible dweller. no it's a, it's no other person it's just the cellar dweller yeah. or if the cellar dweller's too busy because he might be on some other long podcast you also have radio special presentations then right. now this is what i was talking about earlier when i can't listen to the show you don't have to be there live there's a show reel that actually goes up uh after the show's done you can go on the show reel and listen to things afterwards and i've listened to a bunch of things at work before we were you know got our fucking thing where we're not allowed earbuds to listen to fucking earbuds fucking nonsense but yeah you can listen to all the shows at other times but yeah i i tell people put a lot of hard work into it sure obviously they're not getting paid eric they're seeing our pain with this it's a labor again, of love it is, and it's a lot of music and stuff like that, but just check it out. Just come there. Uh, really, you can just show up at 7 on any weekday or even 5.30 or 6.30 with Toby or, you know, go with the schedule. But it is at Mixler.com slash WeirdScienceDC. I just wanted to point that out because Bobby does do it, does a freaking hell of a job and does a lot sure of does. work and basically told me that if I didn't talk about it, this podcast, she's going to kill me. Oh, shit. <laughs> Actually, she just said, I'll know that you're not into it or whatever. And I always was. I talk about yeah. it to you at work all the time. It's just I I just always forget. I tell that. you, and I freaking, told... how many times do I tell you I have these grand plans and stuff I want to do? And the oh, time yeah. away from me. No, I had my show. I had my 80 strike back show type deal. I just didn't have the time, Eric. My time is of the <laughs> essence. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. When I was young, Eric, I was dying to get older. Now that I've got older, I've realized I never lived. I never lived. I, I actually, I would like to get back to doing a show. It's just I, I just can't devote the time to it. Yeah, when would my, you know? My time is of the essence. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just go and check it out because they, all the people involved do do a you know a heck of a job and put in a lot of hard work and whatnot. And if you Especially like that cellar dweller. 
No, that cellar dweller has been taking a lot of time off. I'm telling you, I, I, I wrote back to Bobby when she sent me the schedule. And basically, it's because I never – she may have sent the schedule before, but I lost it. And that's the reason why I never send anything because I want to save the schedule and I'd fuck it all up. I still fucked it up and it's written. Uh, but I'm telling you, I sit there and I, I wrote back to her and, and I said, Dear Bobby, dear Bobby. I will read this because I think you do a great job, and I yeah. love the whole idea of the thing. But get rid of that fucking cellar dweller. Oh, that guy I, annoys me. I'm telling you, I don't know who's more annoying, Richard Richardson or the cellar dweller. It's I think a you're tie. You're just because you always miss prime time on that show. I always do. I tried the one time I got there, and, and prime time hits at eight on the cellar dweller, and you hear goddamn Freddy Krueger yell, "It's prime time, bitch." I always miss it. See, this is where I was saying about Bobby's show. I always have these intentions of getting there and listening and things like that, and then there I am. You know, unfortunately, I got to do shitty-ass things like make dinner for my kids or something. You dumb bastard. I, I almost missed it today. I'm getting ready for the podcast, and we did get together with Reggie a little earlier because we had to tie up some things, and we couldn't meet different days. So I'm going... I'm reading the books. I'm doing my notes. I'm typing shit yeah. going on. And I'm, like, shit. I'm like, oh, God, it's like 630 and we're supposed to record at 7. I better make them dinner. I'm like, okay, what do we got? We got M&Ms. I got some milk and, and some <laughs> and some rice. There you go. I'm like, here you go, kids. Enjoy. Fend for yourselves. Actually, I made spaghetti. That's the go-to at the Werner house oh, yeah. if I'm pressed for time. I made spaghetti. And as I'm about to make it, I'm yelling. It. It's like one of those where as I'm making it, I have Zach doing dishes to get ready. Like I'm telling you, like yeah, I have the big pot that I've already cleaned. I'm starting to boil that water. He's cleaning a pot that then immediately gets the sauce. It was a good production line going. It was some fun times. And there's my wife eating peanut butter. Eating peanut butter. But, yeah, go to the Mixler channel. Again, Weird Science DC. And, yeah, and, and really, if you want to hear us do our live podcast, that you can get in, involved with that, too. Yeah. You know what? You know what, Eric? You can hear us talk live. Isn't that such a fucking Ooh, treat? Wait. It's a treat for everyone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But we also have an email, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, that you can write and talk to us about. I wanted to mention that because, yes, we read every email. Even though I keep getting people yelling at me that I'm missing emails, I'm telling you, I go through these emails. I don't know what these people are talking about. We have one. We have I Lord Andy. Guys fucking call me an asshole later because I skipped an email. I don't know what how I did this. I don't know. I look through them. I told you before, one of the biggest mistakes I have is answering the emails, and then somehow they get lost in the shuffle. I've tried not to do that. I did it this week a couple times, though. I can't, I can't stop. You dumb bastard. I always do it because people will ask a question, and it's something that I think that they need to know right away. I'm like, I don't want this guy to wait until Saturday. He needs to know why Eric is such an asshole. These are Good things luck. that be, inquiring minds want to know, Eric. And I tell him because that's just how he is. That's yeah. I just want to tell him. You can't wait till Saturday to hear this or Sunday when it goes up. I don't know why I said Saturday. But when the, the podcast goes up by then, he may have already gone a little too far to know that you're an asshole, now his whole life's rolling. He needs to know that before, Eric. Somehow he's loaning you money. Or so I, I would not do that. I don't think I like these emails. Yeah, you should hear some of these emails. Oh, the tales <laughs> they tell. These emails, Eric. Stop emailing uh, yourself. Some of them are uh, could actually be uh, qualified for hate speech. I don't even know Weird. what I'm saying now. Hate speech, Eric. 
What do you call a kindergartner without friends? Also, Eric, we have a rant and rave line that you can call 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy. And we have a bunch of rant and raves. I'll tell everybody right now. Get your hand off the fast forward. There's no Richard Richardson. Okay, no Richard right. Richardson this week. But I also am sad to say no, no Greg Capullo either. So, oh. But these are good. These are all very, very legit rent and raves and we're going to start with who we usually start with the rent and raves richard richardson ah! no it's dancing mike hi jim greetings eric and hello mother <laughs> so mike? i'm calling you from the model city in the mountain empire it's the model city You're here to see an nwa wrestling show tonight nwa i say national wrestling it's easy either around a lot longer than those guys from Compton. So I am accusing those guys of Compton of cultural appropriation because Don't they even go took there. over the My initials NWA from all of the fans of the Dancing National Mike has some very odd interests. Speaking of cultural appropriation. I'm looking at He sent me a picture of the Model City today. I'm like, I don't know what the model is. Slack chat and start talking about stuff. Either. All of a sudden, Brandon threw the term snowflake in and it became a firestorm of controversy and people getting mad ended up with me and Brenda being called cocksuckers by someone. Um, <laughs> I missed again, all this. I, considered, I, I missed uh, all I think it was on his birthday, too. Fashion to be a slight to all of our friends in the LGBTQIA community. What? But that being said, anyway. Um, <laughs> He's just offending more people. <laughs> Batman, I'm sorry, Batman Detective Comics number 956. I agree with your score on the website of a Fuck You 5. Yes. I have given this title a lot more leeway. So have I. Than I did Batgirl because Batgirl was really bad for a long time. But I'm giving this one more arc where Batman goes and tries to find some magic. And unless Tinian, a Tinian, can find some magic. TJ. I am going to have to drop TJ. that one. I've given them more than enough uh, I agree. chances to get no, better. But that horrible <laughs> yes. art where Batman is purple and everything is drawn so shoddily and shabbily and characters look horrible. I just can't take it anymore. I think my drawing on the Slack chat of Lil Mikey looks better than some of the art in this I think I missed that too. Comics, I missed so it too. I agree. I'll give it a a fuck you five. It's a let's say two point five for art and two point five for story because and like a complete you said, it fuck ended, you. It didn't end satisfyingly. It's like ah, it's over. And there's someone getting shot, and yeah, and it's and then you're trying to figure out what's going on because the art is atrocious. Wonder Woman number twenty two. So the God Watch story finally had a down issue. The cover. Yeah. Now the cover was the cover was great because even though. Um, Veronica Kell only had a slight cold because a little bit of the red nose there, but the cover, the dog's eyes, if you look at the dog's eyes on the on the regular cover of that issue, they look so intelligent, like they have a, a human intelligence to Or a god intelligence. Start work on the cover. Then I like the stockings, the issue, Eric. And boy. I'm bringing up the cover right now. I don't know what went wrong. And I like the with, clubs. I, mean, I know it's not the regular artist, but... Yeah. Did they bring Raphael Albuquerque to draw the noses <laughs> that he was using in uh, Batgirl in, on his run on Batgirl Rebirth? Because 
the noses in that issue look horrible. The art is just it yeah. looks like they're trying it does look to a lot like that background. style, but it does not go well. And I'm starting to make think maybe the uh, red nose is a maybe a Romulo Fajardo or whoever does the coloring. Maybe that's his choice because everyone had some red noses, some really red noses. I thought some people had some nosebleeds going on. And there was a scene Coke in this universe. Um, from a profile in the uh, dress at the charity ball. And I was taken back to EU's uh, hit, Da Butt, because Diana got a big old butt. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and the story was pretty paper thin. Um, not much yeah, happened. Yeah, that that's they the worst part. And, you know, they pick up the uh, the signal from Wonder Woman, you know, the energy reading, but it still doesn't get them any closer. I'm so depressed. I don't think it really will. Don't know where. Yeah, he sounds very upset. Luka is going here in his life. He's in the model issues, city. But Wonder Woman's kind of How can he be depressed in the model city? You get to stop, stop around and break shit, don't you? Not as good as it's been. I would say maybe about a 6.5 or 7. Yeah. Just uh, the art. Uh, after being so spoiled with such good art all through this run, that was kind of a, a shocker. And, and when the art doesn't hold up and the story is so paper thin and, yeah, in that one. So I didn't have a real good week of DC Comics this week. But it was my birthday. And I am so happy for wrestling show tonight because I Rassle. love pro wrestling. And I do not watch WWE. I've not watched the WWE for about four or five years now because WWE is not wrestling. WWE is a McMahon family circle jerk. W- <laughs> he has McMahon issues with everything. WWE wrestling is what Scott Snyder is to Batman. Oh, it's not, they call it wrestling, but it's not. It's sports entertainment. And, of course, Scott Snyder doesn't make Batman stories. He makes stories about bitches. He makes Billy. sports entertainment. And that leads me to my other one thing that I hope is going to come true. With the jokes and riddles that Tom King is working on, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that maybe we can get a good Joker story for the first time in, oh, five, six, seven years. Because Tom King is going to be writing the Joker, maybe he will be more like the actual Joker and not... homicidal maniac guy that plans things really carefully and doesn't have any uh, sense of real insanity to him, which is what, of course, Scott Snyder was writing and calling the Joker. Oh, I forgot, also immortal Joker guy, because that's another thing that... That was a lie. The Joker is immortal, because that is always what he's... Yeah. Dionysium. So, that being said, I'm looking forward to this, hoping that Tom King can give us a good Joker story, and uh, that's about all I've got for this week. So, What about a good Riddler story, huh? Sorry I caused such a firestorm huh? on the uh, Answer me, Mike. Room, so um, never bring up He's the not listening to you. again. Nobody Brandon. is. And, um, yeah, that's about all I've got for this week. So, until next week, and, oh, again, sorry for anyone I offended, and a big shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. And that's about all I've got for this week, for real. And I guess um, keep on getting that pop culture up in your ass until it makes it yeah. burn or whatever Eric yeah. says. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't know. I don't say that. Seven. 
see you in seven. That is Dancing Mike. He offended everyone. He, I, I think that's a badge of honor for him. He likes to offend people. So, I don't know if anybody, he likes to. I think it just happens. Nah, well, I'm telling you, he, he gets a giggle out of it. I know he does. He's a controversial guy who likes to say and speak his mind and wears his uh, heart on his sleeve. <sighs> Hard on his sleeve. Time is of the essence. The next one is from Dalton, and Dalton uh, called this up. Uh, he's very angry about a book, and he got oh. so angry he forgot to mention his name. So he wanted to make sure that I let everybody know, and even to me. Like he's like, "Oh, I didn't say it was my name." But this is Dalton. Here we go. Hey guys, uh, up, fuck, do I got a rant for you? Um, my first time calling. It's kind of weird. I don't know how to feel about this, but. It's just that easy, dog. Comics has me so fucking pissed off. I and one email wasn't gonna do it for me, so I just had to say once again, I fucking hated that book. It was yeah, garbage. Yeah, he hates detective. Sucked. It made no sense. Nobody did anything. Nope. It just went all fucking nowhere. And yep. I think DC owes me three dollars and fifteen minutes of my life back. Cause what the hell? It was bad. So, well, you'll hear all about it again in my email. Yep, he has his email coming up too. <laughs> And here's the thing. I said I I enjoyed Detective Comics when we first jumped into Rebirth, and when I we're going with this, and this happens a lot with books where all of a sudden you don't like the book, but you're like, oh man, you know what? But this guy, this writer, I always liked, and oh my goodness, and this and that. And I sat there, and I, I kind of had an epiphany at work where I said to you, you know what? Some of the fucking things that drove me the most insane. We're by James Tynan, and yep. I'm talking about Batman and Robin Eternal, Batman Eternal he was on. Talon. And really, Talon, that he jumped on, which I love that book, and he seemed to run into the ground. So I'm like, I don't know why I was giving him so much leadway with <laughs> Detective, and it, it shouldn't be a shock to me. But it was so good at the beginning, I thought, but maybe it was just the fun of the team. Maybe, maybe it was that. You, I haven't been hip to that book since the good game. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Maybe it was that it was so cool that, you know, I love Cassandra. We're getting a little Cassandra. Though we did, once we got into the book, he, James Tynan did not know what to do with any of the oh, characters. she went on the bench. Yeah, and you had, I loved Clayface. Clayface was featured pretty heavy at the beginning. Now he doesn't really know what to do with them, you know, in this, in this last issue. Pretty basically, much, I was he's into this a, whole I'll He's say, a mud version of the goddamn for... fucking uh, uh, ambulance. But yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> I'll say an ambulance. Yeah. Um, no, um, I really wanted that series hoping like they would do something with Red Robin where it would redeem him yeah. for all the genius from the they teen did. Book, And he died. I'm like, okay. No, and remember, at the beginning, we thought that that was the best part of it. Yeah. That it was like the redemption of Tim Drake until he died eric supposedly died as far as they know he died but yeah yeah that, that and after he left well there you had it we also like spoiler and you get rid of those two right away and you add Azriel, uh, who you don't like no. i don't mind they don't have anything to do with him i mean is it that is it so much obvious that, that this issue basically all he's there is for luke fox to say hey you know what you can come with me because i need your prayers and Luke Fox, we love, and it's weird. Not this Luke, Luke Fox. Fox jumps into this book as a replacement to the tech genius Tim Drake and really doesn't do anything. Nope. You know what I mean? It's nonsense. Like at this point, you have Ulysses in this who was a Tim Drake fanboy, even though he really was the one instrumental in killing Tim Drake. But he was really Supposedly. intrigued. Yeah, he was really intrigued by Tim Drake's deal. Why didn't you have Luke and him kind of interact a little? You just have Ulysses up in a goddamn airship. 
that seems to be able to just fly willy-nilly wherever the fuck it wants. I mean, we have All-Star Batman uh, coming up later in the podcast where a helicopter flies over a goddamn stadium and they're fucking having a fit. You got the goddamn helicarrier flying over Gotham and nobody seems to even know. It's fucking nonsense, but yeah, I agree. That book was garbage. Uh, it's turning – that whole series is really – it's falling off everything. It's not on my do-or-die poll list anymore. When we go and do that uh, in annuals week at the end of this month, you'll see that that's nowhere near. If I had to pick, that that's – I don't even think that's in the middle of the road anymore. It's it's no. more on the down deal. I, I actually see it and just dread reviewing it and reading it every week now, every two weeks when it comes out. Though I will tell you, if the art goes back to, say, an Eddie Barrows or something, That'd that will – yeah, that'll actually – you know, it'll lift my spirits a bit. But this this art now is just nonsense. But we're going to go to the next rant and rave, Eric, which is, I like to call it, pizza fish. We do all kinds of fish over here. We do pizza fish, waffle fish, spaghetti fish, taco fish. We do also bagel fish, almond fish. Shrimp dip, fish, shrimp dip, Chinese food fish. We do sushi fish. We do hot dog fish. All kinds of fish we do here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's my, oh, that was the best. The one. <laughs> what? What? Did, what was the actual thing where you said that? I know where it was. What we were doing? We were doing another podcast before we started our podcast. We were involved in this other guy's podcast for two episodes that will remain unnamed uh, yes. anymore. Uh, and it was so funny because we were talking about stuff, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the way we were talking. Oh, I said that you were like uh, when I asked you about comics when we first started working together. Uh, you were like Bubba in Forrest Gump. I think it was about the Green Lanterns. All the Green Lanterns. That you were like, there's this one and that one. And I'm trying to make this kind of like, you know, make a joke out of it. I'm like, yeah, Eric was like, Bubba, he's yelling all these Green Lanterns to me while we're working. And you just out of nowhere go, shrimp dip. Which didn't make any goddamn sense. And it made no sense. Everybody stopped. And I'm like... Oh God, Eric! Uh, this podcast and thing is not for me. Yes, that that actually this this guy and again the, these were podcasts that me and you were both on. We were doing this, yeah, pretty much kind of jumping and doing this guy a favor, uh, being on his uh, not even a favor because no. what were we? We were just two guys. We were terrible. The we first didn't have time, anything yet. Here's the thing: it's funny that we talk about this. If somebody could figure it out and find us on these podcasts, legitimately the first one, I am drunk off my ass. I, I am more drunk probably well, – not more than you in the episode 100. No. Very close, Eric. I was hammered because I was so nervous to go on, and I started doing shots and drinking crazy stuff that by the end, I, I just kept talking. I had diarrhea of the mouth going. Uh, but yeah, this guy was asking us. It was like our how did we get into our comics. Origins. Yeah, our origin story of comic deal. And we had had the site, but we hadn't started a podcast yet at that point. And then from that moment, this guy was really trying to get us involved with like the pod. He wanted us to do a podcast with him 
but kind of all it was weird like i yeah. said yeah you know what we're gonna start our own podcast now and he's yeah well let me know when we're gonna do it you're, you are <laughs> not involved my friend and then remember we were kind of beating around the bush for a little and then, oh, and then yeah. we ended up uh going on it one more time with him I two uh, more times do that preview uh, podcast well that's i thought that preview was just one time deal and boy, convergence you know, it, we basically thought to ourselves okay uh we're gonna start a podcast we now know what not to do because it was everything that we just did with that let's do our own and, and do things a little better uh and the guy it was funny too remember when we first were on it the guy ended up the way he introduced us first he kept messing up our fucking website name and oh, things God, like that but also he made it seem like he could not understand why anybody liked us. What did he say? He's like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on with these I guys. Don't he had something. Like, he actually said that we were like, hell no, it was almost like we were touched by an angel. It was, the, weird, it was the weirdest comment. Oh, God. Don't don't search this out, please, yeah. people. Don't do it. You'll, you'll hear me drunk, though. It was pretty funny. But the next rant and rave is by a guy I like to call Portland Pete, Eric. Portland right. Pete. You know Portland, Portland Pete? Pete? Portland Petey? Stumptown. Here he goes out of Stumptown, Portland Pete. Hey, you want to go scaring them? And... <laughs> what? Sounds like James Coburn. Ask your mama. Little girl, if you want to go skydiving. <laughs> Sign up, it's only $40 to go skydiving. There's two hours of lessons, and then two hours, 10,000 feet above the ground. So it's a whole day activity. skydiving. <laughs> You'll be as safe as anything strapped to me up there when we go skydiving. He's scaring me. You'll be like something, a little papoose in front of me. <laughs> Snug as a bug in a rug. I want to. You don't? Don't worry, I only been drinking from 9 to 11. I quit two hours ago. Skydiving. I just got to have one beer before we go open the plane to go skydiving. Well, that makes sense. That's kind of a scary thing. So you ask your mom or little girl sign you up. Jesus. Take four hours, $40. We go skydiving together, okay? <laughs> That's Portland Pete. Thank you, Portland Pete. It's weird. He sounds very familiar. Sounds like a, a guy I know that comes out of uh, Brooklyn or Queens, I think. But uh, the the last rant and rave is uh, from – it's a, a blast from the past, a guy that I haven't heard from in a long while uh, in uh, rant and raves or email. And actually, I was growing uh, scared that he had actually ditched us. And this happens all the time, Eric, And in life in general. Yeah. People just ditch us. Daddy. Our dads, our dads <laughs> left us, Eric. I was I was coming back from lunch the other day, and I heard "Cats in the Cradle" on the radio, and I get angry at that song. I used to get sad. Now I get angry because it just I, I just think of my dad, and it just infuriates me. You grew up uh, just like him, Jimmy. Yeah, I did, and it's more of my diet. I'm like, Dad, why did you make me crave spam? Why? I'm the only one. I'm the only one who craves spam, and I'm fucking pig's feet. Actually, uh, I will not touch pig's feet. But my dad, he did sit there and eat the craziest shit, and uh, that's the shit I like too. The guy would sit and eat a whole pizza himself. That's not crazy, that. right? No. But his favorite topping, what's your favorite topping on pizza? Just in cheese. general. Is, is Well, the cheese is always on it. You, you, I'm not talking Extra potato cheese. pie. Yeah, that's lame. 
Jesus Christ, just go with me here. Just throw me a fucking bone and just say pepperoni like some fucking normal person. Five cheese. You fucking dick. Here we go again. What is this? The pop culture podcast? You're just going to drive me up a fucking wall? I you know can't what my dad's, you you know what my dad's favorite topping is? No. Cheese, Eric. Damn right. No. His favorite topping was salt. Yeah, but you, you ruined the mood. I just, it was salt. You would you would see a pizza of his, and it would be white with salt. It looked like some fucking uh, snowstorm just went on. It was fucking nonsense. And I, I say that, and to, to get the level of salt that he had on it, because you realize you st- you put a little salt on, and it it goes oh, right. and dissolves yeah. in with the grease. It's just gonna it's not gonna be there. And then he adds the next layer. The special ingredient, Eric. It's salt and cheese, you fucking ass. Anybody, yes, anybody. What's your favorite topic on a pizza? Sauce? I'm telling you, man. My my favorite topping, crust? What do you want? Extra cheese is a topping. What a dick. Here we go. This is George K. Eric is what I was getting at. George K. We haven't heard from him. I bet you George K. If I asked him his favorite topping, he wouldn't say cheese. He would be more in line with what you think. He's like oregano. There's his favorite topping. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. This is George K. I know it's been a while since I've written or called into the show, but uh, hopefully this makes it in in time. Uh, I just wanted to say we got a break from the button this week, and it's a story that I'm enjoying. I actually had a friend who hasn't really read too much in the past couple of years, but then he was all like, I I actually said to him, like, hey, did you get the button? And he's like, well, no, I mean, I haven't really read that much. And I was like, well, it's cool because like, all you have to do is read Flashpoint and the Rebirth special and this. And then as soon as I said that, they were all like, I was like, wait, I've got like six long boxes of like New 52 and Rebirth yeah. stuff that kind of doesn't matter. And I guess that's surprising to me because you expect that with like a Jeff John story, you know, what this is technically King and Williams. Uh, Jeff Johns, I mean, great writer, but he at the same depressed. time, you know, whatever he's writing, he's all like, oh, I'm Jeff Johns, and this is the most important goddamn thing that's happening right now. Damn <laughs> right. It's, it's the only thing that's that goddamn important. Uh, yeah, Jeff Johns. Why does he talk like that? But, uh, yeah. That's how he so talks. I just wanted to call and, and do a quick rant that. Hope you guys are well. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, whoop, whoop. And uh, hopefully talk to you guys soon. All right, yeah. there is a, not a Jeff Johns fan, Eric. We were looking for them. I said the one day that I, I told you at one point I went on Reddit and I was I was naive. Like this is where I, I thought that Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman at that time it was going on in the New Fifty Two, and I thought it was universally loved. Now, obviously, the only thing universally loved is America's Sweetheart, Eric Shea. Of course. So that is not the case. But I didn't realize the shit storm that was going to be thrown at me when i go in uh, it's like me walking to hey how about that wonder woman right wonder woman and people were just ripping at me and then the next thing i did on reddit is i think i said something about like hey you know what jeff johns can write anything for me i'm in <laughs> and i just got fucking lambasted like, that's yeah, right. and that's where i got the whole deal when the, somebody legitimately said yeah great the michael bay of comics you're yeah, you're a fucking you know a knowledgeable guy you fucking dick and then I'm like, why is Eric doing this? Why is he there at Reddit yelling at me like this? Uh, well, yeah, he does. I just want to be like everybody else. Yeah, at one point you actually told me, like, I right now we are in a self-imposed ban of wrong turn at work. I've told yes. you that you are not allowed 
to talk to Wrong Turn, and neither am I. So we will not really hear. This is the last of Wrong Turn this episode because we have not talked to him at all. Though I do have something funny later, probably, oh, good. about him and his vaping. Uh, but yeah, because we heard down the grapevine from the girl he works with that basically he said that we were douchebags. So I said, you know what? And he's do Jim and Eric are douchebags, and I'm not talking to them again. And this was all because you caught him jerking off in the bathroom, supposedly, allegedly. But that's what it seemed like to happen. And we were joking. And he went in he and said, "I'm not going to." Like yeah, yeah. Either that or he just ran a marathon with his pants down. But he, he came out and then basically said, oh, Jim and Eric, and mainly you, but I was thrown in there that we were douchebags and he's not talking to us. So I thought, you know what? He's going to see what happens when you say shit like that. Because basically he would go stab you in the ass and then slap you and call you Mary. And when you get mad, he'll just say he's joking. That's his go-to move. Joking, he'll, he'll he'll just pull your pants down and jerk you off and then say you're joking. I said, don't say that. Just keep going. I'm not done. But no, everything he says, he'll be Joke's the meanest more, person. And he'll say, oh, man, I'm just – and basically he'll say – he'll come up to you and say, oh, Eric – you're a fucking jerk. And then you'll go, yeah, you know what? You're a fucking jerk. And then he'll go, why did you say that? And you, you said, I was just joking. He's one of those guys. The fucking worst. Where the minute you say something back, and the, the worst part of it is when we first met Wrong Turn when he was working, we he would come to us and say, everybody in the back where I work, they're all making fun of me. And they called me this and they called me that. And we got so angry at oh, these yeah. other people. And like, fuck it. You know what? Wrong turn if they do that. Come and get us because this is bullshit. This shouldn't happen. You know what? You're a human being. You're not this and that. And, and really, the, the term retard was thrown around a lot. And I felt bad because he would say to us, he'd come and say, listen, they call me a retard. And people call me that in school. And it still does make me upset because I try my best. And it was like the sob story that really worked. Because we oh, were yeah. like, you know what? You shouldn't. Bought in. You, no, you don't deserve that. Now that we have to work with him every day. You've called him that a million times because basically it goes down to the point where you have to say something to him to upset him to go the fuck away. And it's just ridiculous. And he is a piece of shit. He's a racist, homophobic piece of shit that yeah. we tried to defend at points. And it's funny to talk about him. But right now he's, he's banned. He's banned. But – what this was all about is at one point you kind of did make a ban for me to not go on Reddit because yeah. I'd go on and get so upset. That and I was not allowed at one point kind of to not respond to comments on the site because I'd get so fucking angry. And basically you're like, how money's is money's? A troll's a troll. I'm like, yeah. they're not getting the, I'm not going to let the terrorists win, Eric. If I don't respond, they win. And I would go through, these were week-long fights with these people on our site and on Reddit. The one guy on Reddit told us basically that when I said, oh, we're, we're going to start a podcast, if anybody's interested, I think we actually had recorded something and it wasn't on iTunes or anything, and I wanted right. to see, hey, can we post it here, and you guys can check it out and give us you know, your, your ideas feedback, of what we could do so, better yeah. and stuff, feedback. And basically, I was told that the world doesn't need another two douchebags talking about comics, and we were fucking losers and get the fuck out, which the, the guys told us that about the goddamn website, too. Where are they yeah. now, Eric? Huh? Award winning. Nobody knows. Award winning, Eric. Not them. 
they're, so this, I don't know what still they're doing. To this day, they're still out there on Reddit. And yeah, we would go to the DC channel on Reddit, which basically everybody hated us. And to this day, I bet you right now, if I posted something on there, if I was like, hey, guys, check out our, you know, our website or, you know, a link to a, a review or if we uh, – it'll immediately get fucking deleted. They, they Shadow banned. Yeah, and then we'll get banned. I fucking hate that place. But, yeah, I'm sure there's some people here like, I like Reddit. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the DC channel all the time. They're great guys. Well, maybe no. they are now because I, 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 I got the fuck out. Yeah, I didn't even – who wants to go to a place where you just get berated because you're not as good a father as your wife thought when she – I'm, I just got a little off the track there. Yeah. <laughs> no. But we're going to go off now. We're going to take a break, go off to the news. And yeah, Reddit, they can go suck it, right? Is that our suck final deal with that? Suck it. Hit Bunch of Reddit snowflakes. and wrong turn. <laughs> Don't you say snowflakes, you son of a bitch. But yeah, we'll be back with the news in a second. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh, yeah, and I guess Eric's there, too. Hi, Eric. Hi, Jim. Hi. We're back with the news. How about that? Ooh, enlighten me, baby. How about that, baby? This is the news, the news, the news. Wait! <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, and we're going to start with a news item that I want to preface it by saying uh, this guy is not a big fan of ours. Uh, no. We have pretty much realized that, you know, he kind of talks to us a little on Twitter when he has to. It's kind of when he's tagging and things, but he doesn't yeah. follow us. Hey, he doesn't seem to be a very big fan of ours. I believe Which after happened? the story, he'll be less of a fan, Eric, because I have a lot of issues with the story. And yes, I just, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm about to get a little angry because I was even reading it a little before we started up and I was getting was getting angry again. And I don't know that other people will find this story as infuriating as me. So bear with me. Uh, give me some lead way, Eric. Uh, I don't often get angry at things. So not. please not just realize that I Wait, don't have worry? a short temper. I usually don't find things that I get angry with or nitpick about stuff. Uh, I do think in my mind that this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my yeah, life. It's, bad. Uh, up, it's bad. It really is. And I'm going to just say it. This is where I'm really getting to is this is about Tom King. I don't know if the story is fully what it was meant to be. There might be more to it. So I may look Let's like hope. a real asshole, but I'm reacting to this story as written, right? I, there might be I more to it. it. Hopefully you're reading it proper. I hope that there's more to it, and it's not what it says. Is this a good lead? In? Am I am I there? Am I am I setting up the tension for this? And I don't mean the attention like Wrong Turn would say. I mean actual tension, Eric. 
Not when he says, hey, are you paying attention? Ah, oh, I hate you, wrong term. Yes, yes. He also thinks you're bipolish, Eric. That is the <laughs> that is what you suffer from being bipolish. Here's the news. Batman writer channels near-death experience for Mr. Miracle. And I've got this. This is not anything that I changed. This is directly from Newsarama, word for word, because I didn't want to change anything because I'm afraid that it's going to come off like I set this up to get me You angry. altered it, yeah. No, this is word for word. Batman writer Tom King and the Sheriff of Babylon co-creator artist Mitch Gerards. I think it's pronounced. I, I'm bad with that name. Not Gil Gerard, Eric. You know what Gil Gerard is known for? No. Buck Rogers. Oh, uh, nice. They are teaming up for Mr. Miracle. And, of course, Buck Rogers was not in the original print copy of this, Eric. So I'm already deviating from it. But the, the Mitch Gerard and Tom King are teaming up for Mr. Miracle. Okay. Right. We're already at a point where I might be already like, oh, here we go, Mr. Miracleman. A 12-issue series starring the new god, Scott Free, right? Yep. And you're, inspired you're by King's own brush with death. Ooh, interesting. Yes, yes interesting. He had a brush with death and Tell maybe, maybe escaped it. Like maybe he ended up Scott Free, Eric? King explained to Paste... I don't know what that is. His near-death experience, right? Okay. King explained to Paste his near-death experience, believing he was suffering a heart attack that turned out to be a panic attack. Brush with death. Okay. Brush with death. A brush with death. He thought he was having a heart attack. I think that I'm having a stroke right now. Oh, my God. Near-death experience, Eric. Oh, Jesus. Turned I just had a dream. I fell off a bridge. It... Near-death experience. I, I mean, I can, forever. I'm telling you, my wife, and this is no joke, suffers from having panic attacks at least for a day. I have to go and give her a hug now because I didn't realize that this week she had 20 near-death experiences. <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. This is the most complete and utter nonsense that I've ever seen forcing something into making a story. And again, at this point, I'm like, okay, newsarama and paste. Maybe they're, you know, it's one of those misquotes. They're doing this. So, unfortunately, we have a quote now from Tom King himself. I'd flirted with the edge of death and came back from it. Oh. Did you? Oh, God you, you, you had that, huh? A panic attack. It wasn't a heart attack, my friend. You didn't get saved from a heart attack. You had a panic attack. I'm wondering where, and he says, and I woke up. I'm guessing that he woke up three days later, uh, you know, just from going to bed. Where did he go? Like, nothing is explained. So maybe he passed out. Maybe. Near death experience. Maybe there Woke actually up in the, was a near death experience. I don't know. but The whole world seemed different. But it doesn't even say, like, did he have a panic attack that caused a heart attack, possibly? That wasn't. No, it just seems that he thought he had a heart attack. I'm Turned telling you. a panic attack. I, I, just, I just had a near death experience two seconds ago now. Uh, yes, I, he woke up and the world seemed different. I don't mean this in a political way. But the world as it is today, what's happening every single day, doesn't seem to make any sense. Panic attack, Eric. And that Why can be as simple above us. And that can be as simple as the Super Bowl didn't make sense. I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, somebody's got to tell them the Patriots won, Eric. They came yep. back. 
made complete sense. I, I, I'm telling you, the Atlanta Falcons not running their, their offense uh, the way they did the first half, it didn't make sense, but that's no. not a near-death experience. How the, the Patriots were able to come back and the, why the Atlanta Falcons didn't run the ball more in the second half did not make sense. He's right. Near-death experience. Or it can be as crazy as people are breaking laws in our country that shouldn't ever be broken. So he had a panic attack and realized people shouldn't shoplift. Yeah, it's a pain. Yeah, it is. What is going on? Stick I'm your head you, back in the sand, Tom King. You can't deal with this shit. A pa- uh, and here's the thing. I'm not at all. I told you. I'm not joking. My wife suffers from panic attacks, one of the many things she suffers from, including being married to me. But yeah. – I'm not throwing anything out there. They are awful. They they are things that, especially some that are, I, well, I can't even remember what they're called. Like, they don't have a reason. You just have them. I, mm-hmm. I, it escapes me, the whole deal. Uh, they're awful. They really are. But to actually say that you had a near-death experience that when it was a panic attack, which also, I said, that. also what seems to be is, like, my wife probably had three today. It's awful. This seems to be the only time he's ever had it, or he would have known what was going on at least. He would have known I'm not having a uh, – it's it, – I'm at a loss for words. In going back and read, then he, he goes on, and now he's going to tell us about Jack Kirby and the, the Mr. Miracle. I'm telling you, I, I was so angry at this because – The world there is, doesn't make sense. Here's the deal. I'm not even going to go – I'm not going to go fully into it. There is something that has happened in my life in the past two months where I have legitimately been involved with somebody that has had a near-death experience, meaning we thought they were going to die. This was something huge. And when I read this, I, I want to slap somebody. This is fucking nonsense. Hopefully not your wife. No, me. <laughs> really? I'm telling you, you know, get Tom King on a goddamn motorcycle and have him get hit at fucking 50 miles an hour and fly into a pole. There's a near-death experience here. I'm going back and reading all of Kirby. You're dipping your head in genius, King explained. No one can out Kirby Kirby. You can't make an epic as great as he did. It's like trying to make Star Wars again or like trying to rewrite the Iliad. Jesus Christ. You can take those grand cosmic space opera themes and internalize them and use them to tell a very personal story. That's what appealed to me about it. We were going to make the bigness of Kirby and turn it into the intimacy of Mr. Miracle's life. Kirby used a metaphor for his time written in the late 60s, early 70s when the world was going utterly insane. We're going to use this as a metaphor for our time, the late 2010s, when once again the world is going insane. It's almost like we're holding up a mirror to that work or internalizing it. We're going to go in step by step with him. And Mr. Miracle Number 1 is expected to be released in August, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. The book still could be great. I just I Not from the page very, I saw. No, I know. I, I, there is a preview out. You can check it out. I didn't like the look of it either. Uh, but yeah, just this whole thing. To actually get the hype up for a book by saying you had a near-death experience because you thought you were having a heart attack, that, that doesn't make sense. That That is really – that is like sensationalism not, to the I was 19. Degree. I thought I was having a heart attack. I actually ended up having to go to the doctor. I found out I did have a heart problem, but I was not having a heart attack at the time. Was that a near-death experience, Jim? No, it, actually, more than this. I went. I was at work the other day uh, before you got there, and legitimately, I started getting chest pains. Thought I might have been having a heart attack. You know what it was? I had gas. Yeah. I farted then and felt better. Near death experience, Eric. 
<laughs> and really what came out of my ass, it, it smelled like something died in there. So that might have been a near-death experience. But I just nonsense. It's just nonsense. Some of these things that these people think and say is well beyond me. And Tom King is a very smart guy. He was in the CIA, all this stuff. And even Brandon, he saw the thing where that was, near-death experience, you know, channels to make Mr. Miracle. He thought he was involved in, like, some Russian sting as oh, a yeah. CIA agent and somebody shot him. I, You know, you go from there and find out that he had a panic attack. Again, I'm saying that that is something legitimately bad. It's something that is awful to have. But to actually tie that in to why you're writing a book and make it the hype machine of that, it, it's it's almost unforgivable to me. It, it's that bad. That's how bad I thought this this was, but we're going to move on here. I right. can't dwell on that. And again, I'm sure people are going to hate us or whatever. I mean, who knows? I don't have really. Them. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. The next one. Nightwing hunts heroes and villains in new Elseworlds style, the New Order title. All right? This, this, right. Is, this is getting better. This is yeah. picking up. I'm a big Nightwing fan, Eric. You know that. And I've not, gotten, I've not gotten the Nightwing that I want from Tim Seeley. Unfortunately, I'm not jiving with that as much as other people. Trevor it's, loves it's, it. It's kind of an Elseworlds story. Yeah, I'm not really going to get it here either. Yeah, well, now at least we can have some fun because it is Kyle Higgins. And we'll yes. get to this. DC is once again jumping to the future in the upcoming Elseworlds style miniseries Nightwing The New Order. The new series, first reported by Screen Rant, is set roughly 10 years in the future, where Dick Grayson commands an army tasked with hunting down supervillains and superheroes alike. Ah, yes. Nightwing The New Order is written by Kyle Higgins and drawn by Trevor McCarthy and is scheduled to launch August 23rd and run for six issues. So you get six issues in and out there. Yeah, I like it. I love that shit. Nightwing The New Order is the story of a future world without weapons. That's in quotes. Where right. superheroes have been eliminated and outlawed. Reads the official synopsis. The man responsible? None other than Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Nightwing, Eric. Grayson. Now, it's funny to me that he is so, like, you would hope that in this 10 years in the future, he might have evolved past the Nightwing, but I guess he, he's keeping That's it. That's his thing. What are you going to do? It is his thing. New leader of a government task force called the Crusaders, who are charged with hunting the remaining supers. Okay, that sounds okay. Yeah. But when events transpire which turn the Crusaders' aim towards Grayson's own family, the former boy wonder must turn against the very system he helped create with help from very people he's been hunting for years, the last metahumans of the DC Universe. Higgins wrote the ongoing Nightwing title from 2011 to 2014, I will point out, kind of got screwed at the end. Because oh, yeah, of Forever Evil, Forever that's Evil what ended it, and I was really enjoying it. Uh, and also has some experience with DC's future, having worked on Batman Beyond, which was actually the digital only, or the digital yeah. first Batman Beyond 2.0, which, if you like Batman Beyond, and you go and get it, it you can get the trade of that, it's fucking awesome. It's really, really it good. And really in cool that, stories. And where the tie into that, which this is a story, again, from Newsarama, they don't say, that kind of the tie-in with that is... That it was a Batman Beyond being uh, mentored by a older Dick Grayson, which made it even that much better. It was awesome. But, yeah, that is that story. I'm looking forward. I will be reviewing that. Reggie yep. already has called the Mr. Miracle book, Eric. He is going to read And I am scot-free. I am, too. Uh, the next one, Justice League recruits new creative team, Eric. Did you see oh, this? No, I did not. There's a new creative team on Justice League. I, I kept this for issue number 22. 
The story inside the planned June 7th Justice League number 22 is changing, and so are its creators. Incoming Wonder Woman writer Shea Fontana is now writing Justice League number 22, taking over from writer and sometimes artist Brian Hitch. Justice League 22 was scheduled to start a new arc with artist Fernando Passerin, titled Only Human. Fontana and artist Felipe Baronis, who were big fans, are now doing a story about a virus spreading at the JLA Watchtower. Paul Pelletier is now scheduled to draw a new cover for Just League number 22, but that has not yet been released. No reason has been given for the change to Just League number 22 <laughs> or any effects to other solicited issues in the release dates. Now, this is funny. This kind of hit uh, the day later than we were. We were actually talking. We went to Wawa after work. I think this was probably Friday. Okay. Uh, maybe Thursday. It was one of those days that we actually started talking about Brian Hitch actually meeting deadlines. Remember, we were talking like, man, oh, yeah. he was so behind. It's crazy. He's hit the deadlines that we have to give him that. This has to only be because he fell behind a bit. Definitely. And, and I can't really blame. You know what I mean? He's done a lot of issues. You're going to have some delays, especially if maybe things get changed at the last second or things like that. So I, I do think this is just and everybody a thing. deserves a break. Well, yeah, I just think it's one of those things that he either fell behind because he did in the last arc, he did, or the one going on now, he's done the last issue, I believe, he did art and writing. So yeah. he's gone, he's done that occasionally as well. And I just think that either he, they've changed something that he had to do a rewrite and it, it put him behind or he just fell behind. But yeah, it's, it's nothing crazy. But uh, it'll be cool to see if this issue is good. You know what I, I mean? Really, like all of a sudden, like you're like hopes up though. With well, the and here's like the deal: like a general is getting a yeah, creative change. Well, you have Shea Fontana. Jesus Christ, she's jumped to the big leagues. God you know what I mean? It. Out of nowhere, she's doing the DC superhero girls, and then the next and thing you know, Wonder Woman Justice Greg League. Rucka leaves, and she gets Wonder Woman. And now she's allowed to do a. I'm all for it. Obviously, here's the thing. You think that people are worried a little about whatever, either Wonder Woman or whatever. This shows me that they know that she kicks ass. You're not yeah. just going to give her this or Wonder Woman without it. Now you're you're really showing that they're very happy with what she's doing. So I guess they did give Brian Hitch Justice League. No, I don't think so. Something else. Yeah, but I'm telling you, they this they gave him Justice League. Who knows what's going on? And really, a lot of people like JLA. So when it went to the Just League, you're giving it to them, and then you're stuck with it. This is where they could pick and choose. You could get this one issue. You could grab Jeff Johns to do one issue, for Christ's sakes, but they grabbed her. So the new solicit says this, Aaron. When a dangerous virus accidentally hitchhikes on Green Lantern's Baz and Cruz, they they are a a cesspool of viruses, those Green Lanterns, to the League's Watchtower satellite, the entire team minus the Flash. When Simon gets hepatitis C, when Simon gets gonorrhea, he's got to explain his actions. They're quarantined until they figure out how to dispatch their tiny and rapidly multiplying foe. Any ideas? You know what you got to do? The Adam comes in and saves the day. Only one of them has the key, penicillin. But yeah. will they find out in time to save the innocents on board? Innocents? They're on the watchtower. Oh, really, most of the time, it's just Cyborg. He's just there. <laughs> is he man or is he machine, Eric? I, I never don't know. know this. I do not know. But, yeah, that is the end of the news. And I'm going to get more positive. We're going to come back now with some mail. It's mail with Jim.
have I have a problem when I hit those sound effects, they come blasting in. And now I'm blasting I must jumped off my chair at <laughs> near death experience. This oh. is mail section number one. And you if you want to be part folks. of the mail, you can just mail us. That's all you need to do at Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com and we'll read everything, much to Eric's chagrin. But Too we're much much we're going to start, yeah. You, you, you told me before, there's only one thing that you hate about this podcast, and it's everything. You told yes. me, and I said, that is that is the worst attitude to have going into this. I told you, you got to forget. Jim, I had a near-death experience, and now I have a new look on life. Well, you had a near-death experience, and then you were able to buy a He-Man that That's you right. thought was you you lost out on that bid of the E-Man on, uh, E-Man, on E-Man on eBay. And now it's back to you, and I think there is something afoot, Eric. There is something afoot besides what's in your pants. And here we go with the mail section, number one. And we're going to start out with a new, uh, a new emailer, Hussein. Eric Hussein says, hey, Jim and Eric, this is the first time I've ever written in. Hey, my name is Hussein. I jumped on with Rebirth. I don't want to get uh, too long, so I have a few thoughts and questions. And really, tell us everything you want. We like it. I've been curious. Eric doesn't, but I do. I've been curious over your guys' usage of the term legacy. From what I've understood, whenever you use it, it refers to a concept or character that has some standing and continuity, such as Guy Gardner being a member of the JLI in the past. And that is, we did say that he was a quote unquote legacy character when we did a legacy our last member new of the JLI. Too. I thought that legacy referred to a character taking up the mantle of another character, such as Damian Wayne, Superboy, or even any of the non-Hal Green Lanterns. Am I wrong, or are you guys just morons? Yes, we are both. Now, it's you could use legacy in a, b- a bunch of different ways. When Rebirth was first announced, Dan DiDio said that one of the things they wanted to bring the hope, the love, and the legacy back to it. And the legacy could be, you know, Superman... Being cool, I don't know. Superman being think married to Lois Lane. Yeah, you know. being, being married to Lois Lane. That, that's a great example. That is legacy. That's a legacy of the deal. But and there are say, legacy we, we characters whole, as well. Say that we use the term legacy with Guy Gardner. That the fact is that he is a legacy character to the Justice League International. He's one of those members that is always because present he's been in a different continuity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's basically. But yeah, there are things like like you said. They they can be mantles. A mantle uh, is a legacy as well. I mean, that's the thing. Marvel's going through the whole thing as well. You have Thor, who isn't the thor at the moment but he would be that would be getting back to the legacy of the character of him returning to being thor or even like iron man tony stark that's the legacy mm-hmm. of the character if you bring him back uh but yeah we're also morons so sure. second i've decided to drop detective comics i've been reading the series since the beginning of rebirth and i've come to realize that james tynan the fourth or jt as i like to call him now Aaron, just isn't a good writer he's got a good structure by focusing on one main character during these big arcs but hasn't done anything good with it lastly jim mentioned that the new issue of detective spoils the last issue of the button story which would be the flash story that's coming up next week i didn't catch that but maybe i was wasn't actively looking for it i don't know if you want to mention it or not for fear of spoiling anything but what are your thoughts now here is the thing i will explain it we explained it again in a little bit with the books but i'll say it again here uh dc sent out review copies that had a spoiler for the button and here's the thing is i go with it we got the review copy 
I'm thinking that's going to be the actual issue. And they've done this before when things are delayed or things are out of, you know, whack where they've done it. And I just didn't want people to get spoilers that didn't want to get spoilers. They ended up not using that. Uh, basically, it was something that was thrown in. It was changed for what everybody got. So there were no spoilers for the button. That was just me trying to help people and it ended up biting me in the ass by making me probably look like a fucking idiot when people got this issue and i said to you eric that i was afraid that a lot of people were going to read this or even get it for the spoiler and go that jim's a fucking moron (laughs) because there really wasn't the spoilers they changed i'm not even going to say what was changed or or what it was i definitely won't give the spoiler but yeah yeah when when the issue of the flash comes out and we talk next week on the podcast Uh, Then I think I can tell everybody what it was and what was said and things like that. But we'll have to wait for there. But thanks, Hussein. And uh, yeah, email at any time. Call us morons. We love it. The next email is from Frenny. And Frenny says, hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. I fear that I'm running out of clever things to say to you, but I just can't bear not to hear you read my mail when I listen to the podcast. So after missing last week, I had to send in something. She's going to talk about Richard Richardson there. I have a theory about Richard Richardson. Is it possible that Richard Richardson, who calls with rant and raves, is not the same Richard Richardson who first showed up with the creepy tweets a few months ago? That's a theory. Because yeah. that Richard Richardson seemed to disappear for a while when no one would react to his tweets. And that, yeah. And then, and you really don't know who this Richard Richardson is, Jim. No, I do not. No, I do not. I certainly don't. It fucks with me, too. People are starting to think it's me. I'm telling you. I'll get to the bottom of it if people keep It's funny. I saw on the Slack chat somebody like, this could be Eric Shea. What are you talking about? It's way too lazy. Now, I will tell you, though, I talked to him. He sent me private messages. I talked to him on Twitter privately. I gave him some advice. (laughs) You know what my advice was? Ease off a little. I said, you know, ease off a little. You know, no seven calls a week, and people might not be so annoyed. I will tell you that Richard Richardson has gotten hate mail, uh, private message hate mail on Twitter, and was worried and actually did say, hey, you know what? I don't want people not to listen to your podcast because of me. What should I do? And I said, just ease off a bit, buddy. Ease off, RR. And then, you know, at, at points, people will want you back or people won't, whatever the case may be. Mix it up a little. That's what yeah. I told him. So it's good we'll advice. see how it goes. And what happened this week? He's easing Nothing. off. So there you go. That's pretty good. Um, okay, hear me out. In the spirit of lessons learned from Brian from Arkansas, who, by the way, I miss terribly. So do I. I Maybe just well. want to say that uh, if Richard Richardson is uh, <laughs> his uh, IRL, she says, that's in real life, Jim. Oh, okay. If he is IRL. Mm-hmm. If he's a member of the Get Fresh crew who doop, just doop. went too far down a certain path and is unsure how to get back, there is a way to view his calls as somewhat entertaining, especially in the way that it weirds out Eric so much. That's and that, cool. is, that is pretty much the most people are like, I hate Richard Richardson, but I love hearing Eric sigh and get weirded out. Because like I'll be honest, when the Greg Capullo calls first started, before we knew that it was Brian from Arkansas, I did find them grating. But only because even though in my brain I knew they weren't really Greg Capullo, on some level I think I still thought that's what he must really be like. <laughs> IRL in real life, Eric. Oh, I don't no. think I'm supposed to whisper it all the time. And I think I screwed up what I was whispering before. <laughs> And I hated Greg Capullo, the real Greg Capullo. But then, 
when I found out it was Brian from Arkansas, I kind of realized I had a soft spot for Greg Capullo, the rent rapes, <laughs> not the real guy. But I only realized that after I knew it was Brian from Arkansas. And yet, on the other hand, it was almost like there was some sort of magic lost in knowing exactly who was behind the Greg Capullo calls. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword, like a catch-22. I wouldn't have realized I would miss Greg Capullo until I knew it was Brian from Arkansas. But now that I do know, a little of the magic is dissipated. But don't stop, Brian from Arkansas. We love you and what you contribute. I, you I, miss, I miss those rapid-fire emails. They were so funny. So to Richard Richardson, I say this, and this is advice. Richard Richardson is listening. If you are secretly a member of the Get Fresh crew, don't <laughs> ever let anyone know exactly who you are. Keep it a mystery. It's kind of fun that way. And I'll tell you, if you're part of the Get Fresh crew, don't say it because some, Eric will demand you're out. Just remember <laughs> that everything gets old eventually, so you might not want to overdo it with the creepy calls. However, if you are not a member of the Get Fresh crew, and I mean one who has actually identified himself in a real, in, for real in some way at some time in the history of the GFC, if you are just some creepy troll, go away. Your cooperation is appreciated. Thank you. So if you're not a member of the Get Fresh crew, do, do. get she out. Says, she says, hit the skids. Get off my plane. That's right. Now. This week I tweeted that I bought more Marvel Comics than DC on New Comic Book Day. But I want to clarify that that's just comics I actually physically picked up in the shop on Wednesday. I have six titles on subscription, so that will always up my DC uh, total. Anyway, I don't think I can keep up with the Marvel stuff. It's too pricey. It's a whole dollar more than the bi-weekly DC books. It did kind of make me nostalgic for my dad, though. He was a really he was really a fantastic for an X-Men fan. Not so much Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't know if he was more of a uh, a uh, FF or X-Men fan than Justice League. I mean, I never thought to ask him when he was alive. And really, I don't know when when your dad passed or when he was a comic fan. But really, that people back in the day, Guardians of the galaxy it was hard Nobody to find was. a fan yeah yeah, yeah. the fantastic four and x-men those are your yeah, fine i love fantastic those. four you love and it's just a shame now that there's nothing with it but my dad wasn't a guy who went out to the movies very much but it, i will always remember how he took me and my sister to see star wars when it came out in 1977 nice. one of the few movies i remember seeing actually in the movie theater with my dad when i was a kid I saw it with my dad and mom at the drive-in. I wonder if it means anything that he didn't take us to see Superman or Batman in the theater. We waited for those to come out on cable, on TV, I think. Does anyone remember on TV? Or maybe it was ZTV. Was it ZTV? Whatever. I'm rambling now. I'm thoroughly enjoying all the Superman love you guys have been throwing the last couple of weeks. Continues this week. Warms the cockles. Okay, till next time, keep it weird. And that's Frenny. And thank you, Frenny. Thank you, Frenny. And yeah, I saw uh, Star Wars in the theater, one of my favorite moments of all time. That two hours or whatever, watching that movie, I freaking I was in heaven, Eric. That I was the sexiest the version room. of me sitting there watching that movie. Were you seven? It was. I was seven. Sexy, Eric. Sexy. But yep. yeah, that is it for mail section number one. We're gonna take a break and come back with the books. No. Reviews. We can't wait to hear 
All right, Eric, it's time for the books. Time the for the and books cheese section. Of the the meat and cheese. I'd like to say your meat is always fine with me, Eric. Damn right. Over there. And, and it's never cheesy. That's what mm-hmm. I say. Today, you actually tried the uh, nuggets from Wendy's. We were talking sure about did. the pop culture podcast this week. You, you were not that, uh, you weren't impressed completely, but you no. said they were better than Burger King, right? Damn right. Everything is better than Burger King. Damn right. But this is the book section. If you want to read our written reviews of these books, you can go to weirdsciencedccomics.com and read those. And I will warn everybody that we are spoilerific. As you say, what do you tell us? We're going to spoil the shit out of everything. Damn yes, right. we will, Eric. We will, and we're going to start with, well, what What would you call this section? Is this the detection the ands? Is that the, the section? Big, the big section? This is the big section, is it? Yeah. Is it really? The is biggest. it really, Eric? Because I'll, I'll tell you, one of these books just doesn't belong here. One of these books is not the same. <laughs> Boom! Huh. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a singing mode. I have to warn you right now. Uh, I may have singing intros to all of my I'll murder books. You. I may have those. Reggie gets to have fun. Why doesn't Jim get to have fun? Jim just wants to have fun, Eric. That's all Jim wants. And plus, from now on, third person. I'm going to talk about myself. Oh, good. Because the first book we're going to do, Jim did review, and Jim was looking forward to this. Uh, mainly because Jim was looking forward to it ending. But as it and turns out, it, Jim's illiterate. As it turns out, Jim can't read, and he can just sniff it, Eric. Jim is the sniffer. That's <laughs> what he, he is the sniffer. There's I'm the another. Toucher. You're the toucher. Uh, we have to get the looker. What are the guys? Uh, if anybody has no, heard, listen. there there is supposedly a show coming out. Is it a Netflix no, it's original already out. show? It's already out. Yeah. Okay, called The Sniffer. Somehow, me and Eric spent all, all pretty much all today talking about all <laughs> the, this show, not knowing anything about it. About The Sniffer, who is a guy and, and just says catchphrases like, you know, something smells fishy. The, don't, oh, don't, don't. that's The Sniffer. But we wanted wow. some other people like the the looker, who is a hot woman who actually can look. Uh, she she, uses has, her she has better than 20-20 vision. She has 20. She has 40-20 vision, if that's that how it terrible. goes that way. Uh, yes. <laughs> she can see. She's like, something doesn't look right. <laughs> then we had the uh, the listener who ends up being – wasn't the listener deaf? <laughs> No, no, the listener it made no sense. really well. No, we said the listener was deaf. Remember, he could only read lips. Because <laughs> that, that was, that that was, was a the... joke within a joke. <laughs> no, that was the fucked up thing. The listener, he, he can't hear. He only reads lips. There, there you go. But I might be the sniffer, Eric, because I'm sniffing some Wait. I, I'm sniffing something fishy with this Detective Comics because I, I'm telling you, uh, when we get into this, I just want to remind people that if I keep saying that there's been a lot of setup to this book, I'm not just talking the five issues before this one of this arc. This Detective when Comics. When has there not been set up? No, really. This Detective Comics, the whole run, seems to have been setting up this story. So we've had a year of the colony and all this stuff. And this really fell flat. It really did. And, and it, it really turns out this, this, all the setup for this was a setup for something else. Yeah, a setup they got for a something else. It was a Shyamalan that, twist. That ends up at the – I'm telling you – well, I'll even say it. I say it in my thing, and we'll, we'll just get into it right now as we go, and then I'll, I'll explain to you just why I gave it the score I did, Eric. But it's a detect, Detective Comics number 956, written by James Tynan IV, art by Maceo Takara, Marcelo Maialo, and Sal Cipriano. This is the end. I'll kill you. I was, 
I'm just going to start saying, I was going to do a whole thing for you. Ah, after setting this arc up in the beginning of Rebirth, James Tynan ends it by giving the reader, and I'll tell you, I'm not, I no longer am going to call him the fourth. Until he gains my respect again, it's just you James Tynan and me. I may, <laughs> I'm telling you, I may even call him JT. JT ends it by giving the reader the middle finger. Seriously, this might have been the most forced, cliched, and unsatisfying ending to a story I've ever read. And Eric, I've read the Bible. And it's just the final nail in the coffin for me and this book. Story just ends because it has to end with so many important things left hanging, and in a way that made me actually laugh out loud, or as the kids say, uh, H-O-T. I still hated Marceo Takaro's art, but that was the least of this issue's problems. I even put LOL. I just didn't want to say that. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the problem with this book, as we get into it right now, is that anything that possibly could end or tie up ended so ambiguously and kind of just thrown out there because you have Colony, who's a, the big bad, you know, you had them. They're kind of working with Batman a little, but they come, they, they end up showing up here. And then when they're not needed anymore, disappear into the ether. You have no idea what happened to them. Did they fly away? They were in their little thing. They just flew away. So there you go. You have a whole thing where Shiva and Turns out they're in that blimp that Malcolm fucking Murray is I actually thought that. I thought they passed the test. That you have Cassandra, who this whole thing basically is a Cassandra story. You're waiting for Cassandra to face off with Shiva. People were yelling, hey, Cassandra's going to kill Shiva. I can't wait. No, no, no. Yeah, it's Why would you want that for her? Stop being ridiculous. This is her redemption story. It continues to a point, and then shit happens. But that's not what the, – the Raj thing doesn't upset me. It's the, come here, girl. And whispers something to her. We don't know what it is. So no. you get that. Then you have Raj just ending everything, and then everything's just done. It is. But we'll get into it proper. Proper, Eric. It starts off, and as we started off last issue, uh, the team is facing off against Shiva. Now, y- you kind of uh, – to me, I didn't really realize fully – that Cassandra had pretty much knocked out the entire League of Shadows. I kind of thought she might have, but she did. They're I'm all thankful she did. Well, they're like, all you know, out. Well, I'm saying, though, it looked like she killed a shit ton of them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, when they're like, oh, my God, I, I get uh, you know a pulse here, there's people with swords and shit coming out of them. I, I'm not quite convinced. There might be three of 20 that are alive, but you, you have the whole team. You have the entire team, the detective squad, as we called it, yes. facing off against Shiva. Now, the problem with this is y- you're not going to have the whole team fighting her the whole time. So James Tyne and JT, he ends up kind of getting rid of a bunch of the team, the, the unnecessary ones, you know, basically everyone but uh, Cassandra and Batman, just because, because they're fighting. Now, the other thing that I, I got irritated with, we have, really, Shiva, we know that you think that Cassandra is a broken tool, an unnecessary weapon. Uh, you I, know. I am so happy they reminded me again. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really needed I was waiting for her to just go through every type of weapon. Like, you're a gun without a trigger. You're a, you know, you Look, just, what, we've what seen What is them. a mother if they don't remind their child what kind of failures yeah. are every now, time they see them? Uh, I will tell you, in my review, I said, and I, I even said in the thing, um, Marcel, the, the Takara's art, that's the least of the problems here. It's actually, I would actually helping, venture though. to say that it might be my favorite. Uh, it's still bad. And the problem is you he does a lot of close-ups for fights. And I don't understand. Now, the problem with this is 
Cassandra and Shiva look exactly alike. If you don't see them <laughs> back in the distance and see what they're wearing, there are some times where I'm like, who the fuck is that? Which one is it? And you have to go by the dialogue, but I don't want to have to work at that. But yeah, it, it's just continuing the whole thing about Cassandra being a broken weapon. Now you go off to Colony and you have a little call up that I told you I was all excited because you go to that the they Colony were, they, That they were freaking, you know, having these tunnels built for years and years, Jim? No, that no, up? that's not. And I told oh. you that, that I was angry. No, you have uh, Jacob and he's on the phone with his wife. Catherine, and he's talking to her. Now, this is what we said. If people are listening and reading all the books, in the Batwoman book, there was a a cliffhanger where you're like, in the future, and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's Kate. She's part of Colony going. And we said, no, we thought that was Catherine. Now, at least this throws out that Catherine is out there. Doesn't seem like she's involved with Colony, but who knows? Maybe this is how she gets in. Jacob's been gone for months. She's involved in something. I know. She, she's just there. And, and you have Ulysses who they have to make him Mr. Inappropriate Jokester so that he's a dick. Now, when I, I said in my review while you're reading this and even last issue, the minute that you knew this nanoswarm was going to go in, which, you know, the nanoswarm that's going to be a camera based napalm uh, thinking napalm it's going down in these catacombs underneath gotham city and you know for a fact everybody had to know that that what was going to happen right that it's going to well, go down there there's cameras we could see everything they see okay yeah. they're going to see jacob he's going to abort bam yeah he, jacob's going to see his daughter and start screaming and telling him to stop and in fact i think i even went as far as the last time we talked saying and then ulysses won't want to and he'll have to get rid of him which he does he does he doesn't really get rid of him but he has to do that but it's all everything thing is so i'm not even hokey it's just so forced into what we're gonna get because then you have uh, kate she's in there so now there's like i said there's too many of the squad there for jt to want to have fight shiva so immediately shiva kicks kate though yeah i know Shiva kicks Kate in the side. Kate's wound opens up, which I don't know how it ever closed in this amount of time, but it opens up. And there's Look, like, nothing, nothing closes a wound faster than getting somebody naked and chaining them yeah, to a really, pillar and underneath to the a, fucking and city. A pillar, and then not knowing how they get out. That, that yeah. really is the, the kicker there. But there's Clayface, and Batman says, Clayface, get Kate out of here. You got it. Now, it's funny, too. It's like her wound's opening. She's like losing, and like she's losing. Clayface does not take her to the hospital. Nope. All he does is take her out of this room. It's she. They at this point she looks like she's dying, but yet she just goes away, and then she's fine. She's talking to Clayface, but again, it's like a checklist: got to get Clayface and uh, and Kate out of here. Boom, she's Dumb. out. And as this is going on, you get the over-the-top dialogue between uh, Shiva, Batman, and Cassandra. And here's the thing: you still have Batwing and Azrael there. You guess You'll have too many because fighters. I'm telling you, up until this point, until they call out that, where are they? I know on no, the one I'm panel on you see right them now. behind. Not there. Yeah, and then you go to the next one, and they're just fighting. They're just fighting, and they're just standing there. But yeah, you have all of these things, and the dialogue. I told you, I think that James Tyne has lost control of his Batman dialogue because even then, the whole thing is. You know, Batman yelling, Shiva, why are you doing this? You killed the mayor. Well, first off, why do you have to ask? 
It's Shiva. That's what yeah. she does. Apparently, she's, she's like, been you're... building tunnels for years to yeah, do this and whole the, thing. Yeah, what are you we, yeah about? these whole tunnels have been under. Why, why is that? And if that's the case, why didn't Colony, who was really set up to stop this League of Shadows and knows where they are, why didn't they flood them before? Why didn't they destroy them before? You can tell me that if you had a throwaway line. You know what? We should have done something about this, but it would have the structure of uh, you know it would have uh, weakened the underground, whatever. It would have nothing said. Yeah, nothing said. But throw that out there. But yeah, that's where Batman's like, you killed the mayor. And uh, Shiva's like, listen, he had his hands in, in uh, Raj's pockets, even if he didn't know it. It's like such a roundabout, stupid so, yeah, he, way. He was taking bribes from somebody. He was who, taking but somebody bribes. Somebody down the yes. line was friggin', you know, was working for Raj Al Ghul. So whether he knew it or not, he needed to die. Yes, he, he needed to die. It must be destroyed. And then Batman says, you're willing to kill and millions of people to win. for Raj at some yeah. point. And Batman says, you're willing to kill millions of people to win. And she says, y- you think he hasn't? That won't – I he won't do it so again. And this is Batman's line that drew me uh, – it drove me nuts. You're making false equivalencies. What is that? I'm like, what is that? I'm like, I know what it means. I know what they're saying. But it's just – that is not really kick-ass, you know, action hero dialogue. And it, it really just threw me off. And they're just going, and this is the whole thing. Well, that's when Shiva presses the button. Now, here's the thing I want to ask you. You press the button to arm the nuke. Yeah. Is she so confident at this time that she can beat Batman and Cassandra and get out of there in five minutes? Is, is that I the don't case? know. I'm telling you, it's a weird thing because right now, you know, she, she's been fighting them to a standstill. So she activates this bomb thinking, what, they're all going to run off? So yeah, she is it that they're going to run off? I yeah, don't know because yeah. all of a sudden it's like, Batwing, you got to go disarm this yeah. bomb. Okay, but you know what? Asriel. You're good at praying. I need all the prayers I can so get bad, right now. You, you better come with me, but brother. But did you think the same way? She presses that button as if she's already beaten Batman and Cassandra. Now, they're still fighting. Uh, and like you said, it's pretty much a standstill. So you're caught between if she's going to go down with the ship, she should just press a button and it blows exactly, up. Exactly. I don't obviously, think she plans though, on that. Yeah, obviously she has this timer but it's five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. That's and I don't even get it. It's like she must think that she could get out in five minutes. But it, to me, it's just to force. It's forced tension again. But like you said, the, that's where Bat, uh, Batman yells, "Batwing, I need you to do the impossible." And, and Batman, oh yeah, I figured. Hey, Azrael, you want to come with me? I've never done this, and I could use some prayers. That is the most forced thing to get Azrael out. There's no re- Azrael's like, sure, I'm at your side. I I'm haven't like, had no. anything to do in this yeah. series yet. Sure, yeah, really. Buddy. He's like, I got do something but that's where you have uh clayface and kate going and they're saying and this is pray real good again this is not yeah really this is the only thing too where you got kate and uh clayface out of the battle but the other force thing is this is so that you know cassandra's not a killer because they go up i see one guy looks like he's got a sword in his head I'm telling you right there. This guy's got a he, – he's not alive. But they're like, oh, my God. They, they must That's be alive. I, yeah, I know, him. but it's still – don't do that. Don't have swords sticking out of people, though. There are legitimately people with swords sticking out. The one guy gets up and moans like, oh, no, they're, they're alive. We better disguise ourselves as ninjas. I'm like, why do these – what what do these people care now? One guy gets up there fucking almost mortally wounded, it looks like, and you're going to disguise yourself as ninjas again to be a forced thing for when the nanoswarm comes down. Yeah. It's like everything in this is Which forced to the next step. Which we don't even need that step. whole thing no, because that's then what you I mean. see the you nanoswarm and then you have to take off the ninja and then disguise. You, take it you, off. Could just, you could just be Clayface and fuck. That's what I mean. And, Kate, and the thing is I don't understand because Clayface envelops around Kate. He's like, you're not going to like this. I'm not going to yeah. like this. But 
but makes Kate look like a ninja. How is she breathing? Yeah, I don't. And it's it's like you did have this setup of when Batman he got the Batman. Oh, I know. Clayface that was like him, a huge this, thing. Though. This doesn't make as as much sense, and it's not cool. I think it's try to get that cool factor again. Doesn't all of a sudden, work. it's like prototype like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it doesn't work. Well, then they go. You go back to Colony, and there's Colony. There's fucking Mr. Fancy Mustache. And he's like, hey, we're getting some weird readings down there. The weird readings are that there's people alive. <laughs> yeah, you are sending, you're sending a nano swarm to kill them all, yet you don't understand why they're alive. And that's when they said, oh, they're unconscious. Who would ever leave them unconscious? Well, you're just going to kill them anyway. And that's where Ulysses is like, fuck it. Let's pull the trigger Mustache now. Mustache might be pretty, but it and ain't yeah, that smart. Yeah, boss. really. And then Jacob says, you know, there's Ulysses. Hey, pulling the trigger now. And then Jacob's like, stop. Send the swarm deeper. There's something off here. What's off? What is Thing he thinking? Is, what's off it's off because you just have to people, get to his all daughter. All ninjas are freaking, you know, like on I the I know that he thinks maybe somebody's in there. But the, here's the thing. Right there and then, they, they control this nano swarm. You can light it up and kill these people that are unconscious that legitimately are the League of Shadows. Yeah. And it looks like, as far as we know, you could stop it at any time and pull it back. I, I, I'm with Ulysses. Just light these people up and move on. I, they murderer. never said – there was never a time where Ulysses says, hey, listen, you know, the, the thing is these are smart. It's a smart nanoswarm, but once, but once you kick pull in, the trigger, they get it doesn't go shit. back. Yeah, yeah, they get <laughs> fucking retarded. But no, that, that is never said. So it just threw me off, and it just is another thing to make it a little more – like tension, but it's all false. You go back to Shiva and Cassandra and Batman, and you just consider the same thing, and you can say, or you can continue. I mean, uh, you go with Shiva, just keep saying, you know, hey, you're a broken you think, weapon, daughter. No, yeah, you're I a broken am more. weapon. And you, know what, and you know what that means? Once I say I am more and believe it, now I can kick your ass like yeah. I'm Teen Wolf and shit. Yeah, that's what happens. And I actually, and even like you see that I am more, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's Cassandra. We'll move, you know, because she doesn't, Shiva doesn't have it a It looks a lot face. like Shiva with blood uh, on her face. Yeah, this is what I'm saying when you get these close-ups, but I will say, this dialogue I loved. I did like it when she's like, you are a broken weapon, nothing more. I'm like, okay, that's a broken record. But when you go to uh, Cassandra says, I, I am more. I, I choose free will. I choose, <laughs> I choose free will. But in that, that has been completely set up. And yeah. then Cassandra, like any good action movie, especially like a Rocky, all of a sudden gets her second win and starts kicking ass for no reason, except that she thinks that uh, Shiva is a bitch. Because she says you think best hits or kills now we we go a little wonky again she thinks the best hits hurt <laughs> like you're you're a you're you're a serial killer so you're, did my you're, daddy Ooh. yeah you're you're out you're out in the backyard killing animals cassandra just uh, i think the best hits hurt no i i would be like i think the best hits are ones are you ones don't, don't have to do yeah exactly you say with your words yeah really <laughs> words hurt but that yeah and then it's like what are you trying to prove they keep going she's like i'm not less i'm more and that's where you go back to the atomic bomb and that's where you have luke fox and he's there you know what why can't this just and it's a okay line you know why can't this be a movie i could just clip the thing this no, is no, where Azrael starts is bullshit getting. The no, Azrael gets Azrael turns it worse. Then there's a rudimentary computer here. Perhaps I can network my suit into it. And Luke Fox, who is a tech genius, he is a he's a fucking genius. That could work. What? 
What are you talking? You. It's a Luke rudimentary in, computer, Luke. Luke Why can't you in, do it? Yeah, Luke is in a suit that first off is computerized, but Asriel's praying mechanism computer. His you know, symbiote the, fucking prayer suit is fucking going to be able to t- check yeah. in this goddamn thing. I'm telling yeah. you though, the thing is, this infuriates me even more because we see them there. They're not doing anything, and by the time this issue is no. over, we find out they didn't do shit. No, they didn't do anything. They are just there to Look stall. To stall, stall. I'm surprised it'd be so funny if they actually did hit something and blew it up. <laughs> because it goes, Colony, that the nanoswarm's there. As it gets close to, to uh, Kate and Clayface, they dissolve. Clayface dissolves the ninja suit, which makes no sense. Because they are there to kind of be inconspicuous, but once this shows up, they're like, I gotta, you know, get out of this. Just so Jacob can see that Kate's alive, though I don't even know at that point you would think she's alive. She's coming out of fucking living clay. Oh my and god, like, burn him up. Yeah, really. It's like, pull them back. And this is where Ulysses so gets like the whole thing. the thing, the way this thing's wrapping yeah. around her yeah, and shit like that's that. that's what I'm saying. It just looks hideous. And that's where Ulysses is like, you know what? The entire League of Shadows, we can stop this. You know, one person isn't worth it, whatever. And he just, Jacob just throws him into the monitor. But yet, we never, really, to me, legitimately, did they, did he stop it? Because I don't know. I don't know. It, it, you never know. I you know because they don't. Gym, it doesn't have. They're still, still down out there. there are they around. still down there? Are they? Because I don't know. It never is resolved. I know that you can tell me, Jim, but it, they didn't burn up. I know that it's not resolved. Then all of a sudden you just go back. To this day, Jim. They're to still this there. Day. Yeah, and that's where. Uh, Cassandra then confronts Shiva and it's like basically why why are you going to burn the city why are you going to burn up my friends now we go off to many months ago in this crazy meeting between Shiva and Raja Gul where this seems to have started where she heard something in that room that she wow. didn't like and that's so what she nothing. decided and I'm like what? what what give us something here and then and then you go and Shiva just says Hold on, you, hold on, hold on. But what I just heard in that room, all of them, all of your plans, that was devoid of meaning. Yeah. So basically Good. Raj was in – and I think he was in Detroit, right? She uh, searching so hard to find – oh, that's what yeah, uh, Raj was saying, something about Detroit. I'm like, who wants no, no, to be in okay, Detroit? This was, looks like they're in Nanaparbab. Oh, yeah, they're, right they're in Nanaparbab, what but, he I'm says. Like, this whole thing, it's like, you know – is Raj just in there sitting around people just fucking quoting Monty yeah, Python lines? It's all saying. this nonsense. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and, and yeah, what what were they? They obviously were talking to somebody about the end of the world that they were gonna do something. She heard it, and she it was devoid of meaning. I actually, yeah, they were talking in Pig Latin. She couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Eva Shay is a isling delay, and she's like, that's devoid of meaning. He's talking backwards. But yeah, you get that. So, okay, what was it? That's pretty cool. What was it? We never get. We don't find out. Shiva just says you couldn't understand. Now, I would guess that that's what she whispers to Cassandra at the end, possibly. I would have liked it to have been, you're not really a broken tool. You're just a bitch. That's what she says. But yeah, and uh, that's where Cassandra's like she could understand. And they have the look between their eyes. Cassandra looks all happy. And it's like one of those like, oh, they're going to – it's the redemption of Shiva now. And Raj shows up and shoots her. And now begins the most nonsense things that I've ever seen in a comic ever. It really – this is beyond ridiculousness because he shows up and shoots Shiva through the, through the boobs. Eric, and basically says that, hey, I'm allowed to do this because that was my dog. It went rabid. You know, I'm the one who has to put her down. 
Cassandra's pissed. Cassandra wants Raj now. I'm like, you know, ah, and and that's where Raj now starts. It's let's make a deal, and the yeah. deal basically is I'm gonna just end this goddamn issue. The way I want, and you're not going to do anything gonna about it. I'm going to take the leak. I'm going to disarm the yep. bomb, and we're, I'm yeah. going to take off, and you're going to let me. Yeah, that's, Raj says to Batman, the shadows, they'll break out of any prison you put them in, right? And also, this nano swarm could still go around Kate and stuff and find the inner chambers where they wouldn't be, right? They right. could have done that, but they're, they're just gone. But Smart Raj is punk. there. Yeah, Raj is there, and he's like, y- you couldn't contain the league of shadows you you can't you would not no prison that you know of batman will be able to hold them so i don't know mr miracle built one in this other book over here he just says to batman just give them to me and batman agrees why would you ever do this then he says yeah every loose end is raj he's killed shiva he's going to take the league of shadows that are all unconscious and then he says oh and by the way when i leave I'll disarm the atomic bomb because it was of my own design, and I, you know I'm not bluffing. Batman has this to say. Huh. He says nothing, but then says, you know what? You let me get a glimpse of something I don't think you wanted me to see. This isn't over. And then that's where Shiva's like, come to me. She whispers to her. Shiva says, do you understand? Cassandra says, yes, that's it. And, and, and then even Raj come says, to me, hey. daughter. Okay. Raj says, get the no body to his, his yeah, really, to Manbat. Hey, uh, you know, hey, Manbat. Grab that uh, Shiva. You know, I have ways to make dead people talk, and we'll see what she was up to. Man, this deal's it. getting worse all the time. Yeah, that's it. And then they get really, they go. They, <laughs> they fly. In this. Tell, me, tell me what Luke is talking about when he's talking to Azriel then. Uh, what is D- it? I there? bet I could take down like 20 of those before they killed us. Yeah. D- yeah he's what? just looking up at man bats and talking yeah, about, but, you know, but, I, but I bet I But why is he things. saying that? Because I don't it, know. at this point, why does he even know that they're not going to attack him? Because he's saying it in the past as if he's bragging to Azriel and saying, you know what? I know they're flying away, but I could have taken like 20 of them. And Azriel's like, that's reassuring. And then he's like, yeah, it makes me feel good. Why even have that panel? It's the most because ridiculous thing. Because you need something for Luke it's and Azrael to do this It doesn't even book. make sense of what no. they've done and what's going on. It's so stupid. And then Batman's just, Cassandra, you okay? Yeah, I think. And then it's it. It's over. We get one week later where you have fucking top hat and tails, goddamn Kate. She's like healing. But she's healing, but she looks like goddamn little Charlie McCarthy, the goddamn <laughs> fucking puppet. You know who I think she looks like? She looks like she's the person that's freaking doing the auctioning for oh, Wonder she Woman does. this week. I actually you know? think she does it exactly. Yeah, and it's almost like it this is, is a Zatanna look, right? Yeah. It's a Zatanna look, and the ending here hints at Zatanna. It's so ri- What, is she practicing to get along? with her because she's like hey you know what bruce you know you were off the radar and well you know how are you and they talk about healing and stuff like that but then it just goes with the cities on edge and all there's no real ending and batman's like you know what there's a lot of shit going down you know I- i've had some problems in the past with shit like this and the only way we're going to end it is with magic and i'm just like you sons of bitches this is bruce so grab your stuff we're off to now, a I will say, I, costume a i told you i will i will never ever tell that the spoiler to to the the button story but when we got that review copy with the stuff uh somebody had asked me earlier uh in the week did it affect the issue like was this something that was in the middle of the issue and it like no. oh the issue would have been great if they didn't change it no it's just this last page some of this dialogue was changed uh where they're talking and it didn't make i'm, I'm telling you it made just as little sense <laughs> 
as what we get here. Uh, but yeah, they're like, hey, before you stomp off the moor, mind if we tell you, you tell me what's going on, Batman? He's like, years ago, Magic. during my training, I went down a dark road. I tried to become part of a world in which I didn't belong. Tried to use a weapon I should never have touched. Magic, Kate. That's what Raj used against me, and it's the weapon we'll need against him. So you're like, okay, so is this is this done? Is this because it's not Raj now? No, because no, now we're going to work the League of Shadows. Whole, we're going to the League of Shadows. Now we're going to go to the yeah. League of Assassins. Yeah, I'm telling shadows. you. But now, yeah, I'm shadows telling you. Now it's the, the League of Shadow Assassins because nothing was resolved and everything was that was resolved was just forced. It was all forced. It was so. I mean, this is as bad. I told you if you were reading Batman and Robin Incorporated, the or uh, Batman Incorporated, when yeah. that Grant Morrison ended that. By having Kathy Kane show up up with a golden gun and shoot. And shoot Talia. Yeah, and just leave. And that's just as bad. All of this setup, and like I said, this is not just five issues I'm talking about. I'm talking about the whole goddamn colony, all that. All the setup until now where you have this League of Shadows that was supposed to be the, the baddest of the bad. These were the things that scared the League of Assassins. was ended because Raja Ghul came, killed Shiva, then took the League of uh, Shadows with him and disarmed the bomb. Done. Now, Done. Claudia, it, out of everything we've had for the entire Detective Comics series since Rebirth, Colony, Monster Men, League of Shadows, they are, and even Ra's al Ghul, they are still out there and not yeah. apprehended at all. Yeah, nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. You have Kate in her book still trying to round, round up Monster Men shit. Yeah, you're, you're right. Nothing is – Colony just flew off, I guess. Yeah. Uh, nothing, and there's no like, no, yeah, woo, 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 woo. there's no even like at the end like we gotta check in this colony that swarm when we saw nothing, nothing. And it's even weird too because freaking Jacob never tried to talk to Kate again. She's like, I keep going down there thinking he might come back and lock himself yeah. back up, but no, she hasn't talked to him in a no, week. I'm like, she hasn't talked what to him. is he this? Just he, he realized his daughter's alive. He stops his whole operation, but doesn't call her. Yeah, and and not even just that where. Legitimately, say this was, you know, things didn't happen. Raj didn't show up. He gets away, you know, colony. A nuclear bomb goes off. Kate's dead. Or yeah. Raj is there with, with some League of Assassins and kill her. It, like, there is nothing that he did. He didn't stay with her with the camera. Like you said, he didn't even try to contact her. It seemed that the minute that he slammed Ulysses into that monitor, they got the fuck out. And there was his daughter that he thought was dead, and like you said, didn't do anything to go and try to get her. He, they, only did. You know, he had he had to go home. He had to confront his wife, Catherine, because well, he's been gone for a while, and you can't do that when you're a married man. Well, that, and, that and too. She, she knocked him out and said, I control Colony now. Ooh, well, here's the other thing. She called Catherine, or he called Catherine, and he told her to get out of Gotham because shit was going to go wrong, and it never went wrong. So now she's pissed. <laughs> to this day, she, she's still I'm driving. You, she thinks that he was getting... <laughs> Her out of the city because he was into some fucking nonsense. He, he, wanted, he, he wanted the house. He, I'm telling you, he was coming home with a date and she was at the house. He had to get her the fuck out. Thing is, he never told her to go anywhere. He just said, pick a direction just and keep drive driving. out of God. To the stage, Jim, she's still driving because no, he never got back to that's the problem is, Eric, she drove into the ocean. She's dead. <laughs> she's a bit she's of an stupid. idiot, there, Catherine. She is so stupid. She just kept driving. She drove right into the ocean. She's dead now. But no, it, it just this whole issue was nonsense. And I said, uh, I talked to Frenny. Frenny was like, "Oh, is this a five or a fuck you five? And I said, "It's both." Because yeah. as it was going on, I'm like, "Okay, you know." But at, once it got to a point, 
I thought it was a five at the beginning when we had the Cassandra and Shiva, and, you know, it started getting forced. But I'm like, okay, it's still a five. I'm not really into this art, but it seems a little better than it's been. And then we started getting the Raj stuff, and I'm like, this is, to me, the perfect fuck you five. That it's, and I actually, at one point, just muttered to myself, when Raj did all that, I'm, fuck you. So I'm like, I'm going to have to do it. Now, I do. If we didn't have the fuck you five, I probably would have went down to a four. Uh, but I'll, I went with the fuck you five is what I went because yeah, like I said, the arts not great, but uh, it's, I honestly, it's like what you said got. though, this is the best issue that this artist has done. I think it is. Yeah. I think that, uh, Marceo does some of the characters. Okay. Like I like yeah. the way Luke Fox looks. I like the way even Asriel looks kind of, you don't see him, Barely much, see but, his, but even the, com- him. He's even colony, the you know, colony, they look okay. Everything's just muddy with, with this art in this, yeah. and I just don't like it. But, yeah, this was probably the best of the art. And how muddy uh, but it is. The, you can't even make Clayface look right now. Yeah, Clayface really. doesn't look bad, actually. It's just ridiculous. But uh, I'm saying that the goddamn story just ended with the most forced way. Like, they were I guess you can say exit. it ended. I think it just continues. Yeah. Well, again, though, we have this six-issue arc. This will be a trade, and you'll go from the beginning to the end and just like, fuck you. This sucks, but yeah, fuck you five. What would you give it? I don't want to give it a fuck you five because I think that's too high. Four point five. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I I could go lower, but I like the fuck you part of the five because I don't want to time... give it a fuck you because there are aspects that I do like with this book, but like all in all, with the story and with the art, it's just well, nothing is like accomplished said, here, here. And what, half what the characters think... are thrown out yeah. just because you don't want to write them. And basically, this whole arc was to pretty much Cassandra be redeemed and to deal with her mother, and it ends with Raj pulling the trigger. I'm right yeah. there. I, I have to say, fuck you. And and then Shiva doing what she did because of something she heard in a room that we don't know about, and then whispering to Cassandra to do something that we don't know about. <laughs> Colony leaves. We don't know where they went. We have Batman who's being fucking mysterious about this magic that he's going to use. And, and then basically lets Raj... Let, the one thing, the fuck you is really... Batman letting Raj take the League of Shadows. No, you, you can't do that. I don't care if Batman thinks that they can house them in prisons. You put these motherfuckers, say there's 50 left, you put them in 50 different prisons around the world uh, within crazy things. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He's not going to put all 50 in Iron Heights and, and go. You fucking spread these motherfuckers out. And Raj, you, you think Raj is going to do anything but use them? <laughs> <laughs> to kill people and batman pretty much has let him do this he just walks out but even he then you don't even see him Roz leave gun shiva down yeah. you know the one thing you don't do in front of batman he's cool yep. with it yeah he's fine he's fine with it that that raj just killed somebody with a gun Look at that is, gun is raj too. still using that magic head games on him allowing this to go down yeah. what's going on i don't know i need some head games but we're gonna move on to the next book eric that luckily i liked a little more Good. Action Comics number 979, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Patrick Zercher, Hi-Fi, and Rob Lee. The Superman Revenge Squad continues to fill its ranks as Eradicator frees Mongol from his Black Mercy prison. But before revenge can be achieved, the squad has to go to the Himalayan Fortress of Solitude to retrieve the other half of the Oblivion Stone for Hank Henshaw. After making the Oblivion Stone complete, Hank turns back into the real and proper cyborg Superman and makes Mongol his bitch before declaring that they still need one more member, General Zod. Oh, and Clark and Lois look for an apartment in Metropolis. Yeah, 
Yeah, that yeah. was kind of that was just kind of thrown in there in a weird way. Very uh, weird. Because if, when you're reading Superman uh, with this book, <laughs> shit's not going well in it Hamilton County. It was making County. me laugh, though. And, and they are so they looking almost, at Hamilton County with rose-colored glasses. Oh, my God. They're you... almost like, I don't know if we can deal with leaving fucking Hamilton County. It was so County. good to us. I'm like, you get the fuck out of Hamilton County. Shit's about to go wrong. Uh, but, yeah, you, you have a bunch of times. You have a tie-in even to Trinity yeah. where Mongol's there. He's got the Black Mercy on him, and I, I liked it. I, I, I actually – It seems that after the whole Trinity thing, he's just going back to – killing superman over and over again in this yeah. fucking fantasy land and, and what the best is though i really want to ask you there's mongol do, do you think there would be one of those where they go to free mongol and they get and he's just like no 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 put me back in because he really is having a ball i mean that's all he's doing well, is the thing killing is he superman got tired over of killing over. superman before it's when he created the white mercy to try to yeah, get but him now out he's right back it. right he back. seems to like it again he's so mad at superman all he has for what he on. did yeah, that's all he has, but eh, Mongol's okay in here. There is a weird thing later that we'll talk about with the continuity and stuff that kind of threw – it didn't throw me off. I just – I want to ask you a question about it, okay. but you, you, that's real quick with the Black Mercy. You see them yeah. going to free – they're going to go free Mongol. And at least uh, they have the part thing. Of at the least it's not fun. out and about in space doing yeah, something. Yeah, no, like they have. That's, that's cool. fine. Yeah, and actually, uh, if anything, this book, the stuff that it ties into – uh, they do a really good job. And there there are things that are kind of a little bit forced and hokey, but at least they're trying to address them and trying to make them fit in this post-Superman Reborn you know, status quo. So I actually did like it. But yeah, you have Lois and Clark then going and looking at an apartment in Metropolis. I just because wonder where John is. back to the Daily Planet now that they're back to work is hell. Yeah, yeah, like, and it's, it's funny too. To make me drive with you know what the best it. thing? It's the best thing about it is they they're talking then, and then Lois even says that they may even work from home. <laughs> like what? This is the digital age, Lois. You don't have to move the metropolis to work from home. You could work in Hamilton County. You know that that great town that everybody loves you, and nothing is going on. You could actually work there for the the paper and, and do just what you're doing. But I, I do like that they spelled out. Hey, remember that kid we have, John? Oh, John, he's never around. What, what the fuck's he doing? But no, they they want him to be a little more cultured. Like, you know, yeah. he's had his upbringing on the farm now that Clark won. And it's almost like a, a mini uh, sped up thing of, you know, there's Johnny living on the farm. Now he's going to Metropolis. And it is kind of like a Superman progression that kind I do of, like I anyway. I like to think of it as this. Okay, Clark, we did it your way where you grew up on a farm. Yeah. We did that. I was an army brat. Now it's time to move his yeah. ass around. Oh, I love it. I like love mine. it too. The best is they move in, and the minute that they say – they keep asking John, oh, John, are you okay? You settled in? I don't know. I miss my friends in Hamilton County. Okay, next day. Hey, John, you having fun here? You like your school? You like it here? I don't know. I, I like my old teachers. Hey, John, uh, you like here? You know what, Mom? I really do like the city. Okay, Clark, pack up. We're leaving. That's all it is. Anytime he gets comfortable, they get the fuck out of there. You're going to see how it was for fucking your mother. You, I had it like hell. No, that's what it seems. We're going to move to the city. Freaking, we could jump to a week later where fucking John's fucking smoking marijuana. My son, <laughs> a freaking junkie. Oh, my God. My son, a junkie. And actually, 
you say that? It would be cool if they come in one day and because they never watch him and he's just eating fucking junk food. And, oh, my son, a junk food junkie. Mom, nobody says that. But I, I would love it if the minute that he gets comfortable, they keep moving so that, so that they just fuck with him. Uh, but in the meantime, and this is a very, very quick moving issue. Oh, yeah. I actually, as I was reading it, uh, it's one of those that at the end I was like, holy shit, we're done because the, the it's very big panels and things like that. And actually, the ideas are very basic going in this. You you have, like you said, Lois and Clark, they're moving to Metropolis. They want to they're get for clothes, yeah. and they're doing that. In the meantime, you have what is the Revenge Squad so far heading off to the Himalayas, whereas there's the destroyed Fortress of Solitude looking for what we find out is the Oblivion Stone. And Mongol the whole time, he's a trash talker. I don't know why they brought him, because I don't think that they're quite aware that there's going to be a resistance uh, they're taking care of things. Maybe they need just his brute strength to Maybe. rip through things because he is, is doing like that. Blank's doing really much everything with his goddamn yeah, telekinesis. Know. But you know what I mean? Like the way Mongol is acting, I'm waiting for him to grab that Oblivion Stone and he's gonna whoop 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 right out in the space. Well, that's of that what he's gonna leave. do. But he needs yeah. the other half to really do anything. But the problem yeah, is, yeah. you know. It's almost like one of these things, like, we got to put him in line right now. We're going to send him out and do a bunch of errands, and then we're going to put his ass in his place so he knows this shit doesn't fly I anymore. I guess. It just it ends up – I just wondered why they'd even take him right away. But no, they right go, now, and, no, and I you agree, have the because right, right away, he is a goddamn risk to what Hank Shaw, Henshaw wants to do, because if he fucking absconds with this goddamn Oblivion Stone, Hank Henshaw is fucked from what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah. Now they go and they're they're ripping through the the rubble and the things and I know it's it's a very remote area but shit uh, Superman I I it's said even more to you, remote than it used to be because it used to well, be Colorado yeah I know luckily it wasn't Colorado because I said to you last week where when Lois in the Superman book where Lois had the gauntlet the yeah. gauntlet for the bat hell suit, bat suit yeah. uh, that I thought that Batman should have taken inventory uh, I know that they try to make it seem that Superman did not know that the it's fortress bullshit. had collapsed. It's bullshit. And that, that's the thing that threw me off. They tried to force that in because Superman, God damn it, he should have went and collected all the shit. He should have made well, sure I'm everybody was okay. I'm telling you, we okay. had this whole thing before when it was, it was right before Reborn when Lana Lang was dying from her powers and she was in the, the proper fortress yep. of solitude. And, you know, Superman was trying to figure out if he could help her. He got an alert that there's something and then like, oh, I guess it was nothing. Like, you know, he had to keep doing what he's doing but after the fact, he's like, oh, I guess it was a false alarm. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Went to go check shit he out. So I guess, you know, him. he's he's had a lot of shit going on since then. You know, reborn happened and everything like that. Yes. But the whole idea when we find out at the end when he discovers that there is a problem with the Fortress of Solitude because, yeah. you know, shit goes fucking like he gets another alert out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yep. oh, Kalex is there. Kalex, oh, yeah. Blank made me tell, like, say it was a false yep. You're a fucking robot, Kalex. Yeah. How did he do yeah. that? Yeah, that that doesn't it doesn't really fly. And he should have went he and checked. I mean, artificial intelligence. This is and he even spells it out like this fortress is for the fucked up shit this yeah. is where he said he made because this he needed, fortress you need to make the actual fortress fortress like you know a place they could like be safe at have, so yeah have, have a safe here yeah you can't have shit gone wrong in that uh but yeah they're digging through the stuff and this is where this is a huge huge call out to the Lois and Clark book, yeah. the you know Superman Lois and Clark book that was in the New Fifty Two that led pretty much to these books here in Rebirth, because Klon and Dratania, I, I think her name nice. is, are there. Yeah, it's Dratania. Yeah, they are there, and the thing is, I love it. Now, what I want to ask you is, at the point where you have blank. 
uh, Eradicator and Mongol rip open that hole, and they say, oh, it's down there, all right. Blank says that, and that's where Mongol sees the Oblivion Stone. You see a grid. Yeah, I'm looking at that all now. I didn't actually see that before. Is so that, I'm guessing that's that a force that, field keeping the environment safe. That's the only thing that makes sense, and it's almost like that was added later because the, the thing problem is, is it, it still doesn't make sense to me because fucking glom and friggin Tritania, they were in cells like they I were know, specifically they were designed cells. for them to survive in these cells and you think if they could survive in the fortress superman would let them have some fucking leg yes, room or and some shit this like is that. where uh, if you were listening to our podcast before rebirth we had talked about clon and Tritania because at one point they were just in cells it was never spelled out who or what they were and we were really upset because we thought that possibly superman was keeping people prisoner because Beyond, like, even even more than so blank. Blank was there. We saw blank do wrong in the in the book. So yeah. when he got captured and put in a cell, makes sense. And, you know, you know. Still but Tanya and Clon didn't make sense. But then it was spelled out later that they were friends of – pretty much friends of Superman. They, are, they were stranded on Earth and couldn't survive in the Earth environment. And Superman was busy. <laughs> trying to find them a, a planet or something for them to live. Yeah, I've been busy. He guys. forgot about them. But again, this is where if shit goes wrong and he seems to really take to them, he should have checked in on them. And how are they eating? You know what I mean? Is Kalex? He what must be feeding eating? them. Yeah, I I don't know. But yeah, they're there to guard the oblivion right, stone. You. I eat your shit, you eat my <laughs> yeah, shit. That's yeah, how it's going to work go. down here. This it, this is friggin' rubble life now. It's, it's <laughs> We're in rubble town now. This is what we call the human centipede. But yeah, I actually, and it's funny too because there was that Neither collapse. of us are human, Clom. Yeah, yeah. It don't matter. <laughs> when in Rome, you, you have where what I, even Rome, say, Clom? I even say, <laughs> it's what I'm going to do in a minute if you don't keep fucking bothering me. I, I think leaving this atmosphere, I'll, I'll go with fucking it if I'm I can get rid of you. I can't deal Jesus with you. Jesus Christ, I can't deal with your fucking talk. Will you fucking shut shit. the fuck up? Uh, I do think the force field also kept the ship from falling down on them. Yeah, that but, makes yeah. sense to me because, like, you have the freaking pretty much the uh, the little like glass case that the, the yeah, Oblivion yeah. Sim was in. It's intact, so everything seems fine for the most yeah, part yeah. because of this force field that Kalex could be just doing right there. He looks like he's against yeah, it's the weird though. It's almost there. like he's just laying there. It's very odd. But even then, you have Kalex there. Blank is coming back, right? So he even says, oh, Blank made me do – why couldn't Kalex have sent something while they – when they left? He's too you busy know, doing force actually, fields, man. Yeah, I guess. He's force fielding it up. Fucking, you know, Clon Tanya. He, he keeps shutting down because he's sick of them arguing. Uh, but yeah, there's the half of the <laughs> That's the thing, stuff. too, is in my mind, like, you know, Mongol Eradicator and uh, Blank come down. And you get the impression by the end of the issue that they killed Kalam and Jatani. Yeah, I just yeah. like to think, Kalex let the force field down. That's how bad the Earth's atmosphere is and immediately kills them. Yeah, just killed them. Because the funny thing is, is they're, they're there. They're like, oh, they're there to protect the Oblivion Stone from anybody who comes. And in my mind, they're giving Superman a solid. This is not something that they were made to do. You know what I mean? They're just – they're giving him a hand. Hoping that he'll come back and get them, I think, because I don't think that this would have been, hey, listen, guys, you're in these cells. If this, if the fortress ever collapses, you get out of your cells. Kalex, he'll make a force field. You're in there, but make sure you stand near the Oblivion Stone in case somebody gets it. I, they're really, they're What's trying an to just fight. Oblivion Stone? Uh, Shut the up, thing Clom. is, I just want to know 
who gave the first aid to Klum because it's the best. <laughs> He's got that wrap around his head and his arm. It just makes me laugh. And they do seem like friends, actually. He's yeah. like, well said, Dratania. Uh But yeah, they just pretty much We will take never care see of the further adventures of Klum and Dratania. No, I was waiting for that book. I really <laughs> wanted... We, we had been talking. We didn't even know Klum's name or Dratania's no. until Haley now. Sasquatch. Yeah, we just... We loved them, though. We thought it was funny. They will uh, never yeah, be they, a part of Guy Gardner's Warriors. No, they will not. It would have been good. But yeah, they the uh, the Superman Revenge Squad, they get the piece of the Oblivion Stone and go. And I'll say, you know, it's pretty much that Klom and Jatanya are now dead. Yes. Uh, this is where Superman, he gets the, uh, you know, a warning, whatever, and he heads the off. Signal. He runs. Yeah, the signal. And I even like, even before that, you had some talk with Lois and Clark, and there was the whole thing about, you know, hey, I can, I, I like it too. They, they seem to be renting the apartment. Do you think they're buying it or renting? Yeah, they're renting it, and Superman's talking about cutting holes in the skyline. I'm like, you can't do that. I'm telling you, that's all I thought about living in an apartment. I'm like, you're going to lose your goddamn Yeah, oh, I was thinking there. It's like, well, I'll cut a hole, an escape hatch in the sky. Lois is like, there goes the security deposit. Jesus Christ. You're going to get kicked out. She never gets it. It's like, you're not allowed to smoke. Or make escape hatches in the skyline. But yeah, he even says problems with excessive drinking. No, not at all, ma'am. Okay, we're gonna rent this place. We're all all lost, Clark. It's so funny because even Lois to me, in my crazy mind, is that when she's like, Well, you know what? You can back off from that. You could probably use your super speed and just go off the balcony. He's like, Nah, I like escape hatches. Yeah, their their lease is done. They're getting kicked yeah. out. But Superman then flies off to the Himalayan, uh, the the crumbled Himalayan uh, fortress. fortress. Gets there, doesn't? Uh, you know, oh my God, uh, this this is all in rubble. How but the snow be? indicates it didn't just happen. And he just walks in where it seemed like you had. Well, he does fly in, but he goes. He sees Kalex. Kalex is just ahead, and uh, he tells him like, "Oh, blank. He forced me to do the all clear message, Somehow. like you said. Doesn't make sense, uh, but." It's okay. The Oblivion Stone uh, is gone, and that's where you see freaking Klon and Dratanya. And Dratanya is just like, I guess she just burned the fuck up. Like, oh, yeah. She is, She's yeah, just like she, an outline around her of a burnt-up yeah. body. I'm telling you, she looks like when they show those walls where somebody, you know, oh, the nuclear ground shit, yeah. zero, the nuclear yeah. shit. That's what she looks like. And Klon, that head wrap just did not work for him. He is nope. done. He's got shit sticking out of his back. He's done. Uh, but, yeah, his Superman's upset. Uh, and that's where you get the idea. Well, not the idea. That's where Kalex is there just to tell Arad, Superman. Arad, yeah, tell who's there. And Eradicator. Mon. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, Mongol. He's that guy. Kalex is not stuck with you. Ma, blank. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Kalex? I can't uh, stand this. This crushes the head. Yeah, uh. yeah. He's, yeah, he's done. But, yeah, then you see the, the Revenge Squad. They go up to the moon. Uh, there's Hank Henshaw. And this is where I was going to ask you because they're talking, and there's Mongol. And he's like, hey, I don't take orders from an insignificant human. And that's where uh, Hank Henshaw says, Ins- insignificant. You don't recognize me. No memory of Hank Henshaw. And it's really weird to me as if this is saying, like, Maybe he hasn't fully developed into this reborn universe because Hank really does think that he should know no, I'm him telling you, as Hank is, Henshaw. I don't understand how this should work because I don't know how in this whole reborn universe where we have a cyborg Superman who was at the death of Superman yes. and in my mind was at the Sinestro Core War. From everything that we've seen from what I can recall, 
there is no reason that he should ever be human again. Yeah, and yeah, for this yeah. to be, it doesn't make any sense. But so, you know like, what I'm saying? This line, given, this line is really odd. Like it's set there to make you think that there's some things. Like, that, like I'm telling you, even on the surface level, when Reborn happened and they said. You know, Mixie, or uh, actually it was Mr. Oz, was talking. It's like, oh, shit's changing. Anybody that's close to Superman's life will be changed by this. And it almost seems to me it's like as you get integrated into this thing, because it doesn't make sense. Like you said, they didn't have to throw this in. This no, was this is Hank Henshaw as a honestly, human. I, think, I really think this is just for the reader and does not play well in this whole freaking Mongol standoff that they're to, having. Yeah, uh, but all you have to have is Mongols like, hey, I don't take orders from an insignificant human. And then you have Hank Henshaw say, how dare you? Call well, me that, an insignificant is, human and then get the thing and turn into Cyborg Superman. No, but it's where, just uh, weird. Half, half of this isn't bad, though. I'm telling you, what? Insignificant? You don't recognize me? Right there. That's fine. He should not know who Hank, Shaw, Hank Henshaw is no. as a human. But this he, is where he becomes Cyborg that Superman. Is yes. True. But the then name, it, though, switches, it switches then to the what or who I used to be. And again, I was like, Okay, I, I get it. I know that Hank Henshaw used to be Cyborg Superman, but explain to me why he isn't now and he needs exactly. this. And it's it's really crazy to me that no, he no. says that line to me. You know what's crazy to me is they actually give this explanation of the Oblivion Stone. When you combine the two halves, yeah. you, you can get alter dream. anything about yourself wish. that you want once. Yeah, like, once. Really? Once. Yep, once. Somebody Just called so me know, Francis Things can't once. ever be changed again. Yeah, yeah, that you can't do anything except that. It's a once-and-done yeah. wishing machine. It is a weird deal, and it's so weird because I, I actually forgot that he had one of the halves. I'm just going, and I actually thought— like, I thought that, it was in him or some shit. You, you know what I thought? I, I This is my crazy deal. I thought that he was going to do this, not realizing he only had half— and that's why Cyborg Superman still has human parts to America because the wish was only half done. I actually thought that. I was like, and then I'm like, no, what the fuck am I talking about? He's got it right there. He puts it together. But as you saying about the halves and the, the wish, I was like, oh, it's going to be a monkey paw. He ain't going to be all cyborg. He's going to have human head parts. But yeah, it didn't happen. It didn't happen the way I thought it would. But yeah, all of a sudden he just starts. It's like a hard movie. He starts ripping his skin off the side. Uh, but I'm telling you, that part where he says, you know, you don't recognize me the no memory of Hank Henshaw what I what or who I used to be was very odd because then once he does turn into the classic cyborg Superman this is the classic Hank Henshaw My cyborg favorite Superman. Superman villain I love that spring in there Eric that spring and everything was awesome tour, so. yeah and that's where he's like you know what you once swore loyalty to me as my servant and then that's where Mongols like oh, cyborg Superman and I just it just seemed a little weird the way that progression went no, I but agree. I loved it I, I, loved I really it. think I mean, it was the, just for the reveal of the readers who I did do. not under, know but who here's Hank the thing was. though when you're doing this it does it, it makes it crazy. It makes if you, you think do it, know. it's bigger than it is. In now some again, point. You know, we, we start had... doing jumping to our conclu- wild yes. conclusions like yes, we do. Yeah, but that's I what I'm saying. I don't think there's anything involved. With I don't this whole either. Aspect of changing the universe. But since Cyborg Superman's here, Eric, does that not mean that convergence happened? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But the, here's the thing: he, he <laughs> blasts, he blasts Mongol. But uh, the other thing I do want to point out, because Brett uh, asked in the chat and stuff like that, he's like, "Why now we have two cyborg Supermans? This is bullshit." Yes. Zarel right now really isn't cyborg Superman anymore. They have pretty much taken the cyborg. In my mind, he's still cyborg Superman without the freaking motion. Well, I'm parts. telling you, they even kind of spelled out that now he's just Zarel. They they had a throwaway line. This was in the Supergirl book. Supergirl when book. When Argo yeah. City crashed. And 
when they had him in that jail, it was pretty much laid that, out. Even that, I think he, I think he even said like, "Oh, now I'm just plain old Zarell again." Oh, whoop de doo! And I think that you will not see him no, as I'm Cyborg Super anymore. All I want more than anything right now is for fucking Zorel to somehow get zapped back, like somehow the parts come back to him. He becomes you Cyborg Superman again, and it's Cyborg Superman versus Cyborg Superman, yeah. where Hank Henshaw just wrecks the shit out of him. Oh yeah, he would just and you know what? I hated the. the well, Zor-El I was gonna say, Cyborg do Superman. that. And that gets rid of Zor-El for exactly. good because, yeah, this and this is classic Cyborg Superman. This is awesome. Right. And, uh, yeah, what do you think of uh, Metallo there? Eric, a big fan I of hate Metallo. this Metallo look. So I'm telling I. you, it's, I hate him. I'm really hoping that it gets, like, wrecked because the way he looked when we first saw him with the whole, you know, the, the robotic skull yeah. and shit like that, that's what I expected him to look like. Now that they have the human face of her, like, the, the whole idea it. of this camouflage doesn't make sense with the rest of the body that no. have the human face. No, and but even I really that... hope that gets wrecked up and we get to see that skull again. Doesn't he look – he looks more like he would – like, he doesn't look like he'd fight. He looks like somebody <laughs> would be sitting back, like, doing calculations he looks like Leno Luther now. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, that's where basically that cyborg Superman is just wrecking fucking Mongol shit. That's the shit. worst too, because I was so excited when we saw the like you know we had the proper and real as I call it cyborg Superman here, and when we saw this freaking Metallo before being remade, I'm like, okay, now we're gonna have proper Metallo because I hated the new Fifty Two yeah. version, and then they go and make him look like this. I'm like, give me the yep. new Fifty Two version back. I don't like this yeah. one either. So yeah, really, and uh, I want to say. They really are pushing, like, anytime you see Cyborg Superman, it's really making it very obvious that that Oblivion Stone is is still being worn by him. Like, it's not yeah. just... So I, it, that it's has to re- go away in my mind, I'm telling it, you. Um, unless it's that something that you body, take that off and something goes wrong, but it's really... I'm telling you, it's really, really pushing oh, it like that. You know what I mean? Like, as he's swinging and fighting, the thing's swinging around and stuff, and it's really bright and, and in your face. Like that uh, tiny-ass chain holding that fucking thing together as a necklace? That's like you said, off. he... He should have that embedded in the in the ass on his chest. Honestly, and you like don't that. even need that because in my mind, he already Keep, made his goddamn uh, wish. Well, that's what I'm saying. I was just gonna say you don't know the rules. No. Like they didn't say it has to be on your person, and then if it goes off, the wish he, the wishing well opens up again. Eric, you can wish all you want. He just throws it. He should keep it in his pocket. That's what he should do. Or in that goddamn spring. I love that spring. Eric, I want to see that spring. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he makes. He pretty much makes Mongol bow to him. Oh yeah, then lets him up. And that's where Eradicator. You you do think he talks like he's from Brooklyn, right? The Eradicator. He's like, yo, we complete, boss. Hey man. Does he look like a Guido? I'm telling you, he's like, hey, we're complete now. And that's where Cyborg. And it's funny too to me. Uh, Cyborg Superman, he's never going to let anybody have the last word, so this would have been complete. But Eradicator opens his fucking mouth and he's like, no, 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 we're not complete. Uh, we got to ensure our victory. Uh, we'll get that Kryptonian named Zod. And there you have it. It's a pretty cool thing. He's because going through his data banks. Trying I'm to, telling you, he's trying to figure out who about? it is. Yeah, but it is, it's pretty cool because he is just, he had just joined the Suicide Squad. They just had him yeah. on the, the squad. It's pretty cool, and it does say at the end, uh, next, assault on the Suicide Squad. Pretty cool. I, I think that's you, a pretty with cool deal. the exception deal. of Blank there, I think this is a really cool fucking team. You get rid of Blank and put Parasite in there, I'm like, this is an awesome fucking, but almost like at, a perfect Superman Blank villain there. team. Blank looks so... He looks so calm and happy in the back with his arms crossed next to Metallo. Metallo looks terrible. 
I, I, I really like do it. hate that Mattel. Like you said, it does look like Lena Luthor a little. It looks like something that would be in like just some crazy sci-fi movie that this would be the one android in the... The thing is, even I have like seen an android like this and I can't even place where it's been. I actually, as yeah. soon as you said that, I'm like, I have seen this you know before what I mean? somewhere. This would be that, the that android in connect. the... It would be in the human team, and it would always yeah. be – it'd be like C-3PO, always telling you the fucking odds, getting you pissed off. Uh, but no, I, I love the callbacks. And even if we had problems with them, I love seeing the stuff in the Himalayan uh, thing. At least it was tied into and what we had. And even coming back to the Oblivion Stone and the Lois and Clark yeah. book, everything yeah, really seems like to matter it. now, and, including Convergence. Yep, and I, I can't get enough of blank. You say I yep? I love that cool. blank, Eric. <laughs> I just What's that? You said yep to Convergence. All right. No, I, I was just trying to set up my joke for a fucking blank. No, no <laughs> convergence nonsense. But yeah, I, I liked it. What did you give it on the site? I gave it a 7.8 out of 10 because I'm telling you, while I really did like the art, I thought like you know, the parts with Superman was a little forced. Plus, I just sat there the entire time with the parts with Superman. So I don't stop talking great about Hamilton Kelly. Actually, I think it's, it's like I put a time laugh. frame on this now. This is happening before the Superman book because yeah, yeah. you would not be talking this well about no. Hamilton County. No, unless they're right brainwashed now. later. But yeah, shit's going wrong in Hamilton County. I and, and basically, I would have loved if they would have just had them show up to Metropolis and they're getting shown this apartment like. Oh, you're from Hamilton County. I, I heard great things about it. Why are you leaving? Yeah, we just had to get out of that area. I had problems upstate. It just the, have it at that. Like the biggest yeah, problems. Yeah, I, yeah. The biggest problems <laughs> I had with this book, though, was everything was Superman for the most part. Where it seems like we had this whole like the Clam and Jatani shit, where we've been told they can't survive. What the hell yeah, are they still doing living they down even, here? The best is they even say it in this book i know that, yeah and then, that's the and worst then the whole part thing with kalex being like brainwashed possibly yeah. not to freaking you know tell anybody yeah. that the fortress is destroyed i'm like and eh, there's some problems here. yeah but and the i'll most tell part, you i really enjoy the freaking you know the, the think, superman yeah. revenge squad i think for the most part they they had to put you know you have to have superman and lois in the book yeah i think it would have been better served just to have this as a full-out setup of the superman revenge squad because that was enough for me to give it an eight i really did like it i love the revenge squad i like that they're taking their time too this isn't just a hey we're gonna get this guy this guy and this guy them going get mongol and how he reacted and how they had him and oh, basically had to be beaten down yeah uh works out so there was no like oh yeah mongol wouldn't be in this team and mongol wouldn't do that and then we saw the transformation of hank henshaw into the cyber superman we've been waiting for years and, and that uh, actually kills me a bit because i finally get my favorite superman villain yeah. back and i can't give it a higher score just because of other problems i, I have with the book. but i liked it and i love the art i thought the art was great uh yeah, so, Patrick yeah. did a great job on this he issue. did really good i'm telling you that thing where he's like uh you were one. You once swore loyal to me as my servant, and there's just him there standing Over there. Overtime, yeah. Superman. It's fucking great. Again, that Oblivion Stone fucking flying in the wind. You got to watch it. It even looks like it's like one of those. Put that in your shirt. It looks like one of those chains that you would make in goddamn fucking art class. Oh, it I know. Does, it, you know what I'm saying? It looks like a bead fucking thing. It's nonsense, but yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the next book. Titans number eleven, written by Christopher Priest, Ben Percy, Dan, and and Dan Abnett. Art by Brett Booth, Norm Rapp. Andrew Dollhouse, Kerry Strachan, Strachan, and Josh Reed. Strachan? Uh, Jim, don't forget Josh Reed. I would Lazarus never contract. forget Josh Reed. I never would ever, ever forget Josh Reed. How dare you think that I would forget Josh Reed? Here? How dare contract. you, sir? Damn it. <laughs> go ahead. You sure? I'm fine now. I'm going to let you go, Eric. I'm going to let Josh you go. Reed. I'm not going to step on your lead here. 
Joshua. The Lazarus contract begins as Deathstroke gets his eyesight back just to tie up his book story arc. And with that, he kidnaps Wally West so that he can try to convince the speedster to go back in time and save his son Grant's life. While the rest of the Titans are worried about Wally, they too have their hands full with a mystery about who sent a troop of men disguised as Hive agents out for the Titans to find so that they can relay the message that Lazarus says the deal is off. Lazarus in the end, Wally... It. He does. In the end, Wally West... <laughs> Josh refuses... Reed. God damn it. <laughs> In the end, Wally West refuses Slade Wilson's proposal, but that's okay because Deathstroke has a backup plan in the form of Kid Flash. Yes, it seems like uh, you're saying that Deathstroke has proposed uh, to marry Wally West, but yeah. Maybe he uh, has. I like this issue. It's very fast-moving. Uh, I'm saying from the minute that you start till the end, not a lot really happens. Like, not a lot of progression of things except in the Nightwing, or not Nightwing, the Deathstroke book. It is a yeah. weird thing we said before. We said it last week when we ended the Deathstroke thing that it is very odd because you do have some tie-ups. Basically, they seem like they got to a point where you could not have Deathstroke blind. And no, that's you can't in, have in Deathstroke the, blind in yeah. the Lazarus contract. No. That is so, the deal breaker. Yeah, in the Deathstroke book, he has been blind, and, and it's worked into the whole story. You can't have that. You can't have him going around blind, so it's such a forced deal to get him back his eyesight. Because the it last does thing the, we saw in the Deathstroke book, Jericho was fighting him because he believed that Deathstroke killed his wife at the end. Yeah, and, his, you know, his he, fiance. His yes, his fiance. fiance. I'm sorry, they never actually made it down yeah. the aisle. But um, the whole thing is, Jericho beat the shit out of Deathstroke, and Deathstroke was letting his son kick the shit out of him. Yeah, and he even was him even Rose came up to try to stop him. He backhanded Rose. She's in the hospital now. She's stable. Yeah, Slade yeah. is just waking up from in the hospital. He had a cornea freaking transplant. He can see again. And yep. Jericho's in rehab for some reason because that's yes. what happens when you murder people. Yeah, yeah, rehab. he's in rehab. Murder rehab. Uh, also, the Rachel thing Hall. is, like I said, this is a lot of – I mean it's a lot of tying things up and some setup because also we had a little thing in the Titans book recently where that basically I think it was Dick and Wally just were sitting there like, huh, you know what I just thought of? Turns out Hive. that Solutions is working with Hive. <laughs> yeah, that they were it's working weird with that Hive. we would forget that we had such a connection to Hive. Yep. They, you know, they forgot about all, yep, they forgot about all this connection. Well, now we see it. We see years ago where the connection was, where you had Wade Wilson, Ravager, attacking uh, the Titans. And pretty much bringing them down, and then Grant Wilson, a uh, Grant. I mean, I'm sorry, Grant. Uh, and having yeah, Wade Wilson, uh, <laughs> Grant. <laughs> yes, really. Fucking Deadpool. I'm throwing in here that you have uh, him, Grant. Having problems because Hive has – and pretty much this reminds me of any time that somebody is granted like super extra powers. They always right. burn up or have something. His body can't take it yeah, and he does collapse. Out. Yeah, his heart gives out. And that's – and in this, the Teen Titans are like they're fighting him. But then once he goes down, it's like, oh, shit, we don't kill people. Holy shit. And then they go and they do try to revive him. It's Wally who is trying to revive him. He's doing this and it doesn't work and Deathstroke shows up. Comes out like, of the you know, shadows to see yeah, like, comes out he of the just see how his son was doing his ravager. Turns out it wasn't going good. Get out of my yeah, way. Get this out of my, my way. Son. 
Yeah, and then he's like, you know, can you hear me? And that's where, you know, Grant's like, oh, Deathstroke, did did we get them? Did we kill them? You, you're, we got him, you yeah, know, champ. champ. Like, we got him, champ. We did it. Did I hit a home run? No, no, you're, you're crippled, kid. That's you're the you're in the he, hospital. Take, when did you hit this? <laughs> as he takes Grant away with his dead bodies, all like, you killed my son. My son's yeah. dead because of you. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure your son's dead because of you and your goddamn yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, you yeah really. Sent, sent and, him out to kill the Teen Titans. I'm telling you, Deathstroke is a little too smart to really think that that was the case, but it seems like they're going with it. Now, we go there two, three days ago. Done, we go from that, I'm, and that's the setup of Hive. That's the Years ago, when Grant. The, when Grant was fighting the Teen Titans and died, and it's very odd yeah. to me because the way the progression of the story works to me is it seems like when Deathstroke wakes up three days ago, as it is, it seems like he was having this memory yes, of this. This actually thing seems to be a dream that he was having. He has been thinking it, back. It, it doesn't. It's so bothersome to me because of what we have going on with the Titans timeline. Because when we started out in the New Fifty Two with Titan Hunt to get this team together. We found out that they never knew that they were the Teen Titans. They had five years yeah. of their mind erased because of what happened with Mr. Twister. And then on top of the ten years erased with what we have in yeah. Rebirth, I have no idea who knows about the Titans and who does not. I know, so and I'm telling you. He knows his son Grant died, but nobody in my mind yeah. should know about the Teen Titans well, except this is, for them. This is the other thing, though. This is like one of those things that I think as we're going forward and getting closer to having big answers uh, be answered or big questions be answered, uh, I do think we're going to get moments like this, especially in this book. This book has a lot of problems with that, you know, we don't remember our past and things like that. Uh, all I go with, once you see them in their old costumes, I go with it. And the fact that it's Deathstroke remembering it. And to me, the memory was jarred when he saw Wally. When he saw Wally on that computer screen. I can screen. take that. It's just a weird thing to do, like, where you see somebody like this and it can jar your memory. Because I know, the and that, the that's the only way I go. Them, that, for them to remember yes, and no, the time the, they spent I'm together. I'm just saying, the only way I can go with it is because in this... What you assume, like I said, because then when he wakes up, Wintergreen says, you just kept calling out for Grant. You kept calling out for Grant, and I get the idea that this – and Wally is there. So him being there, that's what Deathstroke seems to – you know, it's been bugging. We saw Deathstroke looking in the monitor, who the fuck are you, when he saw Wally West. And even in this issue, he says later, like, I didn't remember. You disappeared. What? So I, I'm just going to go with that. Like you said, he hasn't touched him. But shit's going on where people are remembering things and things, so I'll go with it. But Deathstroke wakes up. Wintergreen is there with him. And if you're reading the Deathstroke book, this makes complete sense. Uh, I wonder if you're not reading the Deathstroke book – if you just are like, what the fuck is happening here? Because all of a sudden he just gets out of bed and like, you got your eyes back. old man lover? What's yeah, going yeah. on? And then he's like, hey, Winter Green. And you're like, yep, you got you got the operation was a su uh, success. Operation? What you talking about? Yeah, you got your eyesight back. Did they fix my fucked up non-eye? No, no, no. We like that. No, I just no. was like, are they going to give him a cybernetic eye? Once you're involved doing it, are they going to fix that? But no. Uh, and he's ready. He gets out of it's bed. The thing, he's though, ready we had this go. whole eyesight come back. It's just kind of thrown out the window where it's like, you got an eye transplant. Don't worry. It's not going to be rejected because you're a healing factor. But when did we go in for a freaking replacement for the eye? Like, how is this a thing that we went in for? Because Deathstroke, uh, in my mind, went in for injuries, and like maybe it was for just the eye, but it's just a weird thing to throw out there out of nowhere without like you know explaining it all because he's been you know blind for a couple issues now in his own book. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's very weird 
to just have it like and like but you have to have it i i mm-hmm. guess i'm telling you i think that maybe christopher priest had a long running deal uh going where he wanted this to be more and then he just for the the good of the team you know what yeah. i mean hey you know what for the good of the team i'll do it it just it really came off a little weird and luckily luckily we read and review all the books so we did get our change in that but in yes. the meantime you, you get the idea and a, and a really good idea that it's been bothering him we've already seen that he's bothered about who this wally west is and now we realize that the whole thing with grant which we ended hit deathstroke's last issue with him kind of as he was getting the shit kicked out of him by jericho remembering when grant even ran and off when not that only that just stuff. the whole thing how bad of a father he's been to yeah, all three of his children you know he's been you yep. know going out of his way to try you know do the fucked up way to Deathstroke yeah. shows his kids that he loves them. He's been trying. It's still yeah. fucked up because it's Deathstroke, but he's been thinking about all the mistakes yes, he's yes. made and, raising and his like kids, that. and he wants to do better. And this is the thing. This is the thing uh, reading this. I really hope that maybe some people will read this and like, you know what? Not that you get anything in this that you'd be like, well, I'm going to check out that Deathstroke book. I actually do suggest it. Me and you love it now. We really, I'm really like it. It started out rough for me, but I really love yes. the book. It's one and, of my favorites right now in Rebirth. So, but if you're not reading the book and you're just reading Titans and even Teen Titans and you're reading this Lazarus contract, so you will be reading a Deathstroke book, but you're not following it. You have to realize that at this point in the story and what's going on, as far as we can tell and what it has led to this, Deathstroke wanting to get his son back is a father thing. This yeah. is not a, I need Ravager to go kill people. I need yeah. this. When it ends, what he gives, he proposes a deal to Wally. He really means it. That's the progression that we've had where, like you said, he is a fucked up dad who actually is making himself try to be better, even though he doesn't really know how to do this. But him wanting to get his son back has nothing to do with him needing him for a job or need I'm making Deathstroke Army or I'm going to do this. I need him to fight. And that is made abundantly clear when he's talking to Wally West. But if you go back in time, check this out. If you save Grant. I will stop being desperate. Yeah, no more contracts, that. no more killing. If you save yep. one life, you will save thousands of and, lives. And what I'm, I'm saying is, killing. yeah, and he means that. I'm saying people who aren't reading Deathstroke may read into this and like, oh, Deathstroke has Wally. He's a real dick. He wants his son back. That's uh, that's Ravager. He just wants him to go kill somebody. You know, he wants to get this guy, you know, on his team and whatnot. It's not that. It really isn't. And he is legitimately not the bad guy I, of this story, I no. guess. We'll see yeah. what goes on from here because, again, what he's doing to both Wallys by the end of this, this is the way Deathstroke has been. He is a fucked up guy who does not know how to do what he's doing, though he's trying to do the right thing. What he's doing with the Wallys is the right thing in his head, and he he always fucks it up in the worst way possible. Uh, But, yeah, going from there, there really isn't a lot. To go with this no, issue, it's, it's pretty much all it's, set it's up. It's weird because this is a Titans issue, and the Titans have nothing yeah, to really do no, with it. Except no. they do get us a name drop that sets us up for a goddamn Lazarus contract because they are out and about trying to f- hunt down Hive troops and agents and shit like that because yeah. at the end of the last Titans issue, Ke- uh, Bumblebee's mind was taken from her by Simon, and Simon and the Fearsome Five were working for Hive at some capacity. So they're yeah. trying to find out what happened to Karen's mind. And this whole thing, they realized after fighting these troops they found – there is no mention of Hive anywhere in their minds. Omen is scanning their brains like, these aren't really Hive agents. And when Dick no. Corners one, is like, who are you? Who sent you? He's like, I, I, I have a message for you. Lazarus <laughs> says the deal is off. I'm like, 
Well, that doesn't tell me a goddamn thing, you goddamn bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you it's talking so, about? Yep, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, they're there, and they get that name, the the Lazarus name. And then I'm like, I was kind of like, oh, man, it's just a guy, the Lazarus contract. You know, we thought it was going to be. And it does, again, though, it does still play off the whole thing because while we get to the end, Deathstroke does want to bring his son back because all of a sudden Wally's gone. Now, I do well, want to I'm point out, you, too. The, the whole tie-in, because reading the solicits going ahead from this, it seems like, like the Judas contract, this storyline is going to have a lot to do with somebody betraying them on their team. Yes. And Omen is getting to the bottom of it. We see the beginning of that here where even after you know Wally disappears while they're interrogating this Hive agent and Deathstroke actually goes out and he's the one who grabbed him, after that, yeah. when they go back to Titan's Tower, Omen keeps bothering Dick. Like, what does this name mean just to you? Like, is there something you're not telling yeah, the rest yeah, of yeah. us? And he's like, no, there's nothing. And she realized yeah, like, that motherfucker's lying to me. Yeah, she's like, he's lying, that son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, Wally disappears, and you see what you go right when they're like, where's Wally? And uh, it's funny because Garth at one point's like, eh, he disappears. That guy fucking goes away at all the, all sorts of times and made me laugh. But in I'm the meantime, telling you though, that actually it made you laugh. It made me giggle a little bit. The thing is, it makes you really realize Garth has nothing to do on this team. No, he, he, he doesn't. hundred percent correct. The team gives some oh, shit yeah. for it, but he's like, you know, maybe he slipped back into the Speed Force. He yeah. does that, you know, and they, they look at him like he's an ass. I'm like, no, uh, he's yeah. already done it twice. Yeah, come yeah. on. He does that. I mean, maybe they're like. Jesus Christ, you know, have some compassion. Like, if this happens, this is fucked up. We might not see him again for years. But, yeah, he's gone, and they want to know what. Well, we go and see, and he is strapped up. And then you, as it pans out and as it goes, you see he is on pretty much a Deathstroke-made cosmic treadmill. See, that's the thing. Is that's me jumping to conclusions. I don't know exactly what the hell is going on in the machine. I would have liked a little bit more of an explanation because when Wally West comes to, he is like, you know, hooked up to all these things on a treadmill yeah, and you know he's a, the this mysterious person we find out is Deathstroke is telling him to run and while he's doing this he's telling him he's asking him questions like who are you and to yep. Wally's surprise Wally tells him exactly who he's like yep, you've told me him. up with some kind of truth serum haven't you yeah 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 but, but I don't know what this machine actually is because while he's running you can see the speed force lightning be, maybe being sucked out at yeah. one point I actually thought it was electrocuting him when he wouldn't like you know participate and run like he was supposed to yeah it kind of does know, at one point but he, they are trying to make him run fast. Exactly. And the weird part I is, don't know what it that is also it's involves him or what. Well, it also involves inclines. It's like sixty yeah. degree incline, two hundred miles per hour. Uh, but it's going, and yeah, you, when you, you can see only like this. You get the idea, cosmic. You treadmill, can only you have think. To. I mean, yes. here's the thing. You don't even – and yeah, you might be right that it's kind of making you think that he's just testing him at this point. Uh, but in the meantime, he's also talking about – going back in time and changing time the way that he thinks he knows that Flash can do. Which also makes sense do. with a cosmic, uh, cosmic treadmill. Yes, yeah, so they're, they're really pushing that. The, low, like you said, he might be getting just I stats just know that he's Deathstroke trying to find out. gets a goddamn cosmic treadmill, how Deathstroke makes a cosmic yeah, treadmill. Yeah, yeah. Well, at, All at these a are point, important questions that are not answered here. Again, he like you said, it's obviously not going to work the same as a cosmic treadmill. I think at this point, he Deathstroke is just trying to figure out how fast a Flash has to go to start changing shit, right. and they don't get to that. They and basically, Slade says at the one point, "Listen, I have a deal for you." You know, because Wally's like, "I'm not going to fucking help you. You're a you're a murderer. You're all this. You're, you know, you're fuck Deathstroke, that." The you know, and then basically off. also says, "Listen, you can't change time." 
You, you don't want to do it. Badly. You fuck with it. It never works out that way. You can change the littlest thing. It's, hey, and we all hey, know Slade, that. We, have you heard of a little thing called the Flashpoint? He's huh? like, didn't huh? you read Flashpoint? Come on now. <laughs> didn't you see that movie, Flashpoint Paradox? Shit does not go right. In the meantime, Wally does say, listen, we didn't kill your son. We, we didn't kill him. He he had his own problems. Deathstroke yeah, at this point realizes. is beyond that. Yeah. He's beyond this. He's like, I, you know, I'm, I don't fuck care. That. He's fucking Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Yeah, I don't like, care. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, he just wants to change time. Well, maybe he says, you should. listen, yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he if if Wally agrees to help. Uh, Slate will give it up. He'll yep. he'll give it up. Now, again, this is where I'm not even going to go into it. If you want to read into the solicits going forward, you do get a hint of some things that happen. I don't want to ruin it, so I'm not going to spoil it for people. Don't look at it. Uh, but it does continue with these two going on. Uh, they right. go, and even the other Wally. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, you go back to Titan's Tower, and this I'm telling you, you say that Garth has nothing to do, really, in this book. The whole team, besides the Wallys, that, you know, have nothing to do. That's been a problem for me throughout the series so far is that, like, if you're going to have a team book, you need something for each of those fucking yeah, members to do yeah. for the most part. And when it, you it's go a through this book, deal. like, issue after issue, and you don't – the majority of the team has nothing to do, that's a goddamn problem. Yeah, and here's the thing is I'll tell you that you can have a team book – where the, a lot of the teammates don't have anything to do on what you have, you can still have an okay to good book. You have a team book that everybody has something to do, like a Jeff Johns Justice League, then you have a great book. It Damn really right. does escal es escalate it up to the point where it's an awesome book when you're invested in all the characters. I mean, you're reading and you have you know Lilith and, and Dick talking, and you want to know what Garth's doing with Donna, or you want to know where Wally, you know what I mean? Or That's Arsenal, where you, you know, really... Like, nobody has nothing to do. No, and that's that's where you sit there, and it ends up being just filler when with the main characters. I mean, there are parts here where, yeah, Lilith is there. Hey, you know, Dick, what's this Lazarus name? Why aren't you telling me? I don't know anything about it. In the end, she's just like, he just lied to me. But really, what you want to do is go back to Wally and Deathstroke because there's nothing going on in Titan's Tower. It, it really is kind of boring, and you want to get back to where the exciting and thing is. You, I and I'm telling you, when I was talking earlier about this whole idea about there is a, like, you know, in the future solicits to Titans where there is a traitor amongst the Titans and they have to yeah. discover who it is, you get the idea that's here, but that doesn't have anything to play with this Lazarus contract. No. This is the only issue of Titans, I believe, in this arc. Yeah, yeah, I think so. If not, I think it's Titans, Teen Titans, Deathstroke, and Teen Titans. Yeah, and yeah, we'll so moving forward, we're going to have something, but not for this arc, which is very odd because the whole idea where Dick seems to know something about Lazarus, but is holding back and not telling anybody. You get the idea there's a traitor situation going on here, possibly, because Omen seems very upset about it. Yes. So it's weird to have that continue into an arc that is not this. It's so funny that when we were talking and you were just like, who do you think is the traitor? I'm like, it's Omen. And that's all <laughs> I thought, because she, right away. Like, she seems to be the one who has the least amount of damage. Yeah, she has the she's least the amount. She's the least interesting, and she's yes. the least known character. There's, there's the least known, and the least I have the least connection to liking her, even. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they even... And like, she's even the one if who's trying start... to find out who it is? Oh, it's yeah. Yeah, even if they like Garth, you have him. He doesn't have anything to do, but I like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've grown the. And if it's Don, it's I'll be pissed because I like, yeah, he's just a, a goofy guy. And you know it's not Roy. And he, even if it is, if it's Wally or it's whoever it is. It, it might end up only as the he he's the traitor because he did this or you know what I mean. If Wally ends up 
being helping Deathstroke now is that him being the tra- because it, it does end up where he has this deal. Uh, Deathstroke says to Wally, like we said, you could save millions of lives. You know, I'm a piece of shit. If you don't do this, I'll just continue being Deathstroke. I will kill thousands upon thousands of people, uh, and I'll just keep doing the deal. You help me. You help me get my son back. Um, I- I'll stop. You will save all these lives just to help me bring back one life. One and life. I'm telling you, and to lead to lead up to this part too, because you know Wally, he's strapped to the machine, like we said earlier. Yeah. He vibrates out of it and goes and attacks Deathstroke when he, and then Deathstroke gives him this whole like deal he wants to make with him. And yeah. I like this little call out here because Wally turns it down cold because you can't fuck with time and he can't yeah. do any of this nonsense. No. And then Deathstroke reveals he has a backup plan, and we see a fucking wall move around, and there's Kid Flash, well, the other Wally West. He yep. is trapped up to another machine, and that's a great little call-out in my mind because we know from reading the Flash book, this Wally West can't vibrate through shit. Yeah, yeah, he can't vibrate, and I like it's like in a like a a gyroscope type machine he's in those things that flip around a lot and things it's, it's like, like that. It's like one but of those it, fucking astronaut tests. Yeah, the astronauts things. Now I will say that after Wally phases out and then does attack. The it it seems like that was speed force power that was on the treadmill he was yeah. generating because when he's off of that and just attacking yeah, that's still has what the, whole the speed thing force around him, yeah. the speed force is going so I do think when he was on the treadmill it wasn't getting he wasn't getting shocked it was the speed at the one force point it seemed like he was, was generating yeah no at one point it seems like something like goes on his shoulder that actually like oh my god when he says and it gets him like i don't know what it is but yeah Yeah. i I do think it was speed force deal but yeah this is the point where now you have the thing where either this is going to be deathstroke like if you don't help me i'm gonna fuck up kid flash or i need both of you and this is the thing kid yeah, and some people got upset, and they were like, you're, you're Wally West? How can that be? I'm Wally West, and yes, they did meet. But, but only as superheroes, as Flash yes, and Kid Flash. Young Kid Flash did not ever know that you know Flash was yes. Wally West. Uh, kid, uh, Wally, the older Wally, knows that the young yeah, Wally's he, he, name he is Wally He knew this stuff West. while he was stuck in the Speed yeah. Force. He yeah, knew all he this knew shit, that but, from but Rebirth. Kid Flash knew nothing about this, and Barry... Yeah. Still, like Barry has just told Kid Flash his identity. He's not about yeah. the out Wally West. Now like, again, as well. and here's the thing: when people had said this, this happened during the week after after Wednesday when the issue came out, and people were like, "Oh man, this is bullshit." They met. I'm like, "No, no, no. There's no way that you know Kid Flash knows Wally West's name. That he helped him. He liked him." Uh, but family. this, they made it, the way they were saying it was like, all of a sudden, Wally, the young Wally, it's such a pain in the ass to talk about. I know. Young I Wally, like, this. like, like young Wally is not, I'm telling you, I don't think he's that mad. He's just saying like, you're Wally West, I'm Wally West. You know what I What's mean? What's going and, on here? Yeah, and I think that the next uh, issue, which is a good thing, like, you have Wally, Kid Flash at the end, which does have a good tie-in. Two Teen Titans, which I would expect they're going to wonder where the fuck he is. Like, who the fuck's, you know, Kid Flash? Everybody's getting all upset about whole, like, you know, hey, how could this be? They've met before. I'm sitting here looking at fucking Kid Flash. Like, would you stop yelling your name in front of the villain? Yeah, really? Well, here's the thing. The, the, now, he blows his cover. Again, though, 
is he, does he have that truth serum in him as well that made the, the other the other Wally basically told Deathstroke his name earlier? So right. Deathstroke already knows that the other Wally's Wally because he said it. I'm expecting that he has drugged him that as well, sense. and he's just saying things out loud, and also made it seem like Wally was saying things even like he didn't not just truth way, but already you know what I mean. It, it was like making him even talk more he than had diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah, yeah, I expect that that's what's happening here. And it's a cliffhanger. It's yeah, not like it's, a, it's freaking, actually a really cool it's not, cliffhanger. Yeah, in my it's mind. not like Kid Flash is there, got Wally by the neck, and is about to snap his neck. I mean, he's just like, "Here, Wally West. I'm Wally West," and he's all fucking fired up. He's probably scared shitless too. Ah, uh, yes, but that is it. And it's I don't. It, I can't say that it has me that excited about the Lazarus contract, but it it didn't upset me. And I'm still looking forward to it. But actually, if anything, I'm looking forward to the Teen Titans to get into the meat of the, the story. This because was the Titans just... really had nothing going on no, here except for the that's Lazarus the name drop. Yeah, that's the problem with me is that you did not have a lot for them to do. It's more of a Deathstroke and the Flash. The Flash is... Uh, yeah. story at the moment i want to see what happens and and i'm i'm ho- hoping to all end that we don't go to teen titans and we get a repeat of this where the teen titans team is like huh where's wally and, and then they speed sit force. around and, and do nothing yeah, as you have deathstroke working on those two again hopefully it isn't that i want to see them show up and i want to see them in manhattan and yeah. i want them to Go after Hive. I, I want to see that tying in more, and I do want to see possibly. I, I don't even if, know if we're dealing with Hive anymore now. This seems well, to that's be this the thing. Guy. I would like to have Hive be involved only because I think that they need their comeuppance from Deathstroke as well, and that would Agreed. end up, you know, ending with all of them teaming up to take down who really was the people who ended up really killing Grant. Even though you could say that, but Grant again. He had a lot to do with it as well. You know, they weren't saying, forcing we got, him we into a, a lot of we shit. We got Deathstroke wanting his son back. We got a guy named Lazarus. You know, Grant might be back by the end of this. Who the fuck yeah, I, I think I think he will be. I think he will, and it'll be funny. He'll he'll come back, and then it'll be like that City of Angels. Deathstroke will make the the deal. He'll come back and then get hit by a bus in two seconds. He'll he'll leave Titans Tower. Hey guys, thanks for being. Uh, boom, dead. You could you could have your City of Angels. Everything like this, I always go back to Pet Cemetery. Sometimes dead is better. He'll come yeah. back. Wrong. Oh, I'm saying just the fact that Nick Cage, he was an angel, Eric. I always thought he was an angel in real life, but he was an angel. He gave up that angelhood to become mortal so he, could, Meg love, Ryan. he could love Meg Ryan. At that point, Meg was okay. He wanted to love so. Meg Ryan. Then the minute he became mortal, Meg died, Eric. He was no longer an angel. Then she he was, was a saint to me. She was with the angels. Then she was an angel, but you ain't coming back from that, Eric. It's like City of Angels, which was actually a remake of a, a Wim Wenders movie, but we won't go into that, Eric. No. We will not get into that, but what did you give this? I gave this issue a 7.8 out of – I almost started whispering it again. I gave it a 7.8 out of 10, and it's mostly – I'm telling you, the, the art in this book is always amazing whenever Brett Booth, Norm Ratman, and freaking uh, Andrew Dollhouse are a team together on here. I yeah. always look forward to looking at this book just because they are phenomenal together. I had some issues, though. With the, you know, what does everybody remember about the Teen Titans time as a freaking team together back in the day? Because it still doesn't make sense to me with the timeline. And I didn't understand fully what was going on with the flashes, with Deathstroke having them hooked up to shit. Because you get the idea of Cosmic Treadmill, but I don't know. And also, you have the Titans book where the Titans don't have anything to do. It's a problem in my mind. It's something that yeah. this book has been facing each and every issue and each arc, it seems like. 
But even with that, I am excited from the little dribs and drabs that they gave us going forward into this Lazarus contract. So 7.8 out of 10, I think, is a decent score going ahead. I don't think it's too overblown, for, even with my complaints. I agree, Eric. I agree with everything you said. Stop whispering. But this is my favorite art team. It really oh, is. Oh, God, and, it's my uh, favorite, too. Brett both Norm Rappon and Andrew Dollhouse are my favorite. <laughs> well, Carrie Strachan. She she gets she you didn't mention her and poor Josh not. Reed poor Josh Reed on letters Eric you didn't mention but yeah uh, when Brett Booth Norm Rapman and Andrew Dahlhouse are on the book it's always incredible and I love the art I think it's great uh, everything in this looks really good and because of that and because I really do like the Deathstroke stuff and I'll say the the extra baggage coming in that we have from the Deathstroke being fans of the Deathstroke book and you at least get his eyesight back and the fact it it felt like Deathstroke. Like it, now, it's oh, weird yeah, totally. that Wintergreen isn't with him, kind of, and they do. I mean, they have to get Jericho out of the way because Jericho could just come in and wreck house. So Seriously. he's in rehab, and Rose is I in do think I do think Rose. I think they wanted to mention Rose because I do think she'll come out and about in the actual. Well, you kind of have to because she is Ravager right now. So yeah, if you so, bring Ravager Grant Wilson back, and there's an issue. I think that Rose was mentioned just so you know she's okay and she'll be in the book, but. Having that, it still is a forced way to get them out. You know what I mean? To not have him in this. But, yeah, I love the way Deathstroke is. It makes total sense what he's trying to do with what has led up in in the thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a bump again. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. And mostly, though, mostly it's art. I love the art in this. It's so good. And, yeah, the the biggest point of uh, contention is that the Titans themselves don't have enough to do in their own book. And you have that omen thing, like some of the, like he's lying to me, like a false thing. Like, yeah, like Nightwing is fucking, you know, Dick Grayson's the bad guy. Eh, right. Go to hell. Go thing to hell, is, omen. I, I do have one other complaint, and it's a, it's a silly complaint, but I don't know what pizza fish is, and it's thrown yeah. throughout this Well, issue. that's the thing, yeah. There's every, there's... Pizza fish is mentioned, and both me and you, as we were doing this, there's times when I shut up as I'm checking Twitter again because we both tweeted. Oh no, I got, uh, I got a, I, I sent Brett Booth a message right before we started recording this yep. section of the podcast where it said, "What the hell is pizza fish?" Inquiring minds want to know. He favorited and retweeted it, never got back to yeah. me. Yeah, uh, he favorited and retweeted mine as well. <laughs> uh, I also got. Uh, uh, let's see, but here's the deal. What is yours up to? How many retweets and favorites does your thing have? Because what I put was, what is hashtag pizza fish? I don't like the sounds of it. And had an animated gif of Jaws eating pizza. So I think that I spiffed mine up a little bit more. But what is yours at? Let me see here. I have to give it to my freaking deal. Because all he did was retweet and favorite. He never told me or you what pizza fish is. And I pizza have fish... one retweet and two favorites. Okay, I have two retweets. And two, six two, favorites. Uh, two comments. I have a comment. Uh, I win. Uh, but the, the thing is, it, pizza fish is everywhere in this. In the past, the present, it's actually the sponsor of the IV. That Deathstroke Deathstroke has has when he has his damn uh, uh, eye operation deal. So something's going on. You you think there really is a place that's a pizza fish restaurant, and Brett Booth is trying his best to get free pizza fish for life. It's just like Jimmy Palmiotti and freaking Harley's book, you know, where he's selling out all these fucking restaurants. No, what happened is he heard about that kid who ended up getting the The uh, year of Wendy's Nuggets. He wants a year's worth of pizza fish. That's all he wants. Pizza fish. And if you tell me that pizza fish is pizza with tuna fish on it, are you in? No. Pizza with 
Uh, Haddock, you in? No, I'm telling pizza you, pizza with I, trout, I, you in? Trout. No, no fish on pizza. Now, if it's a Anchovies? fish, like, I, the one thing I saw, if it's like a freaking a, a fillet of fish with freaking pasta sauce and freaking mozzarella cheese on top, maybe I'll go with that. That sounds okay. I'd even go as far as I'd go to McDonald's right now, get a fillet of fish, and and, and gussy it up there. So you're saying a fish parmesan. Yes. Is what you would think a pizza fish is. That would be more like a fish. Eh, yeah, you know what? Pizza fish might be a way to say that. Because fish pizza it sounds like things have gone completely wrong. And I, I would not like anything. And I told you before, it. I can't deal with hot tuna fish. So Yeah, you don't like hot tuna. I do not like freshwater fish. I do not like trout or bass. Catfish. Shit like catfish. God damn it. Keep that away from me. Too, uh, too fishy. And we're back. Mail section number two. You, you there, Mr. eBay? Mr. I'm eBay there. over there? I'm Badadadas. Yeah, yes, you're the eBay queen, I hear. That's I, what, I, me and Bobby that? both agree. Me and Bobby say that eBay is out. But Dalton right. is the first mail section. So I do talk to people and nobody knows what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, yes, we're going to start with Dalton in mail section number two. Dalton says, and if you remember, he had a call oh, I remember. about Detective Comics, which we uh, just talked about. So what does Dalton have to say? What's, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh Coot? Do, do. What the up, fuck Dalton? was up with Detective Comics? That shit was garbage. I didn't care for the art at all. Colony did nothing. Batwing and Azrael were useless. Clayface and Batwoman were useless. Batman did nothing. Did he listen to came in, already? Uh, no, he didn't, but it does seem like he did. And Raj came in and wrapped it all up with shooting Shiva in the tit. Why the <laughs> hell didn't you start with that, Raj? We didn't say that. That is true. Why did he let all of this get so out of hand just to shoot her? He could have shot her many other times. I he guess I, the only way I can, there's box. only one thing I can think of is that he wanted to get the League of Shadows knocked out. But yet Shiva didn't eh, have the detective sense. squad take him out yeah, beforehand, yeah. so we get a clean guess, shot of her But titty. he was really—you're playing a, a dangerous game there, Raj. When you have a, an atomic Man. bomb below Gotham, <laughs> quit wasting everyone's time. There is a shit ton of nonsense dialogue. Azrael says he will interface his suit with a rudimentary computer on a bomb. Batwing says, "Yeah, that could work." What? It will seem like those dialogue bubbles got mixed up. Their grammar mistakes on the second page make me think that letter should be smacked. This was a weak-ass ending to a story that started high and plummeted quickly. Fuck you, five is too good for it. I didn't get any sense of a completed story. I bet Brian Hitch would have done a better job. 
Ooh. That's crazy. Shame on the creative team behind the book. You guys dropped the fucking ball. This book was just awful. I don't know if you, if I can drop Detective Comics from my pull list, but this book sure made me want to. On the other hand, I enjoyed Action Comics. The art was fantastic, and I really like what this book has been doing ever since that intergalactic bounty hunter business. I look forward to hearing you guys review Detective, which you would have already heard. I hope you hated it as much as me, and yeah, we pretty much did. We were we were both pretty goddamn angry about it. And yeah. Really, it was one of the most lackluster endings to that long of a setup that I've ever read. So there you go. And thanks, Dalton. And the next one is Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas. Sup, Brandon. Sup from the fucking B-Town. He didn't say that. Uh, No, Buffalo. B-Town, baby. Not Bean Town either. B-Town. Oh. Sup, fellas, from B-Town. I'm just going to make up shit that Brandon says amongst this. And you have to point out when I make up something that isn't Brandon actually saying it, okay? A couple things need addressing before we get to this book this week. Yeah, it's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, my birthday celebration. I don't even know what I said. (laughs) Number one, my birthday celebration started inconspicuously enough. Just a few drinks, then a group of us headed to an escape room. All right. Okay. Yeah, saying. Our particular room theme was jailbreak and had a 34% success rate. I don't, don't know what room he's, this time, I don't know what he's just talking like about. Yeah, really. Jim, if you, Eric, or anyone else incentive. has no clue what this is or what I'm talking about, it's basically a place set up with several various theme rooms laced with clues you have to use to try and get out of the room in a set amount of time. Basically play Batman for an hour and escape someplace. Sounds like nonsense. So we split up into two groups, and they put us in two mock jail cells where we could see a mock guard room and use the items around us to get out. We had a mock cellmate who mock raped us in the mouth (laughs) uh, mockingly while mocking us. My team happened to escape in the end, placing fourth overall for that room. Or nice. so we were told, I guess. He's already, I think that he already can't even remember this shit. Really, all this was was he was stuck in a porta john with his ass cheeks wedged into a goddamn fucking toilet seat. That was his uh. escape room. And I think we were supposed to be celebrated by having our team name up on a wall or something. This is until the lady who runs the place saw our team name was Handy J's and suddenly changed <laughs> her mind, giving us coupons to turn instead they didn't want the handy jays on the wall the handy jays from the handy jays from b-town anyway had a great time doing this so if any of the get fresh crew doop doop have at one of these places around them i suggest giving it a try it was good fun there he did he, he would have been they would have been on the wall but it was the handy jays it's jays. weird though why couldn't she just say is there any way we can change this team name so we can put you on the well, wall i'm sure she did and they said no emphatically yeah yeah probably they're like yeah we're the glory holes and she's we're like the give rapists. Them, she's like give them give them fucking coupons jesus christ <laughs> Uh, oh my number god, two. this one kid just fucking pissed himself. Give him coupons. Yeah, really, give him coupons. And like I said, he was in no fucking escape room. He was so drunk, he doesn't know where the fuck he was. Two. He has a coupon to Kmart. Yeah, really. <laughs> two, afterward, and the, the worst thing is there hasn't been a Kmart in Buffalo in six years. <laughs> number two, afterwards, we attended the bar where things went downhill quickly. Now, I'll preface this by saying I don't drink much anymore, but once the wheels are greased a little bit and friends are around, That'll look happen. out. Yeah, so it was my brother, three of my longtime friends, boys since second grade. They're boys, there. Boys, and all my. Is that your boy? Is that your boy? And all y'all ladies. So the ladies were there. 
This is start the the mystery is starting to unravel here because yeah. this is like our own escape room, Eric. I did not think the ladies were involved. Me either. Is it worse that the ladies were involved where we end up the spoiler alert? Brandon pisses his pants. I think it's worse yes. that the ladies were there. Well, Definitely. needless to say, we got rowdy. My memory gets fuzzy. These are the notes that follow. At one point, one of my girlfriend's friends uh, she works with comes over and introduces herself to everyone, then starts confronting me about why I'm not married to such a fabulous woman yet. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. I asked if she was married. She said yes. So I told her, well, you seem miserable, so that's partly why. Also, I think I repeated to her several times, I really don't care what you think. Eventually, this caused a momentary ruckus. And then Girls, the am I right? Nonstop. You see, yeah, this, the escape room was him trying to avoid lefts and rights. Number uh, B. The bathroom line was a goddamn mile long. There was two stand-up and one closed pisser, and there were cops every five feet in this place. So public urination was not an option unless you wanted to spend some time in the clink. It was very crowded. Actually, you know what? Why not? You already learned how to escape one. Let it go. Colonel Clinker. Home those fucking handy J skills. Handy J's versus the, the, I don't know. I like you said. I Versus like the glory the holes, but yeah. <laughs> it was a very crowded place. This will all contribute later. So basically, every time he went to get to go to the bathroom, he never was able to. See, well, then while I, after a failed attempt to pee, I thought everyone said they were leaving. I went to uh, I went to and was sitting in the car for several minutes just waiting for everyone. Well, it turns out nobody really said this <laughs> and everyone else was still inside. Just classic drunk miscommunication. When I decided to finally go back in, never they had- all came out i still have to piss but don't want to walk by all the cops and bouncers again so i think i can make it so risk it on the way home d a long story short i miscalculated there was no gatorade bottle in the car and the driver wouldn't stop on the road we were on i want to know is this a male or female driver he doesn't want to say it's his girlfriend so i did what i had to do did what he had to do and hold it we were just headed back to my house, so it was a quick change for me, and that was my 35th birthday. So basically, if you didn't know, he pissed his pants. He yeah. pissed his pants, got home, and his young, adorable daughter probably pointed at him and laughed. Said, Who, I don't even do that, juice, Daddy. daddy. <laughs> uh, and here's the, here's the books, All-Star. I like this better, more interesting for sure. The backups are still bullshit, though. I don't know something about these All-Star stories. Still are not vintage Scott Snyder to me. I missed the Scott from Court of the Owls through Endgame, where I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, just dying to turn the next page, where the wait for next month took forever. Detective. Well, there was no ink bottle spilled on every page this week, but that didn't really help the art any at all, either. I don't know what happened to this book, but it seems... Seems like it went from art being a high priority with great covers, layouts, and splash pages, something thrown together by a random artist five seconds before a deadline needs to be hit, while the artist kids throw shade at him about his loveless marriage after flushing a bag of jalapeno chips down the toilet. I know what that's all about. What was once a $25 pull list must is, is now a scattered mess of characters and Batman ass beatings. I'm almost out. I I would be. I'd be out if, if I was not yes, reading well. and reviewing it. Action Superman. I have no idea anymore. I'm so confused. I'll start with our favorite mother of Rebirth, Lois. This may be the least attractive rendition of Lois uh, yet since Rebirth started. She's even dressed like a mom from the 80s in the beginning of the book. She kind of is, isn't she? <laughs> Moving on, goddammit, I love Suburb Superman so much. But even at my older age, this character still creeps the living hell out of me. Nice. I like that spring, Eric. Just something so unsettling about him. Then he rips his face off. I almost pissed my pants again. 
again. However, the bullshit <laughs> Supergirl. Yes. However, the bullshit Supergirl Connell Cyborg non Hank Henshaw version does not have that same threat effect. No, it not doesn't. at all. It's also the art. I can't wait to get more of this story, and frankly, I'm scared for what Superman is going through right now in both books, which is something rare to say about that character. He's not a huge Superman fan. I mean, uh, I wasn't he is either. Now. You know, it's one yeah. of those characters that was always there, but I'm like, you know, I got Green Lanterns, Justice Leagues, and Batman, so I ain't got time for you, Superman. Money's but... is money, Sarah, and yeah. times is times. But yeah, you're you're really enjoying it. That's one of those that you have both the Superman and action books. And I couldn't be you, happier. You really, yeah, it really paid off for you. Red Hood. I still love this book, especially the art. If you brought the variant cover, it didn't. If you bought the variant cover, it didn't have the Red Hood frowning mask on it. So I opted for that since I really can't think of anything I hate more than frowning metal masks in comics. Seriously. Yeah, I, I've had a problem with that since we started our site. Anytime <laughs> that it has any sort of emotions on that mask, it drives me nuts. And even a mouth, it, it gets me all upset. Titans was pretty badass. Too excited for hopefully a beginning middle and end to an actual crossover here still got to read new superman which was great and wonder yep. woman which was kind of treading water which is always the last thing i read Ike chance from the guy from a town suddenly with two gms again he they they didn't have a lot of general managers their sports teams before in the b town and that is brand at bmuir 3660 yes uh right now we're gonna go off he's probably pissed himself three times but we're gonna go to the marvel minute where he is gonna do what eric i have it written down what do you think would be this week do oh you know fuck. any it's of the, the books it's the one thing i voted for and i cannot remember what the fuck it is now. it is an inhumans book i'll tell you that you may not have even known it was an inhumans book when it's you a voted. crazy title and it's it was secret one, warriors sure number one for secret warriors number one uh, is a Inhumans book, but there, Trevor and Brandon are going to talk about that, and then we'll be back with more books. I sacrifice it all if he has to react and think about it after. Yeah. Uh, you heard right, motherfucker. Grandmama daughter ain't raised no sucker. Heart full of pride and a head full of anger. Attitude of a winner. All right, Weird Science, how we doing? This is Brandon and Trevitt. We're coming at you guys with this week's Marvel Minute. He obviously put the vote up to Twitter, and you guys, 40% of you picked Secret Warriors number one, and that is... Written by Matthew Rosenberg, art team Javier Guerin, and Israel Silva. Yeah. Of course, that's a Marvel Comics production. Did I nail those names this week or what? Yes, you did. I think you did. All right. You want to say hi, McKenna? Say hi to everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, full-blown dad duty today, so this might uh, consist of a few interruptions. Um, forewarned. Everybody listening. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about some Secret Warriors 1 here. Uh, it's a tie-in to uh, Secret Empire. So, you know, we're going to get into the blurb, give you a quick two-sentence history about Secret Warriors, and then obviously me and Trevor are going to do what we do and then talk a little bit about this book here this week. Uh, kind of, I, I, I split it up in a little bit of a different order than it's written. So, so we're, we're going to talk about it in chronological order, even though it, it jumps all over. I saw that. That's oh, a good I'm idea. sorry. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to try to talk about it that way. I just swallowed a bunch I will, of coffee. Ground. I will. Oh, 
<laughs> All right, so we got children interruptions going on. We got coffee grounds in our mouths. Uh, this is going to be a crazy one this week, so bear with us here, people. We're going to get into the blurb here while Trevor recovers from that. I hear you. Watch your show. Thank you. Uh, it's tie-in time. You know what that means. An avalanche of books will now relate to Secret Empire. There's no escape in the madness. Well, since we're the crazy ones that read this stuff and tell you whether or not it's worth your time, McKenna, stop, please. I am saying it quiet. <laughs> oh my god somebody kill me <laughs> all right so i'm going to tone it down here i'm getting close to the mic picking up in the middle of the blurb <laughs> well it's one of the crazy ones that read this stuff and tell you whether or not it's worth your time we dove head first into secret warriors number one an inhuman centric tie into marvel's latest line wide event so what's the deal? At least 40% of you are asking. Stay tuned, stay off that skip button, and find out who these warriors are and exactly what they're up to. All right, so let's get into our two-sentence history. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know the Secret Warriors, and then you know we'll share our feelings or our knowledge on them before we get into it here. A group of underground S.H.I.E.L.D. agents uh, are basically what the Secret Warriors are. They're formally headed by Nick Fury, uh, currently run in this volume by Daisy Johnson, it looks like. Uh, that tends to pop up in and around Marvel event comic time. Uh, they usually work in the shadowy background to take down Hydra forces or S.H.I.E.L.D. during the frequent times that they're overtaken by other outside influences such as, in this case, Hydra. Uh, have you ever read any Secret Warrior stuff before or no? Uh, I've read a few yeah. issues. I have the collected editions, but I haven't gotten to them yet. Yeah. See, I'm a Secret Warriors virgin here. So, like, uh, we were talking right. beforehand. Uh, you said, like, um, you know, some people were outraged because it's not, you know, the traditional Secret Warriors team, whatever that means, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I know that uh, Quake was a part of uh, the original Secret Warriors team, and so was um, Manifold from yeah. And Nick Fury led it, and uh, and the couple of the like uh, I when I was flipping through the the collected editions, I got I was in the second volume, and I read the the David Marquez issue, and then like a couple of issues after that because I got just got sucked into the story, and it, it was pretty enjoyable. So yeah, um, I like I said, I'm a Secret Warriors version, so I, I don't have any ties to it, you know, and that's where I, I I'm a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to Marvel in that way, because when they change something, I, I'm one of those. Not that I get upset, but I really don't follow the new book too much. Uh, but here is one of those cases I don't care, especially if it's something that's decent and grabs grabs my attention. So, um, you know, again, a quick note: uh, we're we're kind of going to go over the book a little bit out of order because it. it consists of a lot of time jumps which doesn't really make it hard to follow it's done very well but uh sanity when we talk about it to keep things straight you know we're gonna we're gonna go in order here um kind of reorganizing how the book's written so uh when we're talking about it that's how things are going down here so first part we'll discuss is before the takeover happens uh chronologically the first part consists in Annapolis uh, uh, with Captain America, Sharon Carter, 
uh, Dum Dum Dugan's crew, Quake, some of her crew, uh, and all that company as they discuss kind of like, you know, events going down with what, ch- am I am I mistaken in like they're talking about Chitari and all that shit? Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm flipping through it right now, trying to get to the page. Oh, this is. Yeah, uh, so, the, some of you guys asked, tweeted at me this week. You know, my, your daughter needs to be featured more. Well, you're getting a big dose of her this week. She's going to be all <laughs> over the place. You'll hear her in the background. So, not a deal with it. I'll mute her best I can. Uh. I think so it's yeah, they're, they, they're talking about the Chitari and stuff. I think it's when uh, they're sending them. I think they're planning the mission where they're sending them to the Baltimore Harbor. I got you. Yeah, because um, Quake is, is kind of, they don't really lead on to what her original mission is, but but she's kind of pissed caps taking her off what she was doing to go to this new place. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's just really a one-page you know discussion, but uh, the the next part that takes place chronologically is is Quake and her crew, not not yet the Secret Warriors, uh, really just her crew of Shield agents, kind of like TV centric based crew, some of them anyway. Um, as they go to this Baltimore Harbor mission, uh, and it looks like they're just being flat out ambushed by this this quote unquote wrecking crew. Wrecking crew. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, uh, is this uh, again the goddamn dude with the wrecking ball? What's his name? I always forget. Um, I, I forget his name too. I mean, I know the the wrecker. Uh, with we the, just with talked the, about him the, like last on. week in the <laughs> the other one. And I've read him like in like Avengers, like Bendis Avengers and stuff. Like I've seen him in stories, but I just can never remember his yeah. name. But I always remember the wrecker. <laughs> he was, yeah, just, we're bad. <laughs> They were just bad comic right, fans right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he was also in Black Bolt. Like the dude's fucking everywhere. Um yeah. But anyway, his name will come to me. Like well, when we're almost done with the book, I'm just gonna shout it out here randomly. But uh anyway, they're all taking out these shield agents and they do kind of mention they're being killed. I don't I don't think all of them get killed. Um well, kind of one of the highlights of this exchange is yo yo. She's one of the people from the Agents of T- uh, Shield TV show. Is she? Uh, yeah, she she pulls Quake out of the um, out of the building to save the leader, essentially, because everybody watched. else is just going down left and right. I've never watched. Uh, well, I mean, I watched the the first season, but I never fully like watched. Pat was she in the first season, or am I just? No, she she's she's kind of yeah. Last year she popped in, or maybe it was this year. Okay. Uh, and, and Quake's obviously, you know. The main, pretty much the main character, yeah. Um, But anyway, so Quake is the only member of the crew kind of able to get outside this building and escape. Uh, She she's ultimately confronted by the entirety of the wrecking crew, and just brings the building down on top of them in in kind of a pretty badass move. I got his name now. I I looked it up on Wikipedia. His his name is his name is Thunderball. Thunderbolt. Uh, the, Thunderbolt. See, I'm thinking of a different guy. And then okay, the I'm thinking of a different guy. Is pile driver. The, the names are just okay. They're, yeah, they're kind of ridiculous. It's wrecker, thunderball, pile driver, and bulldozer. Okay. Yeah. 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 All those dudes are are making up the wrecking crew right now. Yeah. Um, Quake brings the building down on the wrecking crew and possibly any you know shield agents still 
you know, hanging on to life in that fucking building. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's that was but, crazy. You know, like I didn't expect it to go down like that. Like like them yeah, all getting yeah, murdered. Just, <laughs> yeah, she just flat out, you know, le- leads unknowingly her crew into just a murder pit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happens here. And she's the only one left. She brings the building down on the bad guys and gets the hell out of Baltimore because this only reinforces the weird science theory of nothing good happens in Baltimore. Stay the fuck out of there. It's true. Uh, unless you're going to an Orioles game or the Inner Harbor <laughs> right on the water. I went to a four game. Oh, a three. I went to a three game Red Sox series. Uh, you know, they played the Orioles three days in a row. Um, and uh, I was there for four days, and it's it's a really not a good safe yeah. place. Like, not like a if safe you walk, place. walk down just yeah the the wrong street for too long in Baltimore, you're in some shady territory. I lived near there for a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, the next part that takes place chronologically is after all this shit has gone down, Quake is on a, a train that's Brooklyn bound, um, and she ends up kind of having a secret meeting with Collison. Uh, and they try to determine who or what is behind all this latest shield takeover nonsense. Um, you know, they drop Cap's name, but but Col- Collison obviously is hesitant to believe Cap is the one really behind all this right now. And he, he mentions, let's go kind of find out what we can and, and reconvene in 72 hours at the chipped cup. I think she's, you know, she's, she was suspicious of Captain America from the get, like right when he suggested yeah. that mission, she, uh, yeah. you know, she knew there was something up. Yeah. She, she's, she's, she has her suspicions about Cap Collison. I think just doesn't want to believe it. Cause you know, they, they write him like directly from the movies. Cap is essentially his idol, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what happened. So, so he, he's trying to find out information to disprove I, I think like what Quake is thinking, you know, and Quake's trying to find out information to, to further prove her theory. Yeah. Uh, what happened? And they, they say, well, let's find out what we can find out. No, they did. They didn't. That that's uh, at the end of the book, like in the previews, um, one of the tie-ins, and I want to say it might be fucking Deadpool, is like what happened to Carlson. <laughs> I was yeah, I was wondering what like the last page is he brainwashed? Like, do you think he's like, or he's being held captive? Like one or the other? Like, no, I think I think yeah, he's probably captured right now because I, you know, he's a longtime Shield agent. I feel like he has some sort of shit in his brain or been programmed to withstand some standard Hydra brainwashing. You know, yeah, mental attacks. A lot of Marvel, like most Marvel characters do, and like Shield people. But I mean, I know most of the Shield people that are are Hydra now because they walked, you know, they have, what's that yeah. guy, Dr. Faustus, you know, yeah, mind he them brainwashed all. them all kind of. Um, so that's really like the prequel part of the story that's, that's interspersed throughout the book. And, and now we're, we're discussing the after takeover part. Uh, so this is with secret empire in full effect. And, and we pick up where actually the books ironically starts with quake sitting at the chipped cup awaiting the meeting we just discussed, you know, sitting over I mean, a cup of coffee. That's after the train, right? Like, you know, they go on their but, missions to find yeah. out stuff and then, uh, and then they, meet yeah, this is the 72 hours later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, was a great scene. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I like this a lot. Um, and, and you see like, she doesn't have any of her shield gear on, like she doesn't have her gauntlets on, which is why her fingers and, and shit are taped. Cause 
when she doesn't have that stuff on, um, using her Cross. powers kind of fucks with her bones and shit. Yeah, it causes micro fractures because of the so, Yeah, so so she's trying to go deep undercover without any, you know, rec- recognizable gives. But but these two shield agents anyway, also in the chipped cup, uh, currently brainwashed recognizer, and they're like, "You got to come with us, there, honey." Um, <laughs> and she I love the interaction. She don't take too kindly to that. Yeah, the whole conversation, like the dialogue, is is really good and it's funny, and I and I love the like the the back and forth. You know, like he's talking to her, but then. He'll like kind of ask himself questions, but have the guy at the bar answer. Like you know, when he's talking about where the fuck is this place, Jeff? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at first, you don't really get the impression that these these dudes are bad shield agents, but but then this dude starts straight up eating sugar packets, and you're like, that's some fucking that's some pre crime bullshit right there. That dude is bad. <laughs> Got bad written all over him. When I read, when I was reading um, the notes, and I saw when I saw that, like when you wrote that, I just died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some scary shit. You see someone eating sugar packets, get the fuck away from him. Uh, yeah, there's something wrong with that person. So yeah, she throws like coffee in his face. She's like, here, take some coffee with your fucking sugar. She doesn't actually say, but she should have. Um. You know, uses her powers on the other dude and, and takes off. And then we pick up on this, like, uh, this shield, hi- and shield, this Hydra, currently, like, all Hydra people in this brigade traveling down a New Jersey highway. I don't um, know if they're, like, actual Hydra soldiers or they're shield soldiers in Hydra uniforms. Yeah, or- yeah it's weird because... Or they're just like regular sit, because the, the way the the main dude they highlight, like in this shield or a shield, they keep calling it fucking shield. <laughs> this Hydra Brigade, the young uh, guy, right? Yeah, the dude with like the buzzed up red hair, like yeah, he acts yeah. like a total asshole. Like you get the impression he's not super trained. Like is this dude brainwashed for Hydra? What the fuck's going on with this guy? Um. Because to me, like, if you're a Hydra soldier that's brainwashed, you're not running through the woods, like, trying to take off. No. You're not, like, you're not being as sarcastic and just comical as this dude is. You know what I'm saying? It threw me off a little bit. Like, didn't affect my enjoyment of it all. But I'm like, if everybody's drinking funky water and everybody's, quote, unquote, brainwashed, this dude's acting like a, a brainwashed asshole, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, actually, <laughs> he's forced to be there and he doesn't want to be there. Like. <laughs> like you can be like brainwashed for Hydra, but it it doesn't help your intelligence level. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you know, Quake pulls the. We don't know it's Quake quite off the bat. You get the sense she she pulls the tactical decision to drop like a tree on the the first truck in this brigade to, to stop the rest of them from progressing, um, and then starts flipping these fucking trucks. Some badass moves. Um, yeah, that was pretty crazy. She's pretty powerful. Yeah, know. like, yeah, she is. Uh, you know, j- just bringing down the fucking earth around all these dudes and throwing them off their game. Uh, so they go just scattering, especially when they're the two quote unquote, you know, guests she called along show up. Uh, be obviously, you know, from the cover of the issue, Miss Marvel and Moon Girl. With her her companion Devil Dino, um, I've I've never read any Moon Girl besides 
besides in IVX, you know, when she popped up in there. Yeah, I haven't either. No, I, I didn't know, know her dinosaur. Smart. I mean, I don't know what I expected, but her dinosaur is straight up eating dudes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she, yeah, I'm like, oh, he just eats people. All right, he's a it's dinosaur not, for sure. The main dude that we were, you were just talking about, um, you know, who's acting like an asshole, the guy behind him with the black hair gets eaten because you hear the yeah, scrunch. Yeah, he, he, yep, he just, <laughs> he just disappears off panel. Uh, he, he goes... He goes the opposite way that Boomerang went, where Boomerang's... Oh, no, no, no. He goes the same way Boomerang went, with his, his feet just laying there, you know? Inside uh, a dinosaur. Um, so so we got shit going down everywhere, especially when Miss Marvel, you know, blows up to huge size, is taking people out. The dinosaur's clearing house. So, so they take care of all this Hydra nonsense um, and, and some cool action... action shots and and panels Uh, and then yeah i liked it a lot the art is pretty cool throughout the book um and then they end up finding out what this whole brigade was for and they rescue and is it inferno i'm so bad with these inhuman names yeah it's inferno yeah it's inferno and a few other random guys i don't think they they name along with him do they no and and i don't know who they are either yeah i I don't either i mean this guy looks like a weird like hulking version of drax with like an alien yeah. head i thought it was drax for for the for, <laughs> i i was convinced it was like i'm like this is like killer croc and drax had a baby you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah that's exactly what it uh, looks like <laughs> <laughs> it does it really does i've never seen them but either one of those two people before it's like they did like two red shirts and inferno yeah like new human yeah <laughs> so they rescue like three inhumans they they join along with the rest of this crew and Use the GPS system, from what I take, uh, to to track down where this brigade was was taking these Inhumans they rescued to. Um, you know, in in some pretty cool background information from the main Secret Empire book, we find out uh, the the Hydra internment camp is in New Jersey, or one of them is anyway, uh, and that's what this GPS was leading them all to. And uh, they decide to to ambush this place because the whole point for Quake, essentially this whole point for this this issue of this comic is to rescue who we find out is Karnak because they need Karnak to, to turn the tide of the battle, so to speak. I found out a few interesting facts. Like when I was, after I read this book, I was, um, I, you know, I read a couple of reviews and, and I found out that they Quake was never really an Inhuman. Like that's technically not her origin. But I, I guess right, yeah. I guess right here they're like retconning her origin mm-hmm. and making her a part of the Inhumans. And one little thing is, I, I never knew that Karnak never went through Terragenesis. Like he has actually no Inhuman powers. Yeah, he's oh, still sorry. an in, uh, he's still considered an Inhuman, but he's he's like refused to undergo the process, but still has yeah. powers somehow. I don't yeah, I, I don't know how that. all that works. I, I know. I read like, the first issue of his comic because Ellis was writing it, and I wanted to check it out. But then it it was like such a shitty schedule. I just gave yeah, up following it. You know. Yeah, super delayed. Um, I heard. Yeah, like six issues, or even you know less than that, came out over a year and a half. Essentially, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not. That's insane. It's like a Batman, uh, Dark Knight three fucking release schedule, even worse. Um. <laughs> I know he has like superhuman strength and reflexes because Inhumans are naturally born. His main power is basically he knows every weak 
weakness. Like, you know, he, he yeah. knows the weaknesses to everybody that can basically win any fight. Which is pretty uh, cool. That it's like he learned that technique. Like he's a badass. Yeah, character. it's a crazy, crazy power, crazy thing to to know about. So that's what like the Secret Warriors' entire purpose was, and and the twist to all this is that when they get to Karnak and and they break in this base, um, uh, shit's going down all around them, and Quake basically finds out from Karnak that he doesn't want to go with them at, at at first first glance. Uh, until like basically he runs into bed. Moon Girl. <laughs> yeah, he runs into Moon Girl and he totally changes his mind. Uh, which is weird because, I don't know, he didn't see the giant dinosaur roaming around the entire time until the little three-foot Moon Girl came walking up to him. He's like, oh, okay, uh, now I'm down with you guys, you know? Yeah. And that's where the book ends. It's really weird. It's, <laughs> I was like, this is the last page? This is a weird <laughs> fucking ending to the book. <laughs> I just don't get his attitude about not caring about being there. Like he's like, you know, yeah. he's like, I got a bed. He's like, I got food. He's like, nothing's nothing's wrong, you know. He's I know, like, he, I have no reason I know he's anti, um, you know, he's anti fighting. He's basically like an inhuman monk. Like if he doesn't, he won't fight if he doesn't have to. So I don't know if he, if he just thinks like this will run its course. So I'm not going to do anything or like he. You know, I get the aspect of I'm tired of fighting, but there's a difference between being tired of fighting and being a, just a straight up, you know, prisoner in, in, a, in an internment camp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's kind of a weird wink, wink, nod, nod. Oh, well, the inhumans are being rounded up into internment camps, but we're feeding them and taking care of them with beds. So it's it's okay. <laughs> he's all, I mean, he, he seems like he's uh, he's lost all hope because he's like, you know, my people are going extinct. He's like, the country's falling apart. He's like, I got a bed. He's like, I, you know, yeah. the rest is inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and it was weird, but that he said his people are going extinct because his, his people just exploded in population. The, the mutants were going extinct. Going so extinct, I don't, yeah. I didn't understand that part either. Oh, because Medusa um, got rid of the Terrigen cloud cloud. So there's no more, there's no more new ones, but you know, there, there were still a whole shitload of ones. Yeah. That were just yeah, made. That was like the last <laughs> two years, you know, uh, that's that's the end of the book. It ends really weird, but up until that point, it, it was a, a great weird, a uh, great read, not great weird. Um, <laughs> the art was a little weird though on that last page. Like everyone just kind of looked a little off, and like you know the the, the bottom, positioning right? of of everything. Like yeah, coming at you just looked strange. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I like I like the art. Uh, so overall, I would I would you know as far as buy, borrow, forget goes surprisingly for me th i guess i would rate this a buy because you know if you're definitely into secret empire this is a worthwhile tie-in for you because you know it spotlights the plight of the inhumans uh which was so far not really touched upon in the main book um the story's just a clever little spy tale you know with twist turns and, and back and forth uh it spotlights just really the most popular inhumans that that they want miss marvel moon girl quake uh, and has little humor, little intrigue, little action, so a little bit of everything. Well, like we said, the art's damn good, uh, except the little wonkiness at the end. Um, and I'm not personally into Secret Empire. You know, I'm reading it. I, I'm not not enjoying it. But um, you know, it it's it's a cool Inhuman title that I I didn't think I'd have any interest in. That 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 is intriguing so far to me. You know. Uh, 
especially it not being a traditional action-filled superhero book or like something I, I watched on TV as a kid or, or something extremely weird, which are my pullist books. You know what I'm saying? It's something different for me. And for the, all that, it would just be a buy. Uh, how about you? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's uh, it's totally a buy. I, I mean, I've read a lot of Inhumans books, but this one is uh, has a really fun, interesting take. Like, you know, there's it, a bunch of Inhumans that are reluctant to find themselves together because they're mostly new Inhumans. Yeah. Um, but uh, Because really, all the, like, royal people are in space. You're reading that book, right? Yeah, yeah, well, obviously yeah. Obviously, Black yeah. Bolt's in prison. The rest of the crew, like, went, Medusa and all them went off planet, right? Yeah, yeah, they all went to uh, the Cree homeworld to find some uh, some ancient like relic that's supposed to help them thrive or something like you know some kind of new new path for the Inhumans. But uh, you know, Black Bolt's supposed to be there, but Maximus swapped him out. But uh, but this is really interesting because it's a different way to see the Inhumans on Earth, you know, and it's not going to focus on the royal family, you know. And yeah. I, I almost. I almost find this more interesting than Secret Empire itself. Like, I, I like Secret yeah, Empire. I know, I'm right there with you, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I and, like this better than Secret Empire, with art and everything. Yeah, with art and everything. Like, Secret Empire is a cool idea, but so far it's fallen a little flat with me. Like, I try to like it a lot mm -hmm. more than than it's actually worth. Like, it's about a, like a six and a half, mm -hmm. seven at best, but... um. But this is fun. Like this is real fun, and um, I, I hear good things about Matthew Rosenberg. Like people talk really well about his uh, Kingpin book. Yeah. So I and, oh, that, and he's just, writing that too. Okay. Yeah, he's writing that too, and um, he's going to be handling the Venom Verse book. And uh, you know, I like he does really well with dialogue. I like how he you know he switches the story around. So you're like in the past, in the present, in the past, in the present, and but it but it it works beautifully. Like it doesn't. I don't find it like a pain in the ass to read like sometimes stories when they like go back and forth like that it can be a little bit of a pain in the ass but yeah yeah no this, this was easy to follow yeah it's easy to follow he did it really yeah. well and javier garen or uh, however you pronounce his name i assume it's garen i don't know but um yeah his art's great his art's great and he yeah, did have, like, cool. the majority of ivx and and i don't think it looked this good it looks really really sharp and very very colorful the colors are great uh i like how it's um, faded when you go back in the past yeah, it it's like very bright in the present it was a, yeah, it was a nice surprise for the week. Uh, so you guys out there, you picked well. Um, you made us happy. So yeah, most definitely. Uh, stay tuned Monday. You know what? We got our uh, Monday and Tuesday Get Fresh Crew radio gigs. Um, <laughs> we got our Get Fresh Crew radio gigs on the Mixler station, uh, and then we always put up the poll Monday night for you guys. So retweet that, get the word out, uh, and pick the book you want us to talk about for next week's edition. Uh, of the Marvel Minute. Uh, but that's it for me and Trevitt. If you're looking for us, you can find me on Twitter at bmer3660. Find you, man. I can find me on Twitter at Fanatics. All right. I got a special guest going to sign us off. Say, Party's over. All right, guys. You have a good week. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. That was great. <laughs> Designed to bounce with Nelson Ventura. Designed to fill your mind now that you realize the prize.
All of a sudden, the songs all seem to suddenly end. I don't know. Did Even you edit that them? Kind of, no, I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe I was sleepwalking. Sleep editing, possibly, Eric. That might be a thing now. Sleep editing. But welcome to book section number two. I'd like to say that this book section is an all-star JLA Wonder Woman section. How about that, Eric? Is, wow, that, a good yeah. ta- is that a good name for a section? What would you Not actually bad. say it, this it section would be? It talks about it pretty be? well, I think. Uh, this is Batman. Actually, we can just go full out Bruce Wayne Batman section because I forgot he's in Wonder Woman too. So there you go. That's right. There is the tie-in. Bruce Wayne is the tie-in. Doesn't he tie into everything that Bruce Wayne? That Bruce you Wayne. Say yes. The things that Bruce Wayne has seen, Eric. Uh, I could only imagine. I could only imagine if that man could talk. Boy, the does. tales. The tales he tell, Eric. And does. <laughs> the tales he tell. You're supposed to say and does again. I just like you. And does. But we're going to start off with a book that I, I took over from you, and it is All-Star Batman. You were reviewing it. I took it over from you. We just figured we'd make a change. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I took it over. I, I'm guessing that I liked it more than you still. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it was a lot of fun, Eric. A lot of fun. A lot of laughs. It was a lark, even. A lark. A huh? lark. A lark, Eric. I'm trying, Stop to get my, me of that. trying to get my notes. Why yeah, did you get that already? I, I had it, but then as we were talking, I was looking to see what the next mail section was, and I <laughs> fucked myself up. All-Star Batman number 10. The tales he would tell, Eric. And does. Written by Scott Snyder. You know, Scott Snyder, the tales he would tell. I don't know. He doesn't talk to me. He talks to you. Okay. Art by Raphael Albuquerque, Jody Belair. And Steve Wands, Eric, our man the tales Steve he would write. Wands, the tales he would letter. I took this book over from Eric to review, starting with this issue, and I think I jumped in at the right time. I love Raphael Albuquerque's art, and Scott Snyder shows he can write a kick-ass fun story when he wants to. There you go. <laughs> Short and sweet. I think I was going to continue there. And Did I you think have to go that, and cook dinner? Yeah, I think that's when I had to go cook dinner because I look, I didn't write shit for Wonder Woman, so we're fucked at the end of this. I'm going to have to make something <laughs> up on the fly <laughs> because I did. I ended up having to go write, go make dinner. So there you go. Short and sweet, Eric. The tales cool. he would tell. And I like this I... issue. I thought this issue was a lot of fun. Uh, and it's, a, it's an Alfred story, but it's going to start off. And, and even so, it's an Alfred story, but... Scott Snyder isn't going to not give you Batman and All-Star Batman. It's an Alfred Batman. story chock full of Batman. Yeah. Oh, it's chock full of Batman. <laughs> the tales. Uh, the thing is, 
this was solicited and even spelled out all along. This is going to be an Alfred story. And I thought, boy, that's some balls that Scotty Snyder has to use All-Star Batman to tell a Alfred story. The way I thought, the way it was spelling out, that it was just going to be Alfred in the past. Right. And, you know, an MI6, is that how you say it? MI6, yeah. Eric? You, you know how it is. You watch BBC. Uh, I thought that, that, And I, I thought that that was going to be like that. But it, uh, it's not. And it even starts out to the point where you knew that was Alfred right away, right? Yeah. It's funny, because though. Because you spoiled it for me earlier this week. Yeah, but you, you probably would have as well, wouldn't you? Because I was reading it, and you do start out, and the, with multiple readings, you realize that right away you get that tag. You mm-hmm. get that on the first page. The first time reading through, I didn't even realize that because you're just going London along with it. before. Yeah, London And if you before. don't read that, you can totally see that these are bobbies after you the character. You can. Well, Avon spells it out. And that's actually when I thought, okay, this is not Bruce. This is Alfred. But it's playing along the lines that it is Bruce because even then it's it, saying it, it a story. It seems like it could have been Bruce Wayne at his earlier time, maybe when he was off doing his gallivanting or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, I don't know he, that he'd call him. I, it just – Here's the funny thing is where Scott Snyder can play with this is that you don't get an accent reading no. a book. So he's playing a lot, you know, he's playing around with that. No, I just don't there know. There he is. Get him. Hello, love. Yeah. Fifth burglary defacing property with your damn mark. I don't know. These bobbies uh, are very nice. Uh, not only the fact that they're not allowed to carry guns, but the fact that by the end, they really are only after Alfred, which it turns out to be, just to kind of send him home. They're not even going to arrest him. I'm like, what's going on I'm here in England? You that, I'm going to go commit too, crimes. You say they're very nice. I think they're very dedicated because nothing I've, I think I've ever seen with like you know British bobbies and all that has ever shown them running on rooftops. Oh, I know, but the, again, tiger. this is this is like the this is the fun of the issue I had. And if you want to know, I don't know that Scott Snyder would ever if he ever watched but it's like lupin if you watch the uh you probably haven't seen it it's an not. anime and it's very very anime. it's i'm telling you it's very very similar to that uh Miyasaki actually has a movie uh i think it's the castle of i can't remember how to pronounce it but you you should check it because i know that uh jessica gonna. likes uh Miyasaki. so I but mean, it's I really good watch it if I but this her. is this is very very reminiscent of that to me He's, they're jumping on rooftops and all and they do say hey get back but as you go you have this narration that says you've heard many stories about the boy i raised bruce wayne the boy who would become batman there are too many to count he says this story's different of you know from the rest it starts the way the others do and you get this whole thing where there is a young guy who you're supposed to think is Bruce at this yeah. point being chased by the Bobbies. The minute that he says, try to keep up, Bobbies, I'm just like, I don't think that Bruce, a young Bruce, would have said that, though. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, they're chasing him. And, and even so, we'll go with that whole deal. What happens is they end up chasing him. They go to catch up with him. That The cops basically keep saying to him, you know, hey, uh, you know, come on. You're going to go back. You're going to get your ass back. The, the butler back wants Gotham, you back, punk. which it ends up the butler is his father, Alfred's yes. father, who's now part, you know, he's the butler at the Wayne Manor at this point. But yeah, the whole thing is basically just showing you that he was this guy. He's not the Alfred we thought he was. He was involved in some stuff, burglary now, theft, now, like you said. Let me ask said. you this, because I'm telling you, we have this whole thing going on where we know this is Alfred by the end of, like, yeah. you know, he's a fucking, he's a juvenile delinquent. Yeah, I, like, I'm telling you, if you're going to ask me if I like that he keeps calling uh, Bruce his son, no. 
No, I'm, I'm not going to ask <laughs> That's you that. That's not what you're going to ask because that drove me nuts. But go no, on. No, no, no. The whole idea – I don't mind it when he calls Bruce's son because he like did him. raise him as a fa- – like, you know, know. like as just, a son. I, to me, he's a proper butler. He would never do that. But go but on. But anyway, he's not a proper butler anymore. He fucking takes care of Batman shit in a cave, okay? <laughs> he's a not proper a proper butler, butler anymore. I'm telling but you, no, he's still the, proper. The thing I want to ask you is did you get any kind of vibe? Because back in the day when we, we both loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer and at one point there yeah. was a, like an idea about doing a young Giles like called Giles. Ripper. Was, yeah. This is what it kind of reminded me of Sans the magic aspect of that whole thing. But like, well, if for some reason, like it's Giles going through fucking London and being the goddamn uh, and why, why I'll agree with that is the buttons, the little buttons on his coat yeah. is actually the thing that that was like that to me. Like he was like a a punk rocker too. Exactly, and, I kind of pictured it as Giles from Buffy as a young kid going through London. The other thing about it, I think that those buttons really spell out a time frame yeah. that was way before Bruce. So that's another thing that kind of got me. And yeah, I could see Giles being this uh i would like to see that still i wish they they have the opportunity they continue the buffy comic i'd like to see a young giles comic well, right now, now somebody isn't, might isn't say he they, a young giles right now in well the he is a young giles that's been turned into a 13 year old yeah. uh through magic it's not the young punk rock giles that that we were talking about that we'd like but in the meantime you go and the main story uh starts with uh, Alfred and Batman in the Batmobile chasing uh, Tommy Elliot Hush, yeah. who is in a helicopter. And this is a really cool set piece. I think it's a lot of fun, even to the point where Alfred is driving, which I makes me laugh because odd. then, well, then Hush, well, it's because you see that they must have changed or done something because Bruce is definitely going to catapult out of there and it's been set I know, up, it's just I guess, before. I weird idea that Batman was so prepared for Hush to be in a helicopter that he had to grab Alfred yeah, I don't to know. I don't know. We don't know so what happened. I, we don't, but it's just no. an odd thing to see. Batman huddled up in the back. There's no, no fucking back room in this goddamn Batmobile. No, no, no. And having Alfred drive. It's a weird and situation case, to I jump mean, into. Again, it's not spelled out. I don't know that Batman and Hush were already fighting, and and uh, Hush jumped in the helicopter, and this is one of those where Alfred was, it, you know, picking Batman up, and they didn't have time to switch seats and stuff because they were chasing. I like yeah. it. I thought it was fun because it leads to the the uh, line that Tommy Elliot says, "Hey, you know what? You get Batman out of Gotham, and he drives like an old man." I thought <laughs> that was funny, and and it's a really cool set piece. Now they end up figuring out the way to get through this or get away from Batman is to go over the stadium. And in the meantime, you have the Gotham, uh, what's it called? Is it the Gotham Knights? Do they? Yes. Yeah, the Gotham Knights and the Mar- Miami Marlins. They're playing a baseball game and they're going to go over the stadium thinking, well, Batman just basically says, don't go around, go through. And here we go with my sports nitpicks for the week, Eric. Are you ready? Oh, here we go. Are you ready? Because number All one, right. the announcer starts talking, right? He says, that's right, Bill. Both teams out of the running for the playoffs. The mood over the stadium is grim. Grim. And then the other guys, you can say that again, Jerry. And is it me or does even the singer look downcast? Right? You know what my issue is here? Mm. You would never have announcers talk over the national anthem. That is nope. not that there is no fucking way in hell if you are showing the national anthem that they are talking. You let that go, there is no fucking talk over that. That is fucking ridiculous. The extra other part is why are all these people such Gotham Knights fans here? First of all, it just it's so forced. They're in Miami. This is the Miami Marlins. You can tell me now Reggie might even say, "Well, if you go down when the Yankees play like if you consider the Gotham Knights 
needs to be the Yankees of this right. baseball league. You could maybe go with it, but we don't know that. Plus, they said both teams sucked. Both teams had awful fucking deal. Now, they even also spell out that it seems to be quote-unquote bat day that seems to have more meaning than that you know what i mean it seems because you do have some people in the crowd they have bats but the minute they see batman show up they go nuts this is miami this is not gotham i think that he's trying to play both ways now the next thing is that's the thing he doesn't want batman in gotham for this entire series pretty much but now he wants to do this whole bat day it would mean nothing really yeah yeah yeah. And, and all the people now the other thing is Batman comes through. Number one, that's pretty disrespectful, anyways, to the national anthem. But Batman doesn't know this. Is and going you know, it's on. kind of funny too with that whole bat day because I'm telling you, we were talking this today how and much we people used are to holding love bats, bat day. So they Remember have how we were talking bats. though earlier this yeah. week. How we yeah, had yeah, bat we were day, talking about favorite it. time. Yeah. yeah, it's our favorite time. Now, also, these appear to be they were giving out full size bats. Nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> Raphael Albuquerque may not know that though, but yeah, they, they really like you I don't said. Know. They even the little, even the no, the people are holding them. They're huge. They are humongous. Look at these uh, people holding perspective. it. I don't know. No. Next is their nonsense. But the, uh, we said even the little bats are weapons. Jesus oh, Christ, yeah, you hand out those things now. But there's all these go knights. We're number one. They're not. They're both shitty, they said. But the other thing is uh, Batman doesn't know what's going on. But as this guy's singing the national anthem, the crowd starts yelling. As Batman comes in again, you don't yell shit during the national anthem. The guy's yeah, singing, and the one crazy, person goes, might start yelling. "Wait, look, no way!" No, and that kid didn't take his hat off, Eric. That's disrespectful. But he no, that my not holding his hand in the wrong spot. That's right. My my little my little nitpick though is you would not have the announcers if they're showing the yeah. national anthem. They would not talk over it. It's just a setup to have people, and it's weird setup. It's only set up to show that people love Batman. That's all it is, because he comes in. Gonna gonna wreck everything. This game is now canceled, Eric. Oh, it's if done. The, if the bat if the Batmobile comes flying through, and as they're going, Batman catapults ejects out, flies up, grabs onto the bottom of the helicopter, and that's pretty fucking kick ass, though. I really yeah. do like it. I love it's the whole a cool situation. Yeah. I just don't know know how it was set up to have Alfred drive. Yeah, just again, so we could it, have this. again, this would be like anything. It's the setup, like you said. It's a James Bond movie where things are happening. That that cold open. I don't think you need to fully because even in Rebirth, I've seen probably seven times where Alfred has been driving the Batmobile around. He's been doing yeah. it a lot more lately. I'll just think to me that it's not just like they got called. Hey, Tommy Elliott's in a helicopter. I think that what led to this led Alfred. To go pick up Batman. And I'm fine with it. And I think it's pretty cool. Uh, but it leads for them to have Tommy Elliott in the hotel room, uh, and they're going to do some fucked up shit to him. And I like do this some home where, surgery. Yeah, because basically Tommy Elliott says, you know, Hush says, you're not going to do anything. You're a spineless farce. You are not capable of going over the line like me. This is what makes you fucking bullshit. And Bruce says, you know what? You're yep. right. I don't cross the line. But you know what? I have a code. Alfred here. He ain't got no code. And you know what? <laughs> We're going to make sure what happens here is we are going to do a little fucking facial reconstruction surgery. I'm sick of you looking like me. This is nonsense. So what we're going to do is we're going to do some work on you. Alfred, he's okay. He was a field medic, not yeah. really a plastic surgeon. His well, things might be a little fucked up. You know? And when he's thinking of this, I'm thinking like his nose is going to be where his ear is. I'm thinking shit is real. I'm, or you're I'm one thinking nostril. that half his face is caving 
yeah, or, yeah, one nostril. He's gonna have a Michael Jackson nose that just falls off. Uh-huh. But all this is uh, it's played, and this is where you get Alfred saying in the the narration continuing. He's a born actor. He plays a part with heart, with conviction. And what I like about this, this is usually what you think of as Alfred. Like, yeah. oh, Alfred, he was the big actor and all this. But I really like it because it's true. And he says, you know, he knows he will not cross the lines. We both know he won't, but I will if he asked. And I oh, really yeah. like that because it sets up that uh, it, Alfred is a badass. And it sets up him being a badass going forward from here. And the I one really, thing is, we, really we like whole, it. We had this whole setup to try to get Tommy Elliott to talk because he does not want Alfred to fuck up his goddamn Bruce Wayne face. The thing is, you know, this is all a ruse to get him to, like, give out the information. He wants to know why he's there, yeah. Exactly. Thing is, as soon as you're done, yeah, you don't want Alfred to do this. Go somewhere to have his face changed because you still don't want this motherfucker looking like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I know. This is the thing. I would like to say they they don't, but I'd love it if Alfred just went and did it anyway because, yeah, (laughs) you need to do this. This is where you can tie up that loose end. This is a loose end out there. Uh, But I even like it. I mean, it's it's good dialogue. It really is. I had a lot of fun with this whole issue, and I love the dialogue where, you know what? I'm going to make you look like the thing that you're most afraid of being. You, you. Yeah. and I, I think that is awesome. But just I, I really shitty because we have Alfred doing it. Yeah, you know what? I won't do it, but this guy, he will. And yeah, I even like that. I'm telling you, I love the fact that he says lines I would happily cross for him if he asked. Just shows you that you know what he holds back because Bruce makes him. Yeah, Alfred's badass, and I really even when you go out to the next page where you have them on the you know on the balcony looking over yeah. Miami. Alfred looks fucking cool. Like, how how has he looked that cool in, in the last bunch of years? He looks Big fucking Jim, cool ass. He looks cool because they're in Miami. That's true. I'm telling you, and I, I really give uh, the whole art team, and I even said uh, in my review that I give them credit because even before you see the skyline, you get that day glow thing that reminded oh, yeah, me of Miami, Miami Vice. Vice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, boy, they're, they're kind of playing with that. And you get a little thing here where uh, you have Alfred and Bruce looking out in the skyline, and he says, you know what? We haven't been here in a while. Uh, they have cranes out and things. And he's talking about how the, the city has had some recession. I don't know how this is going to play in. What I do like to see, though, is you really do get the idea right there in that panel how much bigger Bruce is. I mean, Bruce is <laughs> Hulking over old Alfred, but I do think Alfred's going to play out. So as I never fit that suit out right. Holy shit! Look at that. He's a strapping man right there. But yeah, he says, "Listen, you know what? Slumps happen. Uh, it'll recover." And again, when you read Scott Snyder things, you're wondering what the hell is he getting at and yeah. whatnot. But they they are in in Miami, and Tommy Elliott was going there. They they. Followed him there, and they found out that he was there because the Genesis machine is there. And Alfred right away is like, who would exist? And you get a little bit of a description yeah, that it was the same. You don't need that? much. It's, it's, essentially, no. it's a goddamn super soldier, goddamn serum, yeah, yeah. KG beast. Yep, yeah. The whole deal, and it was being brought – it was being brought into Miami, but it seems like it was headed maybe to Gotham, which is odd. This is the one thing because they really – the whole thing with these pirates, the, the bad guys who are getting this Genesis machine from a defector from uh, the Soviet Union yeah. or Russia uh, – they seem to want to avoid anything with Batman, and but yet it says when he when Bruce says "yup" and wait until you hear where it's headed, and I know that it's also headed towards you know in that 
that place where the pirates did. But I don't know that he was also not saying, like, maybe it's heading to Gotham at one point. That'd be weird. But it really doesn't need to be in Gotham. It would be Gotham weird. Because I, don't, I don't think it would because they want to avoid anything to do with Batman. Damn right. And, Everybody should. Yeah. And I like that that's spelled out. So it's it's going to this – the Genesis engine is going to Fort Dexter. And this was a fort. And there's – Make an there army is of a, goddamn beasts. And there's a little bit too much of a description for the Fort Dexter for what plays out. But it was right. a thing that was set up by pirates in the, the old days. There's a whole thing of – Dexter means Latin for right side, which was the side of the cross in which the penitent thief Dismas hung. Uh, the the saint of thieves. And you get you get the whole deal with this. In the meantime, Bruce and Alfred are going. Now, Bruce is – this is where I think this issue is, is great. Bruce is going to this disguised as Tommy Elliott who was disguised as Bruce. So yeah. I think that is such a great way that that twist and turns around and it comes out at the end too. But where you're going to go, there's these families in Miami all descended from pirates including the uh, descendant from Blackbeard. And yes, what happens big guy, is Edward Th- Bruce is going to – yeah, the hell's the guy's Thatch. name now? Thatch. Yeah, Thatch, yeah. Yeah, and they're going in, and Bruce is going in with a painting. He's going in, and, and really, and it's an offering. It's like, okay, we're going in, I have this painting. Alfred really, really doesn't want him to do this. He really doesn't want him to be, you know, it, things have happened too quick. We're not prepared. Uh, you're going in naked, basically, because he's just Bruce Wayne. This is not Batman. They are scanning everything with him. He's going in, and he says, Bruce says, I'm not naked. I have a painting. He has this painting that was part of Blackbeard's ship, uh, a painting the on the side of the, of the ship. And, yeah, it and it's, again... A lot of times people will have problems with Scott Snyder's writing because things aren't set up or too much is set up that doesn't come to play. This, especially this part, a couple things pay off right here, right away that I think are great. I I really do. I, I had so much fun because he walks in with this painting says hey thatch you know is that you he's on he's on a video screen the three other family members of other families are there with their guns already out and he's like hey you know what uh what do you have there and he says oh you know what watching movies on the stick it's crazy oh yeah pirates eric and he's like listen i understand i appreciate that you let me come in i I, i'm bearing gifts a painting done on the broadside of blackbeard ship itself queen anne's revenge and thatch is like oh my goodness you know what i have the mast of that in my office He's a descendant of him. This is, you know, Bruce has picked the right thing. And in fact, Tommy Elliott had a replica, a, a knockoff version of this exact painting. Bruce says they had that painting in the Wayne, you know, holdings in Miami. In Miami so he yes. went and got the real one. And you're thinking, okay, he doesn't want to be found out as a fraud or whatever. But in the meantime, Thatch says, you know what, still, we're, we've evolved, you know, the, the things about the pirates. He's talking about yeah. the pirates and the rogue businessmen. We we're suits, class we warriors. different ships. Our channels, yeah. but still, we're a higher brand of criminal. Unlike you, Mister Elliot, and all the guys. You know, they click their guns, and the thing is, it's so cool to me that Bruce was disguised as Tommy Elliot, who was going to disguise as him. But now he really is Bruce Wayne. But they think he's Tommy Elliot, and they're going to kill him because he says, "Listen, we had rules here. Gotham villains can't bid." Now I will go as far as saying. Then why did they even agree to this? Like, if you don't want Batman involved and Tommy Elliot, you know it's Tommy Elliot disguised as Bruce, gets a hold of you, just say no. Just say no. Don't let him come because there's a good chance 
which what happened exactly. is that Batman will follow. And but that's even with the, that, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange thing that I don't quite understand because they do have a rule about no Gotham villains. But yeah. whoever is going to this place to buy the Genesis uh, engine, it's they're up to no good in my mind. So oh, whoever yeah. comes from Gotham, it's going to happen. Yeah, it should just be no Gotham in general. And you have Bruce Wayne going. You know, Batman goes after fucking cro- uh, like crooked goddamn businessmen and all this mm-hmm. shit. It doesn't just yeah. have to be fucking masked villains. So. Yeah. Anybody from Gotham should be right out. So when Bruce Wayne essentially came up, who was Tommy Young, they thought it was Bruce Wayne. They should have said, no, you're not coming to this. Get the fuck yeah, out of here, no, Mr. Wayne. That's what I'm saying. Even if they thought it was Bruce and didn't even think it was Tommy, they obviously knew what was going on because Tommy was heading there. Yeah. yeah, they should have just said, no, no, no. You're from Gotham. Get out. We don't need you. But they, they agreed, basically, it seems, to just – Kill Tommy Elliot, I guess, because really that's what it seems. Now, in my mind, I, I guess the only way I can really think about it is that he showed up as Bruce Wayne, Tommy Elliot, and they had the, the initial meeting, which they got everything rolling. And in between the interim, but when Batman caught him and like spilled the beans, they discovered who it actually was. Yeah, I don't. And I don't think. Said, here's the deal: they didn't. They didn't meet him yet. They just talked, or else he wouldn't have come in and said, you know, uh, Mister Thatch. I presume. And the, the, he's like, oh, yeah, Mr. Wayne, welcome to Florida. They they haven't talked to anybody in person yet. He just showed up. I think Tommy Elliott was on the way. Bruce caught up to him, knocked him out, got the info, and went in himself. Uh, because, yeah, they're, they're giving greetings like they've never met anybody here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just knew ahead of time, I guess, that it was Tommy Elliott. I just don't know why they would have let him go that no. far uh, and do it. Now, I, we did miss one thing that I thought was okay, too, is at the very beginning, they do say, it ties in a bit to the last arc where they say that Penguin, Great White, and uh, what's-his-name were the ones who gave him the information, the uh, black and white. Uh, the black deal, and white black gang, mask. Yeah. yeah, they they do mention that, which I thought was cool. And it's one of those I can even think that they found out, and they're pissed because they can't get involved either. And everybody wants to be involved. No blacks but, and whites here. Yeah, yeah. Though in the minute, you know, segregation they, pirates. Segregation, Reggie. But yeah, then the the pirates all open fire on Bruce. And that's where that painting comes in, and he put, picks it up, and, he, and it says, and the, again, it's Alfred doing the narration. He said he had it planned all along. Like he said, the painting was done on the ship's broadside, which was famously iron-ribbed, able to stop most cannonballs, certainly bullets. So he's there. He's deflecting the bullets with this painting, and then he actually deflects them to knock a chandelier down. You have a fight going on. Bruce takes off to go find out where Thatch is, and in the meantime, when he goes in the back room where he is, and then people are chasing him, too. At yeah. one point, that threw me off when i saw because you have alfred doing a little you know from a an ear com saying you know get out of there oh my god and then when he goes into that room you have the uh quick before he gets into thatches i'm like why is alfred saying that because it almost had that <laughs> that bubble of yeah. somebody with the earpiece and it, it it threw me off a bit i'm like why is alfred saying that and then i realized because i i didn't really fully get the there he is earlier to right. into that but he closes the door Man, to get they really recover from that chandelier drop yeah on that, yeah but there it is i don't even know who knows if it's them they oh, might yeah, have heard know. somebody – some guards might have heard because they passed a lot of guards to get in there. And sure guards hear fucking chandeliers gunfire, and gunfight. Gun yeah, yeah. They, they might be in. So he goes in. In that little bit of time, Thatch has had his heart cut out or at least cut two and clamps there so they could see it. And then Alfred says – Hey, listen, somebody squeezed his heart while it was out to even make him suffer more, and it's pretty fucked up. But as you see, you see that the clamps resemble 
the tag that Alfred was using as a young man in uh, England. Yeah. And the thing about it is it's not just the tag because I look at it, I could be like, oh, you know, Alfred recognizes it right away as something that goes on. And it's one of those things that it does not seem to shock him. It shocks him seeing it. It doesn't Bruce, shock I got to tell you, back when yeah. I was a kid, I used to tag walls in London, but I also used to find people That's and cut their hearts yeah. out. This is what's fucked up about it is to me – when he's looking at this, it's not just the, oh, my tag, God, that's yeah. my tag. It's like this makes sense to him more than he's letting on. Uh, and it's it's bad because then – and then the show, Rafi Albuquerque does the deal where you see the tag where it was before in London. And then it gets close up and you see. And it says, you know, he's like, and that's the moment. This is Alfred. That's the moment that I realize this mystery. It wasn't about Bruce. It's about me. And, yeah, this means a lot. And the the whole thing is called the first ally. And yeah. it's the, the setup. But, yeah, I think where I thought this was going to be an Alfred story where, again, I thought he was going to be in the MI6. He was going to be like a James Bond. You'd see him Fucking all the around the world Uncle doing stuff. Yeah, I actually thought at one point he'd be in the French Foreign Legion, like doing just crazy shit. It is an Alfred story, but it's an Alfred story that there's a mystery going on, and he at some it point's like going to Alfred ha- may be the villain in the earlier. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to have to at least come clean a bit with Bruce, possibly, because yeah, at the, at the end of the story, you see the young man being taken away, and that's when they say, you know what, you're coming, and Alfred Pennyworth, and you see him, and he looks. The art, I think, is great. I really do love the art in this. Uh, I, I love the majority of the art. There were some scenes like when the whole Tommy Elliot getting the surgery deal. I didn't quite care for that that much. Though. Like, really? It went back and forth for me with the art in this issue. I really like it. Now, there, it's very big panels, very big, you know, the pages. So this part read really fast. And that's the other thing that I liked. This was more of just an action story, and I really had fun with it. I had a lot more fun with this than anything we've gotten in this book up until this point. And then you do have a backup, which threw me off. A lot of people yeah. were – it was kind of said there wouldn't be any more backups. Now, this backup is written by Raphael Especially since Albuquerque. the last backup that uh, continues in Batman the Forge. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're done here. Yeah, and this, this is a backup, and it, it seems like Scott Snyder did say – Raphael Albuquerque asked him if he could do this, and he used his pull to be able to do it. Now, nice. the, this backup is very – I hate to say elementary, but it is very like, you know, point A leads to point B. The only yeah. thing I have a problem with, it's basically Bruce going undercover, uh, posing as a Russian uh, mobster, a soldier yeah. of the mob who's called Knockout. And going back to Russia and finding out because there's some weapons that are going to come into Gotham from Russia. And he's going to do it. The only thing that I have a problem with is he immediately like, – the guy is leaving for Russia. And basically his name's Knockout. He's a guy who's you know going around with his cousins with the Russian mob. And he gets word that he, they want him back in the, uh, the fatherland. The, the they want him back land. in Mother Russia and uh, to do some shit. And before he gets to go, Bruce We need some heavy-duty muscle over here in Russia. Yeah, yeah. Now, the only thing I wonder is why – how did Bruce make himself look like him immediately? Because it seems like the guy's about to leave on a plane, goes to the bathroom to snort some coke. Bruce goes in, smashes his head into a fucking mirror, and then he looks just like him. That's master the only disguise, thing. Master Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it just seems like there's not time for that master disguise. Plus, if that's disguise, at one point he's getting the shit kicked out of him or at least getting punched in the face. That fake nose would fly that's off, what I, thought, I don't, too, the whole I'm time. I'm telling you, I don't maybe, maybe know how those, this is like, going. We've seen it before in the uh, – 
uh, early Batman stuff in the New 52 where he had that holographic fucking disguise. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, So maybe weird, that's though. the whole thing going the on The only there. thing that I went with was that nobody really knows what he looks like in Russia because he hasn't been there. But yeah. he is kind of disguised, and he's sure fighting. Looks just like Knockout. Yeah, yeah, there's some boxing going on, and they, he wants to get in with this family, and by the end... You know, him pretending and boxing, whatever, leads to them, uh, the daughter of this big crime family. She shows up. She looks hot as hell, Eric. I don't know about if you. If you say I, so, I, I don't like see it. it. Even yeah, the Batman like says that she's a knockout. I'm like, I don't see it, Batman. Yeah, I think she's pretty sexy. She's like an alt, alt goddess to me. She looks Princess like Vicky. she's a goddamn junkie or something. Yeah. Hello, lazy dogs, she says. <laughs> but yeah, it ends with that. And yeah, it's it's... It's non-offensive right now. We'll see how it goes. It's tough. I said in my review, there's nothing wrong with it at all. No, uh, to me, there's it's just not, not enough, enough to fucking happen yet. There's not enough page count for for yeah. it to actually have something. It's set up, so we'll see what's going on. But overall, I really, really had a lot of fun with this issue. I thought that this was back to being a Batman story and an Alfred story that's more fun than having to think about this, that, and the other thing. You can just go with it, uh, enjoy it. I love that little switcheroo and back switcheroo with Tommy Elliott. It's almost like a crisscross applesauce a bit, the way it ended up. I like that you had a very easy to understand but cool call out with the painting being what he went in with to black like to me that all was just fun action stuff it seemed like an action movie on the page i liked it i gave it a nine out of ten what would you yeah give? i uh I, I had some problems like i'm saying i wasn't a huge fan of the art i liked a lot of what we saw but also didn't like a bit of it too but uh I don't know. The story for what it was, it was a decent, you know, pretty straightforward goddamn story that tried to have this whole twisty, turvy thing. But in the end, you know, it's pretty straightforward because by the end, you know exactly what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that's why I liked it. And like I'm sorry, I like the setup and everything like that. There was some of the situations, though, like the whole thing in the beginning, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, Alfred driving so Batman can just catapult out the back. But overall, it's, it's a decent story that I look forward to following because I want to see what we have with the first ally. But I'd give it a 7 out of 10. A 7 out of 10. That is nonsense. I just didn't like when they were interrupting the guy singing the national anthem. I, I just, I was looking, I, I was going back to see if they say anything at the beginning. I wish that, like, out of nowhere I look and it's like, hey, Alfred, thanks for driving me because we had some problem. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, I, the, the whole thing, too, if, like, because this is an Alfred story, you want to have Alfred there to, like, you know, right away. But, like, you could have had Batman be there by himself and just launch out of the Batmobile because yeah, he can't just the, like, and then the Batmobile, back. And then the Batmobile would go and run over everybody in the baseball stadium, kill everybody in there. The whole okay. boat team's dead. No, actually, I thought it was good because Alfred's driving and in the narration he's even saying about Bruce jumping ahead without thinking and, and being a daredevil type we deal. We could have still had that without Alfred there. And then the Batmobile would have ran over everybody. He would have had him in the stadium, running over Batmobile everybody. drives itself all the time, never runs anybody yeah, over. I don't know. I don't know that I've seen that in this book. That's not in continuity, Eric. That is not in the current continuity. Alfred's always driving around like a maniac. But yeah, He drives like uh, an old man. Yeah, he does. He does. He's a little careful. He's a careful driver. Uh, but we'll move on to the next book, which now I'm going to rate three points higher to get under your goat. You can do whatever you want, man. It's no, cool. Just like League it. of America number six, written by Steve Orlando with art by Andy McDonald, Hi-Fi, and Clayton Cows. The Adam shows some heart in this issue as he stands against Aegis, 
while the rest of the JLA fight against his troops outside of the villain's complex. While you might get the idea that the Ray and Lobo would be the ones to save the day after Lobo forces the Ray to cut his heart out so that he could regenerate without Aegis's poison in the system, by the time they make their way inside, the Atom knocks Aegis on his ass. Yep. But the day saved, we're forced to have a preachy after-school special about hardship and sacrifice that really does nothing for the story. But eventually we find out that the next arc will all be will be all about curing Killer Frost of her heat addiction. Yes! I, there's so many things that are ridiculous in this book and things that don't make sense and aren't explained. Uh, I just I want you to tell me what happened when Lobo got shot with the gun blessed with by Helios. Okay. That, in my mind, just blasted him out of that complex, yeah. like hardcore into that rubble he landed in. But that's what they said was the thing that poisoned him. Yeah, we saw in the last issue that yeah, it was yeah. that spear. Well, what did he? What? Why would Helios be involved? What made it happen that it's Helios? Helios is a titan of the sun. Okay. Uh, what did we get that that showed anything that would have been something that would poison somebody and make their regeneration not work? I have no idea. Nothing. I don't know the freaking nonsense of it. I is think it the, that he is just it the Helios gun, or is he talking about the spear? He said, "I shot your alien giant in the face with a rocket blessed by Helios." I just uh-huh. it, that didn't even make sense, though. But he did. Yeah, but I'm telling you, why throw out Helios? What what did we get that is ever explained? That's what happens through this whole issue. Is Steve Orlando just throws out names that aren't ever explained or, or make no sense to me? Because then well, later, sorry, you you knew he was the Titan of the Sun or whatever it was. Yeah. It was a giant energy blast that sent him fucking. Yeah, but flying. it's still like I said. But it's it's just he says things just to make them sound cool. And I'm, it sorry, I'm still looking for that rifle of Dionysium or Dionysus no. thing. I'm like, I really thought that, like, even on the cover we had this issue where it looks like the Ray is fighting off Lobo. And I'm like, Jim, this is going to be it. They had that call out last no. issue where they had that rifle of, like, it's going to make the per- per- anybody shot uh, to go into a murderous rage. I'm like, that's going to be what happens here. No, we don't get any of that. No, I just, I'm telling you, just everything about this this myth stuff that he throws in, nothing adds up. It doesn't make sense to me. And you go, and at one at this point, they have a weird thing where I don't know what they're doing at any point with the Adam in in the art because at this point it looks like he's trying to sneak away when when he's <laughs> I don't know what he's doing in this and at he points like he's sneaking really he does and at points you have a it is enough. Uh, what's his name? Is it Xenon or uh, who's with with uh, I Aegis? Uh, we'll get to it. But he starts just talking like like Aegis isn't there at one point, but he is, and it's right. just it's it's just ridiculous the whole thing. But my main point, we'll, we'll get to it. Xenos, yeah. Uh, my main point. First, another thing. You go and you have this big spread page with everybody fighting uh, the chimeras and all these things. And I like the way it looks at this point. I'm not a huge fan of the art in general. It's no, I'm, okay. I'm saying that the art's no, – I'm telling you, I really didn't like the art last issue. I didn't find myself minding it as it's much okay. this issue. The, I had an issue where when you have the Ray's armor on everyone, it started getting confusing at oh, points of who was who. And, and I, I don't whole, know why. The whole Ray armor thing, I could see where somebody would think that's fun, but I don't know what purpose no. it serves because they're fighting fucking you know uh mythological troops on chimera so why do they have to have the same kind of matching armor in this whole fight i don't understand and you have a bunch of like how many times do we have to be told that these chimera aren't real and they're not alive but it didn't really do anything well they set it up and then at the end they go oh my god they're not real 
It, it yeah, goes right like, against it. Say, it's so weird because, it's, and I don't understand the correlation either because once, you know. Oh, Lobo, I know what like, it is. I'm it's saying, because well, Steve Orlando's afraid to have them kill animals, whether they're, they're mythological animals, they're the or not. Chimera monsters, no, I'm telling you, this is, is all it is. He doesn't want to have a book where, oh my God, these are mythological fucking beasts. Can't kill them because I don't want to get called out or I don't want. It, it's nonsense for them to keep I, I saying it. And then at the I end, just, they're shocked. Exactly. The thing is, I just don't understand why they turned to salt at the end. Is it just because Aegis was knocked out? No, that's the thing. That Not only that, but the guys who are his troops, th- their armor goes away because he's knocked out. Like, this seems to, this does not seem like construct armor no, that they're wearing. But like at the end, fucking armor. Yeah, at the end, all they look like are army guys. And I was like, what, what just went on? Why are they not dressed anymore? They're in, it's just, it's nonsense. So this big fight's going on. They're downtown. You see Vixen. She's using the, the power of oh, a hippo. It, it actually, oh, that one, oh yeah. yeah. That, I'm sorry. The one before that was the gorilla. This okay. Yeah. And then she time. switches to a hippo, but that, and we'll get to the main thing then because there is something else that's nonsense. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of the soldiers who we weren't even sure if the townspeople were soldiers. Well, and I you, think this is where he tried to do were, this. Yeah, it made sense to me that the town folks were acting as their soldiers for how much they yeah. were saying. Like, nobody's yeah. helped us. Aegis came in and gave us jobs and work. I'm like, okay, they're, they're acting as troops. Yeah. It makes sense. Now, but now you we see find they're out, not. No, not the in case. a forced way for out of nowhere, there's a fight going on. There is a big fight. This guy just seems to go into a random house and starts yelling at people. There's you're, a family there. On. I'm saying, though, you're talking about how nonsense is this? This troop is me if I was a troop. I'm not going out there and fighting superheroes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going you to think that he's hiding? A family. That's what I'd be yeah. doing. He's hiding, threatening a family. He's like, hey, you call the Justice League. Now, before that, you do have the Ray uh, come down. There's people just around Lobo. Lobo's laying there. He he can't heal. He's uh, you know falling apart. He's being eaten alive by this thing. He's got this poison. And the Ray sh- shows up. And Lobo says, hey, listen, you know what? The only way you're going to do this to heal me is cut out my heart. I don't get it. I don't get it. The the poison that he has is stopping him from healing. It's right. stopping his healing factor. That's throughout his whole body, not just his heart. You I'm can't just cut out th- his heart. I'm and saying then, that the whole thing is, I think in my mind, I'm telling you, I tried to make this work, which is always a problem. But you cut out the heart, the new one grows back and starts pumping fresh but blood. But why in. would the new one grow back? His healing factor's off. You can't grow a new heart without a healing factor. I'm saying that all I can imagine, though, is that the, he was poisoned in the heart, like the spear stabbed yeah, but that's, him in the heart. That's, no, that goes – if you have it in your heart, then your other parts of your body would heal. Like he has gaping holes in him that aren't healing. He says, I can't heal. The heart pumps the blood. That's yeah. all it does. So the blood is poison. You take out the heart, you still have blood. And when he does cut out the heart, I don't see any blood going. If he said, you got to drain all my blood, you got to do all this stuff, he is cutting out his heart so that he could regenerate a new one while he can't regenerate. Right. It makes no sense. That is the biggest problem I have with this book. It does not make any sense. Plus, he says to uh, the Ray, hey, listen. I, I, there's only one thing you can do. You're going to have to cut my heart out. Right. And the Ray won't do it until, like, he's like, no, no, I'm too good a guy. Then Lobo trash talks him <laughs> to get him mad so that he becomes a dick and cuts his heart out. I mean, this is something that Lobo is spelled out. You can only save pressure. me. 
Yeah, but you can only save me by cutting out my heart. No, 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 I can't do that. I'm a good guy. Yeah, yeah, you're a pussy. Oh, you fucking ass. Like, where does it go one to the other? If you're going to get pissed and do it. I can see what? that you're very apprehensive about doing something to the point where you're forced into doing it. I can, been I can told, see the progression oh, So of this, then though. what you're saying, though, the way he's saying it, the way it goes to me is he does not believe it's going to work. He doesn't no, no, believe no. It's the idea of actually cutting out his heart. I think yeah, is too I, much I, for him. Again, though, without explaining how you aren't regenerating, you have no healing factor. But if you cut out your heart, it'll regenerate into a new one to clean your system. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all, and it, it's just nonsense. It's complete ridiculousness. The only thing I can see with this is that his heart was the thing that was poisoned, so if you cut that out, a new one will grow in without the poison. But you can't just poison a heart. Like, that doesn't make sense. I don't like, know. It's mythological, if, man. I don't yeah, know how things work But that's that. the thing is, if you're going to just poison his heart, then he would have died already from a poisoned heart. He has said his regeneration is done. Like, mm -hmm. if he cut off his ear, it's not coming back now. It's not regrowing because he's poisoned, not because he's got something in his heart. It, it's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense because, first off, they don't explain it at all. It doesn't say it. And the the other part is they end up doing this. The Ray, he trash talks the Ray. He's like, yeah, come on, snowflake. I yeah, actually kind of like the fucking uh, Lobo trying to goad him into doing this because yeah. it's what he needs to be done. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, especially because the the heart gets knocked out, and then you're just told nothing. All of a sudden, he comes through a, a floor. So you're like, okay, I guess it worked. You yeah. never have anything about showing him coming back. You don't see any regeneration. You don't see him do anything. It, you just see a heart come out of him, and then five pages later, he's coming through a floor. And it, it, where I want to see some progression of this and see what happened, it just happens. It just right. all of a sudden now he regenerates everything and he, you know, that's it. He's ready He's to back go. Back in the game, yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. And this we this is where I was saying you have uh, talk there, and this is where he just wants Ray or not Ray uh, Ryan to be part of his you know experimental fucking tech team. Yeah, like like Zeno's freaking. He makes the freaking guns for him. He wants the uh, Adam to help him do the same thing. Yeah, which is weird too because it doesn't seem like science is what's going on here, and <laughs> that's what Ryan with is. Mytho with mythology combined. No, because he says you're thinking too much like a scientist. He mm -hmm. says with logic, but these bolts are tempered with unreason. There you go with Steve Orlando. These bolts are tempered with unreason. Oh, really? And that's where uh, Zena, he's like, uh, enough, Aegis. Torturing people wasn't part of our agreement. And this is where they start talking. And I thought Aegis left because that's where uh, Ryan's like, agreement? How can you help him? And then the, he's saying back, how? The whole village hostage, all this and that and the other thing. And then next thing you know, there's Aegis is still there with the gun. I'm like, this is he ain't just, got no shame in his game. He knows what he it's did terrible. to Zenos. It's I'm saying, though, Zenos, though, is talking a lot of craziness and telling about all of what has gotten, you know, all of the things he's had to do with Aegis just there with a gun. Yeah. It just, and that's where Ray and Lobo crash through. And again, I was like, okay, Lobo's back. You didn't see much of it. You didn't even yeah. have any sort of deal. And, you know, there he is. I just, it's just nonsense. And then he's about to shoot Ryan. He goes small, goes, swings on his fucking hair, and then punches him. 
I mean, this is this is complete and utter nonsense. It, it really is. And the the whole, like I said, why did we have the whole thing where Lobo wasn't able to regenerate? You know, he had no healing factor. I don't know. Get really him out of the game faster, so like yeah, sooner, so we could have the game for exchange half find an out issue. About Xenos and whatnot. Yeah, it was like half an issue, and it, there was no real reason for it. It was just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, Ryan ends up punching out the fucking Aegis, and that's that. I actually that. like that scene, though. It actually shows it's that, okay. like, you know, fucking, because uh, Ryan, he hasn't had a lot to do since he joined this team. For him actually coming out and actually punching a freaking bad guy in the face and knocking him out, I'm like, yeah. you know what, Ryan? I'll take it. Yeah, tell me about Aegis. You think a punch from Ryan Choi is going to knock him out? Because I don't. Yes. You think so? Yeah, he's, especially with that suit he's wearing. I don't Aegis think so. just a regular dude. I don't think so. The, you know, he's fighting it up. I don't know. It's just nonsense. I, I fucking, I'm telling you, I fucking hate this issue so much, and I hate this this fucking series so much because. Oh, I'm telling yeah. you, I don't like the series at all. I actually found myself though. I don't know if I'm getting punch drunk from it, but I found myself enjoying this more than I have uh, any other real issue in the series for a while now. I, maybe I enjoyed the the uh, rebirth no, number yeah. one better, but. I just found my there was aspects to this book story that I'm like I don't mind them okay we're we're moving forward Again, showing some and, other and characters says, you know Batman Black Canary and Vixen really took a back seat yeah. here well, so we can Aegis, really uh, spotlight some other ones. He just then says to Lobo that poison that poison could fell a god a god himself and then he's like yeah now I want to know what what is this poison where you don't have a you hit poison in your heart the reason why it's going to kill you is it goes through your body and your bloodstream right and it didn't. I must not have because that poison couldn't – just – again, I'm, I'm telling you that removing the heart to regenerate when you don't, don't have a healing factor makes no sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. That poison would have been throughout his whole body. Yeah, you think so. Yeah, yeah, I just and then you get to where all of a sudden once he just fucking gets knocked out by Lobo, all of a sudden the – uh, chimera they turn in the salt and the guys all their armor and things go away and they're just army guys and yeah. i don't understand that i don't either. understand either I'm telling you, then, as, soon as, as soon as lobo freaking puts his hand over aegis's face the whole issue for me yeah, for i think he squeezes like, his fucking away. face and knocks him the fuck out but yeah all of a sudden <laughs> everything stops though like you said you just said like he just he's just a guy you know what I mean? This isn't like he is the uh, computer master and he has all these robots. And the minute he goes down, you know, Brainiac goes down, all of a sudden these other things. It, it didn't seem like that. No. And all of a sudden it just happens. And then you get – like Steve Orlando really wants to play up this social justice stuff. But even then here you have it. It's so tame. Where I said at the point that you don't want to kill the chimera because they're animals. You're like, they're not. They're just fucking, they're mythological beings. But I don't think he wants to have it that you don't know. Like, they spell it out. They're not real. They're not real. And at the end when they turn the salt, they're, they're not real? And then the, the best is, I should have known they were salt. Salt. I knew yeah, it. I knew it. What? What are you talking about? And, and even so, if you're going to do that, why not make these soldiers the same? Why don't you make them not real either? But they're just Agreed. soldiers. And that's where you have Batman standing there. And I'm like, oh, you finally showed up, Batman. You had that goddamn, uh, you know, the Ray armor. But, boy, you didn't do anything here. And now and he's now like, he hey. showed up and he's getting coffee. Yeah, and this he's getting coffee. And this is where I'm saying that you have to have these things thrown in because then he's like, Aegis's uh, injuries are being treated. And then the lady giving the coffee, it's like she's just there to be – 
you know, Joe Normal who is pissed because then she's like, yeah, you know what? Turn my neighborhood into you – know, what does she say? I have it here. He used, used my, my neighborhood, neighborhood for, for weapon testing. testing. I'm not too worried. And, and I'm telling Batman you, the whole says, weapon testing, in my mind, would have been the perfect out for any of these people yeah. because it was that fucking explosion with the lotuses. So what, in my mind, could have yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. brainwashed them into like yeah, going what all full-on ages. What, that what is happened weapon with testing. that? That's all yeah. that's going on. It's apparently. just weird. It's weapon testing was a head with lotus flowers in a trash can. But then yeah. that's when Batman's like, hey – He'll be reprimanded and he'll be remanded to custody for trial. And then the person says back, "There's room in my trunk. If that doesn't work out, it's like really. You, you, we get it. You're pissed, but yeah, you, you keep going on this. And then they say, you know what? And it's so funny because the same person is like, you know what? Let's kill him and throw him in the old quarry. But then they, they, they say, listen, you can lock up Aegis, but he did pay us. All of a sudden now, they're, they're coming th- like, oh, shit. You know what? I just said that you could kill him. I don't care what happens. But he did pay us, so we're free. But back to no jobs, no infrastructure. What now? And that's where they're saying like, oh, no, we're not just going to leave. We're going to set up this thing. Fucking, you know, Vixen's like, hey, my foundation. We'll set up nonprofits here. We'll hire things. I'm like, nonprofits? And then she's like, when my foundation moves, people notice. Like more businesses is, will more follow. More businesses will follow. What what businesses are following I a nonprofit organization? And I'm like, you're a nonprofit. How are you paying shit? It just it's nonsense. Then you go back to the sanctuary where they're gonna go, and they actually took uh, what's his name so that he can work on things with them. Uh, but in the meantime, oh Xenos, yeah, yeah, Zenos, I didn't know you were getting yeah. that first. Yeah, yeah, no. But then there's there's uh, Lobo and Ryan. They're talking, and basically Lobo goes about how he likes dolphins. And I'm telling you, you told me I liked it more when you were telling me because I'm telling you. I didn't mind this little monologue about, yeah, you know, trying like, to re- relay why Lobo was taking a shine yeah. to freaking uh, Ryan. But I'm like, Ryan. in the end, it's like, I like dolphins. You're like yeah. a dolphin. I'm like, you know what? I don't mind this interaction. Yeah, I don't because know what he no- means. And, and also, saying, Ryan has no idea what he means either. I'm no, like, I but here's like the that. thing. Ain't because of, uh, why am I here? Ain't because of Batman, though he did promise me something I can't wait to cash in. What? Yeah. No, it's the opposite. He said that oh, Lobo would – it doesn't make any alluding, sense. They've been alluding to this though like the past two – like I think this issue and the last one where there is something else going on that we have not seen yeah, yet. So I actually kind of look forward to knowing stupid. what's going on. I don't. I don't care because it's going to be something stupid. It's not going to be anything – what the fuck would Lobo want that Batman's actually going to give I him? I don't know. That's what I'm curious that, about. Yeah, I'm not curious. And, and the whole thing with Ryan, it's just so forced. And then you have you, – you continue it then because you have uh, – I always I keep forgetting Zenos in the Ray. Zenos in the Ray and he's there and they're that he's gonna get Zenos. They want Zenos to upgrade the tech. It just I, I just had enough. I, I really have. It, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's like you live here, you know, where's home? Sometimes still a lot of work to do back home. I'm like, no, no, you're not going back home. Fucking no. Ray, you, you're in this book. But yeah, yeah, he's just like you're gonna be he's that gonna guy do, in the background. And basically, you're gonna be freaking uh you know, the snapper car of this book or something yeah, else. It's yeah. just some guy in the background that's always going to be in the sanctuary yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, and then and you I'm have like, Zenos. Right, you, you want this well, other character here? I'm yeah, okay with Zeno that. Yeah, Zeno says, but... I can't go back home because they'll fucking kill me. Yeah. And so he's got to stay there. And I just, I don't know. It just, it's set up. It looks like they might have a little romance in, in the future. That's fine. Yeah. I just, it's just, I don't know. There was, there was one thing as we were talking. I, he said something that sounded so weird, and now I can't find it. But he does say he's refer. Oh, uh, yeah. He's he's there to re up the tech. He's gonna right. get them up to speed. And he says, 
you know what? I don't know. Redesigning this place, it's a good opportunity. I'm glad I got it. But refurbishing decades of tech? Polishing secret adventures for people to come and see? What does that mean? What is polishing know. secret adventures for people to come and see? I'm saying, I'm guessing it's because they're going to have, like, we already saw that they had the tro- Batman's keeping trophies from, like, you know, the freaking, uh, the Liberty Shield and shit like that. And now that they've opened it up to the people, I'm guessing it's just, you know, there's going to be these trophies on display that he's going to end up polishing for them. Oh, so basically you're telling me that he's going to be doing what should be, you know, multi-million dollar work, upgrading the tech. And when he has downtime, he's going to go polish fucking trophies? I I think that Steve Orlando has something else. Like, uh, to me, what it is is there's going to be people coming in, and this place is a shithole with all this tech, and he's going to upgrade it to make it look cool. But the way it's spelled out, polishing secret adventures for people to come and see. That's classic Steve Orlando right there. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, and nobody talks like that. Like I said, you'd say it out loud, and it's fucking nonsense. But then no, Black Canary, we start, we end with Black Canary going in to get uh, talk to Killer Frost, and in the meantime, we didn't even mention at one point no, when that not. guy was trash talking that family and saying you shouldn't have called in the Justice League. Uh, Killer Frost went in to help them and accidentally froze and froze shattered the guy's, the guy's arm. arm and then said to the family, please don't tell anybody. Uh, I actually um, kind of like that part too. The whole, it please was okay. Don't tell. That was actually okay. But this is so forced just to get to the next deal because Black Canary shows up and says, hey, what's going on? Killer Frost, don't people knock around here? And I'm looking, the door's open, bitch. Yeah. But, uh, and she looks to be in a library. It doesn't even look like a, a bedroom. It's got a chair or whatever. But, yeah, it's it's nonsense. But it's almost like this is supposed to be that forced, uh, you know, still powder keg. I don't know. But then Black Canary's like, how are you feeling? And this is where Killer Frost's like, I know what you're worried about. You're worried about me backsliding, losing control of my heat sickness from the stress. And then just throws it out there. Maybe you don't need to worry. Ryan found something in the Museum of Unnatural History, a new exhibit. It could help me, Canary. It might be the cure. And I'm just like, really? You're just going to force that in? The hell was that out of nowhere? Jesus. Yeah, out of nowhere. What were they doing that this was where it was found? Nobody knows about it. I mean, this is pretty big. What was Ryan we, at the Museum of Unnatural History? I don't History? know. This is what I'm saying. It's such a forced deal at the end to get to the next thing because this book does seem like – and even if this wasn't a Ray story, it was forced to be because it was happening in Pennsylvania. And that's how they tied into going there because they were talking about to Ray at that yeah. press conference. It got him in. Now the next story is just a forced deal to deal with Killer Frost, and we'll see. I did that's like so that she was reading I, the book. Did you see yeah, the, the book? Cryogenics, was, yeah, uh, Yeah, Mr. Freeze wrote the book, which, which was pretty cool. Oh, but, I didn't uh, see that. That was too yeah, small a print for me. By oh, Victor okay. Fri- yeah, I, I see it now. It's got the magnifier cool. up. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But it's just so, like, at the end, it just ends with a fucking nonsense. Is, for some reason, I know it's meant to be a race story for everything we got, but at the end of this I issue, know, like, it I, was. I, I, no, I'm saying, though, in it was my a mind, Ryan. it was more it of was an a, Adam story. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was more of a Ryan Choi story than anything, than the race story. He he ended up, you know, stepping up. Lobo kind of, you know, does. And, and it was the whole thing with Lobo and Ryan was okay because – it is true. Lobo was there. Batman said, no, no, no. Yeah. We don't need him. I was Lobo here for Ray in. Palmer. He's not here. I'm getting the fuck out. And Lobo's like, no, no, no. We're going to take him. So I did like that. But it, there's also, we're already starting this whole thing with Ryan with the, I, I haven't seen my parents. I, I haven't been to my office. And the, 
I'm like, you got to stop this. This is what is the ridiculousness of these books. You have to just accept that these characters are on the team and you right. can deal with it. And throwing that out there just makes you realize how ridiculous it is. And <laughs> it, it does drive me nuts. And yeah, if anything, he does say, like, I got to go find Ryan. And, you know, I got to, or Ray, I got to go find Ray. And that's I'm where. Telling you, that's what's driving me nuts. The whole idea where we have the Ray and you think of the Adam and you want to say Ray Palmer. I know, so I just keep it, saying it's confusing it. me. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I keep fucking it up every goddamn yeah. time we yeah, talk about it. I do this. too. And and just the fact, I thought you were going to say it's driving you nuts because Ryan's just kind of sitting around not dealing with anything with the Ray <laughs> or, or with Ray. See, I did it now. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I Ray did. is the Ray. and the, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, just this book is nonsense. It's getting to the I'm point where it's, it's almost nonsense. as bad as the regular Justice League. Uh, you like you. the stuff with Lobo and Ryan. That's... I found myself liking this issue more than I have anything before, and I actually didn't mind the art. I'm telling you, I was surprised by the end that I was not fucking pulling my well, hair like I have Here's where I, uh, most of the time that Steve were, the dialogue, he's always crazy. Yeah, you got your uh, own. Here, one yeah. of the things, though, that drives me nuts with any sort of writer is you have the opportunity of something really cool. And the, the coolest part of this arc would have been that almost like God tech that Aegis is, is dealing with these weapons and things yeah. like that. Never used. You, you get it when it's needed and it's explained in a hokey way. It's, it's uh, fueled by unreason, but you never get the cool <laughs> things. I want to see some of these things. I want to actually see Aegis fight them with some things. Basically Aegis, who was the big bad, just stood around yelling until he got punched out by Ryan. That's all that's he did. He has the troops and he has the arsenal that should be able to stand up against the JLA yeah. because there's these mythological, pretty yeah. badass weapons. But you never did you ever see anybody but Lobo get hit by one of these no. weapons? No, and then you no. have this fucking crossbow tech that I'm like, uh, I don't care. It's a crossbow. And really, now. here's like, the deal. If you had this gun weapon blessed by Helios and they accidentally thought that that could get rid of Killer Frost because she's Frost and went there and it supercharged her and something happened. And That'd it be should. Cool. Yeah, that would be cool. If you had... tell you, when I saw the cover, I thought that Dionysium gun, I'm like, on that, yeah. I keep saying Dionysium, but the Dionysius, how do you say it? Help me, help me out here. Uh, Did you... <laughs> I Dionysus, the Dionysus. Dionysus, yes. Okay, when they we had that Dionysus rifle in the last issue, and when yeah. I saw Lobo freaking out, and the Ray in my mind was protecting himself from a murderous Lobo. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be. A, they set it up yeah. last issue. We're gonna get the payoff. Nothing. No, and, and I would have liked like have some of this tech, this mythological tech that could Show me work. What that Lotus head that bomb could work. Did. I mean, yeah, say some crazy, do some crazy things. Have something where it actually steals Black Canary's voice, and she can't do the Canary cry. And you know, without that, she's nothing, Eric. And that would be interesting. Have it so well, that she never used it this issue. I know. I'm just saying, but that would be cool to do something like that. Say Agreed. it's a gun that does that. Say there's a gun that uh makes the ray go swallowed by a black hole something like that or have something where ryan shrinks down and well, somebody shoots him in the titan gun a prometheus gun that steals his light yeah yeah like that's what i'm saying something like that something where you get some really cool ideas with the most interesting part of all of this with the weapons and this, yeah. these weapons that were such a big thing that the townspeople seem to be making and at the point you find out that 
uh, the townspeople were actually pretty decent and know how to counteract this and have yeah. them help. They just stand there getting you know yelled at and things. The townspeople never come into play at all. It really is just nonsense, and you don't really care about them because at points they even seem like pieces of shit. Have it that Xenos ends up being the one who helps. And then you realize, you know what? He had no choice. All you get is him saying, I don't have a choice. You know, they made me do this. If I didn't do it, they'd kill me. They'd kill the town. Have him know something. Have him do a, the tech that he is designing that he knows a fail-safe that'll help. Instead, you get Lobo's heart cut out, and you get Ryan punching out Aegis, and then it's done. It's just, and that's, you, a, that's another problem you brought up that made me think that it's my my least favorite part about this book, and it's something that I'm afraid we're going to get nonstop as the series progresses, but you have this forced thing that you're supposed to feel bad for this town yeah. because of the hardship they have, but by the you end don't. of the issue, you still think of them as pieces of shit. Yeah, you think of them as pieces of shit that should have just moved. Yeah. Like, they, the city has no walls. There isn't a part where you find out that Aegis has taken all the children in the village and has them locked up, and if you don't do something, they're going to kill them. You you see that right away when that soldier goes into the house. Their family's just living their life. And, yeah, he gets mad at them and start, you know, looks like he actually knocked down the father, but there's no anything keeping there was them no there. no father in my mind. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. There, there was never a point where, like you said, by the end, and then you push it in where, yeah, I got a trunk with his name on it. I'm like, you are pieces of shit. And yeah. then also, not even this. How about this at the end? You know what, Batman? You guys help. You know what? We realize that we got to help ourselves now. We're gonna make this town better. No, they're they want a handout now. They're yelling like, what are we gonna fucking do now? He just paid us. What are you gonna pay us? Yeah, we will. We'll give you this. It's oh, it's nonsense. Oh, as well yeah. as well, huh, guys? Yeah, really, really nonsense. Or it, like do something that you know you you give a man a fish, Eric, and they can feed themselves a meal. You teach them the fish, though they can feed themselves forever. Do something in that town that isn't just going in with a nonprofit. Actually, find out that during this. That Aegis had set it up that these coal mines or whatever actually were still viable, but he had done something or to fuck it up. they had that made them viable again. Yeah, have them missing. Yeah, do something like that. Use the tech that you are now making mythological weapons to do something in the town. And like I said, you, you can have a lot of redemption there uh, for everybody in the town, but no. They don't get it. They're just there. They they seem like that you'll they'll leave, and the next thing you know, who who could be the villain that comes in next? And they're right with him. I'm telling you, fucking Doomsday up. shows up. They're fucking right in the line. Brainiac, anybody? Br fucking Bruno Mannheim. Yeah, Bruno Mannheim comes and says, "You know what? I need some people to knock some heads." They're like, "We're here. You're gonna pay you us. Wear we're great we're all about the money. <laughs> I'm gonna make you swim with the fishes. No, no, with your buddy there with this three piece suit." <sighs> Just nonsense. What'd you give it? I gave it six point five out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a four. I, I almost want to give it a, a fuck you five, but it really, the whole basis of it with Lobo and this thing wasn't explained enough for me to even know what happened. And just the the great things, the things that seem interesting, are just never they never come to be. Uh, I think me and you have rewritten it to make it more viable. Uh, for you know, like we always do, we we think we're so fucking we're special, geniuses. don't we? Oh yeah, we're fucking so special. Uh, but yes, I did not like it. But we're gonna move on to the last book of this section, which is 
I gotta find my notes, Eric. I'm so when I get real angry, I start really like up and down with these notes and stuff. I get <laughs> so angry. Wonder Woman number twenty two, and I can't say I'm that angry with this, though I didn't like it either. This is a yeah. negative podcast, written by Greg Rucka, art by Mirko and Aldolfo, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Jody Wynn. Yeah, tell God. I don't have anything here. Here we go. <laughs> I have enjoyed the year one God Watch story so much. And with the end of Greg Rucka's run, was hoping for more goodness. <laughs> Instead, we get an issue that had some fun to it, but in the end, left me feeling nothing. It seems that Greg Rucka ran in place a little to get here and things to line up for his big finale. How about that? That was not bad, right? That was not that bad. No. Uh, this issues. This issues. Yes. I don't know. I never can hear when you write. You're always laughing when you're reading them because you can't see. <laughs> I try uh, so hard, yes. Jimmy. Yes. Uh, this issue does not have a lot to go. Uh, that goes on. And the the main thing about it is what ends up happening. This is the God Watch story, so it is the one that takes if place. If you say before. so, I'm telling you, the freaking the the well, timeline they give us, it seems like it should be after what we well, had. Well, here's the, the deal. The we know story. it isn't. It's not supposed to I be. Know. So I'm going to go with this. The major problem. I have with this is that they are still in this God Watch story trying to find Themyscira while in the truth lies story of the yeah, present yeah. they're pretty much there kind they're of. already at Ares thing so right away I think that that is a misdeal by doing this especially this what should have leads came up beforehand up, yeah yeah this should have been before and if it was before you could have had a lot better things going on because basically this is just Veronica uh, trying to find out where the vibrations of the lasso, the perfect, yeah. and matching them up to places, which end up being mythological places like Olympus and, and aren't really real. So at the very end, or not real on this plane of existence, yes. so at the end, nothing happens. Really, nothing happens at all. And for the point where in the present day story, we've never heard of this resonance and, and the frequency stuff. No, just, they, they've never brought that up at yeah, all. And the thing just, is, like, they, they had pinpointed where there are these spots, but they never actually they started never said, out that yeah. it's from the freaking, you know, the lasso of truth yeah. or anything like and that. And maybe it is. Maybe that is. It probably is, but it's not well spelled out. So because of that, this issue really, event, it can be skipped. And this is probably the, the only is, one in this whole run. That after the fact, if it would have came before, yeah. it would have made oh, yeah. things so much yeah, better. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. Uh, what happens is, is basically it starts out, and there is a bachelor bachelorette auction in Las Vegas. And they've gone through it. It's for the Amnesty Trust. They're raising some money. They raised some big money. I mean, there's some heavy oh hitters God. here. Yeah, they've already raised, at the beginning of, of the issue, they've already raised six raised and a half million. more money than any charity ever. Yes, ever. Because they've raised six and a half million, ever for like three hours, or however yeah. this lasted. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of dates going on. People are having a good time there. And it does say eight years, seven months since Wonder Woman left Themyscira. And I'm sure that if we really lined it up, we'd see that this is really coming to, you know, we're weeks away. Though even then, some things happen here that are weird because in this issue, Wonder Woman does meet and talk and know about Dr. Moreau. And yeah. it didn't seem like she really knew her later. So I, I don't know what's going on there. But there's this auction going. And they waited for the big draw there. And the big draw is Wonder Woman. And she comes and out. And after seeing that dress, I have to agree. God damn it's oh, yeah. a sexy dress. Yeah, you want to have this date. And the big bidders end up – it's fun. The big ones are – 
Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor. And they're trying to get these bids going, and they're kind of going against each other. Now, the the big thing that I said the earlier. I love earlier, the scowls on Lex's face when oh, Bruce freaking out picked him, though. Yep, and Bruce has the smug deal. Of course, Bruce has all these women with him. Who do you think is with Lex? I have no idea. I, it's weird. I would I say thought Mercy that was, Graves, but it's, yeah, I it's thought it was Mercy, but it doesn't look like Mercy. I actually no. thought that might be Lena. I I don't know. It's just weird because yeah, this I can't girl see a wheelchair beneath. I, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, you are a piece of shit. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. No, the, the thing about it though is she doesn't seem like she's having a good time. <laughs> no, <laughs> Lex, because Lex I, is bidding on another. I date. know, but that's what you're there for. That's what you're going. But yeah, Bruce has three ladies at his tail. He's having a grand old time. Uh, in the meantime, they're going back and forth trying to win, and it, the money is getting very high. It's it's going at one point. It's seven and a half going, and this is Bruce Wayne's going to win at seven and a half million dollars, and then a bid of fifteen million dollars comes, and it's Veronica Kale. You see her; she's given the bid, and the best part of it is wonder. And I thought before I said this is weird because Bruce is a member of the Justice League yes. with. Wonder Woman. So it's very odd, but I will tell you that I can go to uh, I can go on a limb here and when Veronica Kale wins, Bruce has this look that he looks in the thing where it's like Dr. Veronica Kale wins the dream date with Wonder Woman and Bruce is there, the girls are on and he does have that look like Sorry, I fucked up because I do think that Wonder Woman had him come oh, to yeah, bid because she did not want to go on a date with any pieces of shit. And I do like, like I Lex don't like Luther. Yeah, I don't like the art at all. In this no, issue, no, I don't care if I'm done. I like that panel early though. On, that, that thing where we oh, early on, it looks really good. Like, this looks really good, but yes. right after that, it goes away. Yeah, and I'm goes. Like, what the hell just happened? I, I'm telling you, where you have the very beginning, like you said, the dress and things, it's very reminiscent of the Legend of Wonder Woman book. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really like that. And then it just disappears. And it's very odd, even to the point where right when they go into the main deal, and it, there's some fun. It's fun because even that, the, the announcer who I don't know what her deal is but she's like hey you know you're gonna spend uh we're gonna start a half a million for a chance to spend she, the she evening with left, wonder woman dude she was left over after that zatanna lookalike yeah it seems like was next door yeah i love the line where she's like yeah you can go an evening with wonder woman dinner a movie maybe a jaunt in that invisible jet and then Wonder Woman whispers to her, and she's like, oh, I've just been informed there's no jet jaw. That's kind of funny. I thought, I thought that was very fun. Everybody's laughing, too. It's a fun time. Uh, and especially Bruce bidding against Lex is classic. Yeah. That, that is cool. Nothing happens, though, because Veronica wins, and basically Veronica wants her, and it's such a roundabout way of what she wants and how she explains. But she says, listen, let's do the date now. If if we do this, if we set up a time, we're never going to do this. And I'm like, you just spent $15 million. God damn it, you're going to do it. But she's like, let's go now. And it's a weird combination of them having a good time with each other but not and saying that you know wonder woman really stresses like i know everything about you and i know what you you do and things like that and it's it's really weird and it, it, but it never got to the point where it's one of those like uh innuendo talks like y you have like i wouldn't know, i would have rather have had diana talk like you figure like out then, Coy? oh my god, yeah, like, oh my god, she she knows what she's up to and things like that. Instead, it's just said, and it just seems like Greg Rucka needed one more issue before the big finale of the story, and he needed to fill it up because there's just not a lot happening. In the meantime, you, she knows Dr. Maru, she knows that she has killed people, you know that the, she even calls, you know, she knows full out all of it, the Poison Brigade, all of that, and... 
Veronica explains, hey, listen, there's these bunch of people, these human traffickers that the Poison Brigade had taken out. They're backers of the people higher up. They, they want to kill me. That's why I have this protection, but I need you. They're going to go. And she had basically Wonder Woman's like, well, you know, why do you need me? You got them, whatever. She's like, no, no, no. I don't want them dead. I want yeah. them alive, and that's the I know way. You won't and, cross that line, and you won't cross but, that line. I like that. And thankfully, uh, but if you go back and read Justice League freaking Origins, that's right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like she wants to kill everybody. Yeah, she wants to kill everybody who moves. Yeah, I mean, at one point, it looks like she was going to kill that that fucking ice cream vendor if he didn't do what she said. But yeah, in the meantime, you mean they're you don't being strawberry. Yeah, yeah, really. They're they're being followed, and Diana's like, oh, you know what? That's not, you know, that's not Dr. Moreau, you know, behind us, is it? No, no, no. That's them. And Wonder Woman says, listen, when this all starts, get behind me. And this is where it's funny because this is going on. And through this whole time, I'm like, you bitch, Veronica. Like, you're saying basically Wonder Woman's going to have to put her life on the line to protect you. You can't get off your fucking phone. Jesus Christ. And she's doing it. But it all plays out I mean, through the whole thing. Telling you they're they're in the thing talking. Wonder Woman's talking. There she is, just looking at the phone. And actually, it's really well played out too to me because she's on the phone. And when Wonder Woman kind of gets close, she pulls the phone away so she can't see it. It's it, it's well done. I'm but telling you, it plays it's out really nothing. well when they finally go out and you know she yeah. confronts human traffickers and you see that Doctor Cyber is on the phone. Yeah, Doctor Cyber's on the phone, and that's where they start recording. Basically, they know that Wonder Woman's going to fight. The vibrational frequencies, and the vibrations, like that. especially when she starts using the lasso, and that's where resonance detected. She's uh, you know, and she's filming this, or at least getting the audio and sending it to Doctor Poison. Or not. Well, Dr. you don't Poison, know what kind Dr. of app Cyber. she has on that phone. It could just be the whole like you know, the, not the audio or video of it. It's just like it is checking the resonance yeah yeah that's what it seems to be yeah. but it's funny too it's like yeah what is she you, you find out that that's actually not uh dr uh, dr cyber on there it's actually her uh freaking wallpaper she just likes her she likes to look as a wallpaper it's just weird that you have her there uh but yeah she's just there to do this so basically she's put everybody's life on the line and all doing this and wonder woman's like oh you know what i'm glad to help and is that does she kiss veronica on the cheek because it's yes. a weird it doesn't look like she quite gets there you know what I mean? It's very odd, but uh, it, yeah, she kisses her on the cheek. That it would be a kiss on the cheek at the end of yeah. this date, like this. Like, is this is the custom, you know, in her mind? Like, yeah. oh, okay, well, well, yeah. at the end of and the it, day, we get a kiss on cheek. It's weird too, because it seems like Wonder Woman knows, like, what leads to this. I guess maybe this is when, but she already has gotten that watch at the end, so she already knows shit's gone wrong and you never yeah. get the idea that she finds out something in between because we've already seen that before she's a hell of like, an actress that wonder woman why didn't she do that then though i like, don't know she, she's done all this stuff like is she... batman giving her detective skills like you got to play this out wonder know. woman you got to you know be this yeah. like get all the information you can while you're out on the state with her weird. while she's getting information from you all along veronica kell was trying to fool wonder woman but wonder woman was fooling her Eric. but yeah they go back and there's where veronica's there they're talking to she's talking to dr cyber about what the resonance meant and where the the global survey they've done and where it basically is it's pointing out the only places are places that are not real it's like olympus and things like that so they're no they're no for they're no closer to finding themiscara at this yeah. point and as this is going on, you know, Veronica is getting more and more mad. And then Wonder Woman shows up outside the window and Veronica's a bitch. She's like, listen, I'm afraid I can't see anyone without an appointment. And yeah, and she's like, hey, this won't take long. Did you get everything you paid for? So that she's almost like now it's being sub. Now she's being coy. 
Right? It's like, and she's like, yeah, I got my money's worth. And then that's where Wonder Woman says, I told you I knew a great deal about you. I don't think you understood how much. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Because then she says, listen, you, you have a connection with my friend, Dr. Minerva, or perhaps we'll call her Cheetah, and gives her that broken freaking what's that it signal called? The communicator. Watch she gave her, yeah. yeah, she gave her the signal watch where when uh, Wonder Woman went down to see what Minerva was up to, found that, that watch broken, and because that's when Dr. Cheetah Cyber came out. shut off the Dr. signal Cyber so that Minerva could never contact Wonder yeah, Woman so and it's it like, ultimately become Cheetah. Yeah, it's weird. It's like this seems like this should have happened before. This should have been right after that issue. You would have had a lot more setup. You would have seen what's going on and whatnot. But it, it happening now, basically. Well, this is right after that issue, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think that we've known that that was a couple issues ago when I, Cheetah I think it came might have been out. Last because issue. she's fought Cheetah since then. No, it wasn't saying, last she, issue. That was in the future. The freaking the last God Watch issue. I think that's what this was. That no, was. No, I, I don't think so. I do, because uh, that issue, like I said, that issue's uh, ended basically with Wonder Woman showing up and the watch being destroyed and her going out. I think that was a couple issues ago. Was if it? I'm wrong, okay. I'm, I'm fucking off. But I'm telling you, I think that because we even had some very uh, heavy uh, Veronica Kale issues in the – remember this oh, yeah, is I, where – I remember. I'm telling you because I think we had two really heavy Veronica Kale well, issues. Well, remember God though. Watch, remember. Cersei and all that. Godwatch and stuff in the the recent Godwatch stuff has been with Phobos and Deimos being turned into dogs and yeah, things like Cersei that. Yeah, and whatnot. That was way after that where she showed up with this watch. I mean, you didn't even reason, remember the watch. I think we watch. had all that going on, and then like at the end, it was Wonder Woman confronting no, Cheetah. Was, I'm telling you, I'd have to check, but I think I, that I don't was, know if top. Of my I actually God. think that was three issues ago. Could have been. it seems, but even so, like I said, this wasn't like you were like, oh, that watch. Even I'm you were you, like, when what I the saw fuck that is watch, that? I had no idea what the fuck. Well, that's it was. what I'm saying. So if it was last issue, I think both of us were like, oh my God, there's that watch, but it just was. But odd. I will tell you, I have been really invested in the Veronica Kale stuff and not much else in the Godwatch yeah. story. So it might have been just that how like because yeah, yeah, I yeah. love the Veronica it's just weird. But yeah, overall though, then Wonder Woman goes off. But the whole thing is we know that it's weird too. The whole thing with it being a different artist and stuff. I, I'm not so sure that this. I don't know. Maybe this was done before. And I don't. Obviously, it couldn't come out out of order. They wouldn't allow that. But well, they it's did just that one weird. point. We had to get back on track with so, that Bill Quisevely yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird because we only have one more issue. That Bill Quisevely's on. Yeah. Why couldn't she do this one? Like, is she that? It's only once a month. It just seems weird because, yeah, this is the penultimate issue of Godwatch, Eric. I love to throw that out there. I hate you. And, yeah, Godwatch ends next issue, and we'll see what's going on. But if it's anything from here, unfortunately, I, I think that the next issue will have some things in it. But the way the progression would be you wouldn't really need that next issue because it seems like they've run out of things to tell exactly. in, this, in this story and all the things we're going to get are in the present. So we'll see what goes on, but maybe and I'm ultimately, wrong. Ultimately, it was a lot of padding. It did not have the heart that we've had in the other God Watch issues. No. It was just pretty much them out talking about things that we already know, and eventually we find out that the whole point of the issue was just finding out this fucking residence of the fucking lasso, and that's it. Yeah, and I'm that, like, and, it was it was a lot of padding to get to that simple again, thing without what, the heart that we have been used to yeah, in this and, freaking story. And with that, the the problem being is that we've already seen them find where they think is Themyscira with the the tree and stuff like yeah. that. So just seeing them find things that really don't mean anything now, it, it just seems very odd. Agreed. Uh, but I gave it a six point eight, Eric. Uh, like I said, the art, like I, it started off okay. 
but right away, that's the thing. And even you said at one point because the, you know you're just reading it, and I think Reggie might have said it, or somebody else said it. But I started reading it not the first time, and I didn't really look at the creative team. Like, oh, neither did I. I tell you, I'm like, I what the Bill fuck happened? First. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell happened with the the art? But because and it, it isn't as good, and it's it threw me off. I'm a little, telling you, you but, get to that one goddamn panel on the, like the page where they're walking to like uh, on their date show that. Freaking Veronica and Wonder Woman don't have faces. Yeah, yeah, it's just. And I'm like, it, I just looked at that. I'm like, why? And it's, it's like, like this they, is a pretty big st- fucking panel. Yeah, and it's like they started out just to uh, just to have good art, and then it all fell apart. And like, yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking at the last issue as we go, just right, to see right. how it ends, just to make sure it wasn't that. Because now I'm going through and I'm worried. But yeah, I see this, this, and yeah. But what would you give it? I think I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay, 6.5. Now, the last issue at the end was when, uh, I guess, oh, that no, you know what was the end of last God Watch issue? Was well, when uh, Cersei, I guess, said that she realized that uh, the soul was not in the gem. Oh, was, right, right, was, right. Freaking, you know, uh, uh, Izzy's soul was on Themyscira. Yeah, yeah it was in Themyscira. And then she's like, I'll do anything I can, whatever it takes. But uh, give me a little more. I want I actually want to go back and see how far it was since that. Because I'm telling you, I forgot all about that whole uh, watch thing at first, too. Yeah. And maybe it was two issues well, ago. And then I'll, I'll give you, say, I'll okay. give you something else that bothered me here. But during the whole, like, auction thing, I know you got to keep up appearances. And there's a classic thing to have Bruce Wayne be the playboy, you know, have all these freaking models around him and whatnot. But okay. we have never seen that Bruce Wayne, in my, as far as I can like recall, in the New 52 at all. He has yeah. pretty much been a serious Bruce Wayne and a serious Batman without this whole playboy antics. Well, it might be something that was like early on in his career, yeah. but this spelling out that it's like eight years after Wonder Woman yeah. has left and gone the man's world, this should be a point in my mind where he is done with the nonsense. He is just like maybe even being there for Wonder Woman. I could see that, but surrounding himself with these freaking you know, models, like that, people in my mind don't see him as this playboy anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did find it. It's actually issue 18. So okay. it's only two issues ago. It's not okay. that bad. I just remembered it. Well, I didn't think it was last issue. So it was two. But even so, we kind of forgot about it. I remembered it then when I saw But it's because the watch really itself wasn't something that was really. Well, I'm telling you, if that's the case, though, the whole thing to me is that this issue might have been pushed back because the, the last mean. issue, this is, would have been played a lot better. And then we would have had that other yeah. issue that took its place yeah, yeah. after this. And it works Which better was in my mind that way. Yeah, maybe something got a little fucked up. Maybe we because we Greg, find out that Izzy's on Themyscira yeah, next issue, Izzy's then we deal with you know, going to Themyscira. You go. It that all works out. That would make sense. Maybe at one point they tried to shuffle some things because of it being, you know, Greg Rucka giving them the whole deal. Oh, I'm not going to be going on, and things got a little messed up, or he wanted it to be like this. It is I just very think odd. that maybe you know this art got done, this story got, or the uh, Bilquis's story got done before this one, and then just put it there and said this works here it's anyway. Just weird, but it does even not then, work why would this? Why would this other artist be ever involved? You think Bilquis took over? Uh, from Nicholas Scott, and then you'd go from there. But uh, who knows? We'll probably know. never know. It just yeah. like we said, no matter what, it did seem out of sequence just the way the story progressed. But we're going to go off now. Stop talking about nonsense, Eric. Yeah. There's a lot of nonsense talk, but we're going to go off to some more mail. <laughs> It 
don't understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man The time on the podcast is here The voice that we all want to hear So here we go Just feel the power in his voice. Classic dancing Mike. And yes, this is mail section number three. We're going to start with Ben from Nerd Church Radio Podcast. And he says, what's up, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew? And what's that over there? And here, what he... <laughs> I didn't realize he wanted a sound. Wait, let me set that up again. What's that over there? Uh, yes, we haven't, heard, we haven't heard the chickens in a while. I love the chickens. First off, for my random topic of this week, I want to know what you guys think is the best action movie from the 2000s all the way up until now. This doesn't have to be a comic book movie and can just be an action movie. What do you say, Eric? I'm just going pure action. I'm going to do the fourth Rambo film, just titled Rambo. Okay, that is good stuff. I'm going to have a tie. I'm going to have a tie between every movie that came out. No, actually, I, I'm going to go uh, one comic book one, which would be Deadpool, which I loved, and I thought the action was great. And also uh, my non-superhero comic book movie that probably would be my number one might be John Wick as a pure action movie. I thought that was great. I love Keanu. Uh, but I think that he has a, a one that you didn't think of that you may actually think is a pretty good pick. He thinks Mad Max Fury Road was the, one of the best action movies he's I think ever Rambo's seen. Better. And he watched it the other day, and it's just so fucking astounding and beautifully shot. I'll never see that Rambo. Uh, you talk about it. I just I have no interest in seeing it, especially with him being so goddamn old. It just Yeah, that really me. threw me off the first time. It took me a long time. I only just watched it this year. And he well, he says, "Do you have guys have any other action movies that you think would rival uh, Mad Max Fury Road?" You said Rambo. I did uh, one of the ones because I didn't I didn't let you know this. I forgot all about it to to let you know. So we were talking before we started recording about some things, and one of the things that came up were the Planet of the Apes movies that mm-hmm. came out, and I thought maybe you'd go with that. Uh, I actually watched the original Planet of the Apes today. I forgot right. to tell you, and I fell asleep. And I, I realized my kids bailed. They bailed within five minutes. They had no fucking desire at all to watch evens. it. No, it's just, I'm telling you, I remember why I never ended up watching the whole thing before. It's because you go through that long section where Charlton Heston can't talk. Right. And it's just boring as shit. I just sat there and I'm like, God damn it, I'm, I'm goddamn falling asleep. I watched so The I Warriors did. today. Yeah, yeah, I feel I this was where I was kind of getting some things ready and I wanted to have a movie on and I put like I said I put on the goddamn Planet of the Apes and it was hard. It was on the stick. 
and I go to Planet of the Apes, and I go, and it's like, oh, HD. I, there's actually somebody who has an HD deal, whatever. I'm sure it mu- did it come out on Blu-ray at any oh, point. Yeah, I, I would assume it did. Uh, every time I put in the HD version, it was giving me Marky Mark, and I had to take that off. And finally, I just got to a standard, and you could tell right away as how the uh, 20th Century Fox logo right. was. It, it comes up fancy. You're watching new, and uh, I you did end up seeing watch that. What's that? And nobody needs to watch that. Version. No, no. So I ended up turning that off, and I watched the original. It was on for a while. I fell asleep and woke up, and it was kind of ending. I was like, okay. I didn't even get to see Keep Your Filthy Paws Off Me, You Damn Dirty Ape. I didn't even get to that point wow. before I fell asleep. And then when I woke up, you know, he was pounding the sand and yelling that it was it was You maniacs! Yeah, yeah. Nonsense. Dr. Zayas. It's funny because I hadn't seen it for a long time, and I I don't think I ever made it all the way through. I always thought that Dr. Zayas was a little more of a nicer guy. (laughs) That was was a dick. Shows up, too, looking like a goddamn, I don't know. He he looks so crazy, but yeah. I like at, at one point. Actually, I woke up at one point. It was when Charlton Heston was shaving, right. and they they had the whole thing. Is somehow you look less intelligent without that. Beard. The thing is, I actually think of that scene all the time, where it's like you know, like on my world, you know, people like uh, who like let their beards grow out are kind of like immature. I'm like, yeah, for yeah. some reason. I look at myself in the mirror, and that scene dawns on me yeah. all the goddamn time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he, I, I think that he's like, on my, uh, when I left my planet, all the young people had, you know, and I'm like, uh, he meant hippies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it made me laugh, but yeah, and I fell asleep again. I just read All-Star Batman number 10, Jesus Christ. I'm so happy that this book is finally getting better. I love Scott Snyder, but he has been disappointing the hell out of me lately with his weird stories and his wordy prose-esque writing. I feel like he brought a, bought a bunch of hallucinogenic drugs and has been tripping balls the last six months writing weird, complex, wordy bullshit. Uh, I do think I think that, like you were saying, with JLA, I do think that it's not that I didn't like the first long arc of uh, the All Star Batman, right. but I do think that I just liked a uh, like Ben saying, I just liked an action movie type deal. I actually had a lot more fun with it because it was just straight up action to me. Right. Uh, but not an All Star Batman number ten. We're finally getting back to Scott Snyder that I know and love. I was actually able to follow and absorb this story from this one uh, on the first read, and it wasn't half bad either. I love the way that Snyder told the story from Alfred's point of view and put a fun reveal at the end when we found out that Alfred was the kid being chased down by the cops. He says 7.7 out of 10. A little lower than me, a little higher than you. Right in the middle. Just like the cream in an Oreo cookie. Cream. Cream. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. (laughs) Seven by, you know, a little bit. But uh, that's the thing. Uh, Do you like, would you ever, ever in your life eat a regular Oreo again? Yes. Would you? You would. You. The thing is, if it's there's out no there, way I'm I not would buying one. No, I but wouldn't. If it's, fuck if it's it. out and about, and there's just a regular Oreo, and I'm, like, no, I'm oh, not. You know what? I'm going to take this no Oreo way. right here. I'm going to put it in my mouth. That's fucking nonsense. That'd be disgusting. I, I can only eat double stuff. I will never. I will never eat another fucking regular Oreo again. I'm, I'm double stuff or nothing. Buying a regular one. No, I'm saying if if there was in the break room a bunch of you know Oreos, I'd yeah. go in. I'd see their Oreos. I wouldn't touch them. It's a waste. It's not even worth what it. What if there were only Oreos there? I wouldn't eat anything. I'm saying if I went in and they had that there, no, I wouldn't. I said we had donuts all the the day. I took a bite out of that fucking donut the other day. It fucking tasted like shit. I was going to throw it away and you ate it. Uh, It's not like I sat there and like, well, it was the only thing there. I'm going to eat this thing. Did you go back for more donuts? No, I didn't go back. I thought you did. No, I didn't. I went in and looked. Uh, 
later and there was nonsense the only thing left was and i wasn't even going in it was the one girl the pregnant lady she was going in and i just i'm like i don't think anything's left and when she opened it up i'm like that looks like one of those fucking apples you know the <laughs> apple with the vanilla icing i'm like that's a bunch of bullshit and then it was funny because she's like i don't know i don't think it's apple i'm like no no i know that's apple and she's like yeah she looked and she's like yeah and she's like those are disgusting i don't know anybody who likes it it was like a sitcom because we walk out and then I walk around, I say something to you, and I look over, and there's fucking the, uh, what do you call him, the, the melding, uh, the The incredible melting man? Yeah, the incredible melting man. Walking by, eating the fucking apple donut. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. But yeah, uh, next biggie of the week for me, Action Comics. This one started off a little slow. Watching Clark and Lois house hunt is kind of a snooze fest for me. Also, I'm not sure when they decided to move. Maybe they'll address that in the next issue of Superman editorial continu- continuity issues over at DC. Yikes. And yeah, you, you get the idea they were going to move anyway. They've mentioned yeah. it a little bit that they wanted to, but they weren't going to. And now there is a little been, snafu. Say there, now that shit's getting real though in Hamilton County they have a place to go oh yeah and that's just a setup and like you said this happened obviously before the shit really got bad so now yeah now it's set up that they have a place to run to but I digress the issue moved past the snooze fest and there's some really awesome villain development now Cyborg Superman's team is after Zod Suicide Squad crossover I'm hooked Superman and Action Comics are both killing it lately I do have to mark a little bit off for the boring start but overall I gave it a 8 out of 10 I don't remember what I gave it somewhere around that right I I don't remember either I gave it a 7.8 I think you yeah, I think I went. Yeah, I think I went eight because there was two issues where you gave seven point eight something like that, and I went both I think above it was to three. Eight. This fucking episode, yeah, something like that. I can't. Remember. I must have really recorded seven point eight this week. Yeah, I think that uh, Titans I gave an eight out of ten as well when you gave yeah. a seven eight. Uh, and now for the most disliked book of the week, Just League of America. I have no idea what's happening with Just League books lately. It seems like they're cursed or something. All the dialogue in these books is so bad, and I cannot picture anyone actually saying these things in real life or even no. an animated film for that matter. They're trying to make me care about Lobo and Killer but with the dialogue being so bad they're actually having the opposite effect is this book supposed to be a permanent thing right now or does it have a finite ending no it's permanent permanent. i just want to wake up one day and realize it was a bad dream anyway i've wasted enough of your time as always uh thanks for all the shit you guys put out gets me through my work days and that is ben from ncr nurture radio and go check them out as well and thank you ben and yeah it's i until it gets canceled it's a regular thing i I don't know how long it's going to last, though. I the the sales of uh, the sales in general, the sales came out numbers last week, and everything's down. It's really bad, except possibly Green Arrow number twenty one. No, exactly. there no, was sorry, the Batman and the Flash are like high as hell. Because yeah, of the no, because right of the now, button, but people else. are going nuts, but everything else is really down, including Justice League. Justice League actually fell below Detective Comics it's in the, the deal. So it. yeah, and and really, this is the thing. Where you do get a problem because I said to you, you have people, they have a pull list. So that's where most, you know, most of the comic book shops are going to order based on the pull list and then the amount of issues they think, obviously, that they'll sell. But the pull list stuff to me is, is a major bite of yeah. what they order because they know they will sell that. You're going to order what you're going to sell. Uh, the problem with that is you have people and this happened to me in my little pull list when I was going to that place and it happened to you as well even with a guy who was a good friend of yours being the comic, book st- uh, the comic shop owner. 
you end up hating a book and you keep fucking forgetting to cancel it off I your know. pull list. So especially it comes out too much now. Maybe the two week deal I, will I help think it people. Had world's finest on my yeah. pull list the entire of it, and I hated yeah. every goddamn. So issue. what happens is you go in and you go, hey, you know what's going on? Oh, here's your pull list. Oh shit, Justice League. And then you're like, well, I'll check this out and I'll decide this might from be the here. Good one. Yeah, and then you end up because it's the Justice League, so there is that delay. And also, people don't want to drop the Justice League. They're all they keep. You keep hoping it's going to get better, and that book does have more of a wide berth than what you would give a lot of others. If you have new Superman, say, or I'll say Superwoman, after three issues, it sucks. Out. You're out. You're like, no, I didn't really Super care girl, about out. this. Blue yeah. Beetle, and, and, but but again, if you're a Supergirl fan and that's your favorite character, you're going to give that more of a deal. But for the most part, people with Justice League on their pull list, it's because it's supposed to be an important book. It's a big book. It's the book that has all the heroes. Little Eric Shea loves that book because he sure gets does. everybody, all the heroes going and, and whatnot. And it is going to take you a little bit longer, but that just shows you it's finally hit and usually when this happens you know fingers crossed shit goes bad quick like yeah. when this shit starts going you're gonna end up with just the people who refuse to take it off their pull list and yeah it last last month it was in the top 10 now it's it's way down i think it's like 20th and 22nd like the two issues but that's it's a big jump or drop and hopefully it'll continue it's a big because jump it just, down s- yeah jump down to seacrest in that they have to do something has to happen time. it's my just time is of the essence <laughs> my time is of the essence you got to realize that it it's not just yeah explain it to me come on no i'm not that i'm saying people (laughs) need people everybody who's a dc fan wants to love the justice league i don't know anybody who would say boy I, i don't care that most people even if it's not their book if it's good they're gonna get it it's it's a huge book it just sucks. And you, you go from having Jeff Johns on it, you know, even if George doesn't For like Jeff Johns. Years. George doesn't like him, but uh, it's still, that was a good book. But, yeah, uh, we'll go to the next mail, and it's from Andrew, and he's from Belfast, Aaron. Belfast. Right. Belfast. Dear Jim and Eric, Andrew and Belfast here. I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing to seek some advice from you two gentlemen as well as the wider Get Fresh crew, Doop Doop, as a collective body. After some unusually sunny weather last week, I decided to take my lunch break in a nearby inner city park in Belfast. I don't know much about Belfast, but this sounds like it's it's going to go dark. Once you say <laughs> inner city, immediately it's like, oh, it's going to yeah. be bad. As it was such a nice day, I decided to sit in the sunshine and rest my weary bones. Let's enjoy a sit in the park and listen to the award-winning Weird Science DC podcast, said I. Partway through listening to the review section of Injustice, I thought that since I was sitting on the park bench and enjoying the show, I may as well rest properly. Is this like his balls are going to come out? I therefore adjusted myself so I can instead lay along the park bench there there i was on a leisurely lunch break with my favorite podcast moving through uh to deathstroke and cyborg reviews lying in the sun such fine trees shading me and the birds singing in the trees all was well with the world gentlemen i may even have dozed off that doesn't say much to the podcast but it was a great way to spend some time and i returned to work uh somehow okay i returned to work thoroughly refreshed it it changed pages and fuck me i'm ready for getting back to the old grindstone in the afternoon that evening and informing my wife of this awesome new form of lunch break she looked at me with genuine concern and said you went and slept on a park bench on your lunch oh my god you're such a tramp 
I like to call him a drifter. Now I realize homo. that when I it is expressed this way, did you say homo? What are you homo. talking about? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I thought you said you homo. It's like, what are you doing? One may conjure up a very different image to the one I had painted for you, fine gentleman. I just imagine he has a bindle. He, he's fucking sitting there with these fuck. <laughs> well, he's well, eating shit out of a shoe. <laughs> he's eating chili out of a shoe. And then somehow he's catching a, a goddamn a freight car and going off to someplace. One may even imagine me. Yeah. Here we go. One may even imagine me without shoes. And with a bottle of some form of fortified alcoholic beverage in a brown paper bag. Maybe fishing in a bin for a nice leftover crust or two. Ge clearly, gentlemen, you know me and value my good word. I can assure you that was not the case. I just think she's like, you're a fucking lazy ass. Weighing up all these important factors, I therefore seek an answer to this question from the Get Fresh crew. Is it socially acceptable to sleep on a park bench during the day? Now, I know that Belfast doesn't have a great reputation for peace and tranquility. That bomb's going off there. But leaving aside the personal security angle, surely it is a worthy way to while away some time if one is confident in one's abilities to fend off an attack. As we enter the summer months, this is clearly a question that I need answered. I'll tell you, uh, immediately brings to mind a guy who we used to work with. And he used to go and sleep on top of the cardboard boxes and take his lunch. And that got him fired yeah. also lately uh the boss's son keeps coming back late from lunch and his excuse is always that he fell asleep in the car and i look at him and i say you're a lazy motherfucker so andrew stop sleeping you're gonna no. get fucking rolled they're they're gonna do something you're gonna wake up with something in your mouth that you may or may not like uh, i don't know i i wouldn't trust people i really wouldn't but go See, it's on. not even that. The whole idea to me is that, like, you know, I couldn't do that just because I would think to myself, if I'm laying here, that means somebody else who might want to sit down can't. So oh, never that's all that you care about? And, yeah, yeah, I don't think he cares about that. That's It's a bench. They, I'm sure he'll tell us that as he's laying down, there's probably, and this seems like a park, there's probably yeah. 15 benches that are, don't have people in them. I've never been to a park where it's standing room only, where people are, you know, begging oh, to I get agree. a I'm seat. I I'm just saying, and in my mind, it's almost like Florida yeah. Somebody comes up, uh, seats tight. It'd be and, good, though. It'd be good. You're, you Instead of sitting, laying there, right, you, you want to make sure, and then some motherfucker sits down next to you. What are you going to do then? You're going to get up and leave anyway. You're not gonna sit down next to these people on the bench. You're gonna I'm leave. Talking about normal people, not me. Yeah, nobody's normal. I've learned that. But yeah, I could just imagine somebody sitting next to you. You're out on the bench at work. We have fucking fifty people that we work with. We know we don't know all their names, but yeah, we, I you know, no they're idea. there. Anybody even gets near you, you fucking you bail. You're out. Yeah. But he says that. He continues on and says, should I heed my wife when she tells me that that is inappropriate, Eric? That reminds me of somebody who said this. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. I don't know if Andrew's wife is angry, but she said that is inappropriate. What say ye? Help me, Jim and Eric. You're my only hope. I agree with his wife. Get your yeah. lazy ass up. Seriously, don't fall asleep. I mean, basically, you she's saying tramp. she got a hold of me, Andrew. She said, listen, you're, you're already on borrowed time. The, the boss already has reprimanded you ten times for other things. The minute they – and really, you're going to fall asleep, and you're going to wake up at 530 at night, and you're going to be fucking fired. God your damn, fucking poor pencil. wife. Jesus Christ. All she wants you to do is go to fucking work and work. Next thing you know, you're falling asleep. 
Holy moly. LOL. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Regards to Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Big T, and Vermilion. And yeah, get, get to work. Stop you. I, I, uh, I guess. Actually, I was thinking this Big Tony. He just left uh, Trevin on. He wants uh, Tony from fucking Queens or whatever. Uh, Coney Island. Is it Coney Island? I didn't think yeah. he said Coney Island. I thought he was always from Queens. Because he always has that accent that that somebody who may not be him says that he uh, is from uh, that's the accent from there that he's actually playing a role. Eric, I won't mm-hmm. I won't divulge who it is, but uh, yeah, I think that you have to get your ass to work. And I, I don't know, maybe listen to something else other than us if if we put you to sleep. I know that Eric's a I'm very so soothing. Sorry. He's a soothing man when he's talking. Well, jeez, but yeah, thank you, Andrew. And we're going to go off to something, Eric. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure, but I do think something will come up after this, right? Let's hope. Okay. So close, no matter how far. come straight from the heart. Forever trusting one as Jim's reviews matter Jim never opens himself this way To his wife or his family Let's not forget Eric Shane Cause his reviews matter Trust I seek and I find in him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you find Cause Jim's reviews matter Ah, uh, segregation, Reggie, and we are here oh, with Reggie. Oh boy, How here you I doing am. There, Reggie. I'm well segregated. Uh, you know, you yes. play that song. It doesn't make me. It doesn't make me sad. It makes me very resolute, though, and you know, it very does. like. And you know, I have a lot. Of, I have a couple of pretty good books this week. You know what well, I mean? here's the it? thing. So, but uh, here's it's like the, the problem: the funeral is, march into my doesn't, into my section. Doesn't matter here. though, because only my reviews matter. You got a point uh, Yes, so. I was going to say. Eric Shea, the hell with that guy. The the thing that I was going to mention coming in is that you have made a comeback, Reggie. Your books have turned around a bit, most of them, uh, Uh, to the point where I don't (laughs) dread when I have to read your goddamn books, except for one. There there is one that's a little off. There are two that that are... uh hateful you know yeah, uh, well i mean this this week, this week there's yeah. one but yeah yes but in normal general, yeah and i know you really do dread going yeah, you're to. talking hellblazer as well yeah. obviously because that book is garbage but yeah this this <laughs> week uh pretty positive right. with yours especially the first two and uh yeah you want to just get right into it reggie you ready you got the engines running you, you ready go. to Let's get, get on pop. that we're... get popping there because we're going to start with about what that. Hal jordan and the green lantern Corps number 20 written by robert vendetti art by rafa sandoval jordi tarragona and tamu mori 
A hollow green circle looking like an hourglass. That's the logo of the Funky Mogo. Currently assaulted by some pointy prisms. It's all Hal's fault. I don't think he can fix it. Controlled by a dark foe by the name of Sarko. Brooding all sad like the kid in Donnie Darko. He doesn't like the mingling of the green and yellow. You know it's fucking up his mellow. So now the little bastard only wants to blast it. Rip Hunter tried to warn him, but he collapsed. Jordan wants to fly back to get Krona's gauntlet. Little does he know Sarko's already worn it. People tried to warn him, but Hal did it anyway. And now the lanterns have to pay. Because he didn't think ahead. Here is something you can't comprehend. How Hal cannot think ahead. Here is something you can't comprehend. How Hal cannot think ahead. Yes. I think that's going to be a hit. That is a hit so? there, Reggie. See, the problem is I can't do the high nasals. Yes. Of yes. The, uh, <laughs> that you know, is true. The song. I can, oh, I can be do the real. The other guy. Yeah, you be can't real. get the be real uh, deal going there. Yeah, even oh, if geez. I did this, you know what I mean? When I hold my nose, it gets yeah. funny. But Hello, it's not we need to get a high-pitched fella in on that We track, do. But, uh, we do. That would not be us because you know what, Reggie? I, I have a very deep voice when I get and the gonorrhea. Like this. I got, I got the gonorrhea. I don't know. Uh, earlier we heard uh, what I like to call Portland Pete uh, send in a rant rave. Uh, and I think that him and Gonorrhea Dave – is it Gonorrhea Dave? Yes. <laughs> remember the, the sure, fucking yeah. characters anymore. Gonorrhea Dave and Portland Pete, I think they have to start their own R&B duo. Wop band. I think that's going to happen eventually. Uh, but yes, we're in Green Lantern. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. And I did like this issue. I, I actually liked it a lot. Uh, I thought the art was incredible. And yeah. there. That, see, I, I said we're going to do this as a normal everyday yeah. podcast. We are. What is next, Reggie? What, ten, what song do you have? Ten all across the board. Uh, let's shut but also, you know, right. and people listening know. I like one thing in life, and that's being right. And when I saw that those constructs were because of how, though it was kind of a roundabout way of what we said uh, happened, but those constructs coming were, we were right on that. How caused yeah. that trouble? Uh, the big thing, though, do you think Sarko is the future child of Kyle and uh, what's Sornik? And Sornik. You, you that's know, pretty I, much I'll really honest, pushed, I, right? I didn't think about it until this second, but now that you say it, yes, I absolutely It do. has to I, be, right? You thought that yeah. as well already, Eric, yeah. when I mean, you were reading it? No, actually, I didn't have that idea at all. Okay. I, like He talks about his father telling him bedtime stories about the Green Lantern Corps and whatnot, and I just, honestly, I, I had no connection to what he could be, like, you know, who he could be descended from in the future. Well, at first, it goes a little beyond that when he says that whoever his dad was, Hal told him where he buried the gauntlet. So it's yeah. a little beyond just a guy who heard about yeah. the Green Lanterns. Star Starnik and Kyle are flirting all the time. It's he like really they're is. Thing, they're really so. pushing that. And also it kind of has a Kylo Ren type deal where it is Sinestro would then be his grandfather that he kind yeah. of is all into and all that. Yeah. And I'm telling you, look at him. Looks a little like a, a very buff Kyle a little in the face with that haircut. So I do think that that's what they're pushing, that when they find out that it will be their kid. Uh, but, yeah, I, I actually like it. It ties in some stuff. It has some renegade stuff involved and the beginning of the rebirth uh, going in. Uh, I liked it. But tell us what happens, Reggie. Give us a little run. Well, basically, you know, Hal tried to do a full frontal assault right on the uh, the prison monsters that are attacking or on their way to attack Mogo. That failed, so of course, plan B is to just do 
an even bigger attack. What else can you do? I mean, this is literally the these are the least creative Green Lanterns I think in the history of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> All they do is just like if if at first you can't we beat it up, just try to hit it even harder with some uh, bigger constructs and shit. So uh, that fails. Uh, the prisms eventually. I forget what happened. I know they they get onto the Mogo surface and eventually they're like combined to make a mega prism. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, the, um, the whole the whole those yeah. parts not real interesting. I mean that well, that the, part. You guys I mean, are that's talking the about art how stuff. Great. That that's the big art. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like all the. Uh, you guys talking about how great the art was in this. Honestly, I found myself being confused by the actions going down here. Like when they uh, shot I the big you know long guns at it, it looks like they're vaporized at first, and then we're talking to Sarko later on where. He keeps sending more and more prison beasts to the Mogo, so I don't know if these are actually destroyed or if these are just more reinforcements coming when we see the Hal later on. I just found a lot of the action, especially when like yeah, I don't think I don't even think that they're that. even destroyed by that. I I think that they just they hit the ones, totally but there's just more. There's wave yeah. and wave, and they're not affected by it because he even says, I mean, it's immediate where Hal when they get hit by that cannon, Hal says, "No good, John." And then hit them with everything, and this now they just keep coming. I think it's just supposed to be them coming. I did think it was funny at one point. Hal yells, "I've tried every construct. I know they're not working." So I said, basically, the fire truck, the punching glove, yeah. uh, you know, the train, the, box, the <laughs> fighter jet, <laughs> yeah, you know? boxing glove, yeah, all those, yeah, the fighter jet. He only has like seven that he can do. But yeah, I think that I, I really did like the art. I thought all the characters looked great. Uh, but yeah. As a progression of the story, really, the whole it, there's not a lot happening, but you do get thing. You get the whole thing with Hal, it's like where you find out that he what knows we already, what we already thought that Hal Jordan, by by forging this ring and then tossing Corona's gauntlet into this into planet in sectors yeah. five, six, three, he created this condition that was able to birth these prison monsters and. Somehow also drew Sarko back, I guess. That doesn't seem to really necessarily and, uh, fit. And, and, just, and then the like, big thing is that the gauntlet has, it's sentient now. It actually, with the willpower, right. and is going to be sentient and, you know, come after Hal as he goes to, you know, go get it. They're going to fight. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's also, you have John Stewart the whole time where he's talking about, and this is very similar to the Lost Army and Edge of Oblivion book when uh, he is at the beginning, even in the Green Lantern Corps book in the Green uh, New 52, where he's always sitting there talking and fucking getting, you know, I'm a I'm a soldier, I know how to I'm do Marine, things. It was, yeah. it was yeah, we very... Yeah, we got that a lot in the Lost Army. They switched over in Edge of Oblivion to be more guide-guard yeah. centric yeah. and his abusive it got, father. It was like very, that. very reminiscent of that. And also, that that was basically the whole first arc, if I remember, of the New 52 Green Lantern Corps was a lot right. of that with John telling you, you know, how it is. So I do like that they're kind of giving people a little rundown because if you think they, they – the Green Lantern Corps showed up here, and if there's people who just jumped in, there, you know, it's it's kind of new to them. So I don't mind that. Uh, well, and you get... mind is not seeing when he was a part of the Justice League and the current continuity that we've had, because up to this point, we have never seen him to be a part of the Justice League. It makes yeah. sense, you know, once Hal was like, maybe he left, and like when John took over, maybe he was a part during like uh, the Justice League during that five years gap that we had at the beginning of the New Fifty Two. But I've never seen it in this well, continuity. Maybe it's reborn. Maybe it's affecting everything because there's a couple other books this week that have some really questionable things as well that that actually made me think that there's some reborn shenanigans going on. But we'll see what that. Uh, but yeah, basically you have Sarko who's just you know still with Space Ape, 
And uh, yeah, what's he, his, I always forget the other Greenlander. He, he's keeping Sarko, I mean, uh, space safe and Goran's son alive. Just Goran's so he doesn't son, look like a yeah. maniac talking yeah, to himself. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but he's he's yeah. essentially just like, oh, my plan is going perfectly. Yeah. Why doesn't he just talk to the prison beast? Because for yeah. some reason on the prison beast, like their freaking heads as well. You see, like, you know, it's you like see a reflect, into them yeah. and see what's going on at different points in space and time, it seems like, and what's going on. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't really set up, but you know what? I'll go with it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's no, the, the one it, thing yeah, that I thought. You, I mean, you see it, I guess it's the show, show yeah. not said, you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, yeah, I thought that at one point he might have said that if, that was, if Kyle is definitely his dad, if he is, I thought that he might react to that a little. Uh, so that was the only thing that threw me off a little. But it is weird. They are real. They continue the flirting, Kyle and Sonic, mm-hmm. this this issue. And, it's like, uh, after we beat these guys up, you want to fuck? That's what he says, right? Yeah, Remember basically, yeah, that's what he right? says. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So hey, the, nothing the, gets me hotter than helping people in the med that's bay. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, Sornik then goes back to the... Uh, you know, the infirmary, because that Mogo's under attack, and she wants to take all the people who are injured and put them in the side cells, and that's where we see Arkillo and Guy. They say, you know, we're we're going to fight hurt. We're going to play hurt. They're going to go yep. off and fight. Uh, I, I like that, that you have to have them in, so it'd be stupid if they were just going to be having them in a bed. I also, so also got to say that, that I'm glad that they showed, even though it's a little tiny thing, they showed that someone was there doing something compassionate, yeah. you know what I mean? While the rest, because the rest of these... I mean, it's almost a joke now. How Jordan is always, whatever the problem is, he goes out with a fucking fully armed tank, you know, with a flying tank yeah. or something. John Stewart always follows up with sniper scopes and fucking, you know, yeah. cannons. Guys over here with a giant construct bat. It's like nice to get a lantern sometimes that does things like help people. Yeah, because yeah, I mean? yeah, Kyle doesn't have any formal medical training for him to freaking just go with Sornick. It's a pure, it's purely pussy based in my mind. It actually oh, kind yeah. of pisses me off. Like, why don't you join the fight, Kyle? Because you're going to be really no help with Sornick at the med bay. He's yeah, an artist. I, I just, He's an yeah. artist. Don't forget, very sensitive. Yes, yeah. and a guy, possibly like a, a storyteller, a guy would tell stories with his comic art that he says. That That's the only <laughs> other reason. Like, you look at all of the Green Lanterns, I would doubt that, you know, Guy is a great storyteller. And plus, you know, uh, Sarko isn't a, he isn't a ginger. So it, there's only a couple there, and he calls Hal Jordan by name. So that's not his dad. So that, that was the other thing. But, yeah, in the meantime, uh, Hal knows what's going on, at least that he knows the gauntlet was at the planet so him and rip hunter get in the construct of a jet fighter as as Uh often does and they blast off to go there uh i did like like again i'm telling you i did like the art and that panel there where he is blasting off into the the jet i love seeing the crowded uh lanterns below him i think that that was really good being surrounded by the you see they are in fucking big trouble they're being surrounded by the goddamn monsters and like the aliens and starship troopers surrounding yeah really it's like that, or I mean, you might as this might as well be Black Hawk Down because yeah. they they don't look like they're going to survive. They they look like they're in very big trouble. And to make and it even worse, where, then they take their they surrender well, their yeah. rings. Which and is that's the thing. That's right. where you get this whole thing where John was talking about being a leader and, and having to you know deal with that you know responsibility and stuff, and then he realizes or figures out. That's it. And it's funny, he does mention being the sniper there too, Reggie, the call out there. But he says, you know, (laughs) we're we're taking our, I'm taking the ring off. We're all going to give up the rings. And they are, there is no, you got to give the uh, John some credit. They follow his lead because they're, that is yep. fucked up. And they all just take them off. They take them off and they're laying down the rings. You wouldn't we'll take see. your ring off, would you? You wouldn't no. you don't give a shit about the. No. Fuck, you, you no. Have a, you, you would see me in the, the back. Idea, 
the idea of them taking off the rings of where is that coming from? Because at this point, they are just fucking, you know, construct space monsters coming down. There's not like, take off your rings or we'll kill you. They just decide to surrender. You don't know if there's a surrender at this point because they're goddamn space monsters. I actually think, think that, that part he, of that is, is how ballsy it is. And we're going to find out that he now, I think that he has a plan. And yeah. I think that basically I have a feeling that he has an idea that from everything that's going on and how they're being affected by the rings, that... I guess I'm guessing that the minute you take off those rings, you pretty much become invisible to these constructs. They're only going after Green Lanterns or Lanterns itself, just just light, and that's what I think he's doing. But we don't know. We have no idea why he's doing this or what it means or whatnot. But yeah, they're they're taking them off. Be funny if Guy was still in the undies from before, but he does have his <laughs> warrior shirt from when he got in the fight, which is a good callback. But uh, yeah, if he was in the undies, it would have been so great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then you go. Eric, and you, you would make the perfect sergeant because you you know you would come back later and you'd be like, Stuart, you're always breaking <laughs> protocol, breaking all the rules, but damn it, you get results. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But yeah, and then you you have Hal heading off to go to the planet where Sarko is, and even before that, Sarko has spelled out, you know, that Hal was the one who ended up pretty much what what he kind of says is Hal cheated. Hal cheated to be able to defeat Sinestro, and that's yeah. how the whole gauntlet, and he's there for the gauntlet. Rip Hunter even says earlier that this is part of the future and him getting the gauntlet. He's there because... I, I thought the thing was the future was a problem because in the future he found the gauntlet, and now he's gone back in time with the power to freaking go and, you know, uh, you know wreck house and change the history but it's so weird to me because you know now we he, we don't see sarko with the gauntlet here we see the gauntlet is an entity all itself and it's become a pure being of willpower thanks to like it, it mingled with hal's fucking willpower and where hal got the ability to be you know forge a ring from his own yeah. willpower thanks to the cronus gauntlet you know cronus gauntlet took a bit of hal with him so now he is a sentient life form and his pure will and just yeah, wants yeah. to exist it said he's well they said that they'll he merge, knows where the gauntlet merge, is and he's sure, dug yeah. it up it's there and i think that even rip hunter kind of points out that at like you said he had it at one point but i think that this screws up everything that this would make everything really bad if he goes and gets it now but he knows where it is he's there to get it yeah, yeah. and and he's going to end up you know attacking hal jordan the gauntlet itself because he's got it and it looks crazy i mean you have it it's pretty much looks like its own entity uh, behind yeah. behind Sarko, which is crazy, and yeah, it's he it made like you know, a giant blue beetle kind of, you know. It does look like uh, what's his name in Blue Beetle, especially because of the green. Uh, oh, freaking uh, Mordecai! Mordecai, yeah, that's who it reminded me of. But yeah, there's uh, you know, Sarko says uh, Hal's gonna battle his own creation, uh, which is crazy. But like you said, once you throw uh, the time travel stuff into it, it gets a little wonky because if this happened, you know, this happened, so how did that happen and stuff? Yeah. I, I think that that throws it in. I wish that he was just coming back to find the gauntlet before maybe it was destroyed later or whatever, and it would change. But it, like you said, it, even point, it kind of points out that it will change even what Sarko is and what goes on with it, which yeah. is very odd. It, it does point out that, and I, that I did have a little problem with that. But again, this is very much set up, this whole issue, though I liked it. I actually really liked it because you know what? Something's going on. Even if it is yeah. just set up. I read it, and I'm, it's not just them standing around. They're fighting. They're doing this. There's and only that, one no, more the issue thing. to this arc, so I guess we're going to get the answers we need next. Yeah, issue. and I, I guess you know, hopefully, it's not one of those things where between the prisms and and the lanterns, and then hopefully, you know, I mean, the worst thing would be for it to be like a whole issue of Rip Hunter and Hal Jordan 
yeah, flying yeah. to this space sector, but I don't, we're not going to like. Uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, and through this whole thing, you kind of lose a little bit of the idea of originally. It seemed like Sarka was there, and the biggest thing was the Yellow Lanterns being pussies and joining the Green Lanterns. Uh, you're kind of getting away from that from when he first came. I do think that they'll get back to that, and that's what will maybe end up after this, possibly. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you're going to go with that, if they're going to separate, if they're going to go and find Sinestro. Maybe Sinestro will come back. You would think that he's there to try to resurrect Sinestro with this or something. He seems but you to don't hate Sinestro, that. so I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, I just think he, you know, he's mad at Hal Jordan, though, for what he did to him, too. It, it's very odd, but we'll see what goes on. What did but, you yeah, get? Like, hold on, before that, okay. I'm sorry, this whole idea, I wish you would have gotten a name for Cronus Gauntlet's, like, the sentient creature that it's become, just because, you know, I'm like, is this a callback to something? Because what it really reminds you of is back Back in the 90s, I want to say it was, maybe the early 2000s, at one point, Kyle became so powerful, though, and, like, with his imagination and his constructs, he was able to make, you know, he made a, a, a construct and actually forgot about it. He never called it back, and it gained its own sentience yeah. and became a villain of Kyle Rayner at one point. But he mm. could make constructs so powerful that it would look like a normal human without any freaking, you know, like, green glow and shit like that. He could make this. I'm like, is this kind of what we're getting back to with the idea of, you know, if your willpower is strong enough, you can just do this? Uh, and you're and you're saying that you think that the gauntlet creature might be that because now no, you're no, saying I, that I'm thinking Sarko might be that is that what you're saying that Sarko no, might be because here's just, the deal that could be his father he never mentions his mother I mean yeah. if they could they could do a really crazy ass freaking callback that this is he's actually a construct uh, yeah. craziness that that Kyle made but that would be really odd to throw in for one more say, issue. We haven't seen anything like that in a long time and even at this point you know Kyle hasn't been a proper Green Lantern up until this point for a while either so I don't think we're actually But he is the future. Like I mean the guy yeah. is from the future so if it would happen he'd be a Green Lantern for a while and then they can, I don't I don't know that they would uh you know, call that back, but that'd no, be pretty I don't crazy. Think a lot of it. It's just that'd what it reminded me of when I saw this, you know, this monster come out of the ground with the freaking, you know, Corona's gauntlet and shit like that. Yeah, that reminds me of the back of the day. The worst part is, I can't remember what that goddamn villain was called, and I could not find it anywhere online. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm actually looking now, as we were talking. You're not thinking about. Ion, are you? No, Ion was Kyle Rayner. I'm saying, yeah, like, uh, right. and the actual, the entity of the Green Lantern Corps, but no, there was a villain that we, like, it was a construct that just, you know, was never called back by Kyle after a mission or something like that. And after a while, it just gained its own sentience and, like, you know, became a villain. That's uh, why you got to recall your Pokemon into the Pokemon. Exactly. You don't yeah, ever want yeah, to come back to sleep there. up on you while you're sleeping at night. Yes, yes. But, yeah, what did you give it, uh, Reggie? I really had no complaints with this issue. Uh, I thought the art was fantastic. The action scenes were really dynamic. And, like I say, we're headed towards the, a conclusion next, so I don't feel like we've been dragging too long on this story. I ended up giving it a 7.5 out of 10. That seems like I could have gone up to 8, but I'll stay with it. I, I was happy with it. It was good. Was it Oblivion, Eric? Because that, it says so. he was a sentient construct and inadvertently f- formed and uh, by Kyle See, Leonard. Obliv- That's the only thing Oblivion I was that like the anti-White Lantern, if you remember yeah. that back in the New Guardians yeah. at the end of that whole thing. So I'm not I'm sure if that was actually what it was, and that was just a callback in the New 52. Oblivion, as far as I know was just like, you know, a uh, New 52 thing. Gotcha. Yeah, actually, this was from 2002 when Oblivion Okay, then it might have been Oblivion. I'm sorry. Yeah, it might have been it. He he ended up using it or it attacked his friend Nero, it says. Well, Uh, yeah, Nero was a yellow lantern. Yeah, it said that they were friends and he made this thing and then it it attacked. But it may not be that. What did you say you got, Reggio? was too busy trying to find that stupid thing. It was a a 7.5 out of 10. 7.5? I'm going to go the same. 
I actually liked it. Uh, it's one of those books where maybe a 7.5 and another book is not the same as this one. But because we sent, spent so much time getting to see anything, I like to see action. I like to see what's going on. And I did like the call out and possibly the ending of the uh, Chronos Gauntlet in the deal. Because me and Eric even said, where the fuck is it? We, you know, yeah. It just kind of disappeared and we didn't see it. Now it's crazy that it's become a sentient you know, a thing of force of will. But hey, it seems interesting to me and we'll see. Uh, but I, I did like it. So I, 7.5 is good for me. What would you give it, Eric? I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I'm telling you, the art was okay, but it's still like I still have a problem with the coloring where the green is not popping like I think it should in a Green Lantern book. Everything just kind of seems dull and like around the same kind of color tone. Um, and I found myself getting lost in some of the action. Like I didn't understand quite what was going on or when how Jordan was fighting the prison beast. And, you know, the whole thing with the, uh, you know, not understanding Sarko coming from the future where he seems to have Cronus Gauntlet but comes back without it. So I don't know exactly what's going on there. And because of that, though, I still enjoy. You know, the story we're getting, because I think it is, like, kind of strong. It's bringing back a lot of callbacks and allowing everything to be a little bit more cohesive. So because of that, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. All right. Reggie, what is your next book? My next book is Suicide Squad number 17, written by Rob Williams, art by Tony S. Daniel, uh, something for what the hell guy's name? Floria? Anyway. I think so. I dropped the name out here. Daniel Floria? Anyway, I'm sorry. I th- yeah. LeBeau I was Underwood. drinking my coffee. So here, Stop I'll tell you. Forward. It's actually uh, Sandu Floria. Sandu Floria. There and LeBeau like- Underwood is involved LeBeau in the Underwood. inking. Right. <laughs> LeBeau. Oh, LeBeau. <laughs> uh, All LeBeau. right. You're a fan of LeBeau, right? And the uh, Hogan's Heroes? Yeah. A big fan of LeBeau? He was the oh, yeah. French guy oh, yeah. in Hogan, Hogan's when Heroes. You said Hogan's Heroes. I swear to God, I thought Hogan's Family for a second. Really? I was like, what Hogan's the hell are you Family. Talking? Oh my god! I was goodness. like, oh yeah, that's oh, right. Valerie goodness. was yes, was uh, Valerie. got kicked out of that. Yes, yes, yes. Somewhere over the Baltic, there's a jail. It holds metahumans with bombs in their brains. And all of them want to bail. When my team of six psychopaths were set up on this covert desk to attack this slammer, we were caught very unaware, though how could we have been prepared for a guy with a head like a claw hammer? Somewhere over the Baltic, Russians do strut. If Killer Croc can be on the task force, then why not Cosmonaut? Yes, I love Cosmonaut. I do. Yeah. Are you a friend oh. of Dorothy, Reggie? I, I never no. asked you that. Just wanted I'm to not. know. No. <laughs> You're not. Somebody was telling me this week that you know about Wicked, right? That play Wicked? Yeah, yeah. Yes. This, and it's like the story of the, uh, the, the witches. Witch. Yeah, the Wicked Witch and all them, and like the the backstory of how they came up. Yep, based on and, a really uh, good book, actually. I, I've heard people. I, I well, I know you're a really big fan of Wizard of Oz, so yes. that'd be one thing. But I've heard people say this to me, and how I've got to see it. I've got to see it. I'm like, I'm not really that deep into. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't really give a shit. It's, you know it's what? Not really I would tell you uh, to read the book. The the yeah, book Wicked uh, is really really good. I mean, it was good enough for them to make a goddamn play. I read Ozma of Oz, so I yeah, didn't yeah. Read more just the yeah. This was this was more recent, but yeah, I read a lot of those <laughs> Oz books and really enjoyed them as a kid. 
And I, I then I love the movie. I love that movie. So I enjoyed that song, Reggie. And I also enjoyed the Suicide Squad book. And I will tell you that when we talked about it the last time that Tony S. Daniel had jumped on and we said a little bit seemed rushed. Not right. rushed this issue. Like, no, this man, issue this, is pretty this goddamn is what we, strong. This is what we know he can yeah. do. This was really strong. Yeah, this and was. again, guys, what was the best thing? That it was one fucking it was one artist, story. one story the yep. whole time. That was yep. the best part one about it. One story was good. Uh, uh, surprised me that Harcourt was there because I was not quite sure <laughs> where yeah, no, she was. It, it started off, and I'm actually like, "What you doing there, bitch?" I thought, "Jesus Christ, she has no shame in her game. She just shows yeah. up. She don't care." Uh, but the other thing I actually really, really liked in this book was the little bit of a call out to Boomerang being in Flash those bunch of issues before and us wondering why because I'm assuming that was where he was if not just kind of hanging in the shadows but I I actually thought when when, uh, they asked where Boomerang is and she's like oh he's doing something for me I thought, holy crap, that, that's a pretty good shout, uh, call out because when Boomerang showed up in the flashbook, he mentioned Waller, and at that point she was dead. And it really was ridiculous and threw everybody off. So I think they kind of made up for that here. I did like it. Uh, the only thing that I get, though, from this is I don't think Zod's going to be on the team very long, uh, especially no, no, since he, it looks like he's going off to Action Comics. Spot. Yeah. He's going to be on Action Comics, so you, you can't have – and the whole thing at the end, he's uh, – you know, just as a spoiler alert, at the end he's taking his brain bomb out himself. Yeah, you can't have him show up in Action Comics as a villain of Superman in this revenge squad and have a bomb in his head. So, you know, or else somebody would just get a hold of that and blow it up. Uh, so I think that that's the whole deal, that he's here for a little fun to, to do this Annihilation Brigade, get them out of the way because he's tied into them, and then we'll move on to another story. But while he's here, pretty cool. I, I like the, his look. It looks awesome. Oh, yeah, he looks badass. I mean, I mean I like he's, the... he's got to be temporary because how can you have a fucking team with yeah, you can. Superman powers on it? Yeah, that's not, that's and, and the, what I like the best, movie. though, I will give... Well, you have a team of superheroes with Superman on it. That's right. Yeah, but I, he's, I'm telling he's you, though. restrained there. Yeah. Well, this is guy. why I like it. I, I think Rob Williams does a really good job here because you do have Zod. And everybody, I, I talked to a guy, Eric talked to him last week on... Uh, actually, this week, when the issue came out, and the guy was wondering, how could Zod be on this team? And we're going back and forth on Twitter. Like, Zod would never follow orders. Zod this, Zod that. Brain bomb, bitches. There's the brain bomb, but he still isn't fully... You know what I'm talking about. He's still not like, okay, Amanda Waller, what do you want? I'll do it. He's not falling in the line. No. He, he, they, Rob Williams does a really good job of making him even more so... Like, If you want to compare him to anybody, he's kind of like Lobo in JLA. Exactly. But this is done well. <laughs> that Lobo in JLA is, is nonsense. <laughs> this is done well because the whole time he's basically like, you know what? Zod, you know, he's yelling Neil to Zod. He's doing what he wants. And to the point where he's going to go as far as he can and not get killed. But he's not going to. He's not a teammate. Well, he, he also has his own reasons to want to fuck up yeah. these guys at, at the prison, too, because they had him captured in that fucking yeah. black. And I'm saying, then that's all. That, that's all he's used for here. And, and when this comes, he's going to just. I thought go it was and, great, though. This this, oh, whole, yeah. this this opening title splash page. I think we already talked about it before the, the show, even with all of them, you know, jumping oh, out, you know, meet, uh, yeah. over the falls and whatever, and saying their own little stupid catchphrase yeah. or whatever. This it's is incredible. the type of Suicide Squad scene we've been waiting to see for. Yeah. 
or I've been waiting to see for months, and and here it is. I, and so you glad. guys are talking about how great the art is, though. We get a page past that whole opening splat, like you know, friggin' team page, and all of a sudden Amanda Waller's become friggin' you know uh, Forrest Whitaker's mother. I don't understand She's what's blunted. going on. She's tired, She's tired, man. <laughs> She's tired. Lazy eye. They're like, what do you? Fat one, baby. Like, yeah, they're like, what do you? What do you think, Amanda? I think we're fine. Is that what you want, a little Forrest Whitaker? Broke during her time where everybody thought she was dead. She she just came back from the dead. Give the woman a fucking break. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I see what you're saying. Uh, Actually, you're talking about the art. That looks like maybe Sandu Fleuret had a little fucking goof up up the ink. And if you look at it, there are two inkers, so... Things, I'm telling you, know, you there's a little inking problem there. Production, but overall, the art is way better than because, last time. Yeah, and it's 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 and good because in even that, you go the panel below where Zaj just flying oh, through. It's awesome yeah. again. Yeah, it's really good. I, but I, yeah, I'm just staring at this fucking wall. This lazy-eyed freaking Amanda Waller was like, oh god. <laughs> Uh, Maybe Amanda yes. Waller is, is being played by Forrest Whitaker in this As issue. She might be. She Possibly. might be. There's a good possibility. Like but they're, had, they're in Zimbabwe. They're in Zimbabwe, and they found out that the uh, Annihilation Brigade is there. And they show up. Basically, they're there pretty much to destroy them. And in the meantime, Hardcore's there. to finally meet them, though. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I yeah. really was so glad. So We waited so long. The first time we met these guys, it was such bullshit. They just like, shot a, each well, other. It was, from... a, it was a goddamn cliffhanger. That had us yeah. all excited because they had them all there. We're like, oh, my God, what's that hammer guy? He's he awesome. He's, this guy's guy. saying peanut. This is the best. <laughs> and then they, we get to the next issue and nothing happened. They they ended yeah, up just issues and issues going. And they had the crossover. Then this, finally we get to see actual something happen. So you got, like, the nuclear man. And yeah. Zod just, like, breaks him down. Then Cosmic hey, comes Gus in Gus. to say Peanut. I love him so much. Oh, he's the best. I oh, also I like the whole thing it. where he says Peanut, and we have me and Eric's favorite thing. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Cosmonaut. Yeah. <laughs> you, you said it right. I love that. I can't get enough of shit like that. He's awesome. I, I'm telling you, all these guys in this Annihilation Brigade are fucking awesome. I love every yeah. one of them. Uh, but the the problem in is, is Tunguska... I guess you would call him. Tunguska. Uh, he gets yeah. Tunguska. He gets hit by Zod. Basically, tries to fry him, and even they spell out and they do a good call out. Like, oh my God, there's that guy. The last time we met these guys, he almost fried the shit out of us. Harley says, almost fried off my uh, my ponytails or my you know pigtails. And Zod just goes to town and cracks his helmet. That's just a he, bad thing. It's a containment yes. suit. He is a nuclear man. Yes, yes. Uh, and it, it reminded me so much of Firestorm. Like, oh, yeah, when Firestorm got pierced by freaking yeah. you know, Sir Justin's freaking sword in um, Identity Crisis, it's yep. all it reminded me of. That's what it reminded me of. And I actually thought that at one point he was actually going to do the hero's choice and get the fuck out of there and kind of do so. And, you know. Not but, to yeah. ask yeah, not Tunguska. He doesn't play that. Uh, but yeah, and I, I'm telling you, me and Eric also, and I'm sure you do as well, Reggie, I love that they gave us a little spell out of their powers. They were funny. Uh-huh. You know, all this. I loved it. And there you have uh, Cosmonaut shows up. He says Peanut. He, he fucking clubs goddamn Zod. Just, just cracks yeah, the bed. He headbutts him. He headbutts him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously, pretty bad. Obviously, he's bad Cosmonaut's ass. head is made of some special material. Or he's yeah. got some... It's it's more than just getting hit with a regular you know claw hammer, but man, yeah, I love yeah. it. it was awesome. 
And then Tankograd comes up, and he's fucking going to town. I mean, <laughs> so these guys awesome. are awesome. These guys should. I want chest. you. We're talking earlier, and Reggie, you're How you're you big into it? the Mister Miracle book. I want a, a Annihilation Brigade versus the Great Ten book and a fucking battle royale. That That's cool. what I that want. It'd be cool. so right. great, and it wouldn't sell. Just like everything no, else. Jim. Yeah, but that's what I want. But in the meantime, you have Harcourt and you see. Uh, you find out later that she's involved with these guys, that she's been all along. She's she's a bad person. But in still, still the whole thing about killing Amanda Waller, it keeps on almost being said that it was, you know, the big traitor was Boomerang. But they never get to say it because Boomerang's always there to stop it. But Harcourt goes down and basically kills everybody in, in the tech department or whatever four that people, is. But only the four people that are there because that's how many bullets she was left yeah she had the bullet Amanda now, Waller now, knew about this all the time but yes i mean to be honest this was a little bit this was a little bit too pat for me you know yes, it's like, it was. okay so the new character is the traitor like yes. I, I don't yep. know it's a little kind of obvious but yeah and the, the whole uh, thing she is she's, people Reggie. she's part yeah, of the people. people and you have that now the one thing also that i don't get is harcourt seems i mean the whole thing she has to this is a slow burn long con for her to be involved this deep in the government or whatnot and she's a pretty ruthless person i don't know about you if i didn't she must have not had her gun at some point right for Amanda Waller to take bullets out of her gun, it had to have been somewhere that was without her there. Correct? Yeah. Maybe Anybody in that position would have checked that gun. There's no way you would, well, you not would even make that. sure You're it's loaded. About these core agents and shit like that have gone through all this training and shit like that. You, and he, I get the idea, at least from things I've seen. You know, I watch the same movies you guys fucking watch, but. That like uh, some people know if the fucking magazine is empty in their goddamn pistol or That's like what you know, I'm saying. And a just the fact when you have it, that it yeah, and just like yeah. So when she shoots those four, you're saying she would realize that it's empty. That yeah. after she shoots those four, Not I'm telling that, you, you would you would know that your goddamn gun because the freaking magazine. I mean, like the freaking uh, the slide would go back. Yeah, I'm just yeah that, and it's just I'm telling you, I would check. Maybe it was I'm a new that, gun. Maybe. But even then, if you're that deep in and you're this pretty much a killer, I mean, she just walks in and blasts four people right in the head and gets them right between, you know, this is not somebody who doesn't know how to use a gun. She just walks in and blasts them. Uh, It it was very forced to me when Amanda Waller's there and she does confront Amanda and goes to shoot her and is out of bullets and Amanda Waller explains, oh, you know what? Also, I'm like, Oh, man, why not have it empty then? Why did you let those four people die? You Collateral bitch? damage. Gotta I'm telling you. I'm like, oh, it's, Jesus it's gotta be okay. Christ. She didn't like them. One of them brought her shitty coffee one day. Uh, yeah, she was shitty like, coffee, and also they, they put uh, a block on some of her favorite sites. She likes right. to go to cam girl sites like Eric, and they put a block Who on that. You're not allowed to do that at work, and yeah. so she's I'll pissed. But no, I'm telling you, I think that that was also though forced to make it, to, it remind you because really since Amanda Waller even came back. And in this issue, she's starting to get a little too buddy buddy with people. I think in this, like even where she cares too much about the team and stuff, I think that you're supposed to be reminded that she's a bitch that'll let people she's die. A it's just person, not. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, that's a, it's always going to be her stick that she's always, yeah. you know, ten steps ahead of everybody to to a ludicrous oh, yeah. extent that yeah, can't and this really is ever ludicrous. be done. You know what I mean? It is very ludicrous. But they go but and basically the there's a self destruct protocol that uh, Harcourt activates that will blow up bell rev it'll blow up the whole you know prison or whatever in the meantime where the suicide squad is they find out where where the annihilation brigade is the people 
the people have a their own suicide squad and their own kind of bell rev prison where they have yep. humans getting ready to be in a suicide squad and they, that's it's a pretty cool moment uh like a nice moment where even harley realizes what's going on that you know what these people are you know they're just people they might be fucked but they're just like us you know this could yeah. be us in these so prisons. they put the bombs in their dicks yeah yeah well even then they, they still know. have they they have <laughs> devices in their brains i mean it's exact I like, I though, when they show it. They show this whole cell when they go in. And there's the people like, let us out. Free us, damn you. Open these cells. The one guy's just yelling, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, that person's had enough. He doesn't even want to get out. Just Give kill me. Give it a me. few seconds, buddy. It'll happen. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's Eric Shea right there. Just kill me. Please. Please. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, it's going to blow up. The whole place is going to blow up. They're trying to you know, work it out. You have Enchantress who, who shows up there. going to go exploding. And this is where another thing that I had a little bit of a problem with this issue, the actual Suicide Squad, not everybody has anything to do. You know, not everybody's busy in this yeah. issue. Enchantress is just there to teleport them out. You have Rick Flagg, who's just there to yell. beings there is. Yeah. She's just there to teleport people out. She could take care of all Why didn't she teleport the, the bomb? Why, why didn't, you know, I keep forgetting his name. So what? Tunguska. Yeah. Yeah, Tunguska. Teleport that guy's ass to fucking hell. Uh, teleport him to to the moon. Uranus. Uranus, you know. Killer Croc just absorbs the bullets of Tenkogra. Didn't really do anything. Yeah, either, he didn't know? do anything Stop either. Fucking bullets into a goddamn hole. But yeah. it's just odd that you don't just get rid of the situation instead of getting everyone out so that all these people can die. But I guess you did. Rob Williams doesn't have a reason to have this other suicide squad and the people, you know, involved because they just it gets blown up. Collateral it does damage. blown up. And even then, it's like they were prisoners like us. And then Harley's just like, they're dead. <laughs> and then uh, you see a little more. And it goes even more with Rick Flagg and her with this. I, I don't know how many I people don't like are. This into this. Oh, it seems yeah, so goddamn forced, and it's not realistic to me at all. She's a fucking psychopath, and he knows it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's odd. Uh, but again, they they pushed in the movie that he was with Enchantress, even though it was June Moon. But still, you know, I this seems to be what they're going for here. Yeah, essentially, now Enchantress it, but... is just June Moon with powers. It seems yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, a way, it does. Like, she's not even really like uh, you know creepy witch face anymore. And, when and she then, gets it, and then the book. The book gets on a high note again because Cosmonaut says peanut, and then <laughs> Katana says, "You can say that again, Cosmonaut." And I'm like, "It's the best now." Co- freaking Katana knows how to talk, Cosmonaut. Oh, it's so good. Cosmonaut survived. Yes, he survived, which he's the best. I love him. Uh, he's so great. But yeah, there, Katana. That's her moment. Pretty much yep. of the whole deal. She doesn't well, she, do she much. She also sticks her uh, Katana in Tunguska. Oh no. Uh, yeah. uh, not Tunguska, but the, the Tanko Grads. Yeah, Tanko Grads. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but uh, still. But it's all token bullshit where it's like, yeah. really, Zod could have done everybody, really, if he wanted to. Yeah. He got so. hit in the head by Cosmonaut. He was out yeah. oh, It hurt. Yeah. But yeah, that's he where, and me. then that's where you have the whole thing where, uh, what's her name? A Harcourt reveals her whole deal. On, tells uh, her the whole plan, of course. Rainy rooftop. Yes. And, and Amanda Waller slash Forrest Whitaker comes out of the shadows. <laughs> and, yeah, Harcourt tells her the whole plan and then goes to shoot her, and it just clicks. There's no more bullets. And, yeah, that's where Amanda says, I had all but four bullets removed from your pistol this morning, Amelia. Just enough ammo left for your little visit to my tex. Like, you bitch. You bitch. And there was never a bomb. So the whole Texts thing that she – it was all set up yeah, for just her. Yeah. yeah, to her to reveal her plan. Then she hits Amanda Waller with the fucking gun across the head. 
<laughs> it's, it's pretty funny there. And then that's where uh, Harcourt is about to reveal. She's like, I, you know, you want to know who really murdered Hack? It wasn't me. It was. And then she gets Whop. hit with a boomerang in the back of the head. And I'm telling you, every time somebody, that that's the kiss of death. It's like The Ring. The movie The Ring, but it's just if you mention – start that phrase, you're going to get a boomerang right through your head and you're going to you, die because, yeah. You, you then, never lost The Ring, did you, buddy? No, I didn't. I'm saying <laughs> you, see, you see it and then you're going to die. That's the thing. You see the video, you're going to die, right? Yeah. Seven, days, seven later. days later. yeah. It doesn't – I don't care seven days you later. You know who call. didn't see The Ring too or The Rings? Nobody because that was a sure. failure. But, yeah, they end up in boomerangs like, you know what, hey, uh, I saved your life again. You see a little cosmonaut. He's in jail there. He's talking to Amanda Waller. Uh, and you get, more, you get more Rick Flagg and, and Harley making love. And Zod, who – would that you let Zod no-no, do what right? he's doing? What's that? That whole Harley Quinn and fucking – why is she not in a goddamn cell? This whole thing where they're like – Yeah, I know. It's not right at all. Well, I'm telling you, they're letting a lot go here because Harley's not in his cell. And then you let Zod just go right up to his, you know, that the Phantom black Zone, yeah. the Black yeah. Vault. Why would you ever let him anywhere near that? This is know. the thing. And he and he just goes right up and he's like, yep, I'll be releasing you guys soon. You see from inside, you see it. No way would he be allowed to just roam free. <laughs> this guy's just walking through the catacombs of Bell Rev. Just doing what he wants. Goes up to a mirror and then starts cutting the bomb out of his head. This Listen, guy should have been right back on. You get hours in a cell, one hour a day of rec time. That's Tell federal me, law. Jesus okay? Christ. And he's, I guess he doesn't want to go to the yard and, and pump iron. He's just yeah. walking around. He goes to the Black Vault. He's, you know, all the shit. The as far time. as I can tell. Like an hour a week alone time with the Black Vault. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> as far as I can tell, he could probably go into the Black Vault, into there. And somehow to me, that would get rid of the brain bump. Like it would become immaterial. Or I just, why would you let him anywhere near that? And leave him alone. He should be back sedated on that goddamn gurney thing they had him on and, until you need him again. Jim, There's no way you'd let him go around. going exactly to Amanda Waller's Jesus specific Christ. plan, I guarantee it. Be like, but yeah, like I said, at the end, you have well, the, her, the problem. Her plan then involves one of my biggest pet peeves in fucking Superman comics is where he is cutting the brain bomb out of his forehead with using a mirror. This is not laser vision. It's heat vision. That yeah. mirror would just fucking melt and burn. It is, does not reflect from a goddamn reflective surface. You don't, I don't know. know. That. That's the not the, you, you obviously did. You obviously didn't see the ring, Eric. That happens in that happens in the uh, second act of the ring. <laughs> uh, Although now that know. I think about it, when John Byrne did Man of Steel, he made it so that he had to use a curved part of his spaceship. Yeah, Ooh. which would Ooh. work okay because you could you could you could believe that that would be able to withstand the heat, right? Well. He no, is no, no. He's no? actually just shooting that, and, and it's it's laser vision now, and he's going to cut yeah. the, the brain bomb out. And it, like you said, it's not burning. It, it's cutting through his skin as well, but I'm sure they'd have some crazy thing where they say the heat collects at the mirrors. They, I don't know. But I, the mirror's I, fine, I, though, folks. Don't worry I about like that. The mirror's good. No, the mirror's not. It's not going to melt there. That's, a, tar- I, that's I like a mirror it. from Target. Those are well-made mirrors. It does look like a fancy fine. mirror, actually. Yeah. You see that? It's it has a, fine wooden, has a fine wooden frame there that certainly couldn't catch on fire or anything. No. Like. No, no. But yeah. uh, I did like it. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I had a great time with it, especially, though, the high-flying action, the visuals, the quips. This is what I, we were waiting for. At least I was waiting for was more shit like this instead of them just standing around all the time indoors doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, loved the Annihilation Brigade. 
Love the stupidity of uh, Amanda always with the, you know, the everything plan. going exactly to her plan, even though it's got a ton of, like, variables that can totally fuck everything up. And uh, just so happy to see this book feel more like I want Suicide Squad to feel. So I gave this book an 8.5 out of 10. I agree with everything you said. Uh, I will go 8 out of 10. I really did like it. Uh, it reminded me a lot of The Ring. And I'm a big <laughs> fan of The Ring. I didn't know. Did you know that I started a uh, podcast uh, on the ring called Ring You because I'm a, I'm a big right? fan. I'm oh, a big fan. With it. I'm a big mm. fan of the proper Japanese version. Yeah. Uh, well, and I a speak huge fan of Japanese horror. Well, and I speak I totally in about. Japanese for this podcast. <laughs> the reason why I'm doing the Japanese version, it's the only way I could get Eric not to be on it because he hates them. So I figured if I do that, he won't be on. But no, I, I really did like it. Like you said, I had a problem with Amanda Waller and the bullets and things like that. But on the, the hardcore level, on on the hardcore level, not the Amanda Waller, because that fits completely in with every nonsense thing that Amanda Waller does, oh, yeah, including definitely. getting killed and having this happen and that this whole time. Even in this just one series, Amanda Waller has gone to the extreme ridiculousness of Amanda Waller. So it continued that and showed that she's still a bitch, that she will let hardcore like because if hardcore does kill those uh, goes to kill those four people and click it doesn't work she's gonna go and reload so you have to have that anyway it's just amanda waller doesn't care one of those guys probably was gonna call in sick that day and didn't uh-huh. because amanda waller's been fucking bitching that they have a lot Put of work to do lately yeah and yeah. just ends up showing up and getting killed because amanda waller doesn't care about them but i thought the art was really good i'll even give eric the lazy eye but i don't think that was pencil deal i think that that was a, a even faux it pas is on art, the ink you know? i mean yeah you know, it's not, That's it's one not panel, though. I could deal with her. I'm telling you, she hasn't it's slept good, much. Good she just got yeah. killed. Give the woman a break, Eric. But yeah, uh, I thought it was really good. An 8 out of 10. Uh, I like the art as well, besides for Amanda Waller and the lazy goddamn eye. But the whole thing is, we've been waiting so long to see the Annihilation Brigade and just to go in here and, you know, just have them pretty much all die for the most part, where most of our squad has nothing to do in the interim. Tungusta ends up killing everybody while Zod, you know, periodically jumps in. And, like, we have small little vignettes of, you know, the squad doing stuff. But for the most part, they're standing around. And even, like we just said, Enchantress has nothing to do this entire time. And Killer Croc's just taking ammo. And the whole thing, like, um, uh, I... Just the idea of Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn. I know that's where the story's going. They're really, but it's not really developed enough. They just they do small things every couple of issues to tell you that this is happening, but it never feels right. And I just hate the idea of that fucking mirror with the goddamn laser vision. Yeah. But like, uh, I say I like the concept of the story. I just don't think it came together all that well because you know the whole you know we have a suicide a um, Justice League of China right now. Why not have a Suicide Squad of Russia? I like the whole thing, but. It pretty much starts and ends right here for everything we know of the whole, you know, like uh, Annihilation Brigade. And it just really doesn't like it moves us to another thing while just putting a pin in this last story that we wanted to see really quick. Thankfully, Cosmo is still alive because I give it a seven out of ten. <laughs> I thought Very you were going to go lower. I actually, uh, here's the deal. Maybe some of them are alive anyway. They're pretty super powered. I, I yeah, think yeah I, you know, we may we not said, have like, seen the very end of all these. Gone away. Yeah, they might have. Uh, I just think, I think that the whole thing, I think they've gotten away a bit from Rick Flagg, how this started out, how he joined the team and how he was right. in Guantanamo Bay and things like that. Because it does seem like they always want to have him have an emotional tie-in to the team so that he doesn't leave or he doesn't, you know what I mean? Because Amanda Waller's a bitch. He knows this. He knows that what's and going on is wrong. 
inside one of them. And it, yeah, it means that's what it seems to mean that he has to have a romantic link to somebody. And I don't know. I don't think I want to see him fucking kill a croc. But uh, just to have a tie-in, they're they're forcing this. Just like I mean, the movie was just forced oh, when they had forced. him with Joan Moon and that. It was just a forced way to make him have something. That he didn't want, it's you know, like, something it's, it's, on the, the movie, line. The whole like concept was like, I'm Amanda Waller's, like, and I got Rick Flag, and I put her him close to June Moon because you know what, men and women, if they're close together. They Basically, yeah, fall, yeah, they're fall. gonna fuck, and also then that's it ends up. Here's the deal: it always ends up in these things. That is quote unquote Rick Flag's brain bomb is now yeah. going to be Harley. You want to fuck with me? You want to leave? You want to do this? Eh, I'm gonna kill Harley, and that's all it seems and to be. It's just and it's such a weird thing because at least June Moon has some kind of like some kind of idea where this could happen because she is kind of a victim in this whole thing where you know she is a regular person. Harley yeah. Quinn is a psychopath yeah, yeah. murderer. She is. She is, but even then, even in her book and this, it with the, her realizing these prisoners were just like them and stuff, they are even trying to make her a little more on the good side of Three things. Three strikes you're well. out, Jim. But, yeah. Three strikes. She has like 50 <laughs> strikes. Uh, but what's the next book, Reggie? For this section, the next book, which is not that pleasant, is they should just call it Gas. Gas. Whatever, wouldn't it be more interesting if it was just Gas? If it was called Gas. gas. Exactly. Gas. You know? Esther Mer. Is that what you Be call? like, Olive Silverlock is a gas, gas, gas. Yeah. Uh, it's anyway, <laughs> it's uh, Gotham Academy, second semester, number nine, story by Brendan Fletcher, Becky Cloonan, and Carl Kershaw, script by Brendan Fletcher, pencils by Adam Archer, Sesic inks by Sandra Hope, and Sesic. Sesic. I don't know how to say that, but you know, only recently in the credits they've they've started to capitalize every letter yeah. in Sussex, yep. so maybe it's like an acronym. I have no idea what the hell. Sussex. Colors also by Sussex. Breakdowns. I know you guys always follow the breakdown person. Rob Haynes. Breakdowns. Breakdowns. Break it down for me, fellas. All right. You know that I would be untrue. Watch for the break. You know that it would be a disgrace <laughs> if I were to say to you, uh, uh, never team up with Two-Face. Come on, Olive, light my fire. Come on, Olive, light my fire. Fulfill your great-great-grandma's desire. It's time to talk and talk all day. It's time to hang around some trees while Kyle simply walks away and olives bring Gotham to its knees. Come on, olive, light my fire. Come on, olive, light my fire. Fulfill Amity Arkham's desires. All right. <laughs> you yeah. you seem you seem very depressed, Reggie. I mean, I'll be, this, I'll be honest. This, book is... this song, I know you're a, you're a big Doors fan. I am, and I and I was like, and I wanted to do, you know, I was going. I think songs. you were more the Jose Feliciano version there. Fire, sounded... but I was also like, do I really want to waste this song on a fucking? 
<laughs> yeah, you, we may have something else later that that could be it. Yeah, but yes, you sound really very depressed. Salt Come on, Sornak, light my fire. Uh, <laughs> oh, and there could be so many. Yeah, there's so many ones that could add that. Come on, Goran, sun, light my fire. Ooh. It could go a lot of ways. You know how it could be Hellblazer lighting a fire. Literally, Ooh, well, one anyway, but that's uh, but you you've now wasted on Gotham Academy, yeah. and it is a waste. It's a waste. Reggie, yeah. I was telling Jim earlier this. Actually, I think it was last week. I think when we last time we talked about how Jordan the die and the Green Lantern Corps. I wanted to do a song where it was uh, it was freaking like through Space Ape's point of view. It's like Goran, son, circles come. <laughs> <laughs> see, no. That's a good uh, one. Yes. See, we yeah. could work together. I, I actually uh, this one I want to have that. Really miss my two face. <laughs> How's that, Reggie? <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, a little I shout out that. for you. Ah. Really miss my two face. Uh, yeah, this book sucks. It's yeah, bad. It's just, and I, I said I, that I, I, I said because this is this we know for a fact this is the last arc. This is yeah. it, right? This is the chance to be and like, this is where I'm really mad. Note. Yep. And this just sucked fucking This is the thing. You guys say it sucked. I think it's one of the better issues we've had in a while. I think you're I'd fucking retarded. Maybe that's true, but the last I don't agree. have been fucking fecal matter. I think it's fucking ridiculous. First off, you have a force set up to get everybody out of the school. You have yeah. all this shit, and you don't end up like reggie said you have this book it is ending the whole thing was that first 12 issues even were about maps and olive being you know this this and that you got to get them back together you don't have olive i know this is the whole olive story and they're trying to wrap it up you know what nobody cares nobody cares at all and then you throw another mystery that olive would go possessed by amity arkham to gotham city to burn it down and none of the detective club would go after no, her. You know, no, no, like, and I have issues later as school, well. Like, gee, what do we do now, guys? Yep. You know, let's it's... go into the fucking tree trunk again. Like, yep. why? I don't yeah, understand. Well, my favorite it's, part, it's, though, it's... is uh, Kyle. It's it's him mm. who leaves, right? When he, yeah. yeah, his parents come pick him up, right? They come pick him up. <laughs> come on, Kyle, let's go. We got to go. You know, shit's going down at yeah. the school. Let's go. Uh, what what about uh, my younger what sister, Matt? Maps? Nah, nah, leave her there. Yeah, well, let's get the fuck training, out of here. Kyle. Come on, nah, you gotta that is, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. She would be going with him. There's no way her pa- the parents would have shown up and not taken I her. I mention it in my review. I was like, what, what, what about Matt? She's, man? It's she's just there. She's, she, she's like a 13-year-old girl. She's just it's, there. It's, they leave her, her there. Boarding ha- it's her boarding school. It's where everybody's leaving. Everybody yeah. is leaving, though. And Kyle is leaving because of that. The parents come pick up, and there's not Kyle's even a... because he has to go somewhere else to train. No, Yeah, because the school's closing. That's why he's leaving to train. Uh, Maps is just there. There's no. There's nothing like, you know what, my mom and dad asked me. I said I want to stay here. There's no class. There's nothing going on. She's just staying there, and the parents come to pick up Kyle and not Maps. They leave Maps there with no nothing even said. Nothing said at all. She's and not the star athlete of the family. That's all you care about. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter. There is that. I mean, it's aren't ridiculous. There times, Jim, maybe you wish you could kind of like shed one or two kids. You know what I mean? Now, just Eric's just mad because she's Asian. <laughs> and the, the other thing is, and the other thing is, though, you have this dangling thing where Colton has a crush on Kyle and wants to tell him. So you have to get them out because that's never going to be resolved. And that's where Colton's like. Hey, uh, hey, dude. See, see you later. Oh, that didn't go good. But yeah, there, there goes Kyle and I. You know, never see that again for the rest it's of our just, lives. It's just, and you have just nothing. And you have, like you said, you have this last 
arc, you know what's happening. Uh, set something up to get the magic back from that first arc. Just end with, you know, that, end with them having some fun. I know that you have to finish the story and have to finish Olive's thing, but to go and throw her in with Two-Face, this isn't the clever, uh, fun interactions of yeah. callback characters and things going on that it used to be. Now it's it's Two-Face, and she's burning down and just snaps out of it. It's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. I, I just can't take it. Tell tell me about it, Reggie. Well, essentially, you know, uh, Olive is possessed by her great-great-grandma, probably, uh, Amity Arkham, who was burned as a witch. So she's taking revenge on all of Gotham's founding fathers, which includes the Dent family. She goes after Two-Face, actually burns down his house, and then waits there for him to come the next day. That's one thing, too, is, like, a whole day elapses while while the detective club is hanging out at Gotham Academy, sitting around like, huh. what do we do now? You think Olive's okay, guys? Gee, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I wonder where what, she what, is. What, we got to go and that? find Amity Arkham's you? bones. Yeah. I, <laughs> someone had to man, they had to wait to see if she's going to call her. Uh, so anyway, so she does, she meets up with Dent the next day. She's about to throw her fire starter on him, but then she sees she's already scarred half the face. And this somehow gives her pause to say, like, oh, maybe he already got his uh, the requisite revenge. And he says, oh, I know. He's some already other, suffered. Yeah. I know some other great people that you can kill that are also founding yeah. fathers, starting with Cobblepot and Oswald Cobblepot. Obviously. And just so as it happens, he owes me money, too. So, you know, win, win. Yeah. Let's go, girl. Yeah, exactly. we're all going to win. Wins. Uh, meanwhile, the, the rest of the gang, they go back down to that altar. The terrible trio show up. That's the shark mask. Fox mask, uh, what's the other mask? The raven mask. Raven, raven mask people, they, they, they flit by, which I, I guess is something. Were they here, were they here before? I don't remember. No, them being, it's, it's, uh, I just think it's just more of those secret societies that these kids have been involved with all this that's time. The thing is, this secret society, though, its only purpose is to disrupt other secret societies yeah. to cause chaos. Yeah. I'm like, all right, can we just get back to the two face stuff? Cause at least that yeah. I can fucking understand. Yeah, well, the terrible trio is the Silver Age thing. You know, that goes back to like the uh, 60s. Yeah. Uh, and it should so, have stayed so, in the 60s. And, and it was also in the animated series in a very good episode that I liked in the cartoon. Was it, but, uh, huh? Was it? I, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was. They were all they were all like rich prep school kids, and they're trying to have a laugh by committing crimes with masks on, but then things shit got too real, son. That'll happen. Batman quick. had to lay the smack down. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, but whatever. This this whole this whole thing made almost no sense. I guess one of them's a girl too, so that's something you can uh, bite on and chew if you Fox. like. But they the, they get kind of uh, stuck at the bottom of the well. They eventually get out because fucking Colton's got hydrochloric <laughs> well, acid. Even before doctor. that, as they're down there, they want to find what what bones. They're in a bunch of bones, you know. They're the they're there. And uh, they're trying to find Amity's bones, and Colton's like, well, I can do some DNA testing because I learned this with yes. this and that and the other thing. Professor like, really? world, do you have a centrifuge on Fucking you? What the nonsense. hell's wrong with you? Fucking nonsense. All you got to do is get some hydrofluoric acid, and you pour that on there just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yep, and what's great is it also can uh, involve getting out of there as well, and I don't understand it. But I do want to point out, when they close the door, when the shark person, when they shark up and close right. that yeah. door, it's weird. That pen, that 
symbol on the wall, very yeah. similar to the one that's in uh, All-Star Batman. It, it threw me off a little. It's not the same thing, but it, it does yeah. look like that. It actually looks almost exact except for that triangle in the middle, like that dual triangle deal. I'll be honest, you know, if, if Scott Snyder, if he was to do any crazy shit, it would be to link these two books together. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, no, like, even then, but they get out of that well deal just to uh, – How? <laughs> well, then, so they busted open the wall, the wall with hydrofluoric acid. Yeah, but but, uh, but they're that, kicking that whole thing it still. Was just and... A place to to hold them, you know. They, it's like they might as well have just had them like all fall asleep. Yeah. Because it, it it but nothing happened in that scene. They just went down there. They got trapped. They escaped. They wasted a bunch of pages and and padded out the story, and that's great. And now they're all going to run down to the city. I guess, and uh, hopefully, that's, that's what I would expect them to do. You really, they still go back and talk to Professor McPherson about a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, and, and even then uh, they go, and then you have Two Face and uh, Olive at the Sunny Cove Gotham Maritime Lighthouse Number Two. And yeah. I thought I, I always liked the art in this book. I think it goes off there because all of a sudden Two Face is a sexy looking, probably like seventeen year old boy. I had no idea who that. Yeah, was I had no idea it was either. Uh, you just see that little bit of his face in the one, but when he's reading it, it's like, Edmund Cobblepot. Yeah, Cobblepot, hey? I'm like, that he is Zac like Efron. Kid. Yeah, yeah, it, he looks, it looks like Zac Efron know, there. But... And then he turns around, I'm like, boy, that that's off. That is so off. Uh, but yeah, then you have even even the whole thing where they're down in that well and Maps is like, we needed Olive here because she's a cleric, a level five. And I'm like... Really? Now you're really pushing it. You're really pushing it too far here. <laughs> like the stuff that used to make me smile, I'm getting infuriated. But, yeah, I'm like, God damn it. But even so, before it was funny the way she used that to kind of deal with life and do that. It, it, now she's in a goddamn dream world where she thinks that shit's real or something. She's become Tom no, Hanks they tried, in they Tunnels and Trolls. Just like Mazes and Monsters. Mazes yeah. and Monsters, I mean. What's that, Eric? They tried to warn people in the 80s about how D&D was good. That's what we're saying, yeah. Max is the goddamn psychiatrist like, uh, for it. She is. She just, it was just silly. It was just silly. But, yeah, in the meantime, you find out about the uh, the terrible trio. And they're even with them, they're outside the, uh, you know, the window. Yeah. And they're, 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 ready ready to, they're ready to cause trouble. And, and Max and, goes to follow and doesn't tell I do want to go about- back, though. I just want to point out a little more with Kyle before we end this, that when Kyle is going to leave, the other good thing is he's never told his little sister. She's like, where are you going, Kyle? It's like, ah, I'm leaving. Mom and Dad are out. They're picking me up. They're taking me to this place. They I'm going to train. They tried to be discreet about this because like, they didn't Jesus want you to come out and show Christ. your jerk-off face. Yeah, like, they don't yeah. want to talk. Yeah, she doesn't even go out to talk to them. She hasn't seen them in how long. She doesn't okay. even go and talk to them. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, but it ends up how that they're there. Talk to your mother. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I'm an old man. This is a 13 year old girl <laughs> and and really never has seen that her mom. You know, I don't think that Maps's mom is a bitch from England who's a goddamn whore. I never <laughs> saw that in this book. She might so, be. We don't know. <laughs> she might be. At least she's with her dad. You know, my mom's yeah. not with my dad now. Oh, <laughs> I know that you're very upset about that. He's you dead. might have a new dad now. You don't know. Fuck true. that. I, I think I have seven. <laughs> I, I, from what I hear around town, I, I probably could go and have a pick of the litter. They're all over there right now. Jesus Christ, my mom's over there. Who knows what's going on in that fucking house? But yeah, they, they're back in that lighthouse, and Cobblepot's basically, hey, Oswald Cobblepot, we call him the penguin. Don't ask. And then they go, and you see that Kyle's there. Boom, 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 boom. Do any of us know why they went to a lighthouse? No. 
I don't because know. Because Two-Face and Olive have gone to a lighthouse to talk about the other people and, you know, the founding fathers of Gotham. And then they decide, you know what? We got to go after Cobblepot. He's, he's one yeah. of the descendants of the founding fathers. Well, he owes me money. We got to kill his ass. And as they're walking down, somehow Kyle got behind Well, I will them. tell you, number one, actually, I think that's where he's living right now, especially because they say his house hasn't been there. Uh, he hasn't been at his residence since his accident. Which yeah. was when he, you know, committed suicide. Or uh, if you look where you go, when they show that plaque of the lighthouse, it does say that the bricks were used, uh, reused from the 1802 dent something. So I'm sure that that has to do with his family, the lighthouse, and he's just been living there. What's uh, Kyle doing there? I don't know. He's there. He's, he's he followed them. He's, he's undercover. How he's did undercover. He get behind them. He likes uh, lighthouses. You don't, you know, some why, people are really where did his, his mom and dad took him. He actually said that where he's going to train has to, it's a lighthouse. lighthouse it's Lighthouse High that he's involved in. His you parents are, great movie. His parents on, are so dumb they don't even remember they have a, a young daughter. So they'll, they'll be fooled by anything. Kyle just told them to go there. They went and, they, and went off because obviously they have no concern for their kids. So, yeah, they're, they're going to go off and, and we're going to see Penguin, I guess. And I, I don't know. I guess that I'm... I can get behind the story a little, but there's just it's nothing going on. Like I'm saying, we we do it's need being the whole told thing started. It's usual, like a fucking you know a a, a pile of bricks falling down yes. a flight of stairs. Yes. They're not the, like the, they, they, you know they they don't know what to do with most of the characters no, most of yeah. the time, and they're just kind of floating around. It's gonna be it's gonna putter out. This I have no faith in this final arc. Yeah, and and I well like I said, I I me and you both kind of said Reggie that we wish that they'd go on a high note, but I said you know what this olive. And, you know, this nonsense with her being possessed and Amity and all that, I wouldn't like – I would like a, another story. It has all led to this. So I can't say that at the last arc yeah. they'll just forget about that. The whole thing has been the mystery of who Olive was, who her mom was at first, then, you know, this legacy. And it all ties into that. So I can't really criticize for what they're doing. It's just not that good. It really isn't that good. It's lost the charm that yeah. made it so good and in, in even the first – two trades possibly you know the the first trade awesome that is one of my favorite uh trades of the you know what even the last one although i don't know if i have the trade but i'm assuming the one that was the yearbook that was all the little yeah you like that it was like two out of three often in those issues they were good so i bet that's an okay little yeah yeah collection of of stories and i said uh, before we give our scores i did say to eric i do have a a plea to you, Reggie, and this is my argument because I said, you know what, er- Reggie, if I say them, that's it. We're not talking about this book anymore. You're going to tell me what, Reggie, that we have to play it out. We've done all yeah. this. But I did especially, say so. Especially as we're close to the end. I said so few people are reading this book, right? Uh-huh. So the people who actually come to the podcast to listen to us talk <laughs> about this book have been fans and and think that it's the greatest, and then they hear a shit on it for fucking twenty <laughs> minutes. And I'm like, Jesus, I just I pity if you're one of the people who are like, oh, you know what? No other podcast talks about this book. My favorite book. I love this book. And then they start with like, there's this fucking garbage and yelling about it. I'm like, they they probably will never come back to this podcast again. But this is how we feel. I just said we are i don't know who we're talking to with these reviews especially this i said the we're same almost, thing we're almost to the end we're almost yeah, to the same thing with me and out. that odyssey of the amazons that i'll have next week yeah. it's like the, the only people who would want to listen to us talk about it have to be people who love it and then there we are to ruin their dreams uh but reggie what did you give it 
Uh, you know, I think I went a little higher for some reason. Um, I think this comic pretty much sucked. Uh, I do feel like it was just a little bit better than the last two, but I really hated the last two a lot. Yes, no. uh, no. So, so it wasn't exactly. I'm damning it with faint praise. I don't know if I hated it. Or not. No, but uh, no, no. I give it, I give I it th- a four point five out of ten. Probably okay. could nudge me down to a four, no problem. Now, I think that you, uh, I think that you might have liked it a little more. La- I think you like last issue a little, Eric. I think I, 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 I was either last issue or the issue before. I can't recall because I know I liked one of them more than others. No. I'm actually just gonna go right now and say screw you, Jim, because I don't want to forget what I'm gonna say is that I don't have the connection that you and Reggie have. I did not read the first semester all that much at all. So when I say I think this is a better issue, it's only because we're getting the stuff that I do know about, and that's like Harvey Two-Face Dent, and like going and exploring Gotham some more, and this whole thing. That's what kind of interests me, just because I don't have this bad connection with the other characters, because pretty much they're the ones I know the least amount about, and I really don't care about them. So now that we're going out and doing something that I can actually get behind, that's where I say it's a better issue with this one. No, and that'd be very personal for so you because, because really, Eric is dead there, there's even people missing now person. from the, people are missing from the the club. Uh, right. Even we we really thinned them out, so you don't even get that the characters that we were you know liked before. But the thing is, that's kind of the book. That'd be like me saying that I only know Guy Gardner, so I didn't like Hal Jordan when we talked about that because we didn't get enough Hal you know Guy Gardner. Uh, there's too much uh, you know Hal Jordan, and I don't know him. So yeah, that personally you like it a little more, but you like it for the reason why I hate it exactly. and the reason. But even so. You, you get Harvey. You didn't even know why they were in the lighthouse, which I, I gave you a, my opinion. I don't yeah. know. I don't know that that's right. And all of a sudden, he looked like he was 16. So even yeah. when you get Harvey, fucking ridiculous. And then you get the, the call out like, who, next, next issue we get Penguin? I'm in. That's yeah. not what this book was about before. It's not because basically they're just going to go over. And I think they're going to get a whole other club with just these villains just walking around. And really, with Harvey, you got nothing. You didn't get anything. His house was on fire, and he had a book. She had a book, but really, he flips a coin to decide what he's going to do with her, and nothing. Nothing really happens. It's just weird. Also, when that fireman's there, and and Olive freaking falls and the book goes and all the book has is names she's like who you got those names written down you you one of them relatives <laughs> i know that was such a weird scene like why yeah. is he so forthcoming with the with yeah. this uh, and then like i, I said person yeah. hanging outside of, of an arson scene yeah. yeah yeah we have no idea how kyle got to this goddamn fucking lighthouse and the stuff with colton and his goddamn science as they yell is just yeah. ridiculous this whole thing was based on just ridiculousness and i'm giving it a fuck you five because of it i i'd like actually i like the art too much i know i said that some things are weird with the art i'll give it a four nine i just it, it was nothing this was an issue that nobody has to read to, to do anything but what well, would you give it her 4.8 out of 10 yeah, so I'm the I'm the highest. Yeah, <laughs> I like that Reggie was uh, apologizing for going too high. Yeah, and I was like, what the? F- Did he give this an eight? Or <laughs> yeah. five? I, 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 I forgot higher than me on this one, but yeah, right, I forgot what the I forgot what the deal was. No, that I, again. The art was good, except some minor things, but just the writing and stuff and the story. But really, to me, the said, art the art being good at now is no longer a thing anymore. You know? What no, mean? Like, I know. I, 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 it's going to stop me from giving it a one or, you know, yeah. a really shitty score, but I'm no longer, you know, And it's it weird because we, we have some books that legitimately are written horribly. The dialogue <laughs> isn't bad in this. The no. characters I like, it's just as it comes together, it just comes together to give you nothing. 
pacing, it, it, storytelling, yeah, it's yeah. stuff that's happening. You know, like yeah, I say, like the just, kid just sitting around for a full day doing yeah, nothing, just doing nothing. Academy. Yeah, and uh, like you said, you think that they got together in a bar and came up with a thing. Well, this story, this issue, it was about three in the morning. Uh, they were shit faced drunk at this point, and they're just like, and then we got Two Face, and you know what? He's in the lighthouse, and then Kyle comes, and then they're like, okay, let's go with it. But that is the end of this section of books. And Reggie, tell me what. Young Animal Books you're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, what do we got this week? Got Shade the Changing Girl, number Shade eight. Shade the Changing Girl. Is that and just not a spoiler, but is is that one of your favorite ones? Is that one of your favorite Young Animal Books? This week, actually, because Chris you know, graduated uh, school, I, I, I wrote the review, but uh, uh, I had a great time. I love the book. Okay. I think it's great. It's, is it's it a junior high, Chris this graduated? Kind of starts a new, this one kind of starts a new uh, story arc. Okay. So. Junior high, though, he's a graduate of. Was it junior high? That's right. It was junior high. He graduated high school. He finally did it. We knew he would eventually, uh, but it wasn't there. You talked about Bug there was another one, another very special one by uh, the Allred family. It was uh, Bug, the Adventures of Forager, number one. Yes. The Jack Kirby goodness that Eric and Jim, they lap it up with with a knife and fork, right? Yeah, but here it is that I don't mind Bug. Uh, because first off, he's not a new god, right? Eric informed me of that. He kind of is involved underground, right? He's on the Sorry, ground. He's up. on New Genesis, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's with it being a, the young animal deal, that makes sense to me. You know, it's it's fun. It's got that young animal feel, whatever. But uh, I don't know. This, this Jack Kirby nonsense. I'm telling you. It, things Another have book come no and one gone. asked for. Things book. have come and gone. Just but, yeah, books. people like it. People were going nuts about it that I saw. Right. And also why I asked you about it Shade was why I asked you about Shade was that I see now that a lot of people, and I think it's mainly because Gerard Way can't get a goddamn Doom Patrol issue out, uh, you know, regularly, yep. that people seem to be going and telling me that Shade's their favorite young animal book now that that's yep. the one that people seem to really be grabbing onto so i, I wondered if you like a lot of me's feeling that way too or like at this point you know like like shade i'm as happy to see that as i am to see doom patrol in that's my cool. stack and i and i see shade on a regular monthly basis so that's what i mean that that Good helps deal. out so much but yeah we'll go off and i want to hear what again i don't know anything about bug at all i saw it that's a reggie book even if it was a, oh boy. a dc oh, yeah. proper that would definitely be you right away that but one yeah. had had some thick layers in there let me tell you really it's pretty crazy oh yeah that's, but uh even for that one number I one expect you to love. but, I, but I, I tell you you're gonna love this mr miracle but we'll find out we'll see when we get, there. <laughs> get the fuck out of here uh, yes but we'll go off to that and then be back once in every lifetime comes a love like this Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. I am Reggie. I am Chris. And this week we have a new Young Animal book that's been highly anticipated for many, many months right uh, coming up. But first, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about one of our favorite books in the Young Animal line, the new issue of... Shade the Changing Girl. This is issue number eight. And before I get started, I want to thank you for uh, covering this for me on the oh. site this week. 
It was I my was, pleasure. Uh, I got to put my Chris hat on. Actually, you know what I did is I, <laughs> I probably sullied your reputation because I threw all kinds of uh, naughty words and you know, uh, <laughs> I went I went my style with it. You know what I mean? I I, I ratcheted it up to uh, obnoxious. So, uh, <laughs> and for everyone that you know enjoys those reviews, you'll enjoy them again. Issue nine. Don't worry. This was just a temporary yes. thing. I just stepped in to help Chris out. Thank you very much. Uh, now for shade number eight the discussion uh the issue was written by the the same person who always writes it cecil castellucci uh the original the regular artist is back marley zarcone andy parks kelly fitzpatrick and audrey mock um the cover is by becky clunan and uh if you remember last time we had that one-off issue with the uh with the was it a spring prom or winter winter festival dance or something? You know, I couldn't remember what, what <laughs> dance it was. I just said, like, school dance. I don't remember yes, what it was, but, the, yeah. The Equinox uh, <laughs> festivity or yeah. something. And, uh, and uh, Teacup and the other girls had turned on Megan and forced her away, or she just split. And where did she split to? She splits to the big city. Yeah, got Megan. The big we pear, they call it, right? Now, the, now the name of <laughs> the, the the big apricot is the problem. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this would be the, this would be the big uh, blueberry. Yes. Uh, so we have Megan, who we also know as Shade, has absconded to Gotham City, and she's having one hell of a good time. She uh, strolls around, uh, shedding those paisley madness drops everywhere she goes. Mm. Uh, despite the grumbles of cynical onlookers, this was, you know, I, I always complain about the swearing or cursing in uh, uh, Mother Panic. Yeah. But uh, it fits here. <laughs> this is this. Yeah, when she's when she's like being all purpley prose about how great Gotham is, and the yeah. dude looks at her, he's like, "Effing Taurus, yeah, go, go away. to hell." You know, you know. I was like, <laughs> this this feels very familiar to me. I gotta say. With that, um, now she. You know, despite the grumbles of these folks here, she happily dumps her effects of her life into a garbage can. She uh, dumps her school ID or, you know, her school books, everything that uh, everything that could uh, tie her back to her old life, even though she said there was a certain amount of charm there. Uh, now, the wallet she throws in there has a patch with an alien face that reads, I believe in humans. Yeah, very cute, I thought. Yes. Uh, now, as Shade walks around Gotham City, she thinks of a uh, bizarre poetry, which is, eh. yeah, <laughs> but it is expressed in rainbow-colored captions, uh, with probably some of that Rack Shade influence, and uh, one healthy serving of uh, millennial teenager, or yeah. actually teenager for any uh, really any, <laughs> any era, gender. you know, and any That's... any gender, any t- time they all. Yep. The, the, I mean, this may be quoted back Rack Shade poetry for all we know. Come to think of it, Could but uh, yeah, it's it's pithy and you know it's very befitting i think a maudlin teenager uh now we switch over to meta uh where rack shades old boyfriend melu loren is performing madness experiments on some unwitting subjects that includes le puck shades ex-boyfriend the panda panda panda-esque looking dude with kind of tentacle wings or something uh i've now i mean they haven't technically broken up but you know she's on earth he's on meta i don't think this is the relationship is going to go any much further from here these madness tests seem to have an effect of giving someone LSD, which is probably about right if you want to give someone madness, I think. And <laughs> Lepuck's going psychedelically crazy, and he's really not happy about it. He feels pretty annoyed at uh, Melu Loren and everybody. Indeed. Uh, back in Gotham, we have Shade hanging out in, around Robinson Park in Gotham, and uh, that's probably named after uh, Jerry Robinson, mm. correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, now, she's manipulating one of those madness discs. Uh, it seems to drag behind her there. Um, and uh, Jerry Robinson was the guy who co-created Robin and the Joker. Uh, 
passed away not too long ago, uh, 2011. Yeah. Uh, she gallivants around the city, annoying people everywhere she goes, but still having one hell of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> she she gets on the subway, and there's like a, a cluster of folks just sleeping on top of one another. You, you can tell they all had one hell of a day. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Shade looks at it and refers to it as a multi-faced monster, which is uh, pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, now she's only observing the group asleep, uh, so this is when the mad her madness starts to leak out. Yeah, I mean this was kind of weird because I mean, people I've seen and I have plenty of times slept in the subway myself and seen people sleep on the subway and fall on each other, but this mass of people seems unrealistic. <laughs> However, I don't think this is her projection. Yeah, I think I think we're just seeing a bizarre sleeping <laughs> kind of a, <laughs> a rat king of sleeping people going on here. So, uh, yeah, but then this is when this is really when I think she kicks into psychedelic gear. Big time. Yes. Uh, she uh, steps into Skid Row to watch a junkie smoke a cigarette through a window. And she mm-hmm. gives a homeless guy with a German shepherd a wad of cash just for the hell of it. Uh, at Bocciolo Square, uh, <laughs> Shade brings a, a sword wielding statue of a dandy to life. That steps down and stabs a dude yeah. who's sitting at the base of it. Seems to just kill some guy. Why not? He kills him because he's got a, his little vo- his little voice bubble just has a skull. Like, <laughs> what did dude ever do to you? Uh, the park is uh, very likely named for Chris Bocciolo, who drew uh, Shade the Changing Man under uh, Peter Milligan's scripts back in the 90s, as well as a very very uh, good run of Vertigo properties back then as well. Yeah, he did a little. He did a little bit of Sandman. Oh, he did the Death. High cost of dying. And he uh, did see his, his first work was in Sandman. He did a little bit in Sandman. But I, yeah. I got to say, I find it, why does he get a square in Gotham? Strange, right? Yeah, it's a little bizarre. It's not known for his Batman work. No, he did do one thing, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he did that. Uh, he did an issue of Legends of the Dark Knight. It was issue 64 uh, from September of 1994. So I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that counts. He did draw Batman once professionally. Uh <laughs> Anyway, so uh, to end that bizarre two-page spread, Shade sails a school bus full of terrified people over the Statue of Justice, upon which she spray-paints, Aliens are welcome here. And a cast member from the black-and-white TV show Life with Honey is hanging around now for some reason. That's the show that she likes. I don't know where this... I think, I think it's actually Honey. I don't know why she showed up. Anyway, uh, the Statue of Justice is a ripoff of the Statue of Liberty. I mean... An exact ripoff, uh, except that instead of the tablet that reads the you know July fourth, seventeen seventy four, it read it's just a shield. Uh, this yeah. first appeared in the film Batman Forever from nineteen ninety five, starring Val Kilmer. If you ever saw that one, directed by Joel Schumacher, and it's also featured in Batman the Animated Series and the video game Batman Arkham Knight. So Ooh. this this has a little bit of Gotham history, but frankly, this is like the most Gotham thing and Robinson Park yeah. that you see in the whole in this whole book. And it was uh, we'll talk about it a little more later, but that was one thing I found a little bit strange and disappointing. Um, mm. Now she's getting really excited though. She starts really wigging things out around her to the point that there's a character characterist character character caricaturist a someone drawing her picture and uh, that guy. it's uh, it's kind of a 3D rendering of her head as Loma is coming out of the of, of the page. So and the and the person can see it too. The person's commenting yeah. on it. So we know things are getting real wacky where wherever she is hanging out. Absolutely. Uh, back on uh, Meta here, we have Lepuck is still being experimented on, uh, producing Madness Goop for Mellow Loran, Lauren, Loran, <laughs> and uh, Hellboy's sister, his assistant. Um, 
he's very, very, very unhappy with Melu. Big <laughs> Melu says, yeah, that's cool. That only makes you more useful, which is, uh, you know, probably the thing that villains usually say before they get beaten. Yeah, like the last thing they say. Like, <laughs> it's all going to plan when they get yes, punched Nothing could go wrong now. Um, back on Earth, Shade heads to Midtown Gotham, buys a hot dog, and heads up to a skyscraper that has an observation deck. But I want to make it clear, this is not the Empire State Building. No, no, that's in New York. We're exactly. In this is Gotham. This is some, but you know they, they don't they don't name this. I mean, well, I, we'll we'll talk about it at the end. I, yes. I, I, I have comments on this. Absolutely. Now, up on this uh, non-Empire State Building, she uh, stands right on the ledge and makes the city all psychedelic for everyone to see. Also, makes people think she's about to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which which, which you, you can't blame them, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> Also, the now, observation uh, deck. This is really an untended. I mean, it's it's just like a, a waist high. It's fence just a railing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it it should have a sign that says "Try to step over me." Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, over in the theater district, we can see that lights are glowing and screens are glowing, and uh, we have uh, you know advertisements for Shades Day Out. Yeah, she's controlled everything, but this is not Times Square. This is the theater no, that's, district that's of Gotham. Off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the Mockies have images of Shade and Honey from Life with Honey, and an odd for a musical titled Bats that doesn't happen at the Winter Garden Theater. This is, not, <laughs> this is definitely not Cats. No. Um, and uh, Shade walks along, happily licking at a giant swirl lollipop, and takes in some Shakespeare. And this is actually when we know that it can't be Times Square, because you're about as likely to see Shakespeare there as a certified Rolex watch. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> you know, only, only uh, movie... Adaptations and Disney theater performances, please. Thank you. Now, during a sad moment, the people around her turn into blobs of watery tears. During a funny part, everyone laughs raucously. During a misogynistic scene, Shade gets angry, (laughs) and she loves all of it. Uh, Outside, she picks up a magazine that has honey on the cover, and then honey leads her away. Yeah, this whole appearance of honey, but I think this is just more evidence that she's really affecting the physical world around her. Yeah. Um, Now, back over in Valleyville, where she escaped from, Megan's parents are yelling at the cops for not finding their daughter. River's yelling at Teacup for selling out shade to those mean girls, and those mean girls are defending themselves to Megan's ex-boyfriend, Wes. He says she was a changed person. They say she was a bitch, but hey. They're both right. Lady in this ding, case, ding, ding. you know, she was a bitch. Then she got Loma's soul, and she changed. So there you go. Everyone can uh, settle down. Absolutely. Uh, now back in Gotham, Shade heads into a museum on Museum Row. It only bears a passing similarity, but it too, but is not the Museum of the Natural History in New York. No, of course all. not. Uh, now, at the dinosaur exhibit, she goes inside. Uh, it, it, it's similar, but not the same to an exhibit. The the, the, the exhibit in said museum. Yeah. <laughs> Shade feels an affinity for the dinosaurs and the dinosaur fossils exhibit, uh, since she was a bird being named Loma in her past. Probably she yeah. refers to them as like feathered friends or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, laments the fact that she wasn't there when they were. Uh, Shade hops into the exhibit and brings a fossilized fossilized prehistoric bird back to life. Then she pukes up some madness, like literally vomits it. It's like, it's so weird. It's like, where did that come from? But all right. (laughs) It's just a a stream of it coming out of her mouth. And uh, the exhibit falls apart. And then uh, while the guard is actually looking for her, he's like, where'd the girl in the coat go? He's right behind her. I don't know why he can't see her. She walks right past him. Yeah, but... uh, (laughs) 
she 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 just skedaddles off of the planetarium, which, by the way, looks nothing like Rose Planetarium at the Museum of Natural History in New York City, uh, where she becomes one with the cosmos as Loma. She kind of like spills out of herself, her human body, and she's Loma in space. I, I think this is sort of a dream thing happening. While floating around, she sees Lepuck sitting in a box. He's in like a room, but one of the walls is removed so she can, you know, interact with him. Lepuck is surprised, and he's really mad to see her. She reaches out and says he should come with her. He says, I don't think, you know, I don't think he can, even if he wanted to. It just seems they're not really connecting. This is happening on some subconscious plane, I think, yeah. Uh, Lepuck says, it's not a game. I'm not a game. Then he says, they're coming. And actually, when I first read it, I thought that was a warning to her, but looking the way he's looking off panel, I think he's just talking about Melu Lauren and Hellboy's sister. Probably. Uh, but it's it's not totally clear. Uh, you know, he might be warning Loma of, of a something. And then Loma has more of a trip out where she envisions Lepuck as one of her fertilized Easter eggs. Like, the, what? what? <laughs> so weird. I don't really understand, but it's really bizarre. Uh, but then uh, one of the museum guards w- wakes her up and, you know, rouses her and says, you can't sleep here, kid. So she no goes vagrants. outside. Yeah. And she uh, <laughs> she sees posters for a band called the Sonic Booms, who actually are playing that very night at 8 p.m. in the Embassy Theater, which is apparently right across the street. So she runs inside happily, the front door having turned into a gaping mouth. And that's where we leave her. And that's where it is, folks, uh, for Shade, the Changing Girl. <laughs> Uh, there was the the backup that Chris hates, but it, it's there. Yeah, life with honey. Gender roles were a thing. Go figure. <laughs> yep, yep. It's about it. They uh, do a little <laughs> joke. Well, no, there's also a profile of Doom Patrol colorist Tamara Bond villain and a detail. Oh well, yes, there was that, of course. I mean, for that story. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. They 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 that played a little joke with the gender roles in the 50s and they reversed them and uh, it's life with honey, folks. But I actually like that little uh, coloring thing in the back. Yeah, it was uh, very neat. It was uh, they broke down how uh, how she applies color to the pages of uh, Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, the it was pretty neat to see. Yeah, I, I would love to see more stuff like that as opposed to backups. Life, life with Honey <laughs> yeah. or these other nonsense backups. Like uh, I was the Skiolis, and of course the letter from your pal Gerard Way. So mm-hmm. people that have read the site know more or less how I feel. But how did you feel about this issue, Chris? I I thought it was uh, it was. Really dense, but really good. Yeah. I, I I don't know why. It, I, we talked a little bit off the air how like some of the issues of this have felt a bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because they were, I don't know, maybe they were just drawn out as a chapter. But this felt like I was reading it for a really long time. And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was just, uh, I was reading it for a while. I'm like, wow, I'm only halfway through. It, so it, it, was, it, uh, it makes very you feel dense. like you've spent a day with her. In yeah, a way, you know what very, I mean? Like, very, very true. And you do visit a lot of locations, you know. Uh, you you get around the city. Um, Gotham, right? Yeah, it's right. It, that 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 was one of my weird <laughs> problems with it. And, I, and we also talked about this, but you know, one thing I hate to see is that people go to Gotham City so that they can, you know, catch a glimpse of Batman's cape or they see the bat signal or something, some token mm-hmm. thing to let you know that Batman is still part of this universe. But on the other hand. They seem to have missed every opportunity to express that this was Gotham City. You know, the Empire State Building, I don't know, could have been the Bill Finger Building. Times Square could have been Bob Kane Square. You know what I mean? Little things yep. like this. They didn't They didn't do that. You know what I mean? They had, and then to put Chris Bocciolo in there, I was like, 
why? I don't really understand. You know yeah, it's I mean? a callback to the to the wrong property if we're trying to if we're trying to depict this as being Gotham for sure. And, th- and throw away an opportunity to connect it to Gotham. Uh, so that that it, it, this wasn't something that I thought uh, made the story poor at all. You no. know, I didn't think it hurt it, but I just thought it was really strange. Like as far as I'm concerned, she could have been she could have gone to New York City or. Pretty much any American city, any you know, large-sized American city, they all more or less have the same things that she saw there. So uh, I didn't really get the Gotham aspect to it. But one thing I do think that why this one read a little longer, uh, seemed a little denser, is because we got a lot of psychedelic stuff, artwork. Yeah. And the last couple of issues have been a little lighter in that regard. Whereas, I mean, pretty much once she goes to... Uh, What's the scene before the museum? Pretty much right before the museum, when she goes to to uh, the statue of uh, statue of justice. justice, justice. Yeah. yeah, like once she hits there, it's like every every scene with her is just a straight flooded hallucination, you know. So it's mm-hmm. uh, that made it a lot more dense. But I I did enjoy it a lot, and uh, this character uh, Shade, even even though she's flawed as as I perceive her to be, kind of a, just a teenage girl. Uh, as we know, who are the worst pe- worst beings in the universe? Um, <laughs> They're up there. But still, you know, I, I feel sympathetic towards her uh, because I don't think she's evil. I, in fact, I, no. I think I think she's a good person. She's just a little self centered and you know prone to poetry. So uh, I enjoyed it, and I gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, uh, I I would also give it an eight. Uh, something I found interesting was uh, that one page we had in what is it Valleyville Valley Town mm-hmm. Valley. Uh, yeah. Teacup was Teacup was pretty unrepentant. Yeah, I thought that was it, unusual. That yeah. was odd, right? Because it ended last one with her like being like, "Oh Shane, or oh Lo, whoever you are, I'm sorry." Yeah. But uh, here she's like, "Well, I had to do it because you you don't know what she's like." So it, it was strange that. Uh, a little bit of a 184 there. To be that way to River, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, could, I could see her maybe have been the way to some to Wes or another person, been more defensive about it. But, you know, she and River had had this strong oh, relationship God. with yeah. Shade. Yeah, so that was strange. Maybe we'll find out why that happened Very later true. on. Um, I mean, you know, I think that the resentment against Megan is very real. And she true. seems to have been a real bad person, so... Uh, maybe there was just no, she had to get her revenge while she could, while she saw an opening. But anyway, <laughs> we dug it and I know I, yep. I see people out there, they're really digging it. It seems like more and more people are jumping on this series. So I'm glad to see that. Definitely. If, uh, you know, it tickles, if it tickles you once, it'll probably tickle you two or three times. And then as many times as you'll let it, don't you want to get, don't you like getting tickled? <laughs> um, but the big, the big Splash of the week for Young Animal Books was the first issue of Bug, The Adventures of Forager, written by Lee Allred, art and cover by Michael and Laura Allred. Um, Now, we're going to begin this book. I'm just going to kind of jump in, but as we go along, we will be calling out the Kirby, the references to Kirby stuff. Uh, This is kind of going to be a difficult one to sort of convey, but I'm going to do the best. We'll do the best we can with this. So we're beginning this whole book. The first page is scenes from the past. Uh, the, 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 the page is kind of cut up into narrow panels. Each one is adjacent to an even more narrow black panel with red lettering. And this is like Bugs' thoughts, you know. Uh, but but he's basically thinking back to events in the past. Uh, so the black panels, theoretically, get it they're taking place in the present day. You get what I'm saying here? 
We're sort of we're so. sort of going down memory lane with Bug on this first page is what's happening. So, opening panel is Bug without his mask. He's sort of a handsome looking fellow. He questions the Prime One why he is not like the others. Uh, Prime One, he would be the leader of the Bugs of New Genesis, at first seen in New Gods number nine, July nineteen seventy two. And the Bugs of New Genesis are sort of like the slave race of New Genesis. They live to serve. They also have like buggy properties. Um, they wear funny looking buggy suits because that's how they do on New Genesis. Now, Bug asks why he is tormented by questions, and Prime One suggests there is more to Bug than he thinks, and he should find Orion for answers. Orion is Darkseid's second son after Calabac. He was traded to the High Father on New Genesis for his son as part of a peaceable arrangement as per uh, events in New Gods number one. Actually, first appeared in New Gods number one, February 1971. And uh, people familiar with DC should be pretty familiar with Darkseid and Orion, I think. Uh, yeah, because uh, the High Father's son was uh, was that Scott Free who was that, sent over. That was in, yeah, that in was, exchange. That was Mr. Miracle. Yeah, uh, he mm-hmm. got sent. He 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 grew up in Apocalypse. Orion in grew up. Granny Goodness's orphanage. Or exactly, something. and yeah. that, that's how he learned how to be the great escape artist. And then he, Big Barda was already there as one of his furies. Boy, it is a rich pantheon, folks. This new god stuff. <laughs> well, well, Thaddeus Brown was the oh, first Mister uh, Miracle. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people have probably fast forwarded, and I don't blame <clears> them. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bug does eventually catch up with Orion, and Orion says he's a lowly bug. Remember, these are. The this is past events he's remembering. Yes. Uh, Batman punches him in the face, Orion that is, and says his name was Forager. And now this scene happened at the end of Cosmic Odyssey number four, which came out in March 1989, which was by Jim Starlin and Mike Mignola. And this is pretty much the last time we've seen Bug, I believe. I can't mm-hmm. think. As a matter of fact, when when this book was announced, I didn't remember having seen him in Cosmic Odyssey, but looking through the trade, I was like, oh, there he is. Yep. Um, and we see how Beat beat the crap out of this device, which exploded and killed him. And this also happens in the Cosmic Odyssey, sort of. The way it ended, it was, you know, Bug looked dead. Darkseid seemed to want to punish Bug. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think for the purposes of this, we can say he died. And, Pretty much. And, and, <laughs> you know, it's it's if you read Cosmic Odyssey, it, it might not line up exactly, but that's it's more or less right, I would say. Yeah. He, it's it's as he best sacrificed as you're do. he sacrificed himself to save the universe. And uh, now we are in the present day. Yes, in the in the present, uh, Bug bursts forth from a goopy cocoon, uh, seemingly uh, perfectly healthy. Yeah. Uh, he turns back, looks at the cocoon, and says, uh, "I didn't know I could do that." So, uh, and he did. Maybe. Uh, He thinks of the wisdom of Metron, who is the new god who sits in the Mobius chair. Uh, Some uh, newer readers might remember Batman taking a seat in that chair during the Dark Side War. Yep. Uh, Now, he makes a a quip uh, about how Metron would say something about Bug being dormant, not dead, because science, 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 science and stuff. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) Bug surmises he must have been stashed somewhere while he recuperated. And it would appear that he's in the basement of an Earth home, uh, some house on Earth, and it's uh, full of what most basements on Earth are full of, uh, junk. Uh, you have a seamstress busts, a banjo, a snare drum, and a creepy-looking teddy bear on the shelf under some mannequin arms. And the teddy bear begins to speak. 
It freaks Bug out, as you'd figure. Um, until an even creepier little purple ghost girl with no pupils for eyes comes along and grabs the bear and starts heading up the stairs. Uh, for, but, but, but first, she does give him a nice glare. Yeah, and it even, it even <laughs> kind of makes the sound effect glare. Yes. Also, I don't know. I don't know why, but I found the pile of mannequin arms creepier than anything. I don't know why. You know, so about all those hands. I think I was just kind of like, give me the willies. I don't know. Very strange. Well, you haven't seen my basement. So oh, yeah, just oh, it's all mannequin hands as far as the eye can see. Right. That's my collection. Uh, so uh, the girl, after glaring with the glare, she stomps upstairs in her pink galoshes. Bug follows. Uh, he puts on his uh, his stylish bug mask, his chitinous stylish That's bug right. mask. Um, in a disheveled room, there are monsters everywhere. They want to tuck Bug back into bed and pummel him with lullabies. He's the sleeper. He's not supposed to be awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, bug takes care of them with some sort of whirlwind spin type thing. Yeah. Uh, and then he follows the creepy girl, who Bug is now referring to as Ghost Girl, up a nearly endless winding staircase. Uh, on a landing, there's more monsters. Bug barrels past him and finds the Ghost Girl at the top. She's sitting in a room with a, a complex array of dominoes on their you know, short edges, you know, like if you're going to topple them over and right. do a little domino rally thing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't um, know how to describe this like in words. Yeah. Everyone knows what it is, but yeah. It, it... But putting it into words is like, huh? It was weird. This should be a word, you know? They were, they were should akimbo or something. I don't know. Yes. They were dominimbo. Um, now, Bug is talking with the teddy bear, through, through whom the ghost girl may be speaking. We don't know if she's a, a ghost ventriloquist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, teddy bear does refer to her as she and not I. Yeah, so the teddy bear might be sentient. We don't know. Uh, it's uh, Charlie McCarthy, uh, the teddy bear. That's right. It, uh, it might not be relevant, too, as, as we'll find out going forward. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, Bug notices something's off with the dominoes, and he fixes it and says, Now it looks just like the Motherbox circuit program. The mother box is a computer used by the new gods on both New Genesis and Apocalypse. It's sort of like a catch-all. Everything it opens spatial wormholes from place to place known as boom tubes It's also like an important narrative device sometimes when the reader gets lost the mother box will chime in and explain What's going on a bit. at least that's the way it was in the fourth world nowadays the mother box they they utilize it Lex Luthor's got one embedded in his uh, Super suit so in it, his armor. Yeah, yeah they, they got them all over the place, but uh, they used to be a little more rare Bug is surprised that Ghost Girl knows about mother boxes, and Teddy doesn't have time for any of this nonsense. He tells Bug that the names are dangerous in this place, and names have power. So Bug tells them to just call him Bug instead of Forager, and that's a big thing, because Forager is a designation in his hive or whatever, and and Bug is more of a personal name, apparently. Uh, Teddy can tell Bug isn't anxious to get back to New Genesis because they treat him, well, like a bug. That's That's part of his problem. Are you getting the idea yet? Yeah, you getting his problem here? He's uh doesn't like being treated like a bug. So Teddy asks Bug if he's interested in saving the universe, and he says, I'm not doing that shit again. You know, I just I, I just got out of there. I'm not doing that. Uh Teddy points out that by simply rebelling against High Father, he's made he's at just as much in his control as if he did High Father's bidding, which is like truly a conversation you have freshman year in college when you first, you know, you uh, first drink beer for the first time. Uh Teddy explains that the, a real a real rebel does what he wants, and that sometimes conforming is more rebellious than protest. Uh, <laughs> Teddy begins quoting Camus, that is, Albert Camus, a 20th century French philosopher that subscribed to absurdism. And absurdism refers to the human tendency to find meaning in life 
and the routine failure to do so. The fun irony of life's futility is absurd. Now, while Teddy Blath is on quoting Camus, <laughs> that's what I always called him. It's Camus or it's, Camus? It's Camus, yeah. Oh, because they even pronounce it here. Um, now, while he blathers on quoting him, Ghost Girl squirrels the stuffed animal away in her shirt, then changes the dominoes back to how they were before Bug fixed them. Bug rushes over to stop her, and then a jolt of electricity leaps from one of the standing dominoes to his finger. This leads to Bug having a crazy sort of vision, and the dominoes, uh, they, they have uh, suddenly have DC comic characters on them, and mm-hmm. they spin around his head. Uh, which are surrounded by lightning bolts and uh, that thing we all love called Kirby Crackle. Yeah. Uh, that that you know just I, yeah, that's like the only way you can describe it because I I'm trying to parse out what the bits of it are and it's oh, it's, it's like yeah it's just crackle dots it's like energy to make crackle yeah yeah, yeah. It, he invented it and there it is. Yep. And now the characters on the dominoes include Garrett Sandford Sandman, and we'll be seeing him again real soon. Wesley Dodds, who is the Simon and Kirby era Sandman in the purple and yellow costume. Yeah, the not, Black not the gas mask. That's not how, the gas that's mask. That's how we, most yeah. people know him. He had another costume. Uh, the Black Racer, who is the uh, the skiing new god. He's a, neutral, right. <laughs> he's a neutral character whose appearance signals death. I wonder if you ever met the Silver Surfer. I don't know. I yeah, the surfer skiing. That's definitely a race that should happen. Yes. Uh, the Paul Kirk Manhunter. It might be the Mark Shaw Manhunter. It's a, it's an early Manhunter. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Metron, the fellow with the chair. We have Atlas, who is a Kirby character who showed up in first issue special number one. I don't know. And we did see him again during the new Krypton arc of uh, Superman that, uh, what's, what's his face? James Robinson wrote. Because James oh, Robinson... Okay. Yeah, James Robinson might like first issue special as much as I do. <laughs> he, he, he mined a lot of those characters. Wow. And we also have Omac talking about, about Brother Eye, and this is not the New 52 Omac monstery guy. It's no, the, no, this is the original. It's the 70s, the, yeah. But the the old school Mohawk. Actually, I also, I don't know why I didn't mention him on this list, but uh, Dead Man is there. Dead Man is also there. Not, yes, not, he is. There's no direct or any relation to Jack Kirby with Dead Man nope. that I know of, but... There no, because that's uh, Drake, right? That's Drake created him, yeah. and really, you know, you really would associate him with Neil Adams as far Adams. as uh, artwork. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was the first one to draw him, but I, Neil Adams really, you know, that was his to find it. To find it, but whatever, we'll find out, I guess, down the line if that has any, anything to do with anything. Because yeah, he is the only, he is the odd man out here because he's got really no Kirby tie to him for sure. Uh, now, Bug snaps out of the vision here, and he bumps into the domino array. Uh, the domino array, not array of dominoes. Uh, <laughs> he's afraid He's afraid that he just ticked off the ghost girl. But the dominoes somehow disappear, and now the ghost girl has also disappeared. Then Bronze Age, Sandman, Brute, and Glob show up. These are three characters. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, this is what we were mentioning before, Garrett Sanford. So I'm going to try to... Keep this as concise as possible, but uh, in the late 19th, and we, by the way, Chris and I did <laughs> we did talk about this on our uh, weird comics history about the life and times of Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, so yeah. we can go look that up and find out much more about it. But in the late 1970s, DC had Joe Simon and Jack Kirby reinvent Sandman, who had, really was a dormant character that I don't think had been used, uh, maybe was in JLA a little bit, but they kind of wanted to brush him off. Or, I'm sorry, JL, uh, JSA. 
Uh, he became a superhero in a red and white, in a red and yellow costume who protected those dreaming, and in particular, a boy named Jed from nightmares. So these were prim- primarily caused by the nightmare wizard, naturally. That's sort of right Sounds in his name. Right. Uh, Thanks for reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he observed dream space from the bank of television screens in some temporally dubious location, like dream space, I think, I believe it was called. And he was assisted by these two gross mutants, Brute and Glob, who could be released by use of a magic whistle. Later on, Roy Thomas would retcon <laughs> this character as Dr. Garrett Sanford. In, in the original series, he actually hadn't, he was just Sandman of the Endless. He, there was no yeah. human com- counterpart. And there were even more developments and retcons over the years, but we're going to leave it there for now because, boy, it gets, it gets wacky. And I don't know it if, gets if it's real, good. real deep. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to apply. You know, uh, this really feels like very Kirby steeped, and the, but uh, we'll find out. So at first, Sandman mistakes Bug for a nightmare, but then realizes that he's the sleeper. Then elements of Bug's dream vanish just as he speaks of them, which is uh, like the teddy bear and the dominoes. Really makes Bug look silly. Yeah, I know. It's right in front of these new guys and everything. Uh, Bug's worried that he's dead in the waking world, which is a weird thing to think, but there's only one way to find out. So Sandman gently wakes him up by yelling his name into his face. First Forager, but that doesn't work, so then he he yells Bug. And that works. Bug wakes up again, bursting from a cocoon full of pudding. Or phlegm or something. something. It's it's pretty uh, gloopy, (laughs) yes. Um, But this time he wakes up, Brute, Glob, and the Sandman are with him. Uh, You'd think that this would be evidence that that he's still dreaming, but somehow it's uh, the exact opposite of that. Uh, (laughs) They suddenly find themselves under attack by Werblinks. Okay, so in the first issue of the rebooted Sandman, which was March 1974, the villain was GE, General Electric. Electric. Oh, I knew they were bad guys. They were awful. They were the worst. (laughs) I think I have one of their refrigerators. Um, (laughs) General Electric is a World War II Axis-powered scientist who escaped to create scaly lizard doll robots called Warblinks. Mm. They were sleeper agents and now appear to be trollish, elvish things of human size. Um, and as they attack, hey, look, we got General Electric showing up as well. Yeah. Uh, he looks sort of like an emaciated Tony Stark with the face of Robbie the Robot on his head. <laughs> it's, really... it's it's like a weird domey, yeah. Yeah, like computer bits in a dome on yep. his head. Now, uh, General Electric ha- has got special uh, a special whistle of his own, and this one shrinks everyone and sticks them in, in a bottle. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> maybe he's a uh, model ship enthusiast. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's better. It's more than one way to, to you know, capture people. It seemed like a weirdly sure. specific thing. But uh, while trapped, Sandman surmises that General Electric had, must have found some of the same element that makes up his own whistle. This is called Orichalcum, the fabled lost metal of mythology, says uh, Sandman. It was mentioned in several ancient writings, including the story of Atlantis in the Critias of Plato. Within the dialogue, Critias, who lived 460 to 403 BC, claims that Orichalcum had been considered second only to gold in value. It makes great whistles. Uh, whatever the case, Sandman says it has the power to make dreams flesh, which would actually be redundant for most of my dreams. I'll tell you that right. But anyway, Aha. hey, uh, General Electric <laughs> taunts Sandman for a while, then Bugs like enough of this and uh, busts out of the side of the bottle with the help of his shield. He just kind of crashes through, using it as a brace. Uh, he's able to get the whistle away from General Electric, then unwittingly steps into an interdimensional hole. 
Don't you hate when that happens? That's the worst. I also like that he was like annoyed at having saved the universe despite <laughs> himself. He was like, oh man, I, I saved it I anyway. I to do this. Yeah. Um, where will Bug wind up next? We don't know. And one thing I loved about this book right off the bat, Chris, is there were no real backups. No. It was just the who's who for Tamara Bond villain, the, the, the color fine. guide and a letter from Gerard Way. Glad to see it. We've got, we've got a full mm-hmm. comic here, folks. So already that made it uh, head and shoulders above some of the other stuff that we're reading from this line. But uh, and it is very already. They Very, very good. Very good. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed this. What did you think of it, Chris? I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I've. I've been uh, revisiting a lot of these uh, these Bronze Age uh, yeah. comics lately, and uh, it's just really cool seeing. You know, when I when I first read uh, this, that that story of Atlas, I, I wasn't expecting to see him in a contemporary comic. Well, there you know, it's just it's just so cool to see how they're uh, they're actually mining their own uh, deep and rich continuity to uh, to tell new stories. Yeah, and uh, I was afraid that. Uh, I mean, now we know Cosmic Odyssey happened, so uh, you know that adds a level of, level of depth to uh, John Stewart's character because he failed to save a planet. Uh, you know, it, it's just so much DC goodness is just been re-added or at least acknowledged, it, which it, I think I'm always a sucker. For. I, I yeah. don't know how much fluidity there is between the Young Animal line and the DCU. Mm. Um, I, I don't know how you'd want to describe it. I think Young Animal can draw from anything in the DCU, but DCU will never draw from Young Animal kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's acknowledging all that all that stuff and uh, Cosmic Odyssey, and you know, with you know this Sandman character that we mm-hmm. read a whole bunch about, it was real cool to see him, you know, become like a central figure because really the only other place I could think of. I've got I, I have a couple of the issues in a collection of that '70s Sandman, but really we I think you and I both know him mainly from Sandman, Neil Gaiman Sandman. Neil Gaiman when yeah. he's sort of a sad, pathetic character in and out in one issue, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we see you know the man himself in action with his two weird, two messent uh, helpers, mm-hmm. um, but it was really weird. It you was, know? and and a lot of it, it I felt was, you know. The second time through, I, like that whole domino scene, just turned me off at first. I was like, I, I just mm-hmm. didn't know what 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 the point of it was, and it just seemed to be a poor allegory for whatever they were trying to get across. But on second read, I was like, well, you know, this really is like something you would see in a dream. You know, they, sure. it really started to feel much more dreamlike and understanding it in the context that, I mean, for all we know, the whole issue could be a dream, quite frankly, but at least we know that. Yeah, whole, we're not sure. You know, yeah, I mean, he comes back in and like even the whole idea that he breaks out of this, this miniature bottle, but then he's the full size again. You know, it's, it's bizarre, this book, but mm. the all red art. I mean, it's 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 oh, yeah. trite to say. Because it's exactly what we expected, and it's great. You know what I mean? This is mm-hmm. this is this is what you want to see. He's right in his wheelhouse. He's a great like styled after Kirby kind of guy with his own sort of uh, I don't know fluid, more fluid feel. You know, he's not as Kirby had a definitely a blockiness to his work. Uh, I think that was just how he his style, whereas All Red is much more round. Yeah, round and poppy. Fair yeah. to say, oh, definitely much more poppy. Uh, and and yeah. I mean, we can't we can't. Got to give you know a lot of the credit to to his wife Laura. Just like the colors in this are just like leaping out when they need to. It's it's absolutely. It looks so good. Uh, Super sharp. Yeah. 
So just, I mean, just on the looks alone, I really had to give this a high grade. Even if, even if the comic itself had been terrible garbage, yeah. garbage I would have had to say this is just, it's for, it's worth four dollars to look at as far as I'm concerned. But I did, I did like the story, especially after another read, and definitely am interested to see where he goes next. I have a feeling this is going to be a sustained Kirby love letter. Uh, I'm pretty and there, sure, yeah. And there are worse things in the world that the, it could be, you know. Hope, <laughs> hopefully, we'll see the Newsboy Legion. That'd be cool next, uh, or uh, be great. You know, some some of the other crazy, you know, characters over the years. Maybe we'll see some of those young romance situations. You know what I mean? From uh, their <laughs> early days. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and, and I ended up giving it an eight out of ten. But I would, I would definitely say, as we say sometimes on this segment, it was a soft eight. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm right there with you. The art is what's carrying the load here, mm. and it is, you know, I I was getting kind of slaggy on the uh, the last couple of issues of Doom Patrol for being very fan wanky, and uh, this is very fan wanky. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I mean that's that's like what it is. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is a total Kirby fan wank uh, experience here, and and I I loved it for that, but I can see how uh, perhaps newer readers may not get what we get. Out of it, uh, yep. we we spoke a little bit off the air about how uh, how so much of this was uh, we compartmentalize these Kirby characters, even if they they aren't a part of the same storylines. Uh-huh. Where uh, I think we have the ability to do that because we've got the context. Where uh, maybe a, a newer reader or a reader who isn't who isn't as obsessive as we are yeah. <laughs> might uh, might just see these uh, you know disparate characters and wonder why they're being lumped together. Especially the you know, like the the dominoes characters. Yeah. Like it, there was, you know, I, I didn't even know one of them was Atlas. You do because you you yeah. wrote that. And but I mean, I kind of know those characters, but I wouldn't call I wouldn't call you know put them in the same group normally. Sure. Except to you know anyway, it was. Uh, I w- I would love to know what people what other people thought of it. Um, especially people. I know there are tons of people I talk to all the time that. They don't give a hang for Kirby, folks. I'm telling you. I want, I, you know, I think the older generation needs to wise up to the fact that Kirby has not captured the minds of uh, the latest generations of comics readers. I don't think. No. Nope. Uh, you know what are you gonna do? That's uh, life goes on, and uh, we're gonna go on next week. We're gonna read uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, number eight, and the week mm-hmm. after that is Mother Panic, number seven, beginning a new arc. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see. You know, we've been creeping up with our enjoyment of that particular book. Yep, it's taken uh, in the right direction. So we'll see. Maybe this is, you know, the dawn of a new day, dawn of a new arc. Maybe we'll uh, this will be the one that reels us in for good. But I think we have gone on quite a while here, Chris, and I think <laughs> that's all we got from you. Got anything else for him this week? Nope, that'll do it. Until next time, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Dear
voicemail section number four. We have a couple here, starting with Repairman Jack. And Repairman Jack says, what's up, guys? Today I'm going to do minor quibbles with the books this week. Minor quibbles. That was a, a name that I used to quibbles. use. At, well, that was my, my minor quibbles was the uh, radio name I used in Cleveland back in the oh. 80s. I was known as minor quibbles. Learn something quibbles. new every day. Yes, and I was there with uh, my co-host, Major Disaster. We, we had quite the show, Major disaster, major disaster, and Minor Quibbles in the Morning, they called us in Cleveland. We were the morning show team, uh, uh, ill-fated. We only lasted a couple of months. Uh, major Disaster ended up saying a lot of racial things, got us kicked off the air. It was, wow. I, don't, I don't like to go back and, and revisit that, and unfortunately, Pyramid Jack has done it to me. He says, here's his quibbles, Titans. Deathstroke, after having a pretty big breakthrough by turning off his suit and allowing Jericho to ask some fist questions, he pressed the flesh, suddenly doesn't care about Jericho or Rosa's status and will rather look into his other son's death that he seems to have suddenly remembered. And I, I'll agree there. I didn't even think of that. Just basically, I think that what happened is he knows that Jericho needed help, Eric. He, it was a sign. He, it was a desperate plea for help, beating well, it, the shit out of his father. The thing is, it's very tough when you have more than one one kid because you want to spend oh, equal time with all. So, you know, he sent Rose to live with this fake Hmong family. He was banging yep. Jericho's uh, fiance because she was up to no good. And now that we're past all that, now it's time to find out what happened now to it's, his it's son. Gr- bring him back. Grant time, you're yeah, saying. It's grant this time. is like today. Uh, and we are recording this a different day. It is Mother's Day today. But during uh, Mother's Day, my son Zach came in and said, Hey, I need $20 to get makeup for his play that he's in. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> great. So as I'm like, Okay, whatever, whatever. And then there's Logan. Well, I want $20 for my field trip then because he's going on a field trip tomorrow. Then Ray's like, where the hell's my $20? I'm like, this has got to stop. This ends now. And then my wife got pissed off at me because we got her peanut butter for Mother's Day. And she said since we went, uh, gave her a lame Mother's Day gift, everybody should get $20. I'm like, this doesn't compute. This <laughs> does, does this not work? compute. Husband robot came out. Does not compute. All of a sudden, like, your fucking robot brain and heart activated. Illogical, yeah. illogical, lame. I had no idea. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm down fucking a hundred bucks, and there I am sitting with my dick in my hand. All because of peanut butter. Yeah, all because of peanut butter and makeup for a play. I'm telling you. Then it's like everybody's like, "Oh, we don't get anything." And then I just listed, especially Logan, my youngest son, who bitches and moans. Just before we started, he's still bitching. That he doesn't have a phone. This is all I hear all the time. And, and it's almost like I am Lando. And the deal in his head that he's perceiving is getting worse all the time. Because yeah. at first it was that he was going to work. Uh, and really work is in quotes. To get yeah. money to buy this phone. If he got enough money to buy a phone, I said he'd be allowed to get it. And then he'd have to keep doing the same work so that he can pay, you know, the bill kind of. It's not yeah. paying the bill. It's just so he learns that you have to work for things and actually have to pay shit. for stuff. Yeah. So he, he's screaming and yelling at me about that's bullshit. Now his yeah, plan is he is wants bullshit. Yeah, now want he wants a six hundred dollar phone. And oh. if he can work for forty dollars, uh, could he put the down payment down and then pay off the I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Plus it's funny because earlier in the day he was actually watching The Simpsons. And it ended up being the one where Bart doesn't go see the itchy and scratchy movie that Homer puts his foot yeah, down yeah, yeah. so that he could be on the Supreme court you know and uh 
Logan doesn't get the correlation there because I'm like, it's just this, like the same kind of thing. He's, but I, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I'm trying to teach you a lesson that none of the other kids, it's a shame, none of the other kids learned as well. But yeah. uh, then I, my wife's like, she's yelling, well, what is what did Logan get recently? This is about the $20 for the school trip. What right. did he get? Well, I said, first off, he, we had to pay $40 for the school trip. There's number one. That's like right off the bat. Number two, he didn't want the meal that they're going to have some sort of snack meal. He didn't want that. So instead of that, he's having me go and we're going to get Wawa hoagies for him tonight. So there's number two. Number three is we're probably going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy tonight because he is bitching and moaning. So we're going to go see that. Then I'm going to take my, a Tuesday off from work to go take him to the goddamn buffet. Right there's enough. It ends here, I said. Does not You've already compute. spent more time with your son than my father ever did. Yeah, with really. I'm saying this is, and then she's like, oh, well, I guess that's, uh, no, you don't guess. Then, motherfucking Zach, I don't know if he's next door right now. Uh, they were outside talking to our, our oldest son who uh, showed up outside there in a wheelchair. In a yeah. wheelchair. He's like Professor X. But yeah, he's out. They're out there, but he comes home. Zach comes home, and uh, I, I'm looking for these donuts. I got mini donuts, powdered donuts. Just, nice. the, you know, the white powder, you know, that sort of deal. And uh, I, I rarely get those. And I was in the mood for them. I wake up and I'm, I want these donuts. So I'm going around. I can't find them. So I first look at Ethan's room because he gets the snacks. That motherfucker steals every goddamn snack you have and he'll eat every one. And then they're just piled. I know that I can always tell. I don't have to be Batman. The world's greatest detective is not going to be there because if he had them, they're still in the room laying there, the package. So I go in. That's not there. I look upstairs. I can't find anything. Nobody's home except me and Logan at this point. Zach comes home. I say, hey, do you see those mini donuts? He goes, what? We had mini donuts? I don't know. I didn't see them. Turns out the motherfucker ate them. He was lying. <laughs> and then later, uh, I'm yelling about these donuts still, and I don't even like them that much. I just wanted a couple. And yeah. Tanya goes, oh, Zach had them. I said, no, he didn't. He didn't even know about it. Then she called me a liar. So this is this gotta end. This is what happens when we record like different days. Shit goes down. Red Hood and the Outlaws there. Stop making Red Hood's helmet emote. I don't like that either. This yeah. shit is not Deadpool fucking stop. Besides, that I didn't really like this issue near as much as Eric. Seemed like a lot of the same from the previous issue. It's the previous issue? How about the previous fucking four issues? I, I read that before we, we got on tonight or today. Yeah, I'm not that big on it. I really am not. I'm glad that I gave that to you. You like it a little more than me. Suicide Squad. Amanda Waller willing to sacrifice employees at the drop of a hat to get what she wants. Then looks really dumb when she has a woman in front of her basically telling her everything she has said is true except one minor detail. Uh, she's probably lying about that one thing. Why wouldn't she? Yeah, I, that was nonsense. We had our problems too. Uh, new Superman. Not enough Robin bot, Eric. I, I should, now that oh, I look, look at you it. You said it right. Yeah, because I'm reading it. I should just do uh, that. I should have it on my hand. Robin bot. And then I sweat when we do the podcast, and I'll look at it, and I'll be sweaty and shit. Robin. Yeah, just wait, because that's coming up after this this mail section. We'll be talking about new Superman. And yeah, I, I don't know why I have Robin bot. That's, it always, I always want to say Robin. And then it says Robin. Richard Repairman Jack out. He is not Richard Richardson. He might be hinting at it. Maybe he is, Eric. He's trying know. to free a, have a cry for help here. Nobody wants he to listen. Is, he is a cry for help, just like me. That's what this podcast is. I'm telling you all this stuff about what happens in my house, Eric. I just want you to come drive up. About, on, I hear this all week at work. I want you to drive up in some drag racing car or something and take me away. A motorcycle with all a right, sidecar, maybe. I'm going to be breaking a lot of laws to do it. 
That would be true. And I, yeah, really. I, but uh, that's why I like you. You're a bad boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you, Repairman Jack. The next email is from Taylor. And Taylor says, Hey, Jim, Eric, Teji, and the Get Fresh crew. Insert dancing mics, death metal, whoop, whoop. And I do think it would be this one. Ooh. No, it would be this one. <laughs> <laughs> Or would it be this one? Whoop, whoop. Or would it be this one? Get fresh, Ship. That's still my favorite. I, I love Freddy's, <laughs> but but uh, that one's the best. Now I lost my fucking notes. Oh, Jesus. It's been a long while since I mailed in and figured it's a good time. Whitney and I are in the process of buying a house. Ooh, Ooh fancy. Telling you, Whitney does what Whitney does, Eric. You don't stop Whitney. Since uh-huh. we have hacked up a lot of things, I've been reading a ton lately and listening to the shows. First, the nonsense. I was pumped to hear your top five Zelda games on the Pop Show. I love Zelda. Unfortunately, I haven't beat a lot of games yet. So here's my list of favorite Zelda games I've played. Number five, the original Zelda. Number four, Hyrule Warriors. That's not on a lot of people's list. No, I'll tell no, you. I, I hear a lot of shit about that game. I do, too. It's basically Dynasty Warriors yeah. with, with Zelda things. But I'm telling you, a lot of people pish-posh on Dynasty Warriors now. It was pretty popular back in the day. Number three, Wind Waker, which that was my number one. Number two, Twilight Princess. And number one, I think, no, actually... Did I have Wind Waker as my yes. number one and Ocarina of Time my second? Ocarina of Time, it's weird. You almost... So you can't put Ocarina of Time like fifth because people no. will fucking kill you. So you tend to, to up that anyway, even if, if it's not your favorite. But next, all the talk of SNES games, and I'm shocked how there's been barely any talk of Yoshi's Island. You don't we like We talked Yoshi's about that, but the thing is, like, I never, like, really played Yoshi's Island when it came out because, like, you know, I, I forget how old I was. You know, maybe, like, the end of elementary school, like, junior high even. The idea, yeah. I guess I'd have been in junior high when that came out. But, like, the look and style, I'm like, this doesn't look like Super Mario World, the sequel that I've been waiting for. Yeah. So I, like, pish-poshed the whole goddamn thing and found it years later and found out it was great. But, you know, I didn't have the connection that other people did who played it when it first came out. Yep. And he's shocked that neither of us mentioned Donkey Kong Country. And I don't I'm not like a big Donkey fan. Kong Country. No. Uh, My girlfriend it, loves it. I own yeah, it on the SNES, but I don't really like it. It's one of those. That's really what put Rare on the map with the, the graphics with that it just seems it looks too, great yeah it looks great i don't know the it just how it animates and things i don't know it seems a little stiff and i just i didn't enjoy it that much and I, is, again, I just wanted to play donkey kong yeah and i didn't have uh, the snes when it came out and it was later when i did play most of the games even i'll, I'll admit some on emulators and right. uh by then you know the the just the over-the-top like amazement at those graphics, it had passed. So I was going pure gameplay. I don't. I I'm not a big fan of that gameplay of that. Though I, I still I could fire it up right now. I'd have a great time. We have it. I, I have it right there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could still enjoy it. I like when Cranky's fucking doing the, the little, the little the crank deal. machine, the crank deal. I always like that. Those are two of my favorite games ever. And now, Repairman Jack will be like, that wasn't really Cranky. Get out of <laughs> here, Repairman he'll Jack. He'll have some, some goddamn thing. That was actually a time-traveling ditty. If you enjoyed Yoshi's Island but Amazing. didn't like the Baby Mario part, which I heard you guys mention, I would really recommend oh, Yoshi's Woolly World for the Wii U. Uh, you don't have a that. Wii U, right? But yeah, no, I do same not. play style, no Baby Mario, and is overall one of the best games of the Wii U era. The Wii U era, Eric. 
It's like six months. I also wanted to ask you guys, have you ever played Batman Forever on the SNES? Have yes, you I ever? Have. Yes, I have as well. Game is it is one garbage. of the most difficult games I've ever played. As a kid, I can never beat the uh, the damn circus level. A few years back, my best friend mentioned he never got past that level either. We decided to play together and looked up how to actually use the weapons that you have. We finally beat the game purely by me as Robin wrapping people up in a batarang and my friend as Batman kicking the shit out of him. Sounds pretty fun, actually, that way. On to the comics. Jim, I was honored you mentioned me in episode 120 when talking about the first button issue and how god-awful the hockey part was written. Agreed fully that that was horrible. Big Sharks fan. Uh, what is he thinking? Fun, fun fact for you, though. When San Jose... <laughs> here we go. This is When San Jose got an expansion team in 91, they allowed a fan vote to name the team. The number one vote was the Blades. The team thought that would be too much uh, close to a gang reference. They went with the number two vote, which was the Sharks. That's some Over, bullshit and, right and there. And then they came up with that... Vote and yeah, they say yeah, no. I know. And then came up with that emblem that I'm telling you, at the point, even now, probably people laugh, that it looks like a shark eating the penguin from the penguin. <laughs> Example, and it always pissed me off. Overall, Just I agree. The, the stick there? Yeah, the stick's broken, and the shark's eating something, and boy, a shark might eat a penguin. Overall, I agree the button one was awesome. I, too, left when Bruce called Barry and said the bloody button. It took a few rereads to understand he wasn't talking British. I he, swear he to God, I thought he was in character. Hello, we got this bloody button here. As for the other books, I absolutely love the Superman story. I'm really excited to see what the hell is up with Cobb and the girl. Name is blanking right now, and Kathy. it is Kathy. I read my weekly books from uh, led to excitement to most for the first time in a long time. Wonder Woman 20 wasn't the first book I read. The story actually seems to be getting good, even though it was nothing to do with Wonder Woman. And if you remember, it's because Taylor is a little behind on the books. Yeah. That's why he doesn't like spoilers when he, he doesn't jump ahead in the podcast or even when we do live on Mixler. Uh yeah, issue 20 was really good. Birds it. number 9 was freaking awesome. And I can't wait for issue number 10. Awesome. A team up for Batgirl, Huntress, Nightwing, and Green Arrow sounds amazing, Eric. Sure Amaze does. balls. It sounds amazing. Sounds. Awesome what did you think? You, you want to give Taylor a little, uh, you know, spoiler? Did you find it awesome, Eric? It was all right. Yeah. If it wasn't for a few people in the Get Fresh crew saying All-Star Batman 10 is really good, I would drop this book. Number 9 was this, uh, absolute garbage, and I would give it Great. a fuck you 5. I thought we were supposed to get Duke's name, Lark, and whatnot, and got shit instead. I'll start calling him Yellow Stripe Sights until I see otherwise. Uh, of all, the, the signal. Of I all really nine hope issues. they don't go with the Lark, though. I'm telling you, we had that previously in, like, what was that, freaking Detective Comics number 27? Yes. Um, was that the one in the future? Or was it no? It was number nineteen. I guess Nin for the yeah, freaking yeah. nine hundred deal. But the whole thing is that in the future you had Batman teamed up with Bluebird and Duke, who was called the Lark. Yeah. And I just really hope we don't go with that. I'm gonna look now because I did message Scott Snyder earlier because he did tell me what Duke's name will be, and I want to see. He actually says I'm allowed to say, so I'm oh, gonna reveal it right here. Nice. It's the signal. Yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't. He would I never know. tell me. He would never tell me. I'm saying no. I better, uh, you know, I better qualify that because people will go up. Oh my God, it's a signal, and then maybe there'll be a grassroots thing for your name. Why is he the signal? You say, Aaron? Because he he shines. He goes before Batman, <laughs> just like the signal. I don't know, man. Calm down. <laughs> it was the worst. Oh uh, yeah. What was your uh, name for him? I didn't have anything. No, uh, you did. Cannon fodder. Bastard. No, I said uh, yellow jacket. <laughs> 
It was Yellow Jacket. That's what I like. Of all nine issues, there have been one where it's the art didn't look like it. It was drawn by jacket. a drunk 12-year-old. I'm telling you, he can never get that jacket off now. It's Yellow Jacket. <laughs> Nightwing is starting to fall downhill a bit. I call, I him, I call him Helmet Head. Helmet face. I hope Nightwing falling into hell or whatever proves to be more fun than issue 19. I hate to I hate to be this guy like we're from the future and we have to pish posh everything he's hoping for. Justice League of America is horrible. I will give it the heart of Bastage Arc to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, kids. Uh. Or I'll be dropping this book as well. I could continue to ramble on, but I've taken up enough of your time. And Justice 2 comes out this Tuesday. And we have already pre-ordered and paid off the Ultimate Edition. No. I was told I'm, I'm supposed to be getting Rafe the Ultimate Edition of Madden when it comes out. And I told oh, yeah. him that is not going to happen. I cannot wait. Have a great week, guys. And remember, Batgirl used to be a smart, awesome character instead of a hipster douche who couldn't solve her way out of a paper bag. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Taylor, without spoiling the background birds of prey of this week she's a little bit smarter in that issue right she she has okay. a couple things that she's seen and here's the thing at least she didn't seem dumb she Agreed. figured some stuff out but that yeah, is male the power section. of psychic bonding love that is right also she's like home this isn't home <laughs> uh yes but that is male section number four and we're going to go off to what eric you have called the super section Ooh. of the podcast now here's eric and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's, you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea! Ah, yes, and we're back. And Eric, this is the super section, as we just said. And, and it's uh, so funny to me that you picked that song. I'm like, I don't have a book in this section. Yeah, to right, yeah but still, it's going to lively here. yourself up. And also, I thought that this this will make sense, especially with the first book, because the first book is Superwoman. And uh, as as uh, Bob Marley liked to smoke a little of the ganja, Eric, Did you he? like to partake. Uh, Lana's a drug addict. Uh, we we say all this <laughs> thing. We say these things about Lois being a drunk. Lana's an addict. Somebody needs to get her help. There's more beyond just not having powers or, you know, her idea of being human, I think, is just taking any drug she can. And yeah, I have. Oh, that little, was my idea as being a human as a teenager. I have I have a little thing for you once we get to it that I, I think I hope will make you laugh that I do have something for Lana as we go. But we will start by saying this is the super section, like I said, and we're going to start with Superwoman number 10, written by Kate Perkins, art by Steven Segovia, Art Thibbert, Josh. Read and hi fi. Kay Perkins continues getting things in order this issue. And while the issue connects some dots in very, very strange ways, I guess it's necessary to get things moving forward. Still, the story bits are a bit too forced for me to give it high marks, but it's still better than anything we got before Perkins came on board. I did really enjoy the art, and I'm still on board the Superwoman trolley for now. 
but things better improve from here, and they really need to. Uh, I like the last issue. I, I gave the last issue a bit of a pass. Uh, yeah, this one needed on this one needed more of a pass for me to even say that it made any sense because some shit happens in this. But again, I can't really blame Kate Perkins too much because the book was a first off, it was a wreck anyway. Yeah. Then you throw the Superman Reborn stuff into it and just basically say. Make something happen with this. Now, obviously, we said at the end of last issue, my biggest complaint of last issue was that it ends with Lana not in a super suit. That was my biggest issue. I saw a lot of people talking like, oh, great. Well, that's all we need is a Lana Lang book. Oh, we're going to see reporter Lana Lang. We're going to do this. No, no, no. Don't be silly. Yeah, don't be silly. Yeah, really. Uh, But she was going to get a suit. That's why Natasha was in this book anyway. That's the whole thing. It's like she is dating John Henry Irons. He owns Steelworks where they build super suits. Yeah, yeah, they build super suits. And Natasha had had made her one. And even then, it's funny because if I remember right, there was a lot. It wasn't okay. just the insect queen suit. That was the very specific bunch. one. But I mean, I'm telling you, every three days, I'm sure Natasha has a different suit. And she's worse than Tony Stark. Really, and it looks like this is going to be one of those where she does have this insect queen suit going forward, which mysteriously looks exactly like her Superwoman suit. But well, that's, that's the, how the powers work when yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, they're dormant inside the suit and they come out. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it just it's, changes it's now, the suit to now look now like you a, a headache. You give me a headache. Here. No, but uh, I actually was hoping <laughs> if you wanted, if I if I had my druthers. Uh, I was hoping that she was going to have almost like the zebra Batman and the surfing Batman. I actually was hoping she would have, have different suits for different like situations. Like you said, like Tony Stark. I actually really thought that that's where we were going to go. I was fine with that. I was a little bit afraid that they were going to be mecha suits for some reason. It'd be odd. So it's not. Hey, and I wouldn't mind a mecha suit every now, now and again. It would be fun. But the thing is, I think Kay Perkins thinks ahead here because you have to have a suit that when people see Lana – they re- recognize the Superwoman that Superman already pushed last issue. Everybody loves. So it, it was stupid for me and to think it'd be anything but. I'm telling you though, too. If we think about it, the whole thing—if we have her in different suits or even just a mechanical suit like Steel—she yeah. would no longer be Superwoman to the book. Hey, look, it's Mrs. Steel. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you, I would have liked. I, I really, I, I liked the fun of that, but it wouldn't have made sense. It, it wouldn't have made sense. But again, what does make sense? She's an addict. She needs to go to rehab. But it starts off, and it's one of those you have a jump in time. Is she pills in this? Yeah, uh, she. T- I'll tell you. I have a little. I have a sponge. Uh, Just watch uh, out. I'll, I'll tell you. I believe there might be three things here that you'll be laughing at by the time okay. we get done. Okay, so I like it. It starts actually the the way this issue goes. It's bookended by the present, where yes. at the beginning you see her getting choked out, and no, it's not Steel choking her out. They're not into that sort of bedroom play yet, Eric. I, we're, we, we're not privy to that, but she's being choked out, and it's a pretty good start, actually. It, it's I love the art through the whole deal, but it's one of those where she's saying, "Listen, oh, yeah. Steve Segovia is great for this book. Yeah, awesome." And and she's saying, "Lana's like, listen, I'm I'm only human. I'm flawed." But she says, "This is what makes her strong. This is what's going to be her real superpower is her humanity." Eric, that's you know, I like that. 
I, I actually really like it because it sets the tone of how we're going to go forward. You're not going to have a book, and we didn't have a book before that was a, you know, some people complained, oh, Superman, he just, he's too powerful, he's this, he's that, he's too good, he never does anything wrong or whatever. I like how Kate Perkins is setting this up, that Lana is flawed. She's a woman, she's oh, yeah. going to react with her emotions, she's going to do things wrong and, and whatever, but that's going to make her her own super person, and I did like that. Now, you you go from that one page all of a sudden you go back several years and you can see right away kind of the stepping stones of what's being forced in here to go well, this forward. part i don't find to be that bad because we did have oh, it's not bad in, in the beginning of the superwoman series no, where we and, found yeah. out, you know with, uh, with strikers island they had yeah. escapees and shit and her father clay was among one of the prisoners there we kind of have this set up here. It's just going forward from the no, point we is. have here to like what our next arc seems. Or yeah, this and arc here's the deal. I'm not even talking about the arc. What I'm saying is this book is definitely a Lana and the Steel family book. Right. It's you know it is this. It's a family book, and I think that what Kay Perkins was either told or what she decided she wanted to do. It's I I believe going forward this book is going to mirror a bit of what we got with Superman with Lois Which and John cool and I do like that because the one thing that this book didn't have for all those issues was a focus you are all over the place so if we're going to have a family book with like you said and this is where I'm saying this is pushed is they really want to show you that John Henry was the the father to Natasha the father and figure, the baby yeah. Zeke you know what I mean because Clay Clay Irons Natasha and Zeke, baby Zeke, baby Zeke's uh, baby freaking Zeke. father was pretty much, he was out and about doing bad things. He was not that a good happens. father. Some fathers and, go and do that, but yes. you know that they still love you, right, Jim? Uh, no, right? no, your fa- at least your father, your father was a little better than this. Your father was just a guy who lived his own life. Like I, I would like to say, like Whitney, Eric, your father was just being what your father wanted to be. Like what? Oh, she I, doesn't I, I follow can't the see rules. Dad this weekend because he's in jail for not paying child support. That's right. He's not going to listen to the man. The man says to pay the <laughs> the child support. No, no, no. He's not going to listen. But yeah, this whole thing is set up where Natasha has won a phys, uh, future robotics engineering award. She's got first place. She's all happy. Her dad's supposed to pick him pick her up, and he doesn't. He leaves her there where she is sitting there on the curb. I, I actually had a little tear in my eyes. So there's little Eric Shea. Shut he's up. just not. He's just not a black girl uh, he's just a or, white boy he's, but he's yeah. not a black and, girl who wins anything in i was science. gonna say he's never won a robotic engineering he's not, he's deal not a either. black girl and he's a dummy yeah yeah it's but other than that eric 100 percent the same <laughs> uh but yeah she walks home it seems and goes and there's a babysitter there now, that's even watching before that, the thing is i really like this one scene with natasha because she's all upset that clay is not going to pick her up she takes her like you know her cardboard fucking just lay out with the first prize throws it on away. It. she throws it away and she's like whatever it's like you know he doesn't care anyway and she walks away and then she comes back and takes the ribbon off and no this is mine to forget you dad i'm not gonna let you take yeah. this away from me i'm like yeah you know I, I, even, I like that yeah part. even before that i like that uh she's there and like my dad's coming it's just delayed i guess and this is her kind of like you know, it's like a wish type thing. Ah, he's oh, receiving his Nobel Prize or feeding starving, or, uh, starving orphans. Ah, who am I kidding? Dad must probably be on beating somebody. CIA me- uh, mission yeah, 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 yeah really. That's what you said. He didn't come for the last three Christmases because he's working undercover in Russia. Little did you know, he just had Russian fingers with some hooker. That's what yeah, he was and doing. Yeah, a lot Eric. of vodka. 
Daddy, please don't drink for Christmas, Daddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she gets the ribbon. She goes home, and the babysitter's there to just kind of remind you and, and drop the name of Clay uh, yeah. and says, you know what, your dad might – it's funny. Your dad may not be most punctual or the most present, but he is your father. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're pushing it, lady. And I'm saying, if I was Clay, I'd get home to that friggin' babysitter. She's pretty on. Uh, but yeah, there's baby Zeke. So he's introduced, and you even asked me before, and we didn't get a lot of Zeke, if any. No, I'm in this you, I can't recall deal. anywhere. It could be me being a dummy and just being forgetful, but yeah, I just I don't, don't remember recall it, no. any mention of Zeke no. throughout the Superwoman series. But I'm telling you, it makes sense if we would, because you know Zeke and Natasha, they were you know brother and sister team back yes. in the old continuity. Yes, and just seeing them how young they are here, because this is baby Zeke, and it's Especially if we see Zeke now, because this is some time, like some years before. Yes, it is. Like years he's still going to be a young ass kid, like John's age, probably in my mind, probably even younger. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to see what happens because he's been missing. But that leads into the ending. But uh, you go back to Smallville, and again, it, it's like it starts off in the present, then it goes years back because it's a story that Natasha is telling a few months ago, and it, it's kind of they're they're really like this several months before now Smallville deal where where Natasha is telling that story. I don't even know why it had to be months before. It just kind of they're they're telling a story, and that's when Natasha says, "You know what, John, Uncle John, you were more of a, a dad to me than than ever." And it's funny too because usually you would get in a comic like, "No, no, no, you know what, your dad he meant." well or you know he and he's just like i'm sorry you had to be with my fucking brother and yeah thanks i was a better you know father than yeah that him, means so. a lot to me actually i and, really and, enjoyed this whole scene here i'm oh, like I this too. whole thing where she's opening thing, her heart and letting uncle john know how yeah, much he, he up means until to this her. point like, this great. and like i said i did say this was forced i didn't mean that was bad i didn't mean it a bad thing i'm meaning no. that all of a sudden they are making this book have a family. different direction than it ever was, and it's a family book. I said it is like the Lois, John, and Clark deal, and I like it. Uh, and I like it too. Is like John's gonna go clean the dishes, and Lana's like, "Hey, let me help." And I got the idea that John just wants the, uh, Lana to talk to <laughs> Natasha. It's like, no, no, Please baby, do something here. I'll I do can't that. Talk yeah, about these come things. on, talk about this. And Lana says, and it's very good. Lana's like, you know what? I can't really offer comfort or things like that you know everything will be stupid cliches and natasha says you know what sometimes struggle itself feels like a, a cliche and this is where lana starts it this oh, is here the we start go. of it uh, <laughs> where, where natasha says i wish i could engineer some sort of brain modifier a compartmentalizer so people can't feel that kind of pain and then lana just starts giggling yeah they have that it's called lithium ha there it is, Eric. The ding sound is for every time she mentions <laughs> drugs. I thought because, that was just me. That, because, though, that's the problem is during this whole deal, earlier in the deal, they had a problem where Lana was popping pills. She was a pill popper and, you know, because of anxiety and things. And she was just taking them and keeping it away from, from John. It's just a weird thing for her to, like, well, mention the pill, drugs. The pills were always weird to me because at one point it seemed like they were anxiety pills or some sort of like that or antidepressant pills. They were, yeah, yeah. But at times it also seemed like she was taking these pills to try to, you know, for her, like, you know, Dying the nosebleeds and stuff. Her, you know, yeah, but it seemed like body it, was dying. every time she had trouble, she seemed to be guzzling. It just fucking pill bottle up in the air and right down the gullet. There's the ding a little louder. So that that is the drug ding for Lana. And yeah, they're just talking about it. It's so funny. It's like talking to Natalia. Hey, they have that. It's called lithium. Ha! 
<laughs> then she's like, oh, just, and then I just made it made me think like then she said, but in all serious seriousness, Nat, I think feeling pain isn't always a bad thing. But do you have lithium? Is there a possibility you have some of that? Because I, I can well, really use well, it. Well, young Natasha, you need to be introduced to my friend Oxycot. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you ever uh, meet my friend Perk? Percocet? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're, they're just talking, and this leads from the beginning of the book, where it's a, more of an explanation of what Lana thinks it is to be human and what it makes you better. Drugs. And she basically, it's yeah, drugs. No, she's like, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, type of thing. And the pain is what also makes us who we are. And I like that. I actually, up until this point, I'm like, God damn it, this is the second great issue of this book. Yeah. Like, I'm all in. It does take a bit of a turn, a downturn it here sure because does. things are just kind of presented to be presented, and we're back in the dream world, Eric, and she's having dreams. And it's I'm telling you, dream about, world is no place you want Lana Line to go, especially in this book, because no. it always means nonsense. No, and even at a point where you even see what looks like the death of Superman, uh, and in my mind, they're playing around with the idea that in her subconscious, she still, she still kind of remembers yeah. the, the continuity that has been changed. And I, I would say that I like that. I just don't know if it's ever going to lead to anything because it wouldn't make sense really too. Uh, you even see what at first I thought was Superman burning up then realized that was the bizarre S burning up when she's looking or her. I don't I know. Thought that was, I, I thought that was Lois. It's weird. I actually thought that that, yeah, it might be Lois. I actually thought it was the bizarre S because later they mentioned, you know, all that fight and stuff and I right. couldn't remember how she died but yeah, you have Clark going down. Then Lana wakes up and boy, she got buxom. So out of, out of somewhere. Boy, she, you, she really Henry. got stacked. I, I'm the, That super suit they have, they had to wait a little because I think she got a boob job, Eric. John used his iron, iron works money to give her a boob job but yeah, she's talking about these dreams again having the same dream and all this uh and that's where she turns on the tv there's a mention of superwoman and a little lena luther so it's okay but i i don't mind that she gets out and you see a little of okay you know what they're giving us a, a nod that that stuff happened because really who knows what happened anymore Seriously. in these super books so you see it and that the announcer says rail systems up and running after the destruction called by lena luther's ultra woman and it's okay also shows that you know the city's getting back to work and, and so lana is trying as well this is where you go off to steelworks then i think i called it ironworks steelworks and uh this is where it's really crazy because she gets on the uh the insect queen suit that that natasha made for her and i'm wondering if anybody who wasn't reading the book is just like what the fuck are you talking about also if you don't know it ties back to like silver age lana when she yeah, actually had insect queen powers she like that and old stuff yeah. back there you know even yeah, in the I'm freaking uh, you, new 52 in action yeah, comics it was, it was future in there. uh future's end we saw that yeah. she had these insect powers in the yep. future from earth to lana fucking yeah. meta power and all this in stuff. the new 52 so, Greg makes, Pock, he even oh, exactly, hinted at yeah. it that she was going to have them in that. So, yeah, it's great. It, it actually is a callback. It's back. all callbacks to Lana yeah. Lang's past. Yep, and basically the suit is reacting to her because it seems to have memories of the powers that she no longer has, yeah, when, but when she does. that it, last bit of power at Lena Luthor using all like all her powers because that's what the suit was yeah. meant to do. It's uh, like to focus her energy into one point. It somehow retains some of the energy and like memory of that energy within yeah. the suit, even though it's Lana emitting, doesn't have any powers herself anymore. It says anymore. there's residual energy emitting from the suit, suggesting functionality. I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm telling means. you, I'm going with it because you have the suit, but really, 
it's weird that you're going this way. All you needed Natasha to do was say, because she's a genius. She makes things like this. All she had to do was make some sort of suit and say, hey, I wanted it to look like the Superwoman suit because everybody loved that. And here you go. And it gives you the powers you had. And exactly. Not even be good that. It, with just, that. it emulates the powers that That's you what I'm once saying. had. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. it's just tech. You do not need all this. For some reason, Kate Perkins wants to make it you so that the old power first. still Boom. goes. Yeah. And you could explain. You don't. I mean, this is comics for Christ sakes all you have to say is natasha made the suit and i'm good with any power it has oh and you know you can have hocus pocus with that well the electricity of this does that my i funneled this i'd be in but they end up doing this way and it's very weird because they put her into the deprivation chamber it's a blank slate eric and it's going to go in and test her her powers with the suit but also look into her dream mind and then also just, I don't know, showing us even stuff that didn't even seem to happen in a dream but happened in real – just her memories and things and I don't and understand. And her thoughts perverting those yeah. memories to how like things just, might have been in her mind. It's crazy. Like that. And then at a point it even like reacts and then ups the ante because it knows this or that or the other thing. But as this is going on, Natasha and Steele are watching and it's – it basically it is a very quick – way for Kate Perkins to say okay Lana has powers again and also Steele sees all the trouble and the things that are worrying Lana because Lana has been a bitch Lana has not been open with with uh, Steele and has kept a lot of things in so I don't mind that they do this it's just why can't you do it a different way but she's going into the deprivation chamber and says this is going to be one big acid trip isn't it there we go. Next drug addict. What do you? T- All she does is reference any sort of drugs. She she was a wild one. You know, I don't know what you she want here. It's fucking this, this deprivation chamber though is it's pretty nonsense to me because yeah. it seems that like we have this whole thing set up. It's supposed to be safe, and yet you know because of Lana's subconscious and shit like that, especially after her powers activate through the and suit. And her powers activate. Natasha yeah. has no idea what's going on. All of a sudden, the goddamn deprivation chamber pulls out fucking machine guns and starts yeah. shooting at Lana. I'm like, yeah. It's like the danger room out of nowhere. That's what it is. The deprivation's not supposed to have anything in there. All of a sudden, fucking machine guns. It's a clean slate. It's supposed to see, like, I thought that it was one of those, we get you in a clean slate like this, a deprivation chamber. You don't have any outside. A deprivation chamber you get put in. It's silent. It you can't. Yeah. You don't see. It's everything that's just there, and you know it, it's supposed to heighten the senses of the other sense. You know your mind and things like that. And so when she does it, that I understand if you know, they're saying like we got to get all these outside stimuli away from you because that might be a way to trigger your sub. It'll trigger the suit. You know, you say this, I might go in. It does the opposite. It floods her with everything. Now you say it's a deprivation chamber of everything outside of her. It's still crazy, and then it reacts by shooting her. Uh, freaking robots and then, and come out and hit her. Robots in. Yeah, teleport with robots rifles. in the shooter with like a, a crazy sound rifle oh, type yeah, yeah, deal. Yeah. In the meantime, Steel and Natasha are watching, and it starts. Like I said, it's it's one of those things where Steel can see. Oh my God! Now Steel has been the greatest guy. 
this whole time, but now it's like measurable. This is the thing telling them. Uh, you're seeing her with the bloody noses and stuff from before, and it's like measurable emotions, grief, loss, sadness. She wants to get out. Calculate it by loss of appetite, weight loss, sleeplessness. And that's where Drug Natasha's use. like, did she tell you about any of this? And then Steele's like, no, you. No, no, I thought because of your relationship. And it's one of those where it's supposed to kind of push where Steele now will understand why she hasn't been that great yes. but that's where you see that she was upset about zeke who looks like he has a mustache yeah, okay. it was yeah a weird i don't know what's going on that's a weird very, very weird picture yeah it was a very this weird four-year-old with a fucking mustache a mustache but yeah she's there and she's worried about zeke which we didn't know was the case but now you see it so we're gonna go with it and that's where natasha's like zeke and uh john's like Hey, that's where I keep his picture. I couldn't bear to look at it after. And then he doesn't. And then she turns around. Now, again, deprivation chamber. She can hear them talking, which is very odd. And she's like, I miss him, too. And now she wants to stop. She, she, Everything's going crazy. She wants to stop. And the armor starts glowing. It activates. But then tell us about it while I cough, Eric. I'm telling you, though, the whole thing is the suit activates. She has this residual power in there. And that's when the machine guns come out. And they're like, oh, my God, we have to turn this off. Oh my God, we can't turn this off. The machine guns yeah. fire on her, and it turns out she's still bulletproof. Yep. And yeah. she's able to block all this shit, and she's able to take the hits and eat of these robots that teleport in with their sound rifles, and then she attacks them with some energy blasts, and she's still yep. able to fly. So essentially, we're getting a rundown of the power she still has yeah. until they stop working. Now, you, you can push this and say that I'm being a little over the top with this one, though, but Steele says maybe that's enough for today. And Lana says, good, because after that, I need a drink, Eric. <laughs> drug, alcohol is a drug, Eric. I'm just telling you, every time she talks, she mentions something. But that's when, all of a sudden, these robots teleport and shoot her with the sonic gun. And then she attacks back with a sonic punch and things. And they, they, uh, she starts flying. So that's where it's like, you know, Lana's like, she's still strong. Lana, the insect queen, it's incredible. And they're going to go with it. It's still the insect queen look at this point. Uh, but then the deprivation chamber slams her into the ground with, with a magnetic pull. And then it starts showing you all the stuff with, and it looks like it was La uh, Lois. Uh, right. The bizarre S possibly there, uh, Steel, Clark dying again, and all this stuff is going and really having problems. And it does make the – she says, I understand now, uh, and it turns the suit into the Superwoman suit again. And it's pretty and cool looking. It just, worse, just doesn't make any sense. It really yeah. doesn't. Now, this is where we have to go forward with this. It makes sense to go this route. It just could have been done a Handled little better. better? Yeah, because then she's like, I understand now, and uh, Natasha's like, oh my god, you know, it's uh, even though Lana herself didn't retain any powers, the insect queen did. It has to be because the suit only identifies with her unique biological signature. Like, uh, okay, that doesn't really make sense. And then uh, Steele says, you know, after all she's been through, will she choose to wear the suit and be Superwoman? It's like the craziest, like, dun, dun, dun. And In the meantime, me all of a sudden, because... she goes up to Dream World again. The thing is, though, with the whole suit thing, like the insect queen suit turns back into the – like not back, but it turns into the superwoman suit that we've had throughout the series. Yeah. And I want to know, will that cover her face like it did before where it altered it, made yeah. it look like orangey yeah, kind of shit? Because it's the suit's not on her face. The suit no. seems to be the thing that has the powers while she's yeah. in it. So is she just going to look like Lana Lang? We don't really get to see anything with no. that here. No, 
Because then, like I said, we go off to, you know, kind of Dream World again where she's talking with Clark. And it's more about, you know, Clark saying, you know, even I get upset. Even I, you know, are nervous about things and things like that. But uh, I don't know. It's just odd. And I was really hoping that for some reason I was hoping that that was the new 52 uh, Superman. But we we don't really get that full deal. She's just yeah. talking to generic Superman there. And then she wakes up again. And, you know, the same deal. And as she wakes up, she does hear that Clay uh, Irons was one of the people who, escape from strikers island but also his uh his cellmate or partner skyhook uh escaped and he's been known to kidnap kids and also seems to have been the one who the last victim of skyhook was zeke and it just made me like why would clay but you know what i mean it's just very odd and this makes lana like you know what i'm gonna find out what the fuck happened i'm gonna do this yeah now that i'm a you know i have superpowers again this is something personal this is something i have to do and goes after skyhook who i know nothing about no i do i I love the look of him uh just because he looks like a goddamn horror movie he just looks like a wraith going he looks like that i can't even remember the character we had previously that was in the sewers that they were trying like uh yeah yeah yeah, you're right down with atomic skull it looks just like that person yeah i don't i don't remember if that was skyhook or not but i don't think it was no i don't think it was i think we would that's a a goofy name skyhook that we probably would have remembered but yeah uh, she's there to try to find Zeke and what happened with him. And it just seems like, I don't know, to me, the way Steel reacted earlier and the way all this was, it seems like she's just going to kick ass. Like, yeah. I don't know that it's possible that Zeke, you know, Zeke's fate revealed is what says next. I know, but, but it I'm just seems you, like everybody has seen later. a body. You know, it's you, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, it's Steel. Is, even when she's fighting Skyhook, Skyhook's all like, here to hurt me for what I did to Zeke? Yeah, Try yeah. your worst. And I'm like, in my mind, like you, you, we get to that freaking ending there where it says, next Zeke's fate revealed. I'm like, yeah. are we just going to see a dead baby? Is that yeah, what Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are we going to find out that this guy was a pedophile that did things? Because I don't want that. Or are we going to no. find out craziness that Skyhook is Zeke or something crazy like that? I don't know. I don't think that would be. But it's just weird because the way they were pushing it through the whole thing. Like, like I said, Steel doesn't even say, like, I, I put that picture away. I couldn't stand wa- looking at it after what happened and then never says what happened. Like, as if this was something awful. This is not yeah. like there, – there doesn't seem to be hope that the baby Zeke's alive, right? It just seems like he was dead. They found a goddamn body, and that's why Skyhook – went back to jail i don't know we're gonna find out but it is a weird way to end but it does wrap around uh from the beginning and he said and lana says you know what i'm human the big thing is i am human and i am superwoman but she says you know what clark fights with his humanity that's how he wins and that's how i decide to fight i am human and i am superwoman and then she says all right dirtbag let's do this and it's a cool ending and i'm telling you the art is incredible the art is so I'm good you, i love Steven he's one of my I favorite artists yeah I- I think it's great. So I I haven't even looked. I hope that that's been set, that he is the standard artist. I hope Because, boy, it looks good. uh, I don't know know what he's doing with Action Comics anymore now that Victor Bogdanovich is, you know, seems to be a regular artist on there. Yeah, maybe it's because they're doing a bunch of things, yeah. Uh, Again, this book isn't selling great. I don't expect it to last forever. Uh, But turning it into this family-type book with an identity to it, I'm all about it. And I'm telling you, in my score, I did give it a little bit of a pass. This was very confusing of what she did, but it's a means to an end that I want to get to. I wanted to see her in a suit. and But from here on out, you need to start. You know, everything is 
in, it, it's up to normal. It's up to par now. You, you don't have yet all that nonsense before. Now she has her suit. She has powers. From here on, and she has Kate Perkins, everything that Kate Perkins is doing from now on is hers. You know what I mean? That she, there's no past now of, oh, you got all this shit that she had to take care of. She's now taking care of it. Now from, from now on, it, I'm going to put her in a deprivation chamber. Clean slate, Eric. So we'll see how it goes. I hope that every issue from now on is awesome because I Me do well. like Lana. I like Steel. I like Natasha. You have three characters I really, really like. So I hope that it goes from here and it's pretty cool. But because of the craziness, I did give it a 6.9. Uh, but it was a positive one because, like we said at the beginning, I loved it. And the art I loved throughout, it's just the forced ways of the suit I, and all I'm that stuff. I'm telling you, the, the, the suit, the deprivation chamber was just fucking balls crazy it in my was. mind. And the idea that we're going to get Lana Lang throughout this issue, keep going back to this dream world, which was one of the most confusing aspect of the series before this. Yes. And that's among, on top of a shit ton of things that were already confusing. If you That dream world shit... I still don't know how any of that works. Well, or how and here's the thing. This is why I think that she actually, because the Dream World stuff, we've had this throughout the whole deal. I do think that the Dream World stuff, that's what she wanted to have, that deprivation chamber thing where Steel now sees all those. Now they can work that through and she won't have to deal with that. I think that her talking with Clark at the end and kind of hugging him and saying, you know what? I hope yeah, that was putting know, a pin in it. Yeah, I finally understand Clark. I do. I do think that's putting a pin in it and it's also the pin is also hers knowing that everybody's seen it. I think that's going to relax her a bit. Everything's in the open. It's out and about. Her no and Steel can talk. talk about it. The drugs will stop, Eric, hopefully. But yeah, I, I do think that that is putting a pin in that. And now, it may not, but I, I hope it is. Because yeah, you can't have half an issue of every goddamn issue of her in Dream World, which we don't even know half the time what is even going well, on. Even that, the whole thing, we have Dream World where, you know, we have this her having memories of stuff that never happened now yeah. in this history. Yeah. So it's very confusing and very odd. So like, I really hope we get away from that completely because it yeah. serves no purpose to tell a story in the long run. Yeah. So what what would you give it? Six point five out of ten. Okay. We're, but you're with me though, right? It's it's more of a positive. The thing six, is, six five at least. It's, it's kind of a more positive. There's a lot of nonsense here, but the thing is, I can see where we're going, and I think that future looks bright if we can yeah. maintain and tell a proper goddamn yep. story with this new like status quo for Superwoman. I, I like the whole agree. family concept. I like the fact that she can go out now and be Superwoman without any yeah. goddamn restraints like she's going to yeah. die. So everything yeah, looks fucking positive yeah. going forward. Yeah, so, and like, even – yeah, and even that – like as it was going on, we thought that the whole thing was that Lana was holding the power – for Superman, yeah. and now, you, you, like you just said, it's beyond that now. You can go forward with it, and it's the suit that gave it the residual powers there. Ah, see, that's that's a bit of the nonsense I don't want to deal with and never talk about again. The suit has power. She gets in the suit. She has power. I'm cool with that. Let's Biological move on. signature. Yeah, yeah. I'll kill you. It's cool. But, and nobody else can wear that suit. Bam. Yeah, good. yeah that's fine, too. Uh, I could see Lex wanting to get in that suit, getting all sexy. I could see dancing, me wanting to get in that suit tucking, with her. Tucking and dancing Ooh. in front of the mirror, drinking some high C, Eric. Oops, what you do? Yes. Uh, the next a lazy book, Sunday right there. We're going to continue the every Sunday. We're going <laughs> to continue the next uh, book in the super sectioner. It's funny, too, because only one of these books I would quote-unquote say is super. Because this one is Supergirl, number nine. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Brian Ching. Michael Atea and Steve Wands. Batgirl is in town with a few pages to thrill Eric. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just put you. the. I didn't know. Yeah, I just put that as a joke. I wanted to make you chuckle, and it got you angry. 
got you angry last night when I read it to you as well. <laughs> Seriously, though. Why did this you book, something different? This book continues. I thought maybe the day later you would have thought about it and thought, you know what? That is pretty Bat clever. Batgirl just makes me angry. Batgirl does give me a few pages to thrill. Seriously, though, this book continues being a total piece of garbage in both story and art. And I am still wondering who it is written for. Am I, I'm a Supergirl fan, Eric. You you Supergirl fan? You I'm like more her, of right? a Superboy, Supergirlfriend than I really ever was of a Superman okay, fan. Yeah. I can't say that anymore. Now, is is this book you think written for you? No, because it's, I don't it's, know it's who written it's for written for. Retarded fucking toddlers. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. And that that's my write up, Eric. That, that's all. It is. I'm just saying. I don't know who this book appeals to, though. I looked at the reviews, and there are people who seem to like it. Uh, I get the idea that a lot of people who like it. This is their only book they get, so they're yeah. like, okay, you know, you almost convince yourself. You like, make because, do with boy, what you got. It, it's it's garbage. It, it's garbage. And again, it's Steve Orlando again. We talked about earlier in the issue, our issue, the episode here. I don't know that he really knows how to tell a story. I really don't. He's terrible with dialogue. He doesn't know a proper story progression that makes any sense, and he loves to throw in shit that just he – again, I said it about Whitney – Steve Orlando does what he wants to do, Eric. He does That's not right. care if it's continuity. He doesn't care if it makes sense. He's just going to go with it. And there's things right away that I don't understand because the book starts out. And we knew before uh, Barbara Gordon was in, in town with a th- few days <laughs> to thriller. Christ. But she, they were going to this Tycho Tech. Uh, yeah, the Tycho Tech presentation for the, the new presentation clean energy. for a new clean energy. It makes sense. They mentioned, oh, and Barbara, you know, the Gordon Clean Energy is going to be there. And oh, yeah, yeah. So they're, they are going to be there. In the meantime, Kara's there. And she, or even before that, Batgirl swinging through town. And then she just somehow, I don't, why do you have that? Is that just to remind us that she's there? Because no, no. she's. For anybody who doesn't know, Barbara Gordon's Batgirl. Yeah, that's what it seems. It's like she's swinging through town, and then all of a sudden she's just sitting at, in a park bench, and Ben Rubel comes up and says, Barbara Gordon, can't believe it's you. This is awesome. Now, Ben Rubel, a big fan of Barbara Gordon, right? I guess. I guess. And I'm that's telling you, I, I, I just imagine being on the street one day. And I see the freaking creator of a clean energy facility. I'm like, you know what? You are a superstar, whatever now, your name is, because nobody yeah. would know. Well, Ben Rubel is a tech guy well, like yeah, that, so I can go with that. that kind of I'll idea. go with that. He's a fanboy. It, it, that's not what I have a problem with. I have a problem with the next one. Where she's Come on, judge. Ben. You think I could pet? What are they, fucking best friends now? I don't I know. didn't no, remember. I guess is, maybe they, they, talk were... about, they, they talk about the thing at one point where Ben Rubel's like, oh, I heard you stepped out. No, I, I'm still doing something. Like, are you? Are you yeah. doing stuff? Well, that's what the thing is. It's like Ben could be – you can say to me that he's a fanboy, but why I just didn't think that Barbara was that invested in knowing anything about Ben Rubel because she's like, oh, you know, you it's my know thing. Shit. You know, Ben, it's my thing. Clean energy. What are you talking about? And it's just weird. But then Kara is also heading there, but she's going to be late. And you have this weird thing. It's almost like Steve Orlando's like, we got to remind people that this is a family book too, that, that Eliza is her mom because it's it's nothing here. She's running. Kara's running. She's going to be late to go to this, this uh, expo. And she calls Eliza and like, hey, so Sorry, I had to meet after class with Miss Park. And Eliza's oh, like, why? Kryptonians know those type of physics by the time they're five. Uh, really? <laughs> Shut up. And then she's like, they do. But Kara Danvers does not. What is so that noise? 
Yeah, she's playing dumb. She's wa- She just wasted Miss Park's fucking valuable time. Miss Park wanted to go home and get back on Tinder to get that date going. She's Miss Park. She wants to be Mrs. Park, now, Eric. Now Miss Park is frustrated because yeah. she didn't get her goddamn yeah, off. Yeah, that's what happens. Mrs. It's never going to be Mrs. Park when you're Not fucking wasting her time. Students wasting her yeah, time. Wasting her goddamn time. She's running off, and that's like, hey, what's that noise? Oh, that's a diplomatic mission. First contact with the new regime. I'm like, what is going on? Please and just get on matters. with it. Yeah, it doesn't. That's but what I'm saying. But the thing is, she's late, and the thing we find out then that, like, you know, Kara Danvers, she wasn't invited to the uh, like the uh, yeah. presentation because Ben Ribble is filling that spot for fucking Catco. Yeah. So, yeah. Carol Danvers, I mean, Kara Danvers does not have to go at all. It's Supergirl nope. that, and the thing is, Supergirl only needs to go because the DEO said, "Do us a favor. These motherfuckers stole our tech. Find out how." Yeah. Yeah. And and the weird thing to me is, you see Kara, she's running. And without me seeing where she ended up, it just looks like she just gets out of her into the costume in the middle of the fucking street. She's yeah. running down a crowded fucking sidewalk type thing, and then just turns into Supergirl by ripping her shirt off and changing her hair deal that she she you know clicks the side of her face, but never showing that she like ducked into a bush or whatever. You can assume that, but it's just like it's, it, everything is never well thought out. I told you, I love an issue where the writer surprises me by not being able to nitpick like you're like oh my god they can't do that and then it turns around that the writer fucking tricked us that he knows everything about it we said some of the best writers that we like you know that they really have a grip on their character and really know what would happen and and think things through steve orlando just seems panel to panel Tom Taylor, when he filled in for those two issues on freaking Batman Superman, he just made sure that they had a fucking like a, a face mask on Superman so he's able to talk in space. So he's able to talk in sense. space. That's I'm what like, I'm that's saying. Cool. Stuff like that. Or, you know, you see, I, I said, even though we, we you know, badmouthed the issue earlier, but Detective early on, I still go to the point where all of a sudden Jacob's there with, with Batman and says, listen, Bruce. And then Bruce looks at him and he's like, oh, don't worry. I, I cut off the sound of the colony's links so they couldn't hear. I I said, okay, you, you thought it out. You thought of the scene and how this would play out. Steve Orlando, like I just said, it seems like he just goes panel to panel, doesn't know what's going on. You have Barbara Gordon and Ben, best friends. And like you said, uh, Ben says, I wrote a paper on your Burnside Clean Energy Initiative. Didn't you step away from the day-to-day? And she says, not completely, Ben. Oh, yeah, really? Take care of that, Barbara. Yeah, what, what are you calling him from fucking Asia when you're going around? It's not completely. So what that means to me is you're still getting a paycheck, though you're bitching and moaning in your regular book about how fucking poor you are and can't no, afford what it means, a, a goddamn what, apartment. What it means to me is Frankie's trying to do the goddamn job, and she just has constantly Barbara Gordon calling in to tell her how to do yeah. her job well, properly. And, this is the, here's, and, and really, you know what this is? This is the explanation of why Barbara's there and not Frankie. You know, oh, I didn't step down completely. That's why I'm here representing the company because it wouldn't make any sense. So he and just even throws that in there. They don't need that because even if she didn't do the day to day, she still represents the company yeah, and I'm what she should you. be there. Yeah, uh, you know, when Dave Thomas was goddamn still alive, he wasn't flipping burgers at the Wendy's. He was but the face of the, the company. Con- convention. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> Dave Thomas is at the burger convention that I want to now be invited Delicious. to. Delicious. Yes, it'd be the best. Uh, but the thing is, it's just weird. Like to me. I would have preferred, and like I said, I don't remember them being introduced. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I actually, even if they were, I would have rather have Ben went up to her and said, hey, 
Barbara Gordon, huge fan. Oh, pleased to meet you. My name's Ben Rubo. I'm here to report for TACO. I'm going to be doing this and that. You know, is there a way I can tag along with you? Oh, no problem. You seem like a good guy that I've never met before. But yeah, you have this Supergirl shows yeah, up. A city and, I'm not familiar and with. And now Supergirl shows up, and you get this weird ass oh, this, this fucking dialogue. interaction. I'm like, are you and, just trying to let Ben know that she's Batgirl? Like, yes. what are you doing here? This whole and, cool and ass then, attitude yeah, about it's so you know, weird. Who knows? The Gotham crowds do seem to prefer masks. Yeah. And, like, Ben's just looking at so weird conversation I'm I'm watching here. Yeah, and well, even to the point where maybe Barbara Gordon's more than she appears from this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're more masks than what? And then he's Especially explaining. shows up later. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's explaining to uh, Barbara about you know, oh, I'll be broadcasting on the Catco app. Whatever, whatever Tycho's got, no one will miss. And Supergirl, you're here too. Wait, is something gonna blow up? Like, you fucking dick. You're throwing shade at Supergirl. Eh, and you know she's what? Like, you see a superhero I, like that, you tend to think something's wrong. And then, yes, yeah, says, I do not only show up for explosions. Who is your friend? And, and, and what? How do you not know her? She wrote, rewrote Gotham's energy policies while she was still in kind of like, really, just get on with it. And, yeah, no, there's this whole that thing. dialogue you just said. I'm looking at it right now. Like, that is terrible. I do yeah. not only show up for explosions. Who is your friend? Yeah, it's robotic. It, it's so robotic, the whole thing. I'm like, Cyborg hey. Supergirl, run. Yeah, really. <laughs> She's like, oh, and, uh, Barbara Gordon, not sure we've met. And then this is the what? Here's the art. I hate the art in this this whole series. It's just not my thing. My Why do they double up this panel? Why is this panel? It, it actually to the point where if I look at it, it starts to freak me out. You have two. <laughs> they don't. They're exactly the same panel. Like she's talking, but nothing is moving. She is completely insane. She goes, "Hey, Barbara Gordon, not sure we met." Yes, well, and then the next panel, no change at all. Who knows? The Gotham crowds do prefer masks. And then uh, it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, yes. And then, yeah, they're, they're going on and they're going to go off. And then Supergirl's talking and they want to. And then Barbara then says, didn't think I'd get a chance to meet you, Supergirl. No explosions. No super signal. Hmm. Really, but you know, it's just everything is just. What is this explosions thing? And and even though, if are you looking at the page when they're oh, saying yeah. that as well? Where's Supergirl looking off to? It's like she is in a she's trance, off looking off into the distance. She at doesn't like nothing. to make eye contact with people. Yeah, she's very she self-conscious. And then she says, "Hey, Tycho's device is based off Kryptonian designs. I would not miss it. What's Ben? And Rubel we do not at? need a signal. I can hear a pulse racing in Mammoth City. And Ben's just there, like he's almost going like nyong 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 with his fucking backpack. No, and I'm yeah. telling you, he's sitting there. I'm like, he's just looking at her tits. Yeah, and, and, but the whole thing then it goes on, and then you have a whole thing with Barbara's like, hey." You listen to everyone. Isn't that a little bit too big, brother? And then you have to get this explanation about, well, you know, the ocean. You can look at the ocean and not know everything under the surface. You just notice when a wave kicks up, right? You would notice well, that too in Burnside, like, wouldn't you, you Barbara? You two are friends. Wait till yes. after the expo and talk about this kind of shit yes. that you might have questions about. Yeah, you know, don't nonsense. do it now as Barbara it's Gordon so talking weird. to Supergirl. And then they go, attention, folks. We're about to start. And Supergirl just flies off. Hope flies you guys get and then, really, hope you get good seats. Lands behind this uh, Katerina Bissell or Bissell, who is the one who's doing this. And they are, like you said, Tycho Tech has had a problem where the big CEO kind of 
uh, you know, went away. I, you know, was murdered, went, and she took over, and she's like, we made public mistakes. We made all this stuff, but this is going to be different. We have this clean energy. It's based off of the stuff with Supergirl's rocket that came in. It's like, it's so over the top, and then she unveils it, and right away, Supergirl should be like, you know what? That really does look like a Phantom Zone projector. What is going on here? Well, because the best it's part just... to me is that Supergirl comes down on the stage where everybody's watching with this freaking head of this yeah. company now. She hasn't been invited. She no. just shows up and stands yeah. there and looks like a fucking idiot. And this woman yeah. has to try to make it look like she's – I'm telling you, I would have had this whole thing where, you know, what are you doing here, Supergirl? Because when shit goes wrong, I would just blame Supergirl from yeah. the get-go because she was not yeah. supposed to be there. Yep, and she's there, there, and like, I present to you the Tycho Edelon. The Edelon generates phantom energy, the same thing that powered Supergirl's ship. I'm telling you the people should run right now. Seriously. Uh, this is alien tech you don't know anything about, and this description of it that, oh, oh, that powered Supergirl's ship, okay, I'm in. It's just ridiculous. and says, no waste, no costly materials, wireless delivery. The Tycho Edelon will bring clean, low-cost power to subscribers across the world. I'm like, what? Well, what are you talking about? I understand it's this thing, but has this thing been tested? Because it doesn't seem really that it has as much. I'm telling you, at this point, you know, when she says, you know, it's the same thing as powered Supergirl ship. How do you know that? Where did that's you get I mean. that technology yes, that's to fucking what I'm, say this? Yeah. That's and this would be like Supergirl should and why out of nowhere they have the D.O. send Supergirl to make sure, you know, they know she st- they stole it. Tycho Tech Obviously. stole it from him. Why is this allowed then? Why no, no. isn't this shut down already? There's no reason to allow it to go this far. You know what I mean? They are a government agency that could come in. in and take yeah. down fucking yes. Tycho Tech. And even later, you know, Tycho Tech basically says later that the lady says, hey, we own this park. You, you, do you have a warrant or some Fuck that. This shit, the DEO should have swooped security. in. Yeah, they should have swooped in and grabbed this thing before. At least wanted to know the test of it because they send Supergirl almost as if they have no idea what is going to go on here. Uh, this is nonsense. Like you just said, this is national security issues. That should never be allowed to happen. And then you, know, you think that we think it's nonsense before. I haven't talked to you about this, but boy, no. the nonsense level hits a fucking all-time high because out of nowhere, a spear comes flying. Supergirl catches it. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to ding a tink against this Edelon. I'm trying to think here. Is it like the force of the spear? Like she tries to grab it and it pulls her back to the point where she yeah, – It, only it makes her, it seem, or yes. Is it, she grabs it or and it forces it, it towards. Right. You Not don't know. She happens to grab it, though, but she's standing so close to the Phantom Engine that it just dings there and she well, doesn't the, realize. Well, the only way I think that you're the the first part is is that the the spear she catches and it still has some momentum that it goes or it's being drawn towards it because you see you can, the you feet. You can see her feet skid. That's, I'm just that's the it's, only it's thing that you odd. can say that the feet are skidding. So it's like, oh my god, I'd it's actually doing this. See that panel first yeah. because it all but kind it's of no, blends together there. And at it's one no, point. but this doesn't explain anything. All of a sudden, just Ding. a spear comes out and activates the phantom energy of this Tycho Edelon fucking thing. Uh, in the meantime, it's Magog. It's Magog's spear. Oh, Magog, you've done but, it again. Oh, Magog, you've done it again. The fucking thing opens up and starts pulling people into the phantom zone, basically. The thing is, is it? are we supposed to think that the spear 
hitting it. Energy of Magog, because Magog focuses energy through that spear to fucking do energy blasts and shit like that. And is this what he was trying to do? Was he throwing the spirit to destroy it? Was he trying to activate it in a different way that would turn this phantom thing into a a legitimate phantom projector? Was he trying to kill Supergirl? Everything he tells us after the fact, he doesn't care about the phantom projector at all. No. So what was this Tycho Edelon going to do when they started up? Because it seems like basically it's just a phantom zone projector. But you're made to think that the that this Magog spear did something to it to change that, but yet Magog doesn't say. He doesn't oh. care. He wants to kill Supergirl. And nothing of this makes any goddamn sense. And in the meantime, people are getting thrown in. Ben gets pushed in. He's in the Phantom Zone now. And Supergirl's reacting. It's one of those things, even as I'm looking. Now, this is this is comics. You can make anything happen. You can do all this thing. Why does it seem like the characters are mimes? Like, I'm walking against the wind. Like, nothing seems right. Nothing seems real. Because at one point, Supergirl's there. You see shit flying around. It looks like a goddamn tornado. Magog and Supergirl don't seem to be affected at all. Batgirl's just holding there, putting on... She's getting her costume on. She's not being affected at this point. But the people are yelling in the background, Quick, grab on to something. Can't hold on for long. The guy who says can't hold on for long is not holding on to anything. Anything. He's just standing there in the middle of a goddamn field. The very quick grab, and these other two people are just standing there. Like it doesn't seem like anything is going on, but their dialogue makes it seem like they should be grabbing on their tree with their feet kicking uh, to get thrown in. Uh, but it's not happening. The art is so off here, and in the point where Supergirl's just casually putting on her costume in the middle of everything going on here and uh that's when you get supergirl and magog fighting and it's basically magog saying you know what the justice league fucked me but you're the one who's the bad in the future it has the whole emerald empress thing supergirl even spells it out who are you talking to emerald empress he's like you'll uh, never know yeah, i'm not telling <laughs> then Batgirl, i'll never tell i'll never tell but yet what do you get from magog here what nothing. do you get at all? I'm telling you, you the get thing is, I do, I'm trying to put together the goddamn continuity because we have seen Magog in the Superman Wonder Woman book in the New 52. I don't remember that fucking arc at all, so I can't tell you what happened there. But the thing is, too, if you think back to the other continuity, he was part of Team 7 before he became yeah. Magog. So he had yeah. that whole continuity there. I think his name's Daniel Reed. I, I can't remember off the top okay. of my head right now. But um, he was part of Team 7, somehow became Magog in the interim was in Superman Wonder Woman, and now he's just here talking about how his family is dead because of the Justice League in the future, yep. and i got to stop the legend of Supergirl before it begins. Yeah, yeah, so it's more of this the in the future deal. And he's fighting, but you're like, why did he show up here? What? Why did he, why the, did the he throw the spear? It didn't even have yeah. anything to do with anything. No, and it didn't even seem like the spear missed Supergirl. It looked like it was heading for the projector. Yeah. Now, you say that to me... That he was trying to open that up to force Supergirl into the don't Phantom know that's Zone. Don't that thing fucking works at this well, point. Well, that's the thing. Don't I don't, we design. don't know. First off, we don't know what the you know Tycho Edelon does anyway. It was supposed to be a clean it's just, energy it's just thing. Pro- uh, it's supposed to produce clean energy. There's yeah, no suction yeah. going on. Phantom Zone. Uh, in the meantime, Barbara's saving everyone by tying them the trees, which it's okay. It made me laugh. But yeah, you have the whole thing like, who told you this? Was it Emerald Empress? I'm not telling. So then Supergirl ends the fight in a snap, Eric. In a snap. That's what makes it like this makes everything that has happened in this such a joke because all she does is super snap and knock him down. The spear goes. He's done. That's it. Magog is done now. Why? 
I, I don't understand why it was here. All you had to do was have them start up the Phantom Zone projector and, you know, the Edelon and have things go crazy. Oh, my God. This isn't supposed to happen and end up fucking sucking in an or have it that it was supposed to happen. But you have Magog that doesn't even explain anything, and it's just nonsense. In the meantime, you have Batgirl there and Batgirl and uh, Supergirl. And it's funny because I always – I'm an idiot. I thought National City was not on the West Coast. It actually is uh, supposedly like San Diego. Okay. I did look it up. So it makes sense because Batgirl's like, boy, you people on the West Coast keep things interesting. Yeah, I'm telling you, we were talking about this earlier this week. You know, we hear National City, we just think like a Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah, but there is a Washington D.C. in the D.C.U., so it didn't make sense. Yeah, so it is San Diego, and uh, you know, you got that going. But yeah, in the meantime, Supergirl, like I said, she's tied everyone up to trees. The trees start ripping apart suddenly out of nowhere. Supergirl is tethered to a tree, but at one point she isn't. But now she is. The tree goes off. She goes off right into the Phantom Zone projector, and uh, she's there. She actually jumps in then she's yeah. fucking like oh my god and actually if anything reminds fucks it, hey, Batgirl, survive there? Yeah. this right, part man. too and it's funny because she's got the the thing she's tethered supergirl grabs her but then she doesn't she's not i don't know but it, actually if anything it reminds me of reminds me of thomas wayne the button jumping into the the white light right. at the end she draws the goddamn batarangs and goes in and uh supergirl's there the do uh chase commander director chase shows up and they're all there now again Everything's being sucked in. They're just standing there. They're standing there. Supergirl is like crouched over. And also with the art, why? Why does Bernard? Is it? Why does Ching? Yeah, it's Brian Ching, right? Yeah. Why does he have to make Supergirl's legs always these points? She looks like a goddamn fucking praying mantis all the time with her legs. They're always these like fucking pointed things at the end. It doesn't make sense. Nobody has a goddamn face. And uh, yeah, why isn't why aren't these people from the DO and uh, Cameron Chase? Why aren't they being sucked in? They're just standing around with shit flying everywhere, and they're just why, yelling. Why does and the stuff. Phantom Zone projector turn off when Supergirl? Yeah, goes well, that's in. the point too. Is that supposed to be that? Magog set that up. That was the whole no, thing. But how? I think it's just convenient. Yeah, because she jumps in. She's like, I'm going in. Chase, like, don't go in there. She's like, I have to. You know, I won't be alone. And then they go in fantastic. And that's where the Dio goes over to Magog and says, you know what? You're going. You're going to be in Iron Heights, buddy. And you're not going to be uh, avenging anything. And then he goes, and fucking teleports out. I, I just want to know because he he throws the name out there before he teleports uh, teleports about how the Fatal Five will do like yeah. due to those who stand with Supergirl and shit like that, and I'm like, I don't know what you're playing at with Magog here, Steve Orlando, because you know Magog originally came in the Kingdom Come, which was yeah. that future Elseworld yep. story yeah, and shit yeah. like that, where he was a more ruthless fucking like superhero. Old superheroes were fucking antiquated at this point. Yeah. Like we're not dealing with that. Like when he would be like became part of the regular continuity. He was hanging with the Justice Society. You know, this yeah. is like, you know, the older guys. So now we're having him from the, like doing stuff from the 31st century. I'm like, I don't know what you're know. playing with with this yeah, character right now. He's just right using now. him to uh, pull in that point again from the future, which they had, which I – whatever. Who which knows? works fine with Emerald Empress if it was done yeah, properly, but, but yes, we never yes. did anything with it. Yes, and then it's this – hang out there with the fatal five uh, you know for word the fatal five will do things to those who stand with supergirl and it's just a forced so way I'm sorry, like emerald empress is part of the fatal five so i'm guessing he got the information yeah, from yeah. Emerald Empress. and he huh? is just he's only here to force these bits these bullet points in uh and then disappears like he was knocked down by a snap and then after he says what he has to say disappears and then you have that weird thing with tycho the the lady's like hey this park is least 
to Tycho. I assume you have a warrant and a name. I'm like, I don't think you need a warrant to go to that, that park. I don't care if you lease that park. It's a park anyway. And you know what, bitch? Shit just went horribly wrong. Horribly wrong that the DEO would show up and see National what the security, fuck you're doing. Bitch. Yes, that's all you got. She's like, Cameron Chase, the one with the trench coat, the badge. God and the it. questions. The bad. Yes, it's just so stupid and the questions. But yeah, all this seems to be like if you really want to go with Cameron Chase of what happened and all this, it seems like Cameron Chase, they were sitting in the background waiting for things to get fucked up, waiting for that fuck up shit to kind of resolve itself so they can come in and, and arrest people. It yep. seems like this was all their setup to have shit go wrong because at this point, you, you have Supergirl. She just jumped into the Phantom Zone projector. We have seen many people seemed like now it does seem like they're claiming that only three people went in it did seem to me that there would have been more going in whatever yeah. but back why, better why, job. why aren't they saying listen what's going on with this thing because we need our people back or you know what innocent people are in that what the fuck are you playing at nope they're just talking fucking nonsense to each other and things we like got that two Even, superheroes and a ben ruble in there we need yeah, to get them out yeah but it seems like no concern at one point basically the worst cameron chase or the the most she's concerned is she says don't go in there supergirl doesn't she goes fantastic I say to this woman, like, why did it shut off now? What's going on? What is this thing supposed to be? Was it clean energy? Is this a phantom zone projector? Are you a terrorist? Yeah, are you doing this? Was this your plan? Even to the point where she should already be in cuffs. They should already at least be taking her downtown to question. But they're just, it's this trash-talking, action-movie, detective thing talk that's just nonsense. It sounds more like Harvey Bullock than a person who's in charge of a government agency. But again, this would be Harvey Bullock showing up where you have 50... 15 people dead and the person's wearing a, a hat like his and that's all he's concerned with so where do you get off wearing my hat that's where it, do like you, what what haberdashery do you yeah, go to that, yeah what, what were you at my haberdashery it, like that's the concern should not be especially with Tycho. Tycho already said listen we made some mistakes yeah, very public just, ones you made a really big mistake now you better start you know wondering what's going on and trying to figure it out and where was she this whole time she was right next to the phantom zone projector when it went off but now all of a sudden she just walks in whistling after all this is taken care of and she wasn't around the whole time now she's there again the fucking tycho lady fucking nonsense then you I go i just want to know how any of this like goes into the annual we had where we saw that freaking girl who was locked up at argus and then like yeah. you went to the phantom zone yeah, like I, where's the correlation because well, obviously we'll we Maybe. had that story before this so like we can yeah. have that connection to batgirl and supergirl and then this whole phantom zone thing hopefully that ties in together because if it's not that's bullshit yeah, and this is the whole deal when they go in, and this is one of my issues, but the issue, I can't blame anybody because the Phantom Zone, it's, it's you crazy. have seven people, you have seven different ideas of what the Phantom Zone is. It looks okay. The art's not, not bad in this part because it's it's just crazy and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't still see go, no Phantoms. I still go with the Phantom Zone that you're kind of immaterial. That's why you can last forever and all yeah. that sort of thing. That's that's the main thing. That's the that's what the prison part is. This is just like Ben says, uh, hey, what is this place? I can't feel anything. I'm cold from the inside out. 
and that's basically how they explain it. It's not really explained, and that's where Supergirl's like, uh, that, that's normal, Ben. It's expected as part of the punishment for the worst Kryptonian criminals, and it's just, there you go. They're in the Phantom Zone. That's always pretty neat when the, yeah. you know, a superpower, you know, a super family member goes into the Phantom Zone. It's just, it's just nonsense, though. This whole thing was just everything was forced to set up the next thing even that he, she says supergirl goes she uh hey barbara barbara gordon she was right near the ex- uh, implosion and then uh, supergirl's like oh she's fine but this place great row i am sorry <laughs> just the dialogue is just so bad it is but you end up with another big villain and actually a guy another thing that was from the new 52 yes. that i like him more than i should i and know you so uh, yeah it weirds me out i don't know why you like i don't Zadu know why so i love much. him i love him and it's it's zadu he's the phantom king and he's a pretty badass guy in the new 52 he's in the the phantom zone and that's he just wants to get out that's obviously even though if i'm the king of the phantom zone i'm the phantom king eric i want to stay in it's like, it's like Emperor Blackgate. Remember Emperor Penguin? Yeah, he's yeah, every yeah. Time he's, whatever he's at, he's the he's emperor. The, of it. Yes, yeah. He at wherever he is, but it's Zadu. He's there. He's in this like he's in the Phantom Zone in Arthropopolis. No, never however you pronounce it, but he's there. It's like this big Asian looking like castle tower yeah. thing, and he's in there uh, with people, and they they know that there's three lost people going, and you get the idea that. He has these two ladies, Trigob and Shyla, who are working to gather essence from people in the Phantom Zone. They're taking the essence of other prisoners in the Phantom Zone. Well, that's the thing is you say that it's like they gave their bodies to service of you like, okay, right away. So we have physical bodies in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, that doesn't they, make sense. This is where I They're giving the problems. bodies away for their essence to be poured into his armor. But the thing is, these are just regular people in the Phantom Zone. So like as Sadu is like, yes. But my armor, even with all these people who have sacrificed yeah. himself, it might as well be paper thin. But now he yeah. had the body of a Kryptonian here. Yep. That'll be great. I'm, I, I don't know. And the thing is, the fucking thing that bothers me the most because it sounds ridiculous to me, they call it ecto-mail. Yeah, yeah, they do like, that. But also, mail, even then, mail. Like, I've oh, rendered no, them. Fucking Ghostbusters. They're talking. I've rendered them the solar tallow to be cast in your holy armor. They'll live on, formless, mad within you. I'm like, okay. And then your very people now make up your greatest weapon. And he's there. And Trigob and Shiloh are actually people from old continuity. Right. And Shyla especially was in the Phantom Zone. Trigob is weird because Trigob actually was a it was a man. And I these look like two ladies to me. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man. But yeah, I even looked up and Shyla, Shyla Koran was a prisoner of the Phantom Zone. At one point she escaped and fought Supergirl. So this is a Supergirl villain at one point. But later reformed and joined the Science Council of Rokin. One of the things that people were saying that uh, already saying on some sites that I looked up, like this one Wikipedia site, that it said that Shyla Koran, uh, with her being, she ended up being taken out of the the continuity because of Crisis on Infinite right. Earths. And because of the ending of Convergence, retroactively prevented that collapse, saving alternate realities, and that's why she exists now, Eric. And I'm like, that son of a bitch. Here, 
There you go. There's the convergence deal that basically this site was, and this is not like a, a review site or whatever. So it's a Wikipedia type me, site. Yes, they're saying that, that the only way that is still going. the only way that she can live. I don't think Steve Orlando cares. And try uh, try gob or Tragob uh, was stuck in the Phantom Zone as well in the past. Not really well spelled out who yeah. or what that was, uh, but was a male character at that point. So th- he's kind of changed that up. Yeah, I don't know. I they they're too ugly. One is an ugly look woman if it is but yeah they're dressed like women so uh but yeah the whole thing with this is going on your ecto male like you said and they do say zadu i knew already the minute oh, yeah, that he showed up i'm like it's the phantom king zadu's in the house and i'm telling you i might be the only one who likes zadu so i was laughing oh it's the phantom king and they even he's not For saying it reason, out i think it's just like zadu and the unknown superman like oh that like anybody wrapped yeah, up you're all those. about yeah I love the unknown Superman. But yeah, she's there and he says, you know, hey, you know, we're, we're all but powerless here. I boil thousands, condense their cells, residual solar charge, yet my armor remains weaker than a Kryptonian uh, fetus. And then he said, but with the juices of a fresh Kryptonian, rich in yellow sun can empower me. The weird thing about this is is you don't go into the phantom zone and lose your yellow sun power. you don't have them you know what no. i mean this is part of the phantom zone is whatever and the, the thing that makes me laugh about this now he does say the fresh kryptonium rich in yellow sun like i said that to me is nonsense the way it, the phantom zone works but 90 percent of the people in the phantom zone eric where would they probably be from they're Krypton, but they're not Kryptonian. Rich yellow sun. That's what I'm saying, but this is that doesn't make sense because you go into the Phantom Zone and the one basic thing that every I don't think anybody says any different is you do not have powers. So you would not be rich in yellow sun. You are that's not what happens in the Phantom Zone. You don't go in. It's not a goddamn battle royale in there. You don't go and and fucking fight your way through prison. You go in there, you don't have powers. You don't have any of this. Yet he's kind of seeing like they do, and in the meantime, Zadu is gathering the powers. Most of the time, Zadu is just trying to get out in yeah. any trick way or whatever he can figure out to get out. This is like he's just—he's going to come out, but before that, he's going to be this huge, powerful thing. Even to the point where he yells, then and, and he—they don't go. Steve Orlando does not say, "Hey, there's the Phantom King." He just says, "This is the Phantom Zone after all," and I'm its and and here I am King. Why does he have powers? He he know. his hand is fucking emitting what it has the Kirby dot going, Eric. Sure does. And that is a you know he has the powers there on his hand. He's got his goddamn head as a blaze. You don't have powers in the Phantom Zone now, and he's looking at his crystal ball. It's a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of utter nonsense. And don't you dare use Sadu like that, Eric. One of my favorites. But yeah, I I did not like this issue Neither at all. I. I'm, I think I'm the, the lowest or the second lowest on here. I gave it a, I believe, a 4.5. I got it. Yep, 4.5 I gave it. And I, I yeah, there's one guy who also gave it a 4.5 as well. But what would you give it? I just, it's I'm just done. nonsense. I, I don't like the art in this book. I never have. I'm telling you, if you like the art style, then... That's awesome. This is not something that I could like take seriously when I look at it and think it's yeah. an actual part of the rest of the DCU while it looks so like unique in the style and shit like that and childlike to me. But the story is just fucking nonsense and like it nothing really adds up in the end for why anything is going on. It's just a simple way to get us to the Phantom Zone that never really yeah. makes any sense. And because of this whole idea, I have to give it a four out of ten. Yeah, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, you went lower than me. I probably should have gone four out of ten. I don't know, 4.5 was in my head, yeah. and I went with it. That's but, how it goes. Yeah. 
We're going to move off to the actual book in the super section that we really liked uh, sure with is. Reggie. All right, we're at the last book of the super section, and it's back with Reggie. Reggie, welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to, yep. to, to the dreams to that of same old ticket recorded the other night. Welcome back. It seems like we recorded this just yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a little snafu the first time we recorded it. I do. I actually was talking to Brandon. One of the things that we usually do, this is, happens to everybody who does a podcast. Some people I've seen, it's an entire goddamn podcast, which yep. I will say that the timing that we had that we recorded the new Superman review was longer probably than a lot of people's normal podcast because it was yeah. getting towards like an hour and a half. Uh, but one of the things that me and Eric have done when this happens and it pops up is that we end up trying to record right away, uh, doing it again, and then you're, you're just miserable the whole time because you're, you're talking. Plus, it just everything seems – it's almost – we actually said this week when we were talking about it after this happened, it's almost like a – comedian going around on tour and saying the same jokes all the yep. time and it just it's not fun like so that, I, even if you're a rock star and you got to go and play the same song over and over and yeah, over again yeah, like, i don't gig, know yeah, i don't you, know how they start, do it but here's the and the, the thing that i think is funny with that is that when they have their quote-unquote live version where they change something up to make it seem like it's really you know off the cuff and it's yeah. not. They've done that version a trillion times, too. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I was glad that we gave it some space. But I did have to reread the issue because I forgot everything that happened in it. Uh, but, yes, Reggie, what is that book? It is New Superman number 11, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Billy Tan, Taco Zhang, and Ying Zan. When I wake up. Well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the kid who makes a stupid joke. When I talk shit, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the kid who gets his ego poked. If I screw up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy who gets reamed by I Ching. But if I shape up, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the one who protects everything. But I would run 500 miles and I would run 500 times just to be the fastest one in China and prank you at the finish line. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, keep going. Now I'm in it. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I was going to join in again, and I, I just I, I felt a little nervous joining in. <laughs> I even knew what song, because obviously we recorded this before, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to surprise Reggie. I'm going to join in, and then I couldn't. But, yeah, this is New Superman number 11. And uh, the, the whole thing about this, you said in your review, this is a very dense, a very packed issue. There's yeah. a lot going on, a lot of things being set up, uh, a lot of story. And it's funny because – that is – this is such a good book. It really is. I'll say it right now. This is one of the better books in the Rebirth. And when your only complaint is that it's too dense of story, you know it's good. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not saying that nothing happened. It was almost like, whoa, hey, a little too much happened in here. But we have a reason why we think so. Yes, and that's what I'm going to say right now is that – 
it's kind of a bittersweet deal because we do think, and me and you, and I'm sure Eric as well, but we thought this even without talking to each other when we read this, that it seems that Gene Luen Yang has either been told that this book has a limited time uh, coming up, like maybe it's going to be canceled in August, September, whatever, but they seem to be giving him enough of a chance, or he can see the numbers. The guy is not the dumb. The writing's on the wall, yeah. Yeah, the writing's on the wall, so I do think that he has a story that he definitely wants to tell, and he's going to tell it instead of having, you know, all of a sudden, like some of these other books where they're going to end, and you pack that last issue, to the gills to try to do it he is starting that now he is going to get all these things uh the problem is he also throws out some other things that we're very interested in and we want to see continue and the the worst is we we even said the first time we recorded it that a lot of the stuff like we'd love to see an annual that didn't even have keenan in it that had yeah. uh, daylan and Beishi and and all these other guys even like a, an annual green lantern academy yeah that i'm telling awesome. you the yeah, more and something I'll, about that you know yeah, and I'll even say I would not say that it would be out of the question to have a robot. Robot. See, I can't say it still. Robin bot story. Robin bot. A Robin bot story in an annual would be very similar to say a bat cow story yeah. uh, in yeah, the new fifty two. Like, thing. it could be cool. Yes. A little four page or three pages. It'd be funny. I, I sat there. I was in the shower. And I was I was washing my hair, maybe Why? doing other I'm things with a loafer sponge. Oh, a loofah sponge disappeared for a while, but I, I'm telling you, this is not <laughs> a lie. I'm in the shower going, Robin Bot, Robin Bot, Robin Bot. I just kept saying it so that I wouldn't fuck it up because when we did, but that is basically the only thing that I can say is when that didn't record, you might even have a little sneaking suspicion that I deleted it because the amount of times I said, Robin Bot, Robin, Robin. And yeah. I, I fucked it. Every time I went to say it, I fucked it up. Uh, that was not like the time that I messed up the difference between a hurricane and a tornado, but it was still bad. But I, I did. I sat there all day. Robin bot, Robin bot, Robin bot. The first time I go to say it, I fuck it up. I'm a fucking well, that's, idiot. That's what I had to do with Wonder Woman. We had Urs Cartaga still. I thought I said to keep saying it to myself so yeah. I knew I could say it for the podcast. Goddamn, why do I have to keep saying Robin bot to myself? <laughs> this is, I'm, what am I, an idiot? One. Yeah, I'm saying there's so many crazy names in, in this book. <laughs> that seems a little racist. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, there's some crazy shit going on. China's name. The, the thing that I have problems with is Robin Bot. Jesus Christ. But yeah, we're, we're, I'm very worried. The way this book is, I, I love this issue. I'm just worried because of what it seems to be starting is a, you know, a sprint to the finish line. Uh, but still, if, if the sprint is this good then, hey, I'm oh, in yeah. because I really do like it. And there's hey, a lot hey, of call-outs. Hey, and this book has a lot of call-outs, uh, almost like Deathstroke. Uh, the Deathstroke book tied in a lot of things from the, the other, you know, the rest of Rebirth into it. And this does it as well. And it starts off right away where you see a scuba, a bunch of uh, guys scuba diving, uh, you know, people scuba yeah. diving. They're, yeah. What are they called? They're almost like undersea archaeologists even. They're going down. And the thing is, I really like this because it is the one of the guys that the team saved earlier in the in the series. It's one right. of the guys that they saved. And I thought that was pretty cool. And Professor Zheng Shi Kang. Yeah, Zheng Shi Kang. See, I could say that, not Robin Bot. But they're there, <laughs> and there's a statue 
that has a it's emitting a strange energy it also turtles seem to be attracted to them before we started recording I, I said to eric it's funny because they're like you know what turtles seem attracted to the statue which makes complete sense i do not see a turtle in any of these pages and uh it made me laugh but what they do is they find out that it is a statue and they get attacked immediately. Once they find the statue, they get attacked by the China White Triad, which, again, I love the China White Triad. They just keep <laughs> popping up. It makes me laugh. But, yeah, it's pretty deadly. They, they pretty much kill the three people. Uh, but then we go off to see Keenan is training in the I Ching Center for Martial Look Arts. He's trying, to, he's trying to get mm-hmm. his key up so that he can get more powers. And tell me about it, Reggie. Tell me. Well, he, he can't even take a solo class still. He's still having to take class with all the old people, and he's uh, still having a good time. You know, he's hitting on some girl next to him, and Ming, uh, Ming. Boy, he gets his... Ming Ming. Ming Ming, that's right. He gets his uh, key together, get his super speed going. We talked yesterday, like, couple, the other day about uh, that yes. panel where she looks like she's looking at his junk. I love yes. the panel progression there because yeah. he's checking her out the whole time, and when we see yeah. her like you know react to something, she is looking down, and we can only see from his and waist she, and up. And she's like, "Keenan, ooh, yeah, she's like, like he's boy. got a boner, but no, never he's saw got, that like, big a speed. thing in China." Yeah, he's yeah, got he's got happy, happy feet. feet. He does. He's got happy so feet. So immediately, going. he's got super speed, and and I Ching is like, "All right, now we got to work through this," and he just takes the fuck off. He oh, just zips yeah. right out the goddamn door. And the thing that cracks me up is we already see that I Ching is a bad guy, but yet he still. Very careful and still training Keenan in a way that. I'm not 100% convinced he's a bad that's, guy. But, yeah, I don't either. That's I the thing. I don't think he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's a bad guy, but not bad. He might be manipulating the bad guy. Maybe. Yeah, it's and the only thing that you can think that is if he is a full out bad guy is that he but it's weird because he's getting Keenan to discover these powers and it's not like Keenan discovered them before and he's trying to slow down that progress. You know what I mean? Like if he was all of a sudden Keenan was doing all these things and then I Ching came and said, No, 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 you know what, I could be better and then all of a sudden it was like keeping him from doing it almost oh, like no, in the Superman book. That's what I'm saying. Like Superman instead of the milk, it's it's the the key, but it's not. It doesn't seem to be like that. But he he's definitely totally seems helping. to be remember, helping. Remember when yeah. he couldn't open those uh, the gates to hell at Lex Luthor's, yeah. and I King was I, I Ching was like, yeah. focus your key into your wrist. Yeah, you know? he's helping Even the whole way. That's what's you're still weird. My students, you know. Yeah, he seems so, like he's got these more dual things going on. Yeah, I actually don't think he's bad. I think that he's trying to bring things down from the inside, possibly. But yeah, uh, Keenan just goes off, and he's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna work this out, and we said. This is one of the things that I really do like about the book and Keenan himself is that even though he's not a dick like the beginning, the beginning of the series, especially the first issue, Eric did not have a good time. He thought, I don't want a book with a dick. And uh, Keenan has evolved from that, but Gene Luan Yang makes sure that he's still a teen. He still acts like a teen. He still acts like uh-huh. a teen that all of a sudden he's got super speed. He's not going to sit there and work through it slowly. He's going to go and run. He's you know he's going to strut and off he goes. And I think that that's pretty cool. I actually think that that's it's and written only that, well. The first thing he wants to do is prove who's the fastest person yeah. in China with Avery Ho. And Avery is there. And again, we said a lot of people didn't realize we have talked about it on the podcast. And Avery is the speedster that was affected by the speed force storm uh in, in the, the flash book and at the end she was supposed to give up her powers they were all supposed to give it up and that was where me and eric had some problems because it was almost like if you wanted to give them up 
you would they'd just be gone and she didn't and that was it was she you thought she did and then you saw her still using them and then all of a sudden we heard word of in the flesh book that there was a speedster in asia and europe and things like that and nothing was even come about now you can guess that it was avery now we actually thought it was mean at, I thought at it that might have point jesse quick and you and eric thought it was jesse quick we thought it'd be cool but you can work it in that it was avery that went yeah. off and was working with the china white triad because they had tricked her into doing things that she thought were good once she realized she went and then even in this uh Beishi and Dalen. Not a good organization? Come on. No. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, all she had to do was look it up on Google. China White. Oh, shit. She's a villain. But yeah, the, the Batman and Ch uh, of China and the Wonder Woman, Daylin, they, they even think like it's weird that, that she is in this book that quick. Like they yeah. even say, why did they, you know Dr. Omen let let her in so fast? But she's a she seems we like needed a, good, a flash. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, they're testing her out. They're they're making a run test. And there is Ro see I almost messed up again. Robin Bot. And he's there, he's pretty cool. And saying every time I can say it over and over, every time I sing him, I fuck it up. But uh, the one thing, and this was what I said before, the one thing that actually annoyed me or did wasn't well spelled out is Keenan just shows up and then says, Hey, you know, hey, I, I'm here. And then Avery's like, hey, that's cool. Let's go race. He never told her that he has any sort of speed You powers. get the impression that they've worked this out, though, because he says, guess who activated another trigram? You yeah, know? it's and just weird. Like, but Finally! You know, yeah, but it's it, weird. It, it was never spelled out that this would be the next one. It, it's weird. Like, he just had it happen, and then she's working, and he shows up the race. I just thought it was a... It, it was not a very good progression of what we had. Like, he just shows up. Hey, let's race. They're going to find out who the fastest person in China is, which we both all three of us loved and yeah, it yeah. is a it's a callback great callback to, to classic comics and the freaking superman and flash racing all the goddamn yeah, time of them racing like I said, even I, this last page is just like almost peeled right out of a, a bronze age race yeah. between uh, flash and superman yeah. and uh yeah. this is this is what I, I would say would be the real fun not that the rest of the book isn't fun but this is this the silly part of the book that we have a good time with, with the two of them racing and they kind of go across china uh at one point uh Superman tries to play it off like he's having trouble. He's starting to over-vibrate, and Avery goes to help him, and he's like, sucker, and he pulls ah. ahead of her. And then they meet yeah. each other on the Great Wall, and, and like he Superman's ahead of her, and she pulls a little bit of his momentum out, yeah. and she pulls ahead at the end. So they really they have a lot of fun with each other, and I really enjoy this interaction. It was lighting yeah, things it was, up it was fun. pretty nicely. And it's really yep. the only levity you're going to get from this book because shit gets fucking fierce fast. Yeah, Although yeah, because... the fierceness is... is you know it's fun, fun. It's it is ridiculous. fun because while they're doing this uh while while avery and uh keenan run off uh dr omen shows up kind of you know you know you couldn't catch her you know why didn't you catch them why didn't you stop them and there's robin bot to say you know wonder woman's top flight speed and we said it's like it is like c3po you're like just shut your fucking mouth with your stats uh but it's pretty fun it's it's hilarious uh but they have the video of what happened to the professor when the china white triad came you see the statue and that's where dr omen says anything look familiar here dalen you know with this and she does recognize that that is the guy now what's weird is she says that he, dr omen like that's who imprisoned her right yes yeah but then later he says she imprisoned him 
And they so might have I don't know. Each other. No, I don't know who's. Uh, there might be some lies going on. I'm telling you, there might be. Day Lynn might be saying, you know, might not have been telling all the story. Uh, because at got the, victim syndrome, you know, there weren't things they're being. Well, I'm telling you, at the end, the the uh, the what's it called? The bad guy. The yeah, I always forget it. Uh, he actually does say, when you imprisoned me, and it just threw me off a little. I didn't even see it the first time through. But yeah, what happens then is they see that Dalen, that's, that gets her personally involved. And in the meantime, yeah. the China White Triad uh, has been the benefactor who wanted them to get this statue. Also gave them a very, very interesting thing, which is the doomsday virus. And yeah. they inject it. And what also scares me is... They also have a bunch more of it. When oh, yeah. she opens up the oh, deal. They have a suitcase full of it. I yeah. see at least like five more in, the, in there. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot in there. So I, I'm wondering if this is going to play out that they're going to do anything more. I, I would think they may not, but it's still, it's pretty tough that they have that because this is bad stuff. And this is from the New 52. And when uh, Superman Super and Super Doomed and all this, and yeah, they inject it into the statue. And it's a weird thing just to think of injecting that into a statue, but it works. Yeah. It ends up bringing him to life. Uh, but then it, they they spelled it out even before, and I love the progression of how it goes because you have the professor there originally, and he's talking about the statue and things. And then when you switch to the China White Triad, they continue the background of this statue and this guy and how he you know he was a turtle and then actually ascended to become human, a human sorcerer yeah. thing. The ancients believed that if an yes. animal were to cultivate its key long enough and well enough, it could transform itself into a human. Yeah. And I like how which, they which continue that. Which, as said, is bullshit because there's, there's no way being a human is the highest form. Yeah, that's how you talking no about from an animal. Hell yeah, man! Terrible. You know, no, what do you, you? I would much rather be a kitten. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to live in my goddamn fucking? You. You're going to live in the ceiling, Reggie. Come and live I'll in my call ceiling. You and fuck, I'll claw your eyeball out. <laughs> You know, make, make sure you claw his eyeball out after you've fucking been in the litter box. You can infect that bitch. You yeah, do that. Yeah. That'd be the best. But yeah, as this goes on, it seems like it's weird too. The Chinaway triads there. And this is it. This is the end of their job, it seems. It's not like we're supposed to inject this and take them somewhere. They're supposed no, to inject yeah. this to cause, cause chaos. Mayhem. Yeah, yeah and I liked too. it too. I don't know like, if they could ever suspect what would happen because here we have a statue of a man that they inject the doomsday virus into, and then it makes him revert back to his turtle form, but also pretty much Gamera as a, of a doomsday yeah, I, I Here's the deal. I think that they know exactly what's going to happen because once he starts, they're like, it's working. He's awakening, and they get the fuck out. There is no, there's no hesitation, and it, <laughs> it's pretty cool, too. they don't know what's supposed to happen, I think the person that put them on this task, which I think maybe Lex Luthor, Frank, quite frankly, but whoever really? it is, they knew what was he, that person knows what was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I just think so. it's I Ching. I, I think that he's fucking around. Right. He wants because all this is is a setup to give them something to fight the Justice League of China that they are not equipped to fight to end up bringing in the the heavy hitter Superman Zero. But in the meantime, I do like that Strato is there. I don't know anything about <laughs> Strato, but they just go off in a cloud. Yeah, it was pretty it's cool. Clouds, it's, really yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. He flies away. In the meantime, you go back and you have Avery and... Uh, Keenan still running around having a ball, and I think that this is another one of those things that is so well plotted because this is the levity going on, but it also shows you that they're up to nonsense when shit is going bad, and yeah. all of a sudden they realize that, and you see Gamera. He's it's a fucking kaiju, doomsday yeah, turtle, doomsday, and it's awesome. It's it hilarious. So cool. 
And that's when Avery and uh, Keenan are there, and they go into superhero mode. And Avery's like, if I can get above the water, I can run in the water. She's saving people. And this is one of the best parts we said. All of a sudden, Keenan activates his key uh, to change his powers. And I think that's awesome. I love the way it's spelled out. It's even like a video game type deal where yeah, you have your different so powers good. that you can go. And See, also I, I shows you. I the idea, too. You know, like we do pretty much have a freaking, you know, the Superman of China. He has Superman powers but i really like the change in that he can only activate one at a time i think that's that's really, what i was going to you know, say really i think that's the best kind of part like, of it exactly yeah, it, it makes it so that he's just not he is not the full-out heavy hitter not that's gonna eric he's not just gonna throw people in the sun well, I, I think, he, I think he can actually have more than one active at a time, but he's got to activate he's them. Gotta, I think, it I is think limited, that he has to like, learn you know, it, he, too. He still has super strength, it seems, while he has x-ray yeah, vision, seems but, like, yeah, I, but he's got to consciously do it, and I think there probably is a limit to, like, yeah, you know, I, I just focused, like so. I like it because it's something a little different. Plus, yeah. what it does is in this it shows you that he's just not a dumb kid. He act. I mean, he is a hero here where shit's going wrong, and he he immediately activates the you know the X ray vision so he can see if there's anybody in in danger and sees yeah. him. It says there's kids in there. Avery, go get them. Then I'm going to go steps down up below. Almost like a leader where he commands Avery. Yeah. You, know, you go over I thought here. That and was awesome. These people I'll take care of these over here. Yeah, and then he dives in because there's people when when uh, Gamera when he uh, attacks, it causes a wave, you know, and As it, it any sweeps in there. When it's coming to land. Yes, and people are underwater, and he goes down to get these uh, family that's in a car, and there's a pretty cool call out there where he's like, "Boy, Doctor Omen's got to reconsider her stance on an Aquaman of China," and it even yeah. is Aqua Slash Man, which I let. I know, and yeah, the and, Chinese way, I love it. Yeah. And I was sitting there, and I read that, and I'm like, fuck yeah, she does. I want to see that. I want to see oh, the yeah. Aquaman of China. And so that's another like reason why I want this book to keep going. I want to see it happen. And even in the in the meantime, you are having at this point a, you know, it's not doomsday, but it's like the Chinese doomsday here. It is a ancient fucking turtle deal with the doomsday. And it's so cool. Uh, and the best, though, is... Uh, uh, Beishi and Dalen fly in, and, and you have Beishi on the robot. <laughs> Robinbot. I can't say it. He fly, I don't know why I have problems, but he flies in, and it's funny that he, he starts throwing shade at Keenan as if he wasn't there. They're there saving people, and he just flies in. He's like, nice of you to show up, Keenan. I'd be like, I fuck you. I've already saved all these people. He's right there with the people he saved. And But you have uh, Batman giving him crap. Uh, but before that, you do get the little deal. Now, that's the big – the big mystery is where did they get – who is involved in this, you know, the virus, the doomsday virus? And they do throw you uh, something here where you go and see uh, Amanda Waller show up to talk to Lex. And like you said, Reggie, you think it's Lex. I actually just think it's I Chin, uh, you know, completely. But y you have Lex and Amanda Waller, and it's a really weird call out here because this is something that we may never see resolved if the book gets canceled soon because it looks like Amanda Waller has a lot of interest in Keenan and yeah. goes to, to Lex because she knows that Lex obviously had just had him in America. And is and, pissed that she had this, like, this foreign superhero in America without yeah, authorization. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know what the greatest 
this thing is, it's it's the opposite of when Batman and Superman went to China yeah. to, to to chase down shit before. It's a really good like opposite callback of that because when the Great Ten showed up, they were like, you know, you can't be here. You're not allowed here, and they they left. So I did like that. They also it has a little bit of a call out for it from Lex that we think might have been from Lex and and her and the Suicide Squad deal uh, when they met. And and it's I really like almost the same thing happened. She goes to yeah. talk to him. You know, it's it seems obviously a little bit later, but she goes to talk to him, and then in that time, Harley Quinn, you know, surreptitiously steals a yeah. flash drive from. Uh, yeah, steals. So the it's flash almost like a replay from... of the same thing that happened, yep. but they're stealing something different. Yeah, and that's where Harley's like, oh, man, I always wanted to see China. This is cool. And Amanda Waller basically says, well, if it gets to that, I'll probably take you. And they go. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just a weird aside to get these, you know, Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad as a potential thing down the road. So I, I do hope that we get to that. In the meantime, they're pretty much just fighting the giant turtle monster. And then all of a sudden he starts talking of the mind. Reggie and, and telling them and telling basically Daylin, you know what, all this stuff, you know, we went a little above our deal, and you you explained it good the last time. So tell us what what this is all about. What that uh, what green snake? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Don't yeah, you? when he starts telling green them about snake. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, you know, he says that you know you got to uh, sacrifice yourself, in order, and then I'll stop uh, busting up the. Shanghai waterfront, right? I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. And in the meantime, all this time, there is a countdown of him going to get to land. So they're trying to stop him before he does get to the land. And uh, yeah, but go on. Wonder Woman says, uh, that sounds fair enough to me. We definitely want to minimize the damage. And she is also has been put in charge of this by the uh, Ministry of China. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Yeah, exactly. So so she is the head of it. She's about to walk right into Gamera's mouth, into Professor Zheng's mouth, when uh, both Baishi and, and uh, Keenan kind of do a tackle. The Sorcerer Monk Fei Hai. Yeah, that's the Sorcerer right. Monk Fei Hai. Oh, that's right, yeah. it is Professor Zheng. It's Sorcerer Monk Fei Hai, yeah. Gamera. So they tackle her out. She's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? I was about to I was about to remedy this situation. And then that's, that's, that's when Gamera's like... That's how the China plays, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, they're like all for one, one for all. But then Gamera, it seems like now he's got his sights set on Keenan. Like, you're not he's supposed to be He's another one. Either. Yeah, he's not you know, supposed to be You're an anomaly. Either. I'm not with that. So uh, they started... He actually grabs Keenan. He looks like he's about to eat him or pop his head off. It's kind of hard to tell what's happening. One or the other, yeah. Wonder Woman saving him with her awesome pink lasso. Meanwhile, uh, Mr. Luo, who is like, I, I'm i not sure who this guy is, quite frankly. Was he around before? I, I don't recognize right him. Right now, that's just in charge of Professor Zero. And I Ching is behind him. Uh, he sends out Superman Zero, the original Superman that everyone thought was going to be the new Superman. Yeah, To uh, except me do something yeah. yeah you were the one that was right and, and he looks everyone. awesome too i like the way he looks the oh whole... he looks awesome even the thing the whole idea with the the, the sorcerer monk fei hi though it's like you know we we've been told though that he was this turtle creature that is like you gathered his key long enough and well enough that he was able to ascend to a higher being of you know and became a person i guess yeah. a sorcerer as well and you know when he sees keenan kong this is another creature that is going above the proper order of nature and shit like and, that and, and again like himself his like he yeah. says, when he says to Wonder Woman, like you got to, you got we got to end this. He includes himself into it. He's like, yes. you know what? The shit that we did is not right. We weren't supposed to do it. Whatever they Reality did, well, we should be able that. to find out. 
with him calling her Green Snake, I got to assume that she ascended from a snake as well to become a human uh, character as well. Well, it's weird too, though, because at the very beginning, when they find the statue, they mention the white snake. And so I don't know if this whole thing was part of all of this. It was very odd, uh, the whole deal with it. But I, I don't know how they're going to spell it out. Uh, but we'll see. But, yeah, I think that she was probably a snake, though. Yeah, and ascended to a higher level. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. what's up with the lasso. But, again, like, I don't think that I'm, – I'm telling you, I don't think they ascended the to a – like a snake tongue. Yeah, I don't think that they ascended to this level, though, naturally. They did something. They were up to something to do that and basically call out Keenan the same way. He he yeah. didn't become new Superman because of something that he ascended from. He was injected. You know, he basically was taken over it by the Senate. Yeah, yeah, point. that made him go to that. It wasn't because he was a good guy, and I think that they are pointing it out and kind of reminding us, you know, he was a dick. He was a dick that just got lucky, and I don't think that Daylin, when we find out, was ever a good person. I think that she is now a good person, uh, but I think that she was a pretty bad villain at one point with this guy, and they ended up, you know, getting imprisoned. Because, like I said, at one point she says he imprisoned her. He says she, you know, it goes back and forth. I don't think either of them are really telling the truth, and we'll find out if, if we do find out. But, yeah, this whole thing seemed to be a setup. So that I Ching could, could force the Ministry to let out new, uh, Superman Zero, Superman who, Zero. Yep. who was, and it's weird because again, this is something that went directly from the final days of Superman in the New Fifty Two. That's pretty much been wiped away. So yeah. I do like the idea, though, that it looks like they're going because really, if anything, he should be a red energy Superman. They are going with pretty much the sentient solar energy of Superman right. that they seem to have been able to tap or you know gather and make them now. So I do want to. I I do hope that they end up fully explaining everything. But yeah, that's basically what it is, and I think that they do a great job with the art by showing that out of his eyes he has that sentient solar energy yep. and he shows up to fucking kick ass and i like it i i love the way he looks i think he looks incredible i think this whole issue looks incredible i love the look of it uh but yeah i like i like it too because you have the superman zero punching uh the turtle monster and then in the very back you just have keen and he's just standing in the water like looking all upset <laughs> because really i'm sure that they're going to play in a little that he's going to think that he's obsolete now there's no reason for him because yeah. there's this big ass superman i mean this is actually yeah, like the robocop too right guys yeah yeah robocop too like the ring you had, but yeah, this Superman's kick ass, and there's everybody there. But yeah, I loved the issue. I thought it was great. Uh, the art's great, and I like Victor Bogdanovich, but Billy Tan on this book is incredible. And this is, I it's like. Tan is on for the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah, I hope so uh, as like well. Like you were saying yesterday, uh, Eric was saying he's a better fit. Yeah, yeah. and I'm telling you, I, I beg people. How much people will go and say, you know, we got to get Brian Hitch off of Just League. Oh, Brian Hitch, Brian Hitch. Forget that. Just put that aside. Buy this book. This book yeah. deserves to be to continue more than Hitch deserves to be off of Just League. I know that people think that's crazy, but at that's least crazy. no, this book deserves to get its full deal. Uh, you can just uh, just Why can't go we positive. Have both things, Why can't Hitch? Yeah, be well, off I'm just saying League just well. Here's the deal. Everybody now who has dropped Justice League, I now demand that they buy this book. You have that money now that you have saving from wow. two issues of Justice League. Now use it to buy this book so we can keep talking about it because I love it. I think it's great. 
and I never thought it would be this good. Eric hated yep. it. Uh, I mean, this is one of those books that, you know, I hear and I pish posh right away. Only because, yep. uh, well, I'm telling you, and I, you know, I usually don't do things like that where I hear a book's been announced and get upset about it. But uh, when, when Jean Luan Yang, the problem. Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm always positive about new things. And the thing, though, is me and Eric going into this, it was Jean Luan Yang in the end of the New 52 with, in the Superman book. Yeah, you had good and reason it to was think nonsense. Suck. Yeah. yeah, it was nonsense. And even to go from, okay, we have a new, you know, Superman of China, that's fine. But to go from this energy that came from Superman, it was just nonsense. And the Superman book, Gene Luan Yang, I don't know what he was going with because at points Superman was involved in a fucking underground kumite of Myth ancient ball, Chinese myths and things okay. like that, which sounds great. I'm telling you, I'm talking about this. It sounds like a load of fun. It was not, and it was just nonsense. The whole time it was nonsense, and it really did feel like none of the books in the truth story, the Superman story – ever seemed to connect well with each other. And there was supposed to be this whole big interconnected story, and they never did. And Gene Luan Yang, he really was making a Superman book with forcing in uh, mainly Korean, it seemed, like Korean myth yeah. and things like that, and it just didn't fit. But when he does it in a book that is all his own and he's allowed to do that, everything fits in this book perfectly. It's such a great fit of everything, and it's just a lot of fun. And and we still don't have the Green Lanterns that we want to see, the Aquaman thrown out. We have all this stuff. And like Where's you said, when we first recorded it, we also have, the, we have what we already <laughs> think was the first appearance of the Joker of China. I want to yep. see how that I'll plays out. Yeah, yeah, which is the Batman of China's sister, which is – that's such a cool thing. But yep. if this book ends, we're never going to see any of this stuff, and it's just so much fun. So if you quit the Justice League book by Brian Hitch, I, I'm telling you, I demand you buy this book. Which you and should, even if you don't you read it, you just, you just put the book – you put the, the new Superman. If you don't want to read it, just put it down and say, that's for you, Jimmy. Give me a little shout-out, a little fucking deal. <laughs> And then say, you know what? Why I'm doing this is because Jim's always positive about new things. He's always willing to try that new stuff, and he's always positive from the get-go. See, there you go. That's why I love to be positive. I love to positive pass on the positive word I would uh, yes. associate with you, Jim. I'm telling most you, right now they announce an Orion book. I'm first in line. I will tell you, new gods. I love them. Yeah. I am. A, uh, I'm in love with them. I'd but say yes. you are positive that you fucking hate the world. That's basically yeah. what you're most positive. No, I told you. This is just a lot of people are positive people. I know that if I'm negative, nothing's going to upset me down the road. I'll only be surprised. I'll be happily surprised if something's good. There you go. That's how I live my life. That's how I live. That's how I roll. But yeah, uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, I, I I liked it a lot. My only misgiving, which really was a nitpick that isn't worth uh, you know the pick that it's knitting is uh, the fact that it really does feel like this book is coming to a close. They dangled a lot of loose threads, and they they seem like they're wrapping some things up, which I do like, but I, it just makes me sad. Uh, but I gave it a robust 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. I am going to go even more robust to continue oh. the idea of how positive I am. I'm going to go to 8.5 out of 10 because I loved it. I, I enjoy it a lot. Like you said, there were uh, it was very dense. Uh, the one thing that threw me off, that the whole Lex, 
Amanda Waller thing. That actually yeah. is the only thing that threw me off a little. That you throw in another thing to to get going, but it was interesting enough, and it was you know there. Plus, it it gives you that whole. Huh, I wonder if Lex was involved with this doomsday virus. Lex, already, you have the Mazo virus going around because of him. He's got to stop this nonsense. If it's him, it, you know, I, I like the Lex as a good guy. It, you he know what? Viruses. That's he all he likes viruses. He's a collector. Eric he, he's got to stop. Next. It's like my, it's like my crazy Thanks. addiction. He's on that show. His addiction is collecting viruses. Uh, it's nonsense. If Eric comes to work one Monday and he's like, oh, I'm collecting viruses. I got the Coxsackie virus. Cut him off. That's it. I Cut him off. And I'm running. <laughs> I'm running from. I'm telling you, my cre- I told uh, just to throw out there, my wife. I told her today that she should be on my that my crazy addiction, whatever that lo- that show is that they have. And I said the best thing about it is they will no longer need to have anybody else because her crazy addictions change every week. So you, oh. you just have her on every. Sp- she hasn't yet gotten to the eating dryer sheets. I saw one with that the one time. <laughs> Somebody was on that show that ate dryer sheets. She isn't doing that right now. It's peanut butter, and that's all she eats. And it, how tons you, of how peanut do you butter. Eat the first dryer sheet. I don't know. You just it's you're like to the place where you're just good. Like, I'm, I'm hooked now. Sorry, yep. that's it. Yeah, it, it, to me it's weird that dryer sheet thing. You might as well just guzzle the fucking fabric softener, and you're not going to do that, right? Taking shots of fabric softener. I, I would try not to. No, right now my wife is very. Kind of she's she is addicted involved. to peanut butter right now to the point where we ended up getting her a dual pack of peanut butter for Mother's Day. <laughs> That's wow. her Mother's Day gift. I said, enjoy, baby. Enjoy it, but yeah. What what would you, you give her, it, Eric? You got her yeah. art in a cigarette. Said, "Smoke up, Johnny." Smoke up, Johnny. <laughs> I love the art in this book so much. Like I said, I hope Billy Tan stays on for the duration. Now that Victor Bogdanovich is off and going over to Action Comics, and I love the fact that we're getting all these cool callbacks to these different things. Like you know, throughout the series now, we're, we're going back and dealing with other things, kind of like Peter J. Tomasi and uh, Patrick Gleason are doing in Superman Rebirth right now, where the entire story is interconnected and shit that started at the beginning. It's just, you know, coming out to light right now. You know, we have this whole mystery of the, uh, the Ch- uh, Wonder Woman of China and just throwing yeah. Super Duke in there and letting us know the way. Like, we don't know what is in continuity anymore. We've seen a bit, a few things after Reborn to know what Superman's history is. Only a few things, though, especially in the New 52 continuity. So now we know that Super Doomed happened. That makes me happy as hell that we at least have this in a timeline and know it for a fact. And I just love that, like, the interaction. Like, Keaton has become such a fun character to do. And, like, seeing him and Avery having the classic Superman Flash, like, race, I'm like, this is all yeah. so much fun. And then you throw in a goddamn kaiju. Like, this book has me. And I'm like, you know what? I really hope it gets to continue. And I'd give this an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5 out of 10. Me and Eric are more positive than Reggie in a hey, bunch of once. books this week. What's going on? We were more positive. What well, was Gotham Academy? Gotham Academy. Uh, well, yeah. weird books. Yeah, yeah. It's that was like give it a fuck you five that was the tallest job. midget in the goddamn yeah. circus, though. That really was. But uh, thank you, Reggie. Thank you for thank coming you on. Guys, talking and thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. In the get fresh crew. Yep. Boop, 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 boop. But we're going to go off to some mail, and we'll be back with that. Jim wanna tell my words would tell But if Eric tried to read it we'd hear an epic fail But when you reach the point where opinions come the hero 
will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Ah, yes, Eric. The hero takes a break. Do we ever get a break? No! Do we? Do we? Do we ever get a break? Ah, uh, yes. I think we do, Eric, because the podcast itself is our break. Uh, oh, yeah. This is mail section number five, the last mail section. Just one email here, and I put it last because I wanted to have Lord Andy uh, sitting on pins and needles, Eric, because he claims that I didn't have one of his emails, I guess, Lord last Andy week. From and I just, is he's from sheet. the land of see, He's upset. He's upset because he says I... It, I'm too good to read his mails, and I apologize. I did not see a mail. I go through it. I wouldn't say with a fine-tooth comb, but maybe a brush. Maybe a brush, Aaron. Uh, and it is Lord Andy, and he says, What the hell, ass wipes? Y'all too good to read my mail these days? You cock-sucking motherfucking sons of bitches. Wow. Where's the love? Where is it, Eric? Or is that, what is love? You got time for Dick Dickerson. Dick Dickerson, but not your lovable and adorable Lord Andy. Shit's fucked up, brah. Bras in quotes. But, you know I love you all is forgiven. Even if Eric is a profiler who hates Asians, blacks, and indigenous peoples of South Pacific Islands. You know who's a great writer? Brian Hitch. Ha ha, made you say it. Now we're even. You son of a bitch. That'd be a good. Like that would now. be a this good sound clip bad. that I should grab for me for later. You know, it was a great writer. Right. Anyways, next free comic book day, y'all should come to Cleveland and hit up the greatest comic shop in fucking America. The exact opposite of everything poor Jim went through the other week. Carol and John's Comics. Google them. It'd be worth the trip. They normally have a party Friday night. 75% off back issues and trades. Live local comic artists and art. Free comic themed craft beer. Free fucking beer, gentlemen, he says. That sounds pretty fucking good. There was a dude camped out Thursday morning to be the first in line. Easily 300-plus people, lines both Friday and Saturday. I was able to party like a grown man amongst my brethren and sistren of the comic cloth on Friday, then took the kids on Saturday. They also had an after-party Saturday night with raffles and prizes and shit. Right. So, yeah, Jim, fuck that awful asshole in a shitty-ass shop. Come out to the land. Weird Science Episode 175 live from Superman's hometown and getting drunk as fuck. Need I say more? Good heroes. Cleveland awful? No. When I was there, it was. I was in the L, and it smelled like fucking piss. Uh, Speaking of that, uh, last night, I didn't even mention to you, during the middle of the podcast, I went for a break, and all of a sudden, I heard my wife yelling, and somehow somebody shit into a plastic bag, and she was running around the house screaming and yelling that somebody shit in the bag. It hasn't been solved. I need Batman here to solve. We don't know who shit in the bag. Oh, my God. I, I imagine it's the Wild West over there. I imagine around. that somebody had to go. We have, you know, four boys here, and somebody couldn't get to the bathroom, and they ended up shitting in a bag. It was like a Walmart bag, just left there. Good gyros and pinball across Have the street wipe? too. I don't know. I, with the bag, maybe. I don't uh, know. I didn't ask any questions. I forgot she was running around like a mad woman yelling, "Somebody shit in the fucking bag!" I can understand. Maybe if you had to, like somebody shit in the bag. There was there was no other choice they had but to shit in the bag for whatever reason. I'll give I'll give them the benefit I'm of the doubt. I'm telling you, I think that they heard there. me yelling that if you're an adult, you don't shit your pants, and they they went to that extra step. The thing I don't is, know. Though, 
you throw it away? Just left yeah, it was left ground? outside the bathroom. In yeah, the bathroom that, that is, there, it was weird. just left there. It was just left there to be there. I don't know. Maybe they thought because you know Zach will go around and collect some. Sometimes Bella will shit in the house, and uh-huh. he'll go and collect it, and he'll kind of sit it there. So maybe they thought that. I don't know. Uh, let me know. I got three couches and like a thousand sex toys. You know, just in case. And love always, Lord Andy of the land of Cleve. I'd love to go there. That that shop sounds like a good ass time, right? Oh, yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. Is it? Is it good? Is it, it looks look really bad. I actually uh there was a thing that I had tweeted out today and it's a comic company that I tweeted. I won't even say what it was, but unfortunately or not unfortunately, but a a shop, a comic shop actually has the same name. It shares the name of this comic company, which was odd anyway. But so when I was going to tweet the company, this comic shop came up and I went down I'm like, this is weird. There's two of these. So I went to the one I saw and somehow it got me on and people I I ended up on like Yelp because I was trying to figure out what to do or who this was. And I ended up in this comic book company must be the worst place in the world because all it kept saying was the owner is rude to kids and I was like that's just like ours but it basically was like one star I go in all the time I took my kid in there and the guy called him an asshole it's like shit like that I'm like boy this guy is a real dick but yeah and then the guy was ending up on this fighting with people like I was doing on fucking you know Reddit back in the day and it just it was awful Eric awful so so me and you are going to Carol and John's comics we're gonna go yeah apparently does it look good big shot yeah, it looks like a really big shot from the really? pictures I've seen. It looks like it goes on like the fucking like transformed from a Borders or some shit. Really? Is well, it like well, a, now more of a Walden books? Is but it still. like sec uh, two levels or just one? It's just one. Okay, but that's that's pretty. cool. But it's got yeah. plenty of space. It seems like and well, I like you a mean Wal- big space. Walden books, Eric. I haven't heard that name in I know. quite some time. I'm just trying time. to think. When I think of Borders, though, I think of a giant shop. When I think of Walden, yeah. I think of a smaller bookstore. You mean Walden, uh, the place where people call a bookstore, but I still treat it as a library. I just go and read <laughs> shit and leave. I used to do that too. Like at the freaking, yeah. like go to the graphic novel section. I'm like, I'm gonna read this for a while. I'm gonna sit yeah, on the I would do that. Indian I was style. bad. I was bad with video game magazines. I'd go and I'd grab them and I'm like looking and I would just look at scores and stuff. But at like say Borders, I would get a coffee, but then it was a coffee and me sitting there just with stacks of shit at the table. I was sitting at reading stuff and then also role playing game books. I'd read through those a bit and then get. So the we're fuck talking out. about Carol and John's comic book shop at Cram's Plaza at one seven four. 462 Lorraine Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio, 44111. That is the one, Eric. That is the uh-huh. one. Do they have an online store that, that they – does it have anything that you see that you no. can actually purchase things online? I was going to say, give them a shout out. If Lord Andy thinks they're good, that guy's miserable. If he says something's good, I know it's good. Uh, speaking of which, when I was looking to see where National City was located, uh, one of the – biggest snafus, not snafus, but conundrums, I guess, or mysteries would be where Metropolis is located. And I actually like the one thing that basically at first it was Cleveland because Superman, you know, that's the birthplace of Superman. And I I actually did like that. And then it it said it it goes all over the place and they they keep changing it around. But that is Lord Andy. That is the last in the email, Eric. We can wipe the email away. We're done. Boom, boom, boom. Sorry about missing your last one. If you indeed sent one, Lord Andy. Yes, I I don't. I didn't see it. I don't know. I I don't know what happens. I think sometimes people just want to yell at me. They just want to throw shade. But yeah, we're going to go off to the last section of books.
right, Eric. It's the last section of books, and it's a it's short last section. It's just going to be two books, this last section, uh, a Bat Family theme. And I don't know. The, the first one is Red Hood, and this is a book I gave you. We switched off All-Star and Red Hood, and I, I'm kind of glad we did it both ways because I think I – well, I, we already know. I enjoyed All-Star more than you did, yep. and I already know what your score is for this book, and you enjoyed it more than I would have. So it, it ends up working out. We seem a little more positive. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, uh, we're positive fucks going yeah, on. Yeah, positive. It's not, I'm telling you, your score isn't exactly overly positive for this issue, but it is more than me because the problem I've had, the reason why I gave up the book to you and the reason why it's no longer in my $25 pull list is because we haven't gotten anything from it. It just keeps kind of spinning its wheels through this whole thing, and this issue continues that. But, yeah, tell us about it, Aaron. Red Hood and the Outlaws number 10, written by Scott Liddell with art by Dexter Soy, Veronica Gandini, and Taylor Esposito. Our time in Karak continues, and sadly, so does our heroes being separated. That's right, you won't get any teamwork going on in this issue, but w- what we got was Artemis joining her... A- uh, her Aquila and yeah. her pursuit to get the bow of raw back from General Heinel. Jason Todd may be finally getting over his death at the hands of the Joker and Bizarro leading the people of Karak to freedom all Moses about it. The twist to all of this, though, General Heinel, General Heinel is just a regular bad guy while Aquila is the big bad and plans on wreaking havoc on the country with the bow of raw herself. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. The, the whole concept of the Shimtar it is as beyond me now because I actually thought that at one point it seemed that I don't know why does it, why do I now think Artemis was the Shimtar at one point afterwards it, it kind of seemed that at one point for a real I, little I, bit I believe that she became the Shimtar after Akila died yeah but it's so it doesn't because, make sense you know, I I we don't really have a full understanding of what happened to freaking uh I can't think of the goddamn village that they live in now fucking Bond yeah Big yeah Doll. yeah, um, yeah. It, but, yeah, it seemed like it just kind of got swallowed. I don't know, swallowed it, up. I, I, I don't, don't know, know about swallowed as much as it just yeah. seemed like it was kind of wrecked up after Aquila went all mad with the power with the well, bow she of did, she, kind of, she did burn it down. I mean, we saw because, a point. She brought it to the ground, and, exactly, and shit was bow, going wrong. The bow of Ra was gone then at that point. In my mind, Artis became the Shimtar and then had to go out and search for the bow of Ra. Like yeah. It became a big quest. But doing that, you leave the city unprotected in my mind because the Shimtar is the big bad protector yeah. of the city. But the problem is, is it doesn't seem like she's the Shimtar anymore the way this plays out. Because what do, what makes sense? Because we'll just go through. This yeah. is going to be very quick. Uh, basically, the uh, General Heinel went to Gotham, got the bow from uh, Black Mask. He ended up trying to use it, realized he couldn't. So he ended up figuring out Heard the that word you, on the streets about the Shimtar. Word of the street on the Shimtar. The problem is Artemis, to me, was the Shimtar then. Why didn't he go and get the living Shimtar? Instead, he hears that this old Shimtar was dead goes and gets her body does some hocus pocus with her genetics and things like that to make it work but then this is where i don't understand then makes it seem as if when the bow comes to life when the bow is used the shimtar suddenly comes to life with it because shouldn't there have been thousands of shimtars by this point in history? Yes, but they u- they used the. Uh, I know they the used it, but they didn't biology. even say. But she did. They didn't even really say like that. The way I understand, I go with that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they only say, and because the bow came to life, so did the shimtar, making it seem like that was the case. But she shouldn't even be the shimtar anymore because Artemis seemed to be. And really, well, it's the, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, dude. There's, yeah, there's, but it's can not. Can be more than one Slayer, bro. Yeah. 
know. Yeah, but the, the way this makes it seem then is like, and even so, Artemis doesn't say anything. Artemis almost makes it seem, and almost like Scott Liddell is making us think that Artemis is no longer the Shimtar, or that that was, was. kind of left out there and never was. And I was very confused, thinking that maybe I was thinking things up in my head that we thought maybe that's maybe why maybe she that became is the that. Case because I know that she wanted to become the Shimtar, but yeah, maybe it's one of those. Thing. It's not, you know, it's like going, you know, you get married, Eric, but until you seal the deal, you, you can get out of that. So sealing the deal might have been holding the bow, and that's why she wanted to get the bow. I don't yeah, hold know. Up in court? Yeah, it does. If you don't okay. seal the deal, you can. Remember in Arrested Development where uh, Job was uh, saying that he wouldn't admit that he didn't have sex uh, with who was uh, what's her name? The girl that was his actual wife from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, I can't remember point. anymore. But remember, it yeah, was yeah, one of those that he didn't want to admit that he didn't have sex. But if he did, he'd get out of the marriage right away, and he wouldn't go and do it. So yeah, you don't don't seal the deal. It's not a full deal, Eric. Listen, uh, is he thinking about Amy Poehler? Amy Poehler. That's who okay. it was in that. Yeah. So I can't remember. Was, I'll tell you, I remember the situation, but I don't yeah. remember the episode. Yeah, because that was the whole thing. They were like, Job, all you have to do is admit you didn't have sex, but he had been saying, he had been bragging about oh, nailing yeah. her that all the time, and it was funny, but I'm just saying that maybe it's one of those you That's have to have the there. bow. Uh, but really, all this is, it's so weird to get rid of Akilah just to have her show back up, but to be the bad guy. We already know she was bad. You know what I mean? Even well, at this thing, point. I know she was bad before, but I got to tell you, I might be a big dummy here. Nobody else could agree with me. While reading this issue, she sold Artemis on her whole thing about how General Heimel did all this and she's back now yeah. and they want to go out and spread. She knows that she was like fucked up with the bow rod before. She did become a bad guy because it like overwhelmed her with the power. But now they want to go and retrieve the bow and give the whole, you know, message of sisterhood yeah, and peace yeah. and love out to the world. I'm like, you know what? Akilah, you convinced me. I'm no, right there with the Artemis. I'm like, you know, General Heimel is the you big are bad. You dummy. Maybe. <laughs> I'm telling you because the last time she touched the bow, she went fucking nuts. She went evil and it possessed her to a point where she was going to kill everybody on Earth. They're going to get the bow again. There, yeah, There is no thing where – It doesn't – like you can't have this in Heinel's fucking hands if that yeah, was Yeah, I, I know. But this is the point where you would think Artemis would be like, okay, I understand this, but – I'm going to have to get, like, it makes it seem like Artemis is just, actually seems relieved even, like, oh, thank God, you're the Shimtar again. Well, she you is just relieved go because, get... you know, she didn't kill her sister now no. in her mind. Well, but the whole point is, is that if they go and get that bow, y you know what's going to happen. It happened already. She could not cut it, and they're just, that's their plan now. Let's get the bow back. I know that you don't want General I you know, him to have it. But you don't want to kill her to have it either. You already saw what happens there. This is just another, you know, roadblock into Artemis getting it who thinks that she can control it. At one point, I would have said, hey, listen, I'm so glad to have you back, Akil. I thought I killed you. You know, you're my sister, you know, possibly lover. Uh, but this is great. But you know what? Sexy. You got to get the fuck out of here because this bow already made you bad. We already had to fight to the death once because of the bow. It it fucking consumed you you are not you might be the shimtar you cannot go and get it but it's almost forced into it right now that it seems like even if artemis got it now it wouldn't work for her it seems right. like that she's not the shimtar all of a sudden it's very odd and i would have if i was artemis right away i would have been like you know what this doesn't smell right here it doesn't smell right because of all this and all of a sudden their 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 village is back and yeah see she i never, seems like I never that's thought okay. about this whole thing where like you know when they go to get the bow of Rob back, because that's something you obviously have to do if they believe this General Heinel is taking control of the country with the power of this fucking, you know, this mythical weapon, kind of like Aegis and shit. Um, 
in my mind when I did it, it was more of like, we got to get this back and put it back in storage where we once had it before the Shimtar mess fucking happened before. You yeah. know, it's something we just got to put away and yeah, keep Yeah, but you're, you're saying that, but in the meantime, you have Aquila with all of her sisters yelling about how they're going to fucking knock heads and fucking blood's going to run. At mm-hmm. one point, the one lady let the desert red run red with their blood. This doesn't seem like people are going to go, okay, we'll get this ultimate power and we'll put it aside here. That These people want blood. They want oh, revenge. No, I, I, they I, want- I'm all with that as well. It's just because they have taken something sacred from the freaking Bon Amigdal, and it's like they have like enslaved people with the power from what the story that Aquila is telling everybody. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, you hear this, and you also have a woman who went nuts and really burned the village down now yelling with everyone, if we have all of us together, we're going to defeat – basically says we're going to take over the world. She says united. There's no enemy capable of defeating us. The gods yeah. have led her here. You know, I just to me, it's so forced that she's still bad. That I, I'm surprised that you thought she wasn't. It's nonsense. I started getting on the Aquila trolley halfway through. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this I, is pretty good. I, this immediately, be good. and immediately, and then when we find out what the whole thing with the bow is, it, and then I'm realizing, like, okay, you, you ran yourself into a corner where you have a bow where this bad guy wants to use it. But you've now spelled out that the only person who can use it is a Shimtar, so it was worthless. We said it earlier. We were like, why does anybody want to buy this? At that point, Black Mask was – it was on the open market for anybody to buy, and yet you, you couldn't use it. So you have to have a way that they did use it because we've already seen yeah. it used, and they used this – the worst thing. It's, it's just this genetic nonsense that they use, that they use her genetics from her dead body, and it just – it's complete and utter nonsense it, to me. What does he say? He used technology to replicate my cells. That, mm-hmm. That's all it is. What, what what technology? What are you talking about? That does, does he have a hand? Super science. That, but he's just holding it. So is it that his hand now is a hand made like a clone hand of hers? Then that's how he holds it. Because that's he, you see him holding it and activated it. So does he have? Did he cut off his hand and have a clone hand? I don't understand it. And then he's like, no one knew that when he brought me brought the bow back to life, I came back as well. And they show her there, and right there you even see where the the little bit of a foreshadowing. She looks all fucked up on that side of her face, and you oh, look yeah, like, so oh well, she's a mummy, she died. but she that's still looks she died, like though. that now. I know, but that's what I'm saying. If she came back the way she died, she's still that same person. And In my mind, also, she regenerated, kind of like you know, like, yeah. But I'm Jake telling you Todd though, was dead for a if you you come back. back as the Shimtar, you're coming back exactly how you died. She died a mad woman who was possessed by the bow. I, I don't think that she get dead sometimes is better, Eric. And, and she came back. Always. You see her there. Yeah, It's just nonsense to me. I'm telling you, this whole thing, because nothing happens. This whole issue goes. No, I agree with that. The whole you thing get is, an we explanation. Of, we get yeah. the explanation of the Shimtar and the bow of Ra with the status quo of that is now. Everybody else, like Jason and Bizarro, they're doing the same goddamn thing. Oh, yeah. doing but I'm even saying, even with the kill and stuff, all this was was backtracking to show how the general could possibly use the bow yeah. because he bought it and it doesn't been, make. Well, we've been wondering about that since yeah. they ever bought well, it. Well, again, up. but you all you get is one bu- one word panel that says he used technology to replicate my cells. I, this is uh, did he go in the deprivation chamber of Superwoman? Because it's just as hokey. We don't know what he did. We don't know anything of of how this worked or or if it was any. It's just nonsense. But yeah, and the other thing, it's just Jason dealing with him being killed by Joker in you know in Karak now 
by yeah. himself now. I mean, the, everything, the deprivation chamber. Now. Yeah, everything with him is it's a complete rewrite of what happened to him when he was killed by the Joker. It doesn't make any sense. And ends up turning around where he's being tortured is why, you know, he's like, I didn't even recognize being tortured. But in the meantime, in his dream, he had to just let go, letting go I'm like, you, though, all this I would time. Tell, the whole thing, though, where we have this whole, like, you know, it is him sitting there kind of reliving, you know, the death of himself when he was Robin when he's younger. And the whole thing where he freaking grabs the gun out and fucking blasts freaking Joker. Away. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that part was very satisfying. Even when they point like, he's like, man, that was satisfying, even though it won't do anything. Yeah. I had to agree because before I read them, I'm like, you know what? That's kind of satisfying. And then I read them, I'm like, good, okay. good. Like I said, but the, but but it's, the thing is, we it's a rewrite of what happened. Nonstop. What do you mean yeah. the rewriting what happened? I'm saying it wasn't in Karak. I'm no, saying no, that's, all that's, the that's stuff. the only difference. Well, that and wasn't his mom with him at that point, too? No, his mom was there, but not when he died. Well, I'm saying even then, but he's, it, there's nothing with that. He's like, I was here all alone. Uh, there was, it's just, it, to me, it's all nonsense. It, it's all nonsense here. And it's just, again, we have seen this fucking shit a oh, trillion times. I just, I, I've had enough. I, I'm but I'm really you. hoping, like we we're talking about in Superwoman, where, you know, moving forward, I hope this finally is the pin into the whole well, death of Jason Well, I know Todd you have because- that. Well, Superwoman, you have this thing. But the, Jason Todd, at this point... The only reason he needs a pin is because goddamn Scott Liddell keeps bringing it up. Oh, I he, agree. He sh- and I don't, I don't want think, to see it anymore. Yeah, but I don't think you need it to see it. It's Scott no. Liddell who's doing it all the time. This isn't like, oh, Scott Liddell jumped in and we've seen it. It's him. It's been him all along that keeps showing us this shit. He could have just stopped. This Karak didn't have to do anything with the Joker and his death. He forced that in to keep going with it. It's all, you know what I'm the saying? The only it's thing like, I could think of is for new readers going into Rebirth. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Because this is one of the most defining features of Jason Todd, but if you've been reading yeah, comics for a while, it. I know, I'm saying though, Prometheus opened a crock, but it's, besides for that, which is, it's kind of infuriating if you've been reading comics for a while, it doesn't matter in the long run. Yeah, I just, and again, if you're just a new reader, you're fucking confused all around anyway, you see, like, I'm sure there's people like, why is Robin there with him? Don't, don't even get it in, in this deal, but yeah, he lets it go, he shoots him, the but then thing. the, so the like, whole thing know, is he lets it happen. Young Robin's like, aren't you gonna let, save me? I'm like, that's the thing, you always talk about how you're alone. I'm not alone anymore. Things have changed since I was you, you know? First no. it was Corey and friggin' Roy, and now it's Bizarro and Artemis. I don't have to be alone anymore. I have to let you go. You have to die. This this person who I was has to die so I can move on. I'm like, you know what? If this is the pin, I actually like this yeah. whole idea. But if we see it again, I'm going to be infuriated. Again, but the, the, right the, now, I think it was a, a decent way to end this whole thing, especially if weird, rebirth for new readers coming in. It's just the weird thing, though, is, okay, what was what upset him about this? What When this happened, what was the thing that upset him? Was it that he died, like you're saying, you put a pin in it, or was it that Batman didn't avenge his death? Well, that because was that's what it was. I'm back. saying, but that's the defining feature of Jason Todd. Not really, yeah, being killed by the Joker is, but the real defining feature is that he came back to get revenge on Batman because he didn't avenge him. We get nothing here from that. So yeah, people we, just we, jumping we're, in. We're done with that. We're past that point where he's actually a hero now. Yeah, but I'm saying that he still seems to be upset about that even with this. But why would – I'm telling you, if he's past that, he should have been past this long time ago. And I don't think going from this, you would think that that's the defining feature. And I don't think that that was. I don't think the defining oh, the feature of Jason – the death of Jason, of Jason Todd is definitely the defining yeah, feature Yeah, I'm saying, but he's Todd. Red Hood now because him coming back to yeah. get revenge. It, it, that's not – that that might be the Jason Todd 
uh, thing, but the him being Red Hood is basically all about Batman letting Joker live, and that right. is his defining feature, which you don't get here, which, you know, maybe this is the, the thing where it's the final end of all of this. Now he doesn't have to worry about all of that, but God, even so, so, he still is the bad guy of the Bat family because of when he came back, and because him still doing the stuff, you know, against the rules and stuff, yeah. that defines Red Hood, and this is just making it simple with this, you know, hey, I'm just going to let myself die in this dream state, and then I'm fine with it. But yeah, then you go, he realizes being tortured by the general. He yeah, he's up, like, I must have got a concussion. I was out of it. I yeah, thought it was yeah. getting tortured. didn't even realize. Yeah, and basically he doesn't know anything about, you know, he finds out that the attack wasn't theirs. This is where you get, I didn't have anything. I, you know, I don't know anything about the location of the Bow of Ra. So now you're going with the whole thing is, now it probably isn't even the whole thing of the genetic fucking thing anyway. So who knows what brought her back because the way I'm he's saying, saying, I'm saying that still happened. That's the yeah. thing that brought Akilah back, and she like you know she altered the facts to uh, uh, Artemis about what actually went down because in my mind she came back, took the bow rod, and has been holding the fucking Karak and the general pretty much hostage this entire time until she got all her fucking ducks in a row. Yeah, I guess. But what ducks are in the row? You know like what I mean? The, if she, the rest of the Amazons and shit like yeah, that. But she she seemed to have that. Like she wanted to kill her just there uh, with the thing because at the end she has her staff. You don't see the bow. Uh, still, so if she, I, I don't yeah, know that. She, is it? It looks like just the staff. It you doesn't can see even the, look you like can a see bow. The freaking string Does going it? Because earlier she had a staff. Oh yeah, there it is. So she had the bow, and it. it's just nonsense. I'm telling you, she and caught then, upon the bow, and then you see the she other thing that made me laugh. Yeah. The face and, and still, still though, you would think Artemis. I don't know. We don't know anything of what the Shimtar actually is. So no, we can't say that the, the right Shimtar, like, why would the bow come to her if the real living Shimtar, the actual one that should trump her, should be the one, you know, uh, uh, Artemis. But I don't know what goes on with the Shimtar and the bow. But, yeah, I see the string now. Uh, but, yeah, you have Jason. He, he gets out of this chair. It's funny because he gets out and grabs this goddamn rifle in two seconds. <laughs> and then has it. Like because that. at one point, it's weird because the general has the thing like another step and you die. And then it seems like Jason grabs the fucking rifle. Like it, the, the guy doesn't seem to know he has the rifle at that point. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, that it's nothing. You you didn't go any bit forward with Jason at all. No. Uh, overall in a story, and basically Bizarro is just walking. He's Moses, like you said. You, he's Farrell, walking these people. people. Yeah, he's walking people through the desert. Uh, they get attacked by uh, the general's guys. He fights back, and then basically pulls down. You know, punches a mountain. There it so is. The, and, the, like I'm talking, the one guy that I fucking hated that part too because just like uh, the idea where the Bizarro is there, these people don't know him. To them, he kind of looks like Superman, yeah. but he's like talking to the kid like. Me, I'm so bad. And the guy walks up. Me, I'm. What are you, some yeah. kind of fucking dumb? Yeah, he actually. It seems here? like I'm he like, might as well why have just said. Talk shit. Yeah. It, it seems like he should just be like, "Hey, why are we following a retard?" Because it, it really is, is that bad. It is that bad. But if you're that guy, you think about it to yourself. You don't say it out loud because this is a su retarded yeah. Superman. He's going to have rip your head Superman off. strength. He, he can rip your head off. He, he could just kill you with, with whatever way he wants to. Yeah, it's really odd. But yeah, they end up at a mountain. Look, you, you walked us right into a mountain. Mountain, no, no bad. Yeah, he's just punching the mountain. And again, I complained probably four issues ago. Five, actually, the whole series. I want to see the team together. We still haven't seen it. We're at no. uh, issue and ten. We're almost. This point's completely useless because yeah. he's too powerful to do anything in the story. Because if things could be completely fucking done immediately, so we have to get Bizarro out of there, and it's very forced and convenient. Yeah. 
and we're ten issues in, and we really aren't anywhere further than we were from the fucking first issue. They aren't a team still. They're separated, and right. Artemis is trying to get the bow, which she was bitching about from the fucking get-go. I just – I've had enough. I need something to happen in this book for me to, to say that it's any bit good. Uh, the art's great. I really I do like so the art, uh, but that's it. That's the only thing I like about this issue. I'm glad that I, like I said, you'll tell your score. You were a lot more positive than I would have been because what yeah. did you give it? Well, I'm telling you, I love the art in this book, and I actually really did, even though I always complain how it's overused, especially with Scotty Liddell. But like I'm telling you, I'm really looking to the future here, thinking that this is the f- final time we're going to have to hear about the death of Jason Todd and deal with these goddamn flashbacks. So I am very positive this whole thing because I did like the way it was presented here with the idea that it's finally over. And I really like the Artemis stuff because we're going forward to, you know, to finish up this arc and get to a goddamn conclusion where Artemis can hopefully put her past behind her and be a part of this team, which we really want. Bizarro stuff's nonsense. Uh, That does nothing for the story. But because of these things, I gave it a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, I give it a 4. I I hated it. And uh, the way you're saying about the whole Jason Todd thing, this is why I don't like that explanation. Because if I came to work every day and said, hey, working hard or hardly working. Ah, you're like, God damn it. I come in Tuesday. Hey, working hard, hardly working. You're like, Jesus Christ. And then the next, hey, working hard, hardly working. Then finally on Friday, I go, you know what? Sick of saying that. And you're like, oh, thank God. You're the greatest person ever. Because what you're saying is Scott Liddell is finally getting rid of something that he set up and has been doing for fucking six years. That The reason you don't like it is because he keeps going to it. He's yeah. going to the well himself. You can't praise a guy because he stopped doing something that you hate no, all no, these years. No, no, I'm not years. praising the guy. I'm saying that hopefully But you're giving him, end. you said, that's one of the positive things about the issue. He's the because one I who's like been... I the way it was presented. Like and I said, what I'm yeah. saying is we're in rebirth territory now. We do have to deal with a lot of things in these books for new readers so if we're having it presented here for the new readers and we're not hopefully don't have a, like a reboot coming next year hopefully this is the last time no. and we can move on from here no, because I, we're still only 10 issues in. like you said we have the, it presented the here is, for new readers I, I think that and really present it here it's a year after rebirth started we're still presenting it uh-huh. It just, it, and that, that's it's a year after this isn't you know red hood and the outlaws rebirth special number one this is a year later, and he's still dealing with it. I don't think it's the end. I think that we'll always have this because, like you said, everybody wants to have this defining thing. Yeah. And it's just you didn't need it again. You could have had this. People know oh, you agree. have it, it in one it issue. It wasn't needed at all, especially because they changed it from Ethiopia we, to Karachi. And, we've had, it and a, like, we've had it in a couple issues now in a row. It's just this is something that he needs to mention really quick if you want to you know, catch readers up. Right. Uh, just catch it up Uh, you know it's supposed to be this great progression of a character the guy he's been dealing with this we see it in every scott liddell book over and over and over i'm just sick of it Um, and i can't like i said i can't give the guy praise because he's the one that made me sick of it and just you know if i punch you in the face fucking 12 days in a row and the 13th day i don't punch you i'm not a good guy i'm not a great guy it's that i just didn't do it i just i do hope that we've had enough of it uh, but yeah, we just keep dealing with it. We even, you know, just nonsense. But yeah, I like the art, and really, every oh, bit so of my good. score is art. I I think that this issue, you could have skipped this issue. The only thing you would have had to know is that Akilah is back and has the bow. That's all that right. happened here. And you know, that's basically last issue. At the every issue seems to be another one that nothing happens. We, I mean, this started really being that way when we had that one off that I liked with Bizarro, the flowers for Bizarro type oh, right, deal right. and issue, things yeah. like that. And that was issues and issues ago. 
and we still haven't gotten anywhere. We got back to, you know, hey, we got to go find the bow. Okay. Then we had an issue where we had uh, backstory of the bow. The next issue, we recap, we, you know, we recounted that last issue about it. It just keeps going nowhere. And it's just, it's, it's killing me. And I'm glad that you do it because I'm telling you, I, this is off my pull list. I, I don't, nothing's going on. This is it's probably, still the, online. this is probably the, the one that is treading water more than any other book now. It just nothing has happened, it really. Uh, at one point, maybe when we do the the uh, the twenty five dollar pull list, we'll even talk about things in depth. And really, right. from the beginning of this series, nothing has happened. You have Jason uh, Bizarro. It, nothing's happened. They're just supposedly a team now that has gone off to go get the bow and are separated. And yeah, just drives me nuts. Nothing. Nothing happened. And in the end, what's going to happen? The bow's going to have to be destroyed because it's too powerful, and then I'll fucking kill somebody. We won't even have that. I'm telling you, I don't think that uh, I don't think Artemis will leave this with that fucking bow. No, I don't She's, think so yeah. either. So after all these issues, we'll get a fucking year, and then she'll go to the bow and then decide, have to make the hero's choice and throw it in fucking Mount Doom. Ay-ay-ay. <laughs> what's the next book? The next and final book of the night is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 10, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Raj Antonio. Alan Pasolacqua, John Roush, and D. Ron Bennett. Batgirl, Huntress, Green Arrow, and Nightwing take the fight to Blackbird so they can get Black Canary back. But sadly, now that Blackbird's stolen the power to control people's minds, Black Canary is her top soldier in the fight against our heroes. But in the end, the psychic bonds of love break the villain's power and our heroes put a whooping on her. All is well that ends well, but our heroes won't have a lot of downtime because their new oracle, Gus, is about to sell them out to the mysterious Blackmailers. Yes. Yes, Eric. <laughs> yeah, this was okay. It's not Actually, bad. I didn't mind is, it. I this is one of those books where not a lot happens. Like I'm telling, we're talking yeah. about the Red Hood and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I happen to like those characters more than I like the ones in here because I I just think they're presented better. But yeah. like at the end of the issue, I'm like, yeah, that was all right. Yeah, it was not okay. Bad. Yeah, you have more progression with Oracle is like the big thing and that's you know going into the next issue in the arc with him and his medicine and this friend and I, I know his. that's the thing is it's the big deal that they're pushing right now the worst part for me though is it's the character i care the least about yeah i don't like him i don't like him at all and i i do think the way they're pushing him that eventually he'll end up that he is a victim you know what i mean you see yeah. he's kind of being Obviously, held hostage he seems himself. like a victim yeah yeah, he's being held hostage with these meds. I want to know what these meds are and why he's taking them or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I didn't have, uh, you know, I don't have a lot to say about it, I guess. But it no, was okay. My, my biggest problem with the Benson's writing is that for what all the situations that we deal with, it just seems so much smaller than anything else we're dealing yeah. with in most titles. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because, like, we have this Blackbird who's stealing metahuman powers, which is kind of a big deal, but not the way yeah. we're presented here because – there's, she's stealing powers for a showdown in a, like a warehouse. Actually, it's, it's, it's yeah. not even that. It's the uh, the freaking watchtower that they have. But she's not really doing anything with these powers. She's taking kids off the street, telling them to kill their family, which is a bad deal. Yeah. But yeah, that's bad. It, it's not like a like a big ass kind of storyline no. that can really get you freaking into something. Like, oh my god, this is powerful or something yeah. like that. It's it's one character who you don't know anything about. Yeah, and you don't really, and you know isn't out. gonna. Yeah, you know is just not gonna go past this deal. No. The one thing that I didn't like 
was you have where she has stolen mind control powers. Owen's powers, uh, yeah, from the yeah, school. from Owen. Show, and yeah. the worst part is, is that it's all again. It's like one of these things that it seems like as you're reading, you see like, oh, they really painted themselves in the corner. They're trying to get out because you have mind control powers. You just mind control the whole team and get them out of the game. But they end up spelling it out that Owen hadn't quite ascended to well, his that's full the thing, powers because he hadn't he hadn't been working one on one with her like the like Black Canary had to the point where. He was able to develop new powers and hone new skills. I just, these powers. I, it just annoyed me though because that was the way that you could get out That's that a and write-off, yeah. that and Helena using the hypnos. And I'm just like that was a little bit forced I, again. The hypnos but, was funny to me, but it also was kind of like it's one of those things that actually it's not bad, but it's not great either because no. you know she still has the hypno implants. They're turned yes. off because she's not a member of Spiral anymore. So to get where we need to go, yeah, I called Tiger up and he turned him back yeah. on for one day. And it's it's funny because I really, really thought that something happened where they got the hypnos out, that it was yeah. like they were done. Now, what the problem with this is, is again, to me, the Bensons ran into a fucking thing that you have a bunch of non-meta humans in this book, and it's going to go to Helena against a pretty much a meta human that has all these different powers, and you have to use something. This basically, the hypnos gives her a almost a metahuman power she can you know resist the uh yeah, yeah. the hypnotizing deal and it it just came off hokey as me the other thing that i thought with blackbird that actually upset me was that i wanted to see more powers like we i know, I know she's been I, doing yeah. this for a while now that's we, what she i'm had saying Gemini shape-shifting powers yes. as she you know, developed and we see a bit of that but all it is okay i got this new power yeah. i'm gonna use it yeah this is this is like you that's the funnest thing of the the deal and you're not going to use it. Like you said, at one point, I I would even go back and even – I'm telling you as a, as a joke – or not a joke, but a wink-wink deal where you have – go back and think of characters or look up characters if you're the Bensons and, and ask people, at the, hey, is there any reason we're going to use this villain at any point that you do – and they're like, you know what? Nobody's using that right now, whatever, and have her show that – don't even spell it out like, oh, this is a power I got from this person, but have them use a power that would be like, holy shit – one point she must have done this to that person and well, this person that, to have something you don't even new. need to have a character you can just think to yourself she starts using powers okay she stole this from somebody at some that's point. what i mean it would be pretty cool though that it would be like holy shit she did this and she did that but yeah all of a sudden she starts flying you know levitating in the air and like, holy shit i wonder who she got that from or she does this or i mean even to a point where it's funny because she does shape shift she has uh you know pyrokinesis and it would have been cool to have something where all of a sudden this weird power comes out that you're not sure like it leaves a question like who the fuck's power well, was that like, it, it made you, it makes you think that gemini was her first student and we got on the case as yeah. soon as she fucking did something and bad it, to one it person didn't, it, yeah and also it that would have been the cool thing where the team goes in and like okay well i know that gemini i know owen okay let's set it up and, and all of a sudden she has this different power and then she, yeah, and all, she, all that blackbird has to say is ha you think these were my first students you stupid idiots been, and then I've just goes the game to town. a long time heroes yeah and then goes to town on them and then they have to think on their feet uh it's just weird but i said earlier i said that barbara actually at least acts like a bit like a detective and a little bit smart where they go to the clock tower and when they get there because they have a deal where that's where canary was seen that's where they went back to and when See, they get it's, there it's not bad i still find it a little bit hokey but not to the point yeah. where i'm angry about it this I it's just very like, it's very easy what she does like oh yeah, it is but i it's a good it. thing that like you didn't tell her about you know the, the freaking walkway to yeah. batman's cave yeah. 
Well, it was the first thing that she heard was when they said, oh, she brought me home. Mm-hmm. And the, I like the call because Oliver's there. Really, her home is Seattle at this moment. This clock tower, I don't think it's more like – and even it's not their apartment either. But yeah. I even got that it's not even the city, that she's mm-hmm. she's just been there. And I like that that's where but Barbara Gotham thought, huh. is her home. She is from Gotham. You know yeah, what but I'm saying, saying just that it, the whole thing, though. And also she was, you know, the apartment and stuff Agreed. like that. But, yeah, they don't consider the clock tower their home. A, dude, dude, she was a freaking super uh, rock star. Her home yeah. is the road. Her home is the road. On a steel horse, she <laughs> rides. Because she's wanted, dead or alive, Eric. And yeah, well, I just. Six string on I like that. Yeah, I like that. That it just. I just like that whole thing that Batgirl just hears that and no, then goes with that. It's, it's and just, I know it's, it's over the top. Hokey. It's not bad, though. I know it's over the top, but it's going also from she knows their secret identities. So Blackbird does. And Barbara's already, like, wondering what she knows and not knows. But that I like that. This is like one of those, like, oh, man, you know, how's Wolfie doing? Oh, he's fine. <laughs> your parents are dead. Like, like, what's I, your I dog's name? It. It's Max. Yeah. How's Wolfie doing? How's oh, Wolfie Wolfie's doing? Wolfie's fine, honey. Oh, like, Wolfie's he's just fine. Your parents are dead. Your parents are dead. And that's what I, and I laughed. I giggled because that's what it reminded <laughs> me of. And uh, this, so then Batgirl figures it out and punches her. And, yeah, you see. And she's like, ha, ha, ha. And, and yeah, you got it all. And it's, it's Blackbird. And you go from there. And I liked it. I, I had a I had a, a good enough time. You have Oliver bad. there. It just seems really like, you know, this. we have this big battle. We not only have Black Canary being brainwashed. So she's against our, her friends and shit like that. We have yeah. freaking Blackbird. And we have this Mimi character who can i guess can create force fields and shit like that and it's this very one-on-one we never see like a broad yeah. scope of yeah, it because all these people are fighting but it seems like if, if you're not fighting like i call dibs on this person and i'm not gonna yeah. fight anybody else but it's, this person it's right the, here the big problem that we have in a lot of things jla did it you know every oh, issue agreed, they yeah. have that i'm gonna square off against you and nobody else and things like that so it does happen uh but yeah i actually uh, the other thing that i liked about this i liked that oliver and uh dinah kind of are talking about you know hey i know you're here you have to do this it kind of explains He's trying to reach her, her disappearance like i actually at the end i thought he was hinting that he wanted to go fuck and she was like yeah you know what i need some time with the gals he's like god damn it it's been weeks pretty bird fucking <laughs> <laughs> arrow is horny but yeah you have this and and it's all going on like i said it's all decent enough. It also leads to the whole thing about, and it is hokey, but it leads almost the whole concept of rebirth itself is that basically the love and the, you know, the hope of the group and their, their combined being a team ends up winning the deal because Owen says she cannot uh, mind control everyone. She The Blackbird's deal, so if you actually, you fight it back. You fight. Yeah, you and use Oliver your own psychic yeah, mental uh, f- uh, to fight against yeah, the whole brainwashing and if Oliver you can't has, control multiple. you know, Black Canary do that. Just fight it, baby. And they all fight and they stand together against her and she can't control all of them. She's trying and she can't. And then she blasts them to, to hell. But yeah, most of the time it's decent enough but then it just ends kind of you know what i mean it just yeah. it it just ends to end and there's not really much more to well, say. The and they, thing is that you know, black uh, black canary breaks free of her fucking brainwash thanks to the psychic bonds of love that yeah. the rest of the team have yeah, for. Yeah. And at the end, it's like, okay, I'm going to take you on. And then we find out that Huntress with the hypnos can use that to brainwash her. It's like, all right, can you give the powers back? No, my only power is to take. Okay, well, you're going to forget everything you know about the uh, birds of prey, and you're yeah. going to go to jail. Yeah, yeah. The and end. It's, it's, yeah, and basically, yeah, hypnos, bitch. 
Hypnosis. But yeah, even like you said, at points, like Oliver's there. He's just there so that that bond between him and, exactly. and Black Canary can go. Uh, Dick Grayson is there just to, to look sexy. He's not He's doing there much. there so he can take Gemini back to Bloodhaven. Yeah, that's basically with it. with the runoffs. Yeah, and that that throws into that. I'm like, okay. The thing and is, the, though, she's a murderer. I know she is. He, but they keep. It's funny. They keep forcing it. You were an unwilling party. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You no, no, murder. she was very willing because she did this to get yeah. better powers. Yeah, now that's that she what I'm saying. That, but, oh, I will I say though, power, at the end when party. she's on the Batman cycle that Dick borrowed, she looks pretty sexy. Dick's oh yeah, heading that, off that is with a sexy look she's got yeah, going on right she's there. She's got a really good look. I, uh, Barbara's she, she like, she wants more than a motorcycle ride. Oh, I'm telling you, Barbara's like, hey, you're going back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I I think wow. I'm going to come along. Not even if they're dating or whatever. She just doesn't want this to happen because it's it's fucked up. She looks hot. Also, I like, too, where they're going to – they have Blackbird. She's all mad. She's pounding the ground like Charlton Heston at this point. Fucking – they're pounding the ground, and they're like, hey, take her where? What place is secure enough to hold her? The whole time I'm like – Oliver, because Oliver says, I'm like, it's going to be Arkham. What, what the fuck else are you talking about? And then next thing, Arkham Asylum. I'm like, yeah, that's a little, it, it's almost like a letdown because you think maybe she's going to be in like, like, oh, my God, they think she's that bitch. She's in like the Watchtower or, yeah. or some crazy ass thing. No, just Arkham. They have her eyes covered so she can't mind control people. And she's singing to herself. There you go. And yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to kill them all. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, we're never seeing her again. Yeah, right? hopefully. I but yeah, the whole wraparound deal and what leads on from here is that uh, their oracle is being controlled and the, the guy, uh, whoever is controlling, wants a meeting with the birds of prey. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be that bad. You know, well, I'm I, telling it's you, weird. I don't know. If, I'm saying nothing. The, the worst part about the series, though, is a lot of the writing, though, because the Bensons, like, they write TV and shit like that. Like, yeah. okay, we're writing comics book now. We got to freaking over appeal to the nerd culture. So they throw yeah. in a lot of stuff. Oh, there's ad ads. Yeah. They, they have the done time. this. They have done it and over the series, and exactly. over. And I'm, yeah. I'm just getting a little sick of it, too, because yeah, you know, because when I was writing my review, I threw in some Star Wars references. Like, they got me doing it now. Yeah, no, it's but like, like uh, it's, it's, it's like it's how I a, thought with the TV show Psych. Eric, a little overdone. How dare you, sir? <laughs> but yeah, when when I saw the ad edits to the point where I'm like, oh god, come on, move on from this. We understand. You you have your nerd cred. You're, you're writing a comic. Just write a goddamn comic. We we don't need your fucking you know you trying to convince us that you're one of us because I'm not but, one of any of the you fuckers. Right, I'm a fucking old man. I'm an old man with kids. That's who I, I saw am. Star Wars back in the day. I don't yeah, need to really. Be I saw about it in the theater. You and your fancy theaters with their lounge chairs and drinking and beers and eating pizzas. Sunglasses. Yeah, what the hell is going on? But yeah, overall, I I read this. It's a very you know, a quick read. I liked uh, enough about it going it's forward. It's generic, though, but the thing is, it's not, it's not to the point where you get angry by the end of it. No. It's just a straightforward fucking superhero comic that does not offend over the yeah. top, but it doesn't do anything to get you excited yeah. really Well, either. again, like you said, and when I say the score, people are probably going to be like, Jesus Christ, I read both this and Red Hood, and Red Hood was that much better. But the problem is, you even said it, you are invested more in the characters of Red Hood, yes. uh, which makes you like that book a little more. I am the opposite way that I'm invested invested in those characters i like them more i want to see the team and we're not getting it so it angers me even more with this book i just want to be able to read it and not fucking shake my head and get a headache while i'm reading it and it, it did that i had enough we ended the deal we have gus who's oracle who the whole thing is set up that it looks like he's a victim that's being used to set up something with the birds of prey and yeah. also at the end too we didn't even say they really now it seems like he's full in 
they fully accepted weird too, him. Because throughout this issue, he kept going dark. Like Gus, you got to get on the ball yeah. here. Oh, like dark. He's, at points, he kept muttering to himself, and they're like, "What was that?" I'm telling yeah, you that the one point he says something, and I don't even know it, but he says something that's not good. And they hear him and they say, what was that? I'm telling you, Barbara Gordon's smart enough that she would go back. I know that she would have all these things recorded and she would go back and then raise the levels and hear what he said. Because, yeah, he accidentally says shit that they don't hear completely and it made me laugh. But, yeah, they fully accept them. They're very trusting. We saw Barbara accepts people without thinking. So she's a a nice person. She should learn from her goddamn mistakes. But the whole idea is – they're going to go and like, Gus, you got to come over here because we're going to give you a proper induction to the yeah. Birds of Prey. You're a part of the team. Okay, that sounds great, uh, Batgirl, but before you do that, I got some friends who are in trouble. I need you to meet yeah. me over here. Yeah. So you know yeah. that's a fucking, you know, they're setting them up for fucking doom. So yep. I'm like, that, that really sucks for Gus because, you know, besides for him being blackmailed and actually doing some terrible shit in the background here that he doesn't want to do, you yeah. know from the get-go of his character, he is a fan of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Yeah. This is like the worst possible thing that could fucking happen yeah, to him. Yeah, he doesn't want to be the person who leads them Betrays into danger. Him, yeah. He does love them. He thinks they're the greatest. Even at the one, you know, he's like the biggest cheerleader oh, as yeah. well uh, when this is going on and stuff like that. And, yeah, and I don't think that he's bad. We said right away we wouldn't have trusted him. Absolutely uh, not. But, Even uh, at this point, if I was in the birds, I would not trust him just because no, I no, don't know I, him very yeah, well, and he's yeah. not very like reliable because he keeps leaving the fucking like comms. And it's shit weird like that. though; they're they're making it such a big deal that it's like, oh, Gus, we're gonna induct you for real. You come over to the clock. He knows all this stuff anyway. He knows about the clock tower. They talk about it all the time. He so it's not even like I don't know what they're gonna do if they fucking take their masks off. I'll kill somebody because there's no reason you need that. But yeah, uh, it seems like they're gonna induct him in and see what's going on, but. Uh, we'll see what what the deal is. What did you give it? I gave it a six point three out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it probably a six point five. I, yeah. I liked it enough. Uh, the art's better than it's I'm been. Telling you know, the it, art the art gets better each issue. It seems, or yeah. it stays very similar to what yeah, it was. Yeah, previously. I think Raj or Roger, however I like saying yeah, Raj, yeah, so yeah, I call Raj. it that. But Raj is really good for this book because yep. I actually like it way better than the Batgirl book. Anything we've gotten from that. Well, and, and, and the style this fits, started uh, well. out, if you remember, Claire Rowe started it out. Yeah. We were not big fans of the art. I liked actually the first issue, and then it went really – it went south. And then yeah. she's, she was off the book. And, and Raj, as we like to say. Raj. Uh, yeah, I, I like his art, so I do like that. Uh, but we are done there. That's it. Ba-boom, ba-doom, ba-doom. Uh, what do you give the book of the week? New Superman. New Superman. Mine is actually All-Star Batman. I give nice. that a night. So I, I do like that. But I did also love New Superman as well. This was, uh, in general, a little bit down this week in scores. I don't know. There was a lot of highs and lows. Yeah, I'm telling you. A lot of the shit, if you go back and look at our scores, I think we're a, a really around that 7, 6, 5, 7 mark. I'm telling you, three out of my five books was a 7.8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah that's, not, that's not great, though. But we'll see. We'll see next week. Next week, this is what we get. Aquaman number 23. I think that starts a new arc. Batman number 23, which is the Brave and the Mold issue where it's the one-off with uh, Batman and Swamp Thing. We have Batwoman number 3. Flash number 22, the end of the button, the one that was delayed. That's coming. And, yeah, DC is not sending anybody review copies. (laughs) So either that means they just think people are assholes or this is going to have some crazy-ass shit or they want me to talk like this so I hype it up. But I don't think it needs hype. I've seen the sales. People are are buying it in droves. We'll see how that is. Uh, Green Arrow number 23. 
continues that story. I believe Roy Harper is on the cover, so it looks like he is coming to town after Henry called him and maybe part of. of well, yeah, and Henry may be part of the burn now, Eric. If you remember his freaking the uh, Ewok village was on fire at the end. We have Green Lanterns number twenty three, which will probably continue the uh, training or at least start the training actually of Simon and Jessica. Jessica if you remember, yeah. Jessica is training with Guy Gardner. That's uh, bound to be cool. You have Harley Quinn number 20, which actually starts off the Har- the Batgirl of the Future story coming back. Which, which that, we've been uh, wanting to see. Yeah, we've been wanting to see. And hopefully, I'm saying this, that's kind of the solicit leads to that, but who knows with that. You have Justice League number 21, which ends the Groundhog Day issue. Going back and forth, I read it already, and I have a huge issue with uh, one minor quibble. I told you about it at work, but nah, that's talking out of church, Eric. Sure is. Uh, Brandon will be reviewing on the site Justice League Power Rangers number four. Uh, that was delayed for a while. I was going to say, I haven't heard about that it's book It's funny, too. I'm now. looking at it. Had, I, I think it just freaking left my mind that that's a Tom Taylor book, too. Uh, Nightwing number 21, Eric. That is a another one-shot that is not written by Tim Seeley. I, I don't have in this app. They actually have the old solicit, but right. it is a one-off with a different creative team. You have the Odyssey of the Amazons number five. Uh, we'll Are we see. still talking about that? I don't know if we're going to talk about it. I actually have uh, – we'll see. We have Super Sons number four. We're going to be talking about that, Eric. The Amazo Kid Amazo story continuing. We have Superman number 23 uh, with a crazy cover. I like – did you see the cover of this? No, I didn't. It's just like a pure white cover with Superboy on it, and I actually really like it. Uh, we That's have cool. Teen Titans number eight. That continues the Lazarus contract story. And I have I'm read lo- that one. Um, have you? I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I've not read it. I'm very much looking forward to that. We have Trinity number nine. I don't know why. And... I don't know where I just read that one for really? like, a, like a Friday night. I think I read that after we, we got done. It's I, funny. Just out of nowhere. I have only read Justice League and glanced through uh, Superman and Batman, but I haven't really sat down and read any of those because we're so busy with this shit. I know. Uh, I just imagine like we, we have a 45-minute podcast. Podcast. These books come in. We could just sit back, like Sundays, just sit back and read all these books. Get ready, and and also saying we don't even review them. We just do the. How great would that be? Oh my just god! Sit We'd back have so and much free time. And I'm telling you, I'd read right now, and I'm like, oh, I guess I will put you away for five days when I talk to Eric later. Uh, and the last book is Wild Storm number four. Jeremy is going to review that on the website and hopefully do a audio review as well for the podcast but we'll see if that's the case sometimes he is busy he is a teacher uh eric and sometimes Teaching's it's over now isn't it well i no no they're still going my kids uh, still have college. four weeks I, my kids still have four weeks of school and i don't know in england who knows what they go they're, those people over there they do things crazy backwards crazy. you mean no no just crazy just oh, crazy that's yeah. what i meant too yeah exactly but that <laughs> That is the podcast. I'm going to go off right now, and I'm going to make dinner because it's almost 5 o'clock on Sunday. Then I am going to start editing the podcast, but I do plan tonight to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So that is my plan, and if I do, you can tune in on Wednesday for the Pop Culture Podcast, the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast, and I'll tell you a yay or nay. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Eric. But yeah. That, that's it. But everybody, that's go it. to our Mixler channel. Uh, listen to everybody there. Check out everybody who is, you know, thanks everybody who contributes to this shit show. Uh, go to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com. What else, Aaron? 
We got spotlight comes stuff. out Thursday sometimes, unless you know, spotlight on C and Seven uh, culture that ass. I don't know. We need Dancing Mike to tell us what we say. But what do we say at the end of this one, Eric? Everybody have a great week. Keep great it week. weird, and we'll Probably. see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, yeah.